Hello and welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am 3XL and I have a couple warnings for you. This is a spoiler podcast so if you are lazy and haven't read this week's books, you may want to do that before listening. Also, Jim and Eric curse a lot and use terms like throwing shade to sound younger than they are. If all that doesn't bother you, their total lack of intelligence and humor just might. Enjoy. Are you ready? This week on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, Eric Shea wanted more. Well, here it is. This week brings mysteries untold such as... Will Jim and Eric escape Richard Richardson's rant and rave confusion ray? Will Jedediah Jettington strike again? Will we see the return of Greg Capullo? And the debut of the newly titled segment, How Scott Snyder Wronged Dancing Mike This Week. Sit tight, strap in, but don't pay for the whole seat, because you're only going to need the edge. Two men, one desire, decent comic books right here on the podcast to end all podcasts but first an ambiguous oingo boingo cover or is that oingo boingo i'm not sure maybe jim will tell us here we go get ready it's on Welcome back, one and all, to what we like to call the big sum bitch of comic podcasts. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to episode number 138 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. The big sum bitch. Does that make it legal? 138, yeah. Eric? That's when I start looking at the ladies. 138. Actually, I, don't I think know if it I becomes can... illegal again at that point. Illegal? It's it yes, it, 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 upon, you know? <laughs> that might be shamed upon. Indeed. I don't know if I'm going to be able to top that intro. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I just want to know how we're going to find out what Sn- Scott Snyder has done to uh, wrong Dancing Mike this week. I don't think we're going to find out, though, Eric. I don't and think I'll so. I'll tell either. you about that a little later. Hello and welcome one and all to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com, that award-winning site, Eric, for August 26, 2017. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the We Be Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast so Network. Proud. So proud indeed. We are on Facebook. You can like it. We are like us at Weird Science DC Comics. I'm having problems. I spilt my soda. <laughs> I, I was getting ready to start, and this is no measly. This is no measly 16 ounce soda either. Oh, Eric. When oh I get ready no. for the podcast, you want to talk big son of a bitch? I have the 52 ounce sucker, and it was ready. And I, I had it there. I was on the couch. I was getting everything ready. I went to run up here upstairs to get ready, and I stepped on the goddamn soda. And it just kind of, it kind of squished. It poured all over the place. Oh, it was a disaster. It's still down there. It's just down there. I'll have to deal with that later. That's somebody else's problem or future Jim's problem. Really? That is future Jim's problem when somebody goes down and slips on their ass and and starts (laughs) screaming. Better not be Ethan because if it's him and he lands on those goddamn teeth, this, he should have, he should look like little Wayne. 
He should have fucking gold grills all over. I just, I'm telling you, I might have spent five thousand dollars on that kid's teeth in the past like six <laughs> months. We got a bill out of nowhere last night at seven hundred more dollars. I'm like, what the? I, I don't understand. You he take care of these gold. teeth for the rest of your life now, boy. Yeah, and Tanya, yeah, Tanya's like, nonsense. Tanya's going, uh, hey, well, at least he's brushing now. Who are you fooling? I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even think he has a toothbrush. I, I, I'm going to give him wooden choppers. Uh, can you still get those wooden I'm choppers? Sure. I'll, I'll make you some at work. You know how I love Please. my projects. Yeah, yeah, really. That Castle Grayskull went down the tubes. It's still there. <laughs> that thing, that, really? Uh, it, was it Castle Grayskull or Castle Epic Fail? Because oh. I don't know. It looks terrible. Eric, we're also on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. On Twitter at Weird Science DC. Of course, we have an award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And you can also email us at WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com to tell Eric how great he is. That's all the Hooray. people who mail me. Hey, that Eric Shea, he's such a great fellow. But I'll never tell you that, Eric, because I don't Good. want you to get more of a swelled head than you have already. We don't, we don't have don't that kind of relationship. It would just weird things up. It would. It would. It'd be like me and you like dancing together in the moonlight. Well, we have done that. It just didn't yes. work out very well. We also have a Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash weird science. This week's Patreon exclusive spotlight. It is the badass patrons pick of Manhunter special number one, Eric. I think they were all drunk. I don't understand. I think they were just fucking with me as well. Yeah, I, I think, think it's a com- it is a conspiracy. Now, uh, next week we also have a couple of these Jack Kirby books. I may have pushed them towards the mirror. It's you possible. Dumb bitch. Some people need a little nudge now and again, Eric. Uh, also on Patreon, I just want to mention, I have also started a new podcast, Eric, called The Best Songs Ever Podcast. And if you want to go and check out our Patreon, uh, you can listen to these for free. They are up there for anybody to listen to. You just have to go to the page to listen to them. It's kind of a little, you know... A little enticement to get there. A little That's the thing is, too. You have gone hog wild to sing. Like, yes. I like to like collect and play with He-Man in my spare time. Yeah, you decided you're, you're your new hobby that. is just listening to the songs and talking about it for yes. a couple minutes. I have six episodes up already in five days. That's, That's how I roll. It's crazy. And uh, I have another one planned for tomorrow, and I think that you would like it. But you'll Good. never listen to it because you don't go to the Patreon. But I, I just – it's something there. So if you want to go, just check out what we're, we're doing on Patreon. You can also listen to those. And hopefully you see that we offer a lot of things, Eric. A lot of things. Some may say too many things. And maybe. Some already have said that. Uh, mainly a guy named Reggie. But that's fine, Eric. <laughs> he, he thinks that we offer too much. I never... It's like a buffet. How could you have too much? I mean, you, you have a buffet. There might be 800 things of, of every sort of food... I like like five things, so you can't. And if they ever only have had those five much. things, you'd be disappointed. Yeah, and you know what? The only thing I was I was mad about. I took off work this week to go to the buffet uh, with my kids. We went for an end of summer celebration, and you go. We went for lunch, and they took the breakfast stuff away. Now they actually do hamburgers and and stuff, sandwiches and things on this one grill. There's like six grills. They have shit going on left and right. But I actually thought, why do they take the bacon away? Why don't you have bacon day long? Everybody loves bacon. I wanted a bacon cheeseburger. They didn't have the bacon. They got rid of the bacon, and I was kind yeah, of pissed weird. off at that. Yeah, they should just have that just to have. People eat bacon at dinner and all that. But, Eric, this week on Patreon as well, uh, we're going to have the third episode of Jim Has Issues with his kids. And it's these kids of mine. Are, I'm no, sure those I'm gonna, kids. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to be yelling about Ethan's teeth a little more and stuff like that. And we'll get to the bottom of that one. Uh, we'll also have, obviously, the exclusive spotlight for the coming week next week. And it looks 
looks like the badasses have picked Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for the Patreon movie night. So, Eric, that's a lot of stuff going on. If you like us, if you want to support us also for our pop culture podcast, our New 52 podcast, every sort of thing that we do, you can go and support us on Patreon. But, Eric, I'm going to talk to you right now about certain people who already do. Already you talking about the badass supporters. I'm certainly am talking about it, and you keep talking because I gotta change these levels. Eric. Oh my god, what <laughs> happened? Not, oh my goodness, now I just everything on this podcast is at a different level. So, all right, things got a little screwed up when me and Eric did this first. So I'm gonna be giving the badass roll call, kind of shoving it in without Eric. Couldn't get a hold of him. He's lazy. After we're done recording, he's done. But this isn't about him. This is about uh, the badasses, and we're going to start with new badass, Matthew Rapier. Then we're going to continue on with Richard Richardson, Simon, G, G-Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship, Brian from Arkansas, little lady named Tanya Werner, Ian, D-Man, Reggie Hancock, Brandon Murray, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh, Little MRT, Bobby, Jazz, Haviland, Pete from NYC, Mark Robbins, better known as Batman Beyond Mark, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. Thanks a lot. You guys uh, make it all worth it. You guys are the badasses. Thanks. Yes, I, I'm having problems with transitions tonight. I'll let you know that. I have so many windows open. I have two monitors. Oh, it's hot outside. Ethan had set up that one monitor. Yeah, and I have, I have the soundboard. I have the email going. I have my notes. I'm also like shoving my hand at each of these as i say that eric but we also have a rant and rave line eric you can call us at 641-715-3900 enter extension 452-328 followed by the pound sign eric it's just that easy it is just that easy it's so easy we don't have any this week this is the first time i don't know in how long and i know that everybody's like oh man that sucks eric shea doesn't think so Eric, Eric Shea sees the finish line already ahead of us oh, tonight. Oh, man, this podcast is going to fly by. He is ready. Oh, my goodness. But, Eric, we also have nothing else to talk about in this intro, so we are going to go to mail section number one. It's mail with Jim. levels when i'm doing this i always forget to adjust them i am not dr dre behind the, the you know behind so the i don't call you there. doctor that is true also because i'm not a doctor i might be yeah, dr yeah. love now i also want to apologize to people we had our uh weekly spotlight this week and we did do what you'll hear later again uh nightwing new order and i started by whispering and, and trying to mess around with eric and a lot of people it blew out their ears because they thought that my mic had something wrong so they turned it up and then you came booming. i came booming and, in. and i actually listened to it just to hear out i'm like Boy, that was stupid. Why did I do that? I'm such an idiot. But 
This is mail section number one. And the first mail is from Matt, who you also heard already that he is a new badass subscriber on the Patreon, Eric. So thank you, Matt, in advance thank you, here. Uh, this is before this mail is before then. He's going to tell us all about it, Eric. Hey, I wanted to drop an email and tell you I enjoy this podcast so much. Awesome. I have a bit of a story for you, but I'll get through it as quickly as possible. We don't mind long stories, right? Not at all. I love, no. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of storytelling. You are a huge fan of storytelling, except wrong turn, because those are just lies. But those are stories, too, aren't they? I guess. Aren't they, they are Eric? stories that he has taken the time to freaking manufacture just to try to dupe me for no goddamn reason. Yes. It basically goes into how my divorce led me to discovering the Weird Science Podcast. It's funny because I'm going to be the opposite. The Weird Science Podcast will lead to my divorce. My ex-wife and I had been together for 12 years, and seemingly out of nowhere, the divorce talks came up, and I went into a real shitty downer mood for a while. I was moping around and really put a lot of my happiness into DC Comics and all the Rebirth titles. So that's cool. At least he had an outlet uh, because that sort of thing sucks. That really sucks. Most people's outlet is heavy drinking and drug use. Yes, exactly. So I I applaud Matt for going to DC Comics. I eventually got over wanting to stay shut up in my apartment, which Eric has not done yet, and started dating a wonderful woman who is into geek nerd stuff just as heavily as I am. For all those years, I was with my ex-wife. I had my cell phone with their family plan, which had very limited data use. I had heard about podcasts but never really listened to anything. Once I got with my new lady, I joined her unlimited data plan. See, that's what you have to do. When, when you're going to find a woman, that's the up. first question. Yeah, you're like, okay, you have two eyes, you got a nose and a mouth, everything looks good. Do you have an unlimited data plan? Exactly. She says, no, you walk, Eric. That's walk. a deal breaker. That is. And my eyes were finally open to all these podcasts I can listen to during work. So... Through my divorce, I found a woman I connect with on another level and discovered podcasting, which led me to the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. The humor is genuinely great, and all the shows are worth going back to check out. I've especially been enjoying the new 52 flashback reviews. So he likes those. Those are good. Me and you those like are my favorite well. podcast to do. Yes, they are. We really enjoy doing those. This past week alone, I'm up to about 80 plus hours, rookie, of just the Weird <laughs> Science podcast. What's that? Two days? I have a nine-hour work day and around a one-hour drive to and from work, so I have plenty of time to dive into all the back uh, episodes. I'm about to cancel my Netflix and WWE Network subscription so I can find you find you guys on Patreon and get all the extra content from That's there. That's awesome. Which he did. That is awesome. That is. You've gained a loyal new fan who loves Netflix, they ain't offering shit no more. You know what does? No. Weird science. Come on in, everybody. Yeah, really. You've gained a new, a loyal new fan who loves this podcast, and I need it every day like a smoker needs cigarettes. And Eric I knows know what that that's about. Mm. I hope you guys are able to continue for years to come. Keep up the great work, Matt. And thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. I, I know that. That's awesome. You know, it, it's that's great that when part, something awesome. shitty happens, though. No, but it, it ended up making everything better in the long run. Is that, that one of those things? Good. Every time a door closes, a window opens. It does, and then I'm maybe like, well, a little... I hate that goddamn thing. Like, who's coming through the window? I saw a video with that. Sam, and that lady got stuck. Oh, that's who. That lady got stuck in that window, and then I, I'm it not did. even going to tell you what happened. Bad things happened. And then, then she got stuck in the bathtub, and then in the sink. This woman gets stuck everywhere she goes in these videos. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I was going to say about the uh, 80 plus hours, there's a group on Twitter and it's kind of like a retweet group. And I was talking to this one guy was talking about, hey, I'd like to get a lot of these podcasts together and maybe start a 24 hour podcast network, something like on a Mixler, Uh, you know, sort of that. And they're like, hey, who's in? And I was going to say, oh, yeah, you know what? We might. And I'm thinking if we're in. We're half the fucking day. Yeah. We're going to take everybody's thunder just from us talking so goddamn much. And I'm still okay much. with that. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. So I actually said at one point, hey, let me know what's going on with this. Maybe maybe something will happen. I'm like, they're going to look at the amount of – If you have six these or guys, seven podcasts who drop out, we can fill that slot. Yeah, we can fill that gap. Uh, they ended up, and a lot of people were new people, and they joined in. And they're like, oh, man, you know, how's this? I'm going to uh, – what's it called? The guy said, I'm going to listen to everybody's podcast, and then I'm going to submit reviews on iTunes. And they're going yes. down. This guy's like, listen to this one. That one's done. Here you go. And then he would say, like, next one up is this. And I saw – he's like, next one up, weird science. Here we go. And I'm just sitting there waiting. Just waiting. I'm, like, I, I'm telling you, I should just have a timer. It's just it, time it for about five minutes, and then the shit hits the fan because then all of a sudden it's, what? Nine and a half hours? What the hell is going on here? Is that a misprint? No, it's nope. not a misprint. Like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to listen to that. And I'm like, I was going to say, eh, you know what? We don't need your stinking yeah. view. Whatever, man. You Whatever, man. You freaking filthy casual. That's what ah. you are. The next email is from the Ulysses Jones Show, and it is Ulysses Jones. He says, howdy there, Weird Science and the Get Fresh crew. Whoop a fucking whoop, he says. How you boys been? Good, bad, regardless, the podcast are A+. Great stuff, fellas. I just got done beautiful minding a set of headphones to my TV and figured I'd email my favorite podcasters just to check in. As I'm moving into college tomorrow, I have to be prepared for my mother shedding tears faster than wrong turn sheds brain cells. And (laughs) it's funny, too, because as he wrote this, I got upset because I didn't – either he means me and you – are his favorite podcasters, or he just meant he was sending emails to a bunch of people, and then I start getting angry, Eric. There's there's no time for anybody else. I don't want to hear. Jim's that. a very jealous person. You can't do I that shit to him. Am. Did you enjoy the uh, eclipse on Monday? <laughs> we missed it. We were at work. I'll be honest. I thought it was the most overhyped thing I've ever experienced. But yet, I was still afraid my dumbass was going to look straight at it. Now, uh, I'll pause. We didn't miss it, but we kind of did. I actually, like an idiot, thought that the world was going to be completely black. I, I thought cars were going to start crashing. I and thought stuff. it was just going to get darker than it actually did, is all. You know, yeah, it I didn't think it's completely dark. black. You know, we, we walked over to the freaking loading dock one point, looked out, and uh, it's doing something. Yeah, all right, well, let's the, go the, back. the funniest thing is we walked out and I we had a, a plan. We used welding glasses and yep. Eric's uh, shades, and we put the two on, and we looked at, and both of us at separate times looked right at the sun, heard our eyes. I said we were sitting there, and our eyes were itchy afterwards, and I couldn't see a damn thing. So we were <sighs> idiots, and then we missed it. Then the one guy came out and was like, "Hey, did you see it? Well, see it? It didn't even start yet. Yeah, it did its own. I was like, God, oh, damn it. We well, it. We I'll see you the it. next whenever it comes about. What is yeah, it? Eighteen never, years, something like that. I don't never. fucking know. I spent most of the day. Uh, at the comic book store, as was also my birthday, happy birthday, I had a whole plan. Go in, get some of that sweet Dark Knight's metal, forge, and casting. Oh, oh, the tales I could tell with those books, Eric. That is, if they had them, none, zip, nada. 
So I bought Justice League Cry for Justice. Have you ever heard of it? I have yet to read it, so I don't have any opinion, but I was intrigued by the appearance of Prometheus. I have read it. Don't sit there. I don't want to. I was actually going to say something that would spoil it. I don't yeah, do want that. to spoil it. Uh, I actually really like that story. I had told Eric about it yeah, months ago it. and uh, forgot all about it. And then when we got this email, I asked him, and I was sitting there talking to him about the, uh, the new the, the team in it and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. And uh, I think that I'm going to offer that trade up on the Patreon for the next back issue. So that was uh, the one thing I told you. I had a few quick sort of questions. You talked about DC movies on your pop culture podcast, and you all cultured my ass, he says. That's right. And I was curious if you thought any DC characters would be well-suited on a TV show rather than a movie, sort of like Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Kristen Ritter can investigate me anytime, Eric. I don't know. I still think that Daredevil <laughs> is a good enough character to get gone on a freaking movie. Yeah, I don't think so. I think no. that they did it good. Well, first off, you're going to have these Netflix shows. You can't have the worst character. So you have to have something that has some appeal. So you're going to take one that is going to kind of get everybody in that may not be just suited for Netflix. Maybe he would have been bigger. They do need some draw, though, so he, he got it. I so he's think, the one who had to freaking just take the freaking hit and go, Yeah, oh, he kind of took a little bit like of a hit. all the characters in Marvel lineup, all right, we got all these movies. And somebody, actually, somebody is going to have to be on this Netflix yes. show that doesn't deserve it. Hey, Daredevil, hey, hey. how many fingers hey, am Matt, I holding up? If get over here. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. They're like, sign this. He can't see, Eric. He's blind. He can't see. He signed on the dotted line. I do also think that would you say that the Netflix shows have a little darker edge oh, definitely. Uh, than the movies? And I think that's the problem with Daredevil. It is a little darker uh, tone to it. I'm telling you, this I'm, is I'm all watch... coming from a guy who's never seen them. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm watching the movies it. and stuff like that. And I, I love the Marvel movies. I have a great time with it. And mm-hmm. you get into these Netflix shows, and all of a sudden, they, like you know, I, I started watching Defenders, and Luke Cage shows up, and this starts banging Night Nurse yeah. on the freaking you know, yeah. kitchen table. I'm like, see, yeah, this doesn't feel like the movie. That's what I'm saying. You, you <laughs> don't. You're gonna have a little darker tone with that. I I thought that that was why they did that. Would a Ted Cord Blue Beetle be something that could work? I, I think, think it would. Could. My vote Actually, would I think be like Doctor Fate would be cool too. He says an Animal Man TV show. Uh, I would say Black Lightning would be good. If I Black would Lightning say, good, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna fake the funk, Eric. A vixen, possibly. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of other characters. I think that possibly if they didn't have plans down the line, I think the Daredevil version of what the DC would do would be a Nightwing. And I would like to see a Nightwing TV show. Even like what we had before, like Constantine the Hellblazer, that was a good show. I really enjoyed it. I think it got canceled because nobody knew when the hell it was on. It had a terrible time slot. And then it was changing shit up. Maybe a Titans show, Eric, that they they (laughs) might like recently have cast Starfire possibly. Maybe if you wanted to get into like to know what Superman's grandfather was like. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. How about that? A, A show that takes place on Krypton? You think that would work? I think it would. I would be in for that. I'm trying to think of other things. Even like a Superboy or uh, – actually, you know what would be pretty good for a TV show? Supergirl. That would be good. I think that that could take off, right? Maybe even like a Legends of Tomorrow. Maybe I don't even know how well that's taken off. It's my least favorite show either. out of all of those. I, I think that those shows in general seem to have – now I say, I'm about to say that the hype has died off because it's the, it was the summer and they weren't on. But I don't know. Arrow to me has really – the hype of that had died off. A lot of I'm people sorry, that I, I hear talking on podcasts – That's one of my least favorite ones before. Like if you're just talking about CW shows, yeah, before yeah, Supergirl yeah. came to CW, 
Arrow was my least favorite one. And the yeah. only thing that's keeping Legends of Tomorrow going in my mind is the time travel aspect. Because yeah. even The Flash, I was all about it. Even this last season, I'm like, eh, I don't really yeah. care all that much. Like, I'm telling you, I thought I had finished the season and I, they came back with like five more episodes. I had no idea. I'm like, what are all these episodes? Oh, shit, I wasn't done at all. So it, it's not really hitting me the way it was before. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, you know, if it just seems that those guys, those shows are kind of losing their their oomph. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's just me. But it's it's also the fact that they are on hiatus and stuff like that when they come back. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch them. So no. do you think Kite Man would make for more interesting, less annoying character if he was treated more seriously within the comics? Yes. I don't want him to be. I don't want him in the comics. He's a joke anyway. Why do we need him? There's so That's many the other characters. Is, he doesn't have to be a joke. And Tom King's like, I'm going to take this character. Everybody thinks he's a joke and make him yeah, like, you know, cool. The like, the, the he problem made him more is, of a joke. He has a catchphrase, and that's all he does. How dare you? Actually, I think that Tom King completely and all of his sycophants out there, Eric, I hate to throw Ooh. shade at people. Uh, pardon me, 3XL, for using that term. Uh, but... I think that people like him because they don't think he's a joke. That, that's the problem. He is pushed by Tom King and all of his fans as being, oh, this is the serious version of, of Kite Man. No, he's a one-fucking-trick pony that drives me insane. Hell yeah. And, yeah, 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 really. Hell no. Granted, his kid kicked the bucket, but still, he's goofy. Maybe his kite man, uh, maybe his kite could be like the vulture's wings in the new Superman movie or like Goblin's glider, you know? Moving independently with Superman. knives, trying to spear Batman, play him more as a villain than an obstacle. Listen, I'm trying to make him cool, but his name is Charlie Brown. A man can only <laughs> do too much. <laughs> I'm telling you, you think, and and everybody seems like if you're really reading them, reading these books, and you kind of get annoyed with it, yeah, then you're like, oh god, he's he's a joke. But I see all these people on the DC Facebook and stuff, and like, man, it's so great that Tom King find, and, and they make it seem like everybody was waiting. Like, oh my god, you know, rebirth. Finally, I may get to see a serious kite man. Oh my oh goodness, my god. I, how long have I, can I been die waiting? Happy now. Oh my god, I guess I'm gonna stop. I do not have to start the kite man league on Twitter. I, I don't have to start that because my dream has come true. I, I just want to never see him again. Please. Have any of you ever played the Batman Arkham games, Eric? Yes, we I have. have. Yes, I've not we played have. Uh, Arkham I played Knight up to yet. Or, yeah, I've only played up to Origins. Uh, I I ended up playing up to the. Actually, I play. I started it. I got up to Deathstroke at the beginning, <laughs> and I couldn't one of the beat first him. Goddamn thing! Yeah, I couldn't game. beat him. And by then, I told you it was just too much of the same. I, I still say Arkham Asylum to me is the best. I that game. I like Arkham City the best. Yeah, I'm t- but you kind of came about those two right in a row because you you bought Arkham Asylum right as before you played Arkham City. Yeah, right? I played, played them. I bought back them both at the same time, so I played them back yeah. to back. When Arkham Asylum came out, I wasn't even a DC Comics fan. We hadn't even started the site nope. or the podcast. And it blew my mind how good that game was to me, and I didn't even know what the hell was going on. I knew what a, n- a normal freaking, what is it called, a lazy freaking – filthy the, casual. A filthy casual. I only knew what a filthy casual would, but as an action game, I thought it was great. And then Arkham City refined it, and it was better, but really, I just jammed. I'm a button masher. So yeah. I jammed on. I, you, you said, no oh, style. but you have to have fun with the combos and have style. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. I want to get it done. The last one, Arkham Knight, 
has one of the best moments of Mr. Freeze I've ever seen. Now, this is going to be spoilers for me oh, and God. you, Eric. We haven't played. In the story, Nora is stolen by a militia in order to coerce Freeze to kill Batman. Batman agrees to help find Nora, as he can see how distraught Freeze is, and her cryostasis won't last long enough without his equipment. Eventually, Batman finds Nora, and she is released from her stasis by accident. A fucking spider just ran across the floor. Freeze, of course, what? I don't know that. I don't know if he wrote that as a uh, it happened to him or that's what happens in the game. Freeze, of I course, wants to problem. put her back. No, no. Freeze, of course, wants to put her back, but though through tears. Nora explained she could see and hear all of what was going on with her husband. She had seen what he's become, and she wants to spend time with him, not watch him behind ice. Once they're reunited, Christ, they literally ride weird. off in the sunset on a boat. Nora out of stasis and Freeze with his helmet down. With only days left, maybe they plan to spend it together as time has never been on their side. It made me cry. Tears, Eric. Man tears. Any comic book moments that have made you boys cry. Oh my god. Yeah, do we have the time? Right, I'm done. When Damien died, I cried like crying. a goddamn baby. And then in the Requiem issues, whenever it was, whatever the issue was when uh, Dick got the tusk in the mail from Damien, I cried again. I cried when Gotham died. Uh, <laughs> I think there was something this week that I almost shed tears of. <laughs> it was nonsense. This is the only way I can you know, have emotions is through movies and comics. Or is Eric getting fucked in the ass by Jess make it so tears no longer come out of his eyes anymore? No, no, that could bully dried up. He no, cries I, out of his I, butt. You, I don't cry in real life for any situation no, I don't going either. on. I watch a movie where a son yells for a daddy or something like that. Yeah. Start bawling. Freaking what was I books. telling you? And we, I, I'm saying this and I don't know for him. What was I telling? Oh, it was the song by Bright Eyes that I heard. <laughs> I, I was telling you about this video for the song. I what is it like? Uh, I can't even remember the song. It's a, it's a sad I, song by Bright Eyes. And I'm telling you the story. You're just, I started you're tearing up. You're freaking start, yeah. almost crying right in front yeah. of you. What is I was going almost on? tearing up. I said, you know what? I can show my emotions to this man, Eric Shea. He's a sensitive soul. He says tears. Managed but now to that connect. you said that, you can't call G a pussy anymore. No, but no, he's still a pussy. Tears, oh. managed to connect the beginning to the ending. Hell yeah. We boys, I'll be in college when this comes out, and it will be needed. College is a stressful and new experience. Nothing helps better than Jim and Eric and the Get Fresh crew, boop, boop, giving out that sweet ear nectar every week. You guys are going to be my relief. Thanks for talking comics honestly and humorously uh, when no one else can do both. Thank you very much, Ulysses Jones. And then he writes, hey, Jesus, this is and yeah, I, I was a college boy myself, Eric, and I remember the first day I got to college. I've mentioned it before, but I yeah. had never drank uh, until I got to college. The first night I got there, I, I had lied to All people. All of a sudden, and, your freaking allergy of hops has gone away. Yeah, it, it was great. You went to another I, state. No, yeah, it was because I went to West Virginia. All of a sudden, the allergy that I had told everybody at every party I'd been at. That I was allergic to hops, so I couldn't drink beer. Now, I never thought it through and think, what if they offer me, like, vodka or something? But it never came to that because they just thought, what a fucking asshole. But I got to college. I was very – I never preached about drinking. I just – I was so against drinking. I got my first night. School and class was going to start on Monday. I got there on the Saturday. I got dropped off. Went into my dorm room. About 10 minutes after I got my stuff out and I was kind of rearranging it, guy from down the hall, this guy Sean, comes over, and he's like, like, hey, we're going out tonight. You want to go out drinking with us? 
And I, I yes. sat there, and this was a defining moment. This was where I could either say yes and maybe get along and make some friends or be a dick like I had been and say no. Well, this and is I a said, chance to, redef- like, I was to like redefine Kite yourself Man. now. I was like Kite Man. I said, hell yeah. I yeah. went. The first time I drank was that night. I got so drunk, I, I could not find my way back to the dorm, Eric. <laughs> I missed the, the bus because in West Virginia, when you're a freshman, the dorms, the freshman dorms are so isolated from the rest of the campus. You have to take what they call the PRT, Eric. It's, it's a personal transit uh, thing that's almost like a monorail. It really uh, is a monorail, actually. It's not just like it. But at night, you have to take a bus back to the dorms, and it leaves. I think the last bus is like one. I tried to find that thing at two. I got lost. I threw up. I ended up sleeping on a bench. Then I woke up again. Walked, And then I just ended up following. Like it, Finally, I became the world's greatest detective, Eric, and figured, okay, I guess I could follow the rails back to where the, the dorms are. And I did. It was probably a four or five mile walk. <laughs> I was trying to say, what happened to the guys you went there with? That they just walked off. We were all over the place. Here's the thing. Just imagine. You're there, right? You, Eric yeah. Shea. You're drinking. You're having a good time. But I had never drank, and I oh, also yeah. didn't want anybody to know that I hadn't, so I was trying to keep up with these fucking West Virginia you guys. Jesus bastard. Christ, these guys, this guy, Sean, I think that he fucking started drinking at two. And also, first night, I really uh, chewed tobacco, ended up throwing oh. up from that. I swallowed yeah, it. Oh, it was bad the news worst. bears right there, man. Oh, it was the worst, but... So Ulysses, all enjoy. Right, I'm and, in college. Trying to make some bad decisions all at once. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I I'll say to anybody who asks. Hey, any broad here have herpes? I'm trying to do some bad shit yeah, tonight. Yeah, really. I'm trying to get some shit going down tonight. No, I, I said I learned, you know, my classes were bullshit. I, had a de- I have a degree I don't use. But it was some fun times, Eric. And then yeah. I learned to kind of get along by myself and things like that away from my parents, who I hated anyway. But that's the end of Mail Section. All is well that ends well. Yes, it is. We're uh, going to go off now, Eric. Do we have to? Do we have to go to the books? Can we just call it to see you in seven right now? Can I get it? Here we go, Eric. Say it. Say it, Eric. I'm just going to do it anyway. (laughs) You took too long. You took too long. But we're going to be back. We have Nightwing New Order in this first section. Yeah, we do, but we already recorded that. And, you know, just a little peek behind. That was our spotlight. We're already done with that. So you'll hear it in this section, but we're going to be back with the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the Jesus, we crave. All right, Eric, it's time for the books. It's time for your reviews. I like your reviews, not mine. No. 
Oh. I don't like any of these. I, I keep saying it. This whole podcast is, is just me bitching and moaning about how I hate these books. When when is it going to end, Eric? Why can't Hopefully we have... Hopefully soon. We keep talking about September, maybe October, uh, like Man. November. Like You're like, in the future, in we got to get, bo- get some good books coming out. But Eric, like, that's it's, for it's future, Jim and Clark. Eric. Exactly. Future us Jim and Eric good. are living it up right now in they the future. They are. Living it up indeed. I just, I want to have, and where I come off with this is that I need, do we need half the books to be good to That'd make nice. us happy? Or say we have 12 books. That, that uh-huh. seems to be on average. It's, you know, around there. Do we need four of 12, you know, a quarter, a third? I'd I say at least math. six. <laughs> the half is nice. So you want the half. How about half minus one? How about that? So at least we have something. This week we have one. That that's it. I, I have two, kinda. Oh, kind of, kind of. But uh, you know, should I give people a hint? There was a, a strong possibility that Batgirl was going to be your goddamn book of the week. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my god! But if you want to read these reviews that we do, you can go to our award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and read those. Uh, I say later even that it just kills me when I see all of our review scores lined up and I just – we're not that negative, right? No, I, we're not. I'm a negative guy normally, but that's why I like comics. This is supposed to be my reprieve of my negativity that fucking engulfs me during my life. Uh, sitting here writing my dark poetry, I can open up a book <laughs> and, and fucking, you know, that's the glimmer of hope I have left in you know, this like thing they call Tuesday, life. You know, Tuesday night, most people are just freaking sitting there just having a good time. Like, yeah. You're just, you're just waiting there, you're freaking writing your dark poetry, having a little wine, cutting yourself a little bit because a little, you're just maybe waiting a for a reprieve. Yeah. I am. I am waiting for Batman to come and hold me uh, like I need to be held. Uh, all he ends okay up, while it's raining outside. He comes and ends up kicking me right in the balls and then gives me the DDT, Eric. And, and then I'm it turns done. out you're like, well, at least there's other heroes and they all come and just kick yeah. you in the balls as well. And now it's a battle royal. They're all kicking me and now it's a, a, a TLC match even. Fucking and Superman walks up, yo, that's your boy, and then just start yeah, kicking you while you're Superman's down. Superman's kicking me. You got Nightwing jumping off some goddamn fucking ladder right on my head. Jeez, Eric, I'm tapping out. Can we tap out? This That'd is be amazing. Is that a possibility? It is. I, what What really is stopping us? I don't know. Uh, actually, the only reason these weeks even go by is because I know that a lot of people like the podcast, yep. you know, and so we do. Oh, my God. These other podcasts, they get to take weeks off. Why can't we? Why can't we take months off, years off even? I was talking to these guys on that Twitter all I do thing is take again. Years off my life. Yeah, I'm talking to these guys on this Twitter, and they're like, "Oh," and they're all bitching and moaning. Well, they're not all. Some are like, "Oh man, I don't know how to get a, a steady audience or whatever." And then in the next thing, he's, he's putting in, "Yeah, I'm going to be gone for four weeks, not no podcast for a month." Well, there's your fucking there you hit go. there, buddy. Look in the mirror, blow kisses like Eric Shea, and That's then right. the people all will you flock. <sighs> Here we go, Eric. We we do this in the second section. I'll also let people know that we try to get away but just talking so we don't have to talk about the books. That's all I'm doing. Oh, no. Here it is. I see it right now. Eric Shea, is tur- he did. He turned on his video. 
He's blowing kisses at me. Oh my goodness! Wait a minute. I wait. Wait. I gotta take my pants down. All right. All now, right. Blow some more. Now kisses. it's a party. You're smoking like that. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Oh, there you go. I just texted you. I, I can't have the distraction. How can I talk about these books when I have you blowing kisses at me from the corner of my screen? It, it can't happen. And I will tell you because of this crazy monitor setup, you were on the second monitor, but you were you were bothering me out the side of my eye. Eric. It's I just like work. Do. Just like work. I'm going to start now, Eric. We're going to start with Detective Comics. Can, can you hear the depression begin in my voice? Detective Comics number 963, written by James Tynan IV. Actually, no. He's back. And he's not really that much involved, but I'm still taking the fourth away. He's got to earn that back again. James Tynan. And Chris Sabella, Eric. Chris Sabella, and if you want to know, he is the guy who will be taking over on Blue Beetle coming up as well. So that's correct, this is, yes. if this is a little so I'm hint, sitting here, I'm like, I know that name. Who's yeah, Chris that, Sabella? That's who Chris Sabella is. So you can kind of go into this, and I don't know what you learned from it. Art by Carmen <coughs> Carnero, Ulysses Ariola, Kelly Fitzpatrick, and Sal Cipriano. Eric, I'm in Cipriano. no mood. No, no, stop. I'm in no Sal, mood. No, that, I can't even. That, that's the thing. <laughs> You got me. You got <laughs> me. Hey, where's your sexy brother? You have these books. They're bullshit. Get your sexy brother over here. What's his sexy brother's name again? Look at, huh? What was his name again? His sexy brother? I always forget. I always oh, want to say Tommy. You had some fucking name. Hey, Simon, where is Simon he? Cipriano. Hey, Simon, where is he? I needed the eye candy. Hey, I want to walk with the Simon on my, one of my arms. I don't know. <laughs> that's oh, that's, that's not, that's not cheering school. me up. Oh, my goodness. Let me make love with my eyes to your sexy brother. <sighs> yep, Since yep. Batman found out Tim Drake was alive at the end of last issue, we naturally need a spoiler anarchy issue, Eric. Of course. I used to like spoiler in this book, but since she left the team, I'm not such a big fan anymore. And this issue with its monster men talk and the idea that anarchy is sexy under the mask, it was boring to me. But could be interesting, possibly, once Tim Drake returns and finds his girl making googly eyes girl. at a villain and then a partner from another continuity, possibly. Oh, yeah, we also learn about the fun that chicken pox parties were. Chicken pox parties. Chicken pox party. I was all about that part. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't about any of this, only because the, the book after the intelligence arc, or going through that intelligence arc, uh, seemed to have some momentum going for me. I actually enjoyed it. It, it was yeah. hit or miss near the end. I thought that it was kind of extended a little, like, yeah, uh, and then action, all of a sudden it ended freaking, out of nowhere. Uh, Asriel coming to the forefront of the book. You yeah, felt like, about him. You had Luke Fox doing some cool stuff. Why, yep. What not to like? Yeah, it felt yeah. bad at the end, but still. It did. Well, it, here's the thing. It, it actually, it was padded the penultimate issue only to have them rush to the end in the in the finale but they did find out through Ascalon having the genosis globe eric our sphere found out that tim drake was indeed alive and you know we talked about this the last podcast that we talked about detective it was kind of silly why would Ascalon have any idea that that's yeah. a question batman wanted to ask but uh, and then the the globe or the sphere went off you know the whole thing that zatanna was supposed to 
to watch with her life. She just let a goddamn robot who was just so about to sure kill all of them go away. Uh, so I didn't know what this arc was going to be. This the start of this. Now I, I got it. I open it up and I see okay, Chris Sabella's on, and right away I thought this will be cool. I'll see what his writing is going to be like. Uh, you know, for Blue Beetle coming yeah. up. He also did that uh, Injustice Ground Zero, uh, the digital comic that followed the first Injustice comic that was kind of like from the perspective Harley's of Harley perspective Quinn once the, the game. game started. So he did that. Not a big fan. So this was going to be, okay, you know what? You get a second chance. You get to, you know, impress me. I was not impressed. For the most part, I was bored. Uh, you you do start with a flashback to show Tim Drake and, and Stephanie kind of getting along. But really, did this flashback do anything for you? And also, did it do anything for new readers? Because well, I, don't I don't think it did. It's the weird part because I'm reading this flashback. I'm like, okay, this flashback is taking place while, you know, Detective Comics Rebirth is already going on you know yes. it's not anything before him because like the relationship no. between stephanie and tim it just kind of came out of no, nowhere yeah, and they, like, they mentioned the belfry really too so the belfry yeah. mention it's it's after the rebirth started but what do you get here what all I, I your... get that tim needs to find a new goddamn girlfriend because the fact that she just has her cell phone out and freaking videotaping him with her goddamn mask off i'm like you know what this shit gets hacked all the time you even say that these things hey, can get hacked. it's encrypted Stop this shit delete it immediately encrypted. but yeah tim does call that out the he's also happening's going on it's it's so funny to me he, he's there and he's like ah oh, hamburgers you know these aren't good for you then he digs in i'm like you son of a bitch he, he just wants to blame somebody else he's like a guy who's dieting and then the you you know the girlfriend comes home with the ice cream well since you bought it i guess it's your fault oh, you son of a bitch but this yeah, seems like a toxic relationship though because yeah. he, here we have these two people all like you know stephanie's bringing hamburgers he's not about that she's videotaping no. so all we have here is stephanie going around videotaping shit that he yeah. doesn't want videotape and him complaining about things she's doing now, again, she is. She has her phone out. She's making a video of Tim. He doesn't have his mask on, though that domino mask doesn't do much. But still, you, you have him doing that. This is only this only can be set up for later when this is discovered by somebody, possibly anarchy. Uh, there'd be no other reason for this. I like at the beginning where Stephanie's there and they are dangling their feet off a high-rise building. And they're like, she's like, hey, Tim, dare me to jump? And then he goes, jumping's easy, Steph. And I thought he was going to say the landing is the hard part. And I'm just what is what is going on? Oh, you're brooding. And it's this back and forth, I think, to remind or to show new readers that they did have a relationship. But really, I've been reading since the beginning. I don't think it gives you enough of that. I mean, if you're going to no. show anything, show that he died. You know what I mean? Or at least they thought he did because you have this. If you just jumped on, you'd be like – where did Tim go? Where is he? Because you don't really get any idea later. But the whole point is, hey, I want to be more than just one guy. I think yeah. that we're working on something with Batman that could be something big. I have to go off to college. Uh, I wish that I didn't have to because I really think we could go. But I will learn more, and we're going to come back. And then Stephanie's like, where do I fall in this plan? And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. You, Here you fucking, we go. You needy bitch. But no, he's <laughs> like, you know what? I can't do anything without you. I can't do this without you. You're with me. All this is is going to be a mirror of what happens at the end of this issue where anarchy kind of says the same thing to stephanie the problem i have is the last time we saw stephanie the cliffhanger was her running into anarchy we don't have any connection and i don't think that chris Abella works a, a connection while. here yeah and i don't think that he shows us that a connection has developed he wants you to think that you know he wants to kind of push that 
but I don't get it from the dialogue or the situation what's going on because she and does even the go. situation that's going on is like you know anarchy has not let her in on the big picture of what he plans on doing he's sending her yeah. on little errands to freaking do like a rob from the rich to give the poor type situations with the vaccines and whatnot yeah and it doesn't really you know she's complaining through most of this about how you don't trust me you don't let me in on all this you won't even take your mask off it hasn't really there's no escalation to the relationship well that's the problem that's, that's what I like in my mind this is already two months after they met, after that cliffhanger, all the time. If you want to take it in real time of how this book has gone, eh, that's fine. But I need to see that there is a connection. She ends up going, I thought that she was going there. This would be the first meeting. After that cliffhanger where she's just there, he, she learns a little about, hey, I need this or whatever. And this is going to be the first meeting where they – but it isn't. They, they obviously have met. They have set up a plan that we don't know about because she goes into Monster Town there. And right when I saw that, I just kill me. Uh, and Argus has their goons around. You can't get in. And you're led to believe, again, because we haven't seen much of Monster Men and stuff like this, you're really led to believe that Batman – Man had been doing a lot of things with the Monster Man and this sort of thing since the last time we saw this, and yeah. we didn't see this in the book because even Not later, Stephanie, even when even mentioned, shows up doing stuff with the Monster yeah, Man, really, you yeah, guys are like, still it's, dealing it's, with this? Yeah, it's so forced out of nowhere that I wish that this would have come out, or at least say this takes place before Intelligence, before this. Then, then I'd say, okay, I, I can, I get it. But we have seen Batman going around and they're doing all their other things, and not once did they mention. Hey, we're stealing stuff. We're doing this because she's waiting outside. Argus is there. Nobody's allowed in. The guys are pieces of shit, these goons. Like, they, they're just poor. They want to shoot things. Yeah. Uh, come on, Ste- yeah. I need something to shoot. Yeah, come on. And then Stephanie, it seems like all they have to do is go down to the fucking sewers. Clayface did not take long to find anybody. But Stephanie ends up using an app. To, I, I wish she just would have went, Caw-caw! But she made this thing that sounds like a cat or cats. And they're like, oh, right. I'm That's more you, like it. It's, it's supposed to be a monster growl that really, oh, yeah, one of them's over there. Let's go. Yeah, yeah but the funny – it's like, what, the cats? And I'm like, really? That's what you, – you you guys are pieces of crap. I'm not a cat man myself, but Jesus Christ. And the thing that made me laugh is she does end up having that sound again. That's one of her drones that comes in. Why didn't she do that in the first place? Why didn't she just send in the drone? Honestly, I, but, this whole thing with the drone too, it looks like she might have killed those men. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say because the drone comes in and as countdown and explodes, those guys seem to be dead. And yep. she she uses this only to get in a building. All you have to do is throw a you know do the the movie thing and throw a rock down the alley when the what's that? It's like the stormtrooper deal. They'll go well, run to see what it at is. Even at the point where she sets off the explosion for one of her drones. She's already in. Like, yeah, they wouldn't be able to see her wherever she's at. What's There's no reason on? for the explosion. But she goes in, and then she, she meets up with Anarchy. He comes in, and she's like, you know, he said, I was worried you weren't going to be here. I didn't think you were going to show up. And she's like, you know what? There's better places to meet than in Monster Town. Just I let agree. me know. And she, yeah, really, there is. And then she, he, Anarchy's like, I just wanted to test you. I had to see if you were, you know, up to par or you were into this, you know, full in. And he kind of repeats that a bunch of times yeah and what we find out it's a drop-off that stephanie has gone and stolen some of the monster men vaccine from the penguins warehouse eric again another thing that i had no idea what it was going on and uh because like you said in the beginning it's a you know steal from the rich give to the poor argus is kind of keeping things away from people they're doing their experiments in the meantime it seems like people are suffering 
even this whole thing too, where we find out, you know, she is stealing these things. Like, would Batman have you do this? Yeah. She says literally yes. And yeah. it's such a weird idea to me that, you know, the detective squad, whatever you want to call them, they actually go out and steal medicine to handle well, it. That doesn't seem like anything that Batman's about ever that, doing. Because you said that before we started. The, the weirdest thing about that, I think, is number one, first off, she's like, hey, I thought you were going to be different than Batman. Uh, you know, the, I want to do things a different way. And that's when he does say, what, would Batman make you steal these EpiPens and deliver them to the people who need them most? And she's like, literally, yes, like every week, that's what we did. To me, Batman and everything he has set up, wouldn't you think he needs to steal one? And then they would yeah. just manufacture their own? Just have Wayne freaking Enterprises. That's do it what or I'm saying. You would lines. have them do it, so it is a little forced. Uh, but he's like, "Listen, there is a better way." And, and then she starts going in with, "Listen, I want to trust you. I want to do this. I want to do something different than Batman. I think we can help. But how can I trust you? You won't take your mask off." And then she takes her mask off. Um, Why stop would that. she do God that? You already have seen her take video of Tim Drake. Is that why that was the setup to show that she's a fool and she just doesn't think that secret identities well, this mean has been anything? a problem for a spoiler ever since she's been introduced because, well, because the mask is ridiculous. Mask yeah, the mask is ridiculous. You don't even have any sort of emotion with that mask, so she has to take it off. It seems like the writers and the artists want to take it off so that you can get Stephanie, but it is. It, it makes no sense. She takes it off. She just pretty much killed two Argus guys, you think. It was an explosion. People are going to hear that. She just went in and walked upstairs. You know, so she takes off her mask, starts telling it, and starts pushing the name Lonnie. It's Lonnie and the this, thing is, Lonnie, it's Lonnie that. Macon, you know, but the thing is, yes. too, where she's like talking about, you won't even show me what you look like. You know his name's Lonnie Macon. Yeah, you know that's, who what, this I, that's what's is. the weirdest Google thing. Google the motherfucker. Yeah, look and I... Facebook. And just to tell everybody, Lonnie Mugshot. is is anarchy in the old uh, the old continuity, and it's a weird thing. This is the problem where I was looking this up, and when I was doing my review, is it the old continuity? Because it is the Batman continuity, and one of the big things that he was involved with was Nightfall. That's still in continuity, so it's a weird thing. Kind this of. is this. You know, it's, that's it's what I'm saying. It's a weird you thing. Introduce a character yes. because I swore I looked this up too because. I could have sworn that somewhere in the New 52 we had Lonnie Macon freaking, you know, and yeah. Anarchy doing shit. And anywhere I look up, I don't see it. But yeah, I, I didn't see want to pull either. all my freaking long boxes out and shit like that. Now, but the, the I big was pretty deal, sure he was yeah. in it. No, the big deal is his connection to Tim Drake. He has a big connection to Tim Drake. He also has a big connection to Ulysses uh, that we saw. That's he. Uh, he's one of the colony guys. So there is a, a deal with that. That's why when we saw Anarchy in the last uh, cliffhanger, I actually thought it might be Ulysses that it was. Yeah, we've to been that. pushing that for a while. But yeah, Lonnie, in that he was Anarchy. Uh, he, I'll just say what I, I looked up. He followed his own beliefs, Eric, and started acting as a vigilante in Gotham City. Responded to people's complaints in public outlets. He was eventually stopped by Batman, even though his father tried to protect him. And the thing is, he was a guy who, Anarchy was a guy, he wanted to help people. It's very accurate to what we got here. Uh, after he got caught by Batman, he was sent to a juvenile detention center, and then he became Money Spider. Eric, money Spider. A, a computer hacker. You and sure he's this, not a uh, rapper? No, he's Money Spider, the computer spider. hacker. And in this guy's, he stole money from large, large corporations and channeled it to third world uh, countries where he believed it would do more good. Uh, the scheme was foiled by Tim Drake on his first solo case prior to becoming Robin. And that's where I'm like, well, 
they could well, make they, this they, fit. That's the thing is, they kind of made that Tim Drake's origin, though, for the New yeah. 52, where he had stolen all that money from yeah. the Penguin and had to go into freaking so we'll you know, like, witness well, protection. Well, and family. then what happened to this is Lonnie then got captured by Ulysses, uh, who took the mantle of anarchy and ended up just being a psychotic you know, piece of shit and caused chaos and destruction. Tim Drake found that out. He actually went to uh, Lonnie and revealed who he was, told him, hey, I'm Tim Drake, I'm Red Robin, I need you to act as my oracle and then they went off to do some yo, things yo, and yo, try so, spider. I need yeah, you to act so as my I'm oracle. telling you there is a connection and I don't know how they're going with it because this it just kind of seems like I don't know they want somebody to be a love interest to Stephanie before Tim gets back I, I can't get it but it's so funny because on. yeah yeah and they're talking and you know that's when Lonnie's saying you know I want to start this movement I'm going to you know one person at a time something bigger than us but I need you it's, it's very similar to what Tim Drake was saying yes. at the beginning and the weirdest thing to me though is as they're talking anarchy starts putting on Stephanie's mask and it makes no sense of what's going on in this no, and not at then, all. except that Argus shows up the next panel if he didn't do that she, they'd know her identity so that's the only reason now later after this fight stephanie says oh you knew this was going to happen you had to say don't give me that it was Baby, so forced. I, I actually don't think you're that good looking so put this back yeah, on. yeah it please. was so forced he's doing that while i was reading i'm like what is he doing like she's a pretty good looking chick whatever but they come in argus comes in like you know freeze uh they're gonna take him down then we go by uh, nearby where clayface is in the sewers and he's there looking for monster men and I thought we were past this. I, I, I really, really thought we did. I'm telling like, you, all the Monster Men deals I thought we were going to deal with was going to be in the Batwoman book, and we're not even dealing with it there. No. But all and, of a sudden, this, Detective Comics goes full board back into them. Like, yeah. It's a weird and, and move to make. this is weird. I, I like the start. It threw me off a little because I did think while I was reading it that Stephanie kept saying Lonnie. And I, you know I hate when you have a comic. It's like, hey, Lonnie, what you doing, Lonnie? Where are you going, Lonnie? And it was a couple times. but it, yeah. And then when it started with uh, Clayface, he's like, the sewers will be clear, base. I'm like, are they doing it here? But then I realize he's just kind of, you know, he's doing that trope of like, ah, yeah. they said this was going to be a short podcast, Jim. You know, that sort of thing. All of a but, sudden, it's John freaking uh, McClane in this freaking vent. Yeah, that's hey, what yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It, it is exactly that. Yeah, that is pretty funny because it is. But he's down there. It, it, I don't. The dialogue is I off to me. I didn't know what was me. going on at first. No, I thought and he was trying you, to kill Monster Man. All of a sudden, yeah. he's bringing him back to freaking, you know, uh, Miss and o- that's Dr. what he October. is. He's just a human capturing device or a clay. You know, all he's, he's doing is going over to these Monster Men and, and getting them inside his clay to take them back to Dr. October, who's doing studies. And when he does this, he goes back and he's like, hey. And he even has a, a thing like, you know what? You Monster Men were kind of the same, except. You know, you you don't have to think about stuff, you know, and, and all this, and you're free to be rage-filled and destroy stuff, but I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, this is all, and this and whole scene. And then working towards the fact that he might be going back yeah, to that. this because whole we scene have, is setting that's, that up. that's what I care the most about is because we've been pushing it a lot over the past couple issues, not even the past couple, but yeah. for a while now in the Detective Comics book. This is right in your face, Clayface's mind is freaking, you know, deteriorating the more he is the Clayface, you know, yep. like, like as we know him. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I would have like, all right, cool, the the fall of Clayface. Let's get into this and like, yep. 
more more anarchy and spoiler. God no, damn but it. even this, even this though, if you like Clayface in the book, now it, you get a good amount of Clayface here, more than you usually do, and at least he's just not replicating into eight hundred police officers like he always does. He's doing something. It seems ridiculous, but this scene is the beginning of the end for him if you ask me this is where they're going to put fully they've been hinting at it this fully spells out to me that you know what if things go wrong you're going to become a villain again and the way they have to do it which is worked out here you can't have clayface just become a villain he's too no. good a guy here you see him as a very sensitive guy he's helped cassandra he's done and he's helping anything he's asked to do he does he's almost been killed a million times so when he becomes a weird, villain again, we, we do have this Argus situation going on where Dr. October is in charge of it and dealing with the Monster Men situation. Yeah. That we have the detective squad. Like, you'd think they would have people from Argus to round up the monsters, but no, we yeah, have no, Batman they have and doing it. It seems maybe, very odd. Clay, maybe they just let them. It, it's just ridiculous. It's such a weird idea. Uh, but yeah, you if what I was saying, you have to have him when he becomes a villain. He can't remember any of this. He can't go back to being a villain and be like, you know what? I had a good time at the detective squad and all that. And this is set up that he says it again. You know what? I haven't been able to maintain my form for this long. Eight hours. Oh my God. Eventually my mind's going to bend and break and i'm not going to know what i'm doing again and i don't want that to happen and dr october's like listen we're, we're going to test this we have to test it we have to see if we can get you to the point of being able to be yourself you know normally when i just sat there and thought just give him that goddamn bracelet just let him be the bracelet and, and freaking you know he seems to have a good time with that but he's like listen if i go wrong you know what are you going to do how are you going to stop me and there's batman the dick that's where I'm here. And he's looking at all these guns. Nice Batman. And, oh, what a dick. But he's like, listen, I brought you into this team because I believe you can be better. And you've proven me right every step of the way. And he's, he's right. Clayface has. Clayface has pretty much been the most consistent hero in this book. He just always helps and is always getting the shit kicked out of him. And he just keeps going back. But, yeah, the whole thing with Dr. October, you have this little kind of, I don't know if it's romance forced. Brewing. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like, is it it's a, a romance? Up, but it's, it's, it's been weird going forward. All of a sudden, like, it seems like they've been hanging out a lot over the past He's couple in the weeks and going zone. out. He is yeah. in the friend zone, Eric. I, uh, yeah, and it's just – and I do want to mention she is a transsexual woman. Uh, yes. I think that people forget that or don't even know it, but she is. And Basil is a good guy, and they are – they're friends. I think he's in the friend zone, though. Uh, but, yeah, there's the whole thing. Can we order in? And she's like, I don't think anybody delivers to Monster Town. Why would they? But the, the whole thing that cracks me up of this is the beginning when Clayface comes Monster back. Monster Town. I also Clay like to call that Quaker Town. Yeah, Quaker Town. When he comes back, Clayface comes back to Dr. October, and he's like, hey, got some parasites here for you. And she's like, you know what? Not much good uh, from these things, but they're interesting to dissect. Now, he just went down there for nothing. They're going to get nothing. Like, why even have that? It's just very, very face busy work. Yeah, and, and like you said, then you go back to Anarchy and Stephanie where we want to see more of Clayface. But Clayface itself, everything in this seems like filler to me. The, this issue came out of nowhere, and it's just nonsense. But yeah, Anarchy and Spoiler then are fighting Argus awful dialogue uh, this dialogue of you know did they fail to tell you that anarchy has taken root in gotham and they're fighting and again guys are dead right you get yeah. that because he ends up throwing his stick 
uh, at the roof. The roof collapse on these guys. I believe they're dead. And then he spray paints so. an anarchy symbol on the rubble. Who who, spray, who tags rubble? I think I'm this shit's going to move, point, and then too, the whole I'm thing's ruined. I'm tag everything, and all the freaking tags outside the barriers going in the yeah. monster town. I'm like, all right, Anarchy, why don't you get the facer on here? She'll, she'd help you out. Yeah, really. But, yeah, there's spoiler. And they go out, and, they, you know, he wants to show Stephanie, uh, you know, this new way of doing things. And he goes in this tunnel, and then out of the fucking, there's Batman. Oh, Batman's and not just only watching. that, but the whole freaking conversation, what we have to have, like, to learn about the railway yeah, system that Tim Drake was developing. Yeah. He's telling her all about this. It's exactly like, oh, yeah. It's exactly we, we the same thing. we deal with this again, and I'm telling you, I'm yep. watching them walk through this freaking tunnel to, like, Anarchy's secret base he has. Yeah. And I'm like... It seems that this tunnel dead ends, and I'm like, yeah. "What was this railway system doing that we, where you know, Tim Drake was dealing but with? Even all this, we had the freaking bat bullet train and all this cool stuff." Yeah, where's Why the bullet train that end? Tim Drake made? We haven't seen that, but yeah, at this point, uh, they are going down to these tunnels, and that's where he's like, "Hey, yeah, before there was a vaccine." He's talking about these chicken pox parties. He's like, "You know what? We take this vaccine, we're going." And then I'm thinking, the way you're saying this. Leads me to believe that you're going down there and you're going to make people into monster men so that they can fight and get an immunity to it. But it doesn't seem to be that. No. This chicken pox party is nonsense because what they were. He's just when, the guy who read something interesting online and wants yeah, to come up with a way to talk to about it. He's trying to show how smart he is because he's like, hey, there was these chicken pox parties where kids uh, would play with other kids with chicken pox so they can develop an immunity before there was, you know, a, any sort of uh, vaccine. Yeah. And like, no, that's not what ends up happening. Hey, but hey, is, is, if that's not really like tickling your funny bone and like interesting bone, <laughs> yeah, here, check this out. Bone. This railway, they were building the subway yeah, and got then these, they start going. This was such a big thing. thing. Like, he yeah. is the worst conversationalist there is. Yep. And, and what was the funniest thing is as he's going, he's talking about, you know, they made this railway under Gotham and they did all this work. And I'm, I'm thinking like. Stephanie, you know this. Why are we getting it like this? Like usually they, you know, you'd be like, hey, funny thing. Oh, I know it. And she just lets him go and then gives him the zinger like, yeah, I know. They built it three feet too, you know, too narrow. How did you know that? And then she's like, I don't want to talk about it. Somebody else did. A friend told me. Yeah, and then all of a sudden she's mad because she's like, it's all right. Oh, that's when she's like, listen, okay, you're telling me this goddamn story. Let me see your face. Uh, you know, I know you're Lonnie. I could probably look it up on the internet. Just show Seriously. me your face. And he takes off his mask, and he's a sexy guy. You there are you a go. handsome fellow, Lonnie. Yeah, he's a sexy. He's like, is it all you hoped? And she's like, it's all right. Everything's where it should be. I'm like, really? Now this, take your this, pants this. off. I got to examine that now. Yeah, and then she's like, and then he says, so where would you find out about the trains? Nowhere. Friend of mine, let's keep moving. So why did she bring it up? And why did she bring it up if he's going to say, hey, why, how'd you find that out? Uh, you know I'm what? Claudia, this, this you whole read situation a book. actually reminded me a bit of the whole Batman telling uh, Catwoman the story of the jokes yeah. and riddles. Like, yeah. she was there. She knows. Yeah, she she should step up. up. That'd be funny. She's like, uh, yeah, that's when this happened. How did you know? I was there. I, I told you, baby. She gets I, all I upset. There. I was there. Remember we met? You, you fucking idiot. But yeah. You, you, you fucked me in that goddamn crime family yeah, house. Yeah, don't you remember? <laughs> and then slept overnight and, you know, didn't get caught. But yeah, then but she's talking. But all those talking. people die because of it? 
Yeah, and then Stephanie says, hey, I thought anarchy was all about ruining things, and this is when he says, no, 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 that's a comic book villain's idea of anarchy. Anarchy isn't about chaos. It's about tearing things or tearing things down. It's about building something new. That's when he goes. There's an anarchy symbol. He uses his magic cane there, his fucking hey, What is this? Stick. I just want to know, like, this whole know. system, because, you know, he puts his He's cane Gandalf. against the wall. There's an anarchy like symbol there, and then all of a sudden the freaking the brick wall moves aside. I'm like... This just seems like magic now. Like, it doesn't yeah. really seem like a way for this to actually be the way it's supposed to be, except for magic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I – it's ridiculous. He's Gandalf. And he's like, hey, listen, I'm starting something here. I need your help. It's going to be something new. It's going to be great. And I just look in here, and you look in, and it's, it's a, a tent city. It's a, yeah, it's a tent city underneath there. And they're, they're, the Hooverville. They're, I'm like, what the yeah, hell? it is. is they have, and the thing well, is, with Tim Drake being as smart as he is – you think with him doing the plans for the fucking bat bullet train, he, like would, that, have he seen would have realized something, like something was here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to find out that this was started after Tim was supposedly dead. Uh, if it was, Jesus Christ. Well, that's the problem. Like that that, that is the problem. We don't really get a time frame with stuff. I mean, this could be a year after. We wouldn't know. How no. would we know? Because they just keep throwing the stuff, especially this story that we haven't seen in so long and then just to be thrown down. But yeah, she, and the best is when she has this look of dread as she looks in and she's like, I don't like camping. I'm not a camper because she's, look, I hear that. does this look like chaos to you? A and little bit. Then, you yeah. got a shanty town. Yeah, that's a shanty town. That's Quaker Town right there, my friend. Hey, look at them all. They're goddamn tense. Where's the toilets? But yeah, it says next monsters unleashed. I just, I, I was bored, and and so the stuff, I'm really bored because you had the beginning with Stephanie and Tim. You don't get anything if you've been reading this book. You don't get anything new. And when you're reading it, to me. I'm thinking, boy, if somebody just jumped on now, they heard, oh, my God, Batman knows that Tim Drake's alive. Oh, I got to check this out and jumps in. You don't get any sort of inkling about anything that's going on. So then all of a sudden you get Anarchy and Stephanie that they seem like fast friends. Uh, you and know, it's, she it's knows his name. It's all and it, recap issue. Yeah, it's all. What they do and here, you have, besides her saying that they stole vaccines and yeah. he has this goddamn shantytown. There's no real progression because we, you know, we're reminded no. that Clayface is having a problem. Doctor October is dealing with the Monster Men. The Monster Men are still in town, so it's really yeah. just recapping you up on the series yep. you've already read. And then you have the whole thing where because Clayface out of nowhere is doing that, it just made me think that that's their setup for him becoming bad again. And it'll be, you know, Batman will be sad. Everybody will be sad. But, you know, that's Clayface will be off. And then you have Stephanie, who is working with Lonnie, who seems to have the same kind of idea, just a different way of going about it than Tim Drake had. So when Tim comes back, he's probably going to be pissed. I, I don't know. It just... I was bored. I, I gave it a 6 out of 10. I did like the art enough. I thought Tim looked weird at the beginning, but after that, everything looked pretty good. Uh, but the storytelling was just boring, and really the dialogue was. was a little off, and I just I didn't enjoy it. What would you give it? I'd give it a 6.3 out of 10 because while you know we read every damn week, maybe yeah. some people do need a reminder of what's been going on in this series because, like we said, it is out of nowhere. We jump back to freaking, you know, spoiler and anarchy, Monster Town. Yeah. All these things just seem out of nowhere here, so they kind of do need an issue to recap everything. Yeah, because but what did they it recap? Out of nowhere. I'm just they the didn't ideas. recap anything, though. Do you know, if you read this, just picked it up, would you know Tim Drake's dead? No, no, absolutely no, not. you wouldn't know. So you would you know that besides, you know, you would actually think in my mind 
that Stephanie is cheating on Tim now. You'd be sitting here if there's you'd be sitting here thinking, why doesn't she go talk to Tim like this? Why is she dealing with anarchy? Would you know exactly what the monster men are? No, no, that, that's what I'm saying. This recap that we got is bad recap for us and horrible recap for somebody just picking up the book. That makes it to me even worse than just a nonsense if we had a, an issue that was properly recapped to get new readers on because they are heading to a big story with Tim right. Drake. I think that it was a failure on both uh, both ways. Uh, it just it infuriated me. But did you give your score? I'm just I, stepping I don't on remember. your toes. I give it a 6.3 out of 10 because I yeah. really did enjoy the art in this issue. Yeah, and the art was pretty I don't good. Know, it's one of those things where I think that I have recently gotten on the detective trolley because I've been enjoying the stuff they've been giving me, even though it kind of fizzled out in the last arc at the end. Yeah, but, but it was. But that was the good arc. That that. That anarchy yeah, arc was good. Uh, not anarchy, that uh, intelligence, intelligence yeah. arc. And you don't even like freaking uh, Asriel, yeah. and we enjoyed it. But now we're back. This book just ping-pongs from shitty to okay. It just goes back and forth. I'd rather have the okay. Well, we're going to deal with Monster Men next issue. Uh, just I, I guess that Monster Men will attack the Shantytown or something, Eric. I don't know. But now we get to move on to actually the book that we enjoyed for the week, it seems. And that would be a Nightwing New Order. And it is Nightwing New Order number one, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Trevor McCarthy, Dean White, and Clayton Cowles. Here we go, Eric. Kyle Higgins is back at DC and writing his favorite character, Nightwing. While I was pumped for this Elseworld story showing a dystopian future, the slow pace of this first issue really threw me off. Sure, I like that Higgins isn't holding the reader's hand and letting them find out the story and is letting them find out the story elements naturally. But it came off a bit more boring than I was hoping for, and I do like it. I'll tell you right now, I liked it. It actually threw me off that where we go from – we have six issues to to really tell a story – I don't know that you're really getting enough background in this first issue to really set you going forward, and you don't really get much in story going forward either, though it ends in a cliffhanger, though. I, I don't know about you. I saw that cliffhanger coming from a million miles away. You oh, yeah, totally. Got the it's, it's such a weird thing because it's like he doesn't hold your hand. He does not over-explain the story. You get no. dropped in, like after, after a, like a cold opening, like what set this thing in motion 12 years ago, you yes. get dropped in essentially in a day in the life of future yeah, it's Dick a day Grayson. In the life, yes. And that's all it is. And, and just I think going, that, and leading I think into that, the story that we're going to deal with. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that he does well then, because like you said, it starts off, and we'll get right, we'll get into it in a second, but the actual issue takes 12 years past this. So 12 years from now, you're not going to be talking about, you know, the crazy shit that happened 12 years ago. Like you said, you're just going to be going about your day. He does it very naturally how he mentions who's dead, who's alive, things like that. Like I'll tell you right now in this book, Bruce Wayne is dead and they really don't come out. Kyle Higgins does not hit you over the head with it. You no. actually find out. You pick as it up casually go. through dialogue. Yeah, naturally with that. Uh, it does start out 12 years before, and it, I think that's going to throw a lot of people off because I'm telling this you, is I, a future I, story. I, I actually had a problem with that right off the bat nope. where I thought at some point, like this was 12 years in the future. In the, yes. And then when I saw the like the timestamp later on, I'm like, wait, that's not 12 years now. No, and then I had to no. go back and reread them. Like, oh, I'm a big fucking idiot. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, th- and I think that a lot of people are going to be confused with this because it does say Metropolis 12 years ago. And naturally, uh, most people, unlike you, Eric, but, but <laughs> most people will think, oh, that's 12 years in the past in our regular continuity, which, number one, you can't go with because this isn't in our continuity. But no. having a future story 
that starts off with a flashback of the future, uh, to me, was a little more confusing than it needed to be. You didn't have to do that. Just have the year. Have the year because later you do have the year. Now, you also get the subtle hint later that 12 years ago, ah, I wonder if his kid's 12 years old because he is. You know what I mean? So all of this that happens and throughout the issue, there is the – it's basically the one thing that's repeated is the repeat of sometimes you have to do the hard things to protect somebody you love or to protect the people you love the most. So obviously when this starts – Dick Grayson is protecting his son and doing this because of that, or at least that's what leads to all this stuff. Now it comes off where he is basically looks like Dick looks like he's killing the Justice League. It looks like he has he's killing much destroyed everybody with superpowers. Like when you get to that freaking thing after he takes out Superman, he oh, says, crazy. "I had to save the world." You see Doomsday there, Captain yeah, Doomsday. Cold, Green Lantern. It's crazy. Oh, I mean, why are these people – there's Cheetah, it looks like, in the one thing. Why are they all in this one area? I guess we're going to find that. We should find out what happened. But this even looks like – like I couldn't say that Doomsday's there from fighting people. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like this is – I don't know. You also like, see Shazam you, the, there. The thing there's is, like, there's, a, there's a bit of dialogue later on when his, he's talking to his son. He's putting his son yeah. to bed. And he's like – his son wants to know why he stopped being Nightwing. You know, twelve yeah. years from ne- like you know, at, from this point, God damn it! Now yep. I'm gonna forget all. I fucked know. Up. Well, this is what I'm but, saying. Um, that was that was a misstep. Twelve from, years in my after mind. the point where Dick Grayson stopped all the superpowers, it looked like he had a device that he like his son said he blew the thing up, which it seems yeah. weird to say he blew it up because he's holding a device when we see the thing. But it does look, it look like Metropolis like is in shut ruins. Down, yeah, he shut down everything in the middle of a goddamn a gigantic fight going yep. on between all these supervillains and all these heroes, yeah. and he realized he had to save the world. And then shut everything down and yeah, order everything to do it. down. This has to All end. superpowers. And like you said, it starts off, and you have Superman. He's got rebar coming out of him. I mean, he looks messed up. And initially, and- I'm telling you, we jump into this book and we see this flashback scene. And I see Dick Grayson holding a device, and I look at him like, that's the cosmic key yes. from the Masters of the Universe movie. You, How you the said hell is that. And if anybody looks it up, look it up. The cosmic key from the Masters of the Universe movie. I actually uh, tweeted that to Trevor McCarthy and Kyle Higgins and said, when did he get this and why? And I, I really, asked when we're going to have the He-Man crossover. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you're joking with that? You're not. It no. Is, it is it. That is what it is. There is no doubt in my mind. It looks exactly. There is I'm no doubt. You, the, the weird part about all of this is that, like, I had to go and reevaluate because once I saw the cosmic key in Dick Grayson's hands here, yeah. my mind started spinning in all these directions. Oh, like, yeah. I, I'm it's reading crazy. the book. I already have my ideas about what this book's about just because I see the cosmic key, which, yeah. you know, in the Masters of the Universe mythology in the movie, it's a device that allows you to travel through any dimension at any time and go backwards. It's pretty much the travel lantern from the Green Lantern books is what yeah. we have right here. And I'm like, when I see his boy, he's 12 years old. Uh, in my mind, he went back in time and freaking took Superman when he first came at to freaking like Kansas back in the day and t- called him his that's son. It. And I started that's having these crazy. strange ideas yeah, because and- like. It's a cosmic key gem. And you say this, it um when I when I do put this up on Twitter, uh if you go to our Twitter page, I'll probably put that picture up with it. I'll put it in right. with the cover and then possibly in that, or maybe I'll put it in the show notes if I can if I can shove it in there. But you have to look it up because it it, it, it it's that. And it's so crazy and, and I don't think it's that. I think that it's just either they were inspired by it or well, whatnot. That, exactly. But there, the thing is, the Masters of the Universe is a DC property. Yes, I don't is. know how it goes with the movies or whatnot, but still, it is a thing, and they have fought the Justice League. So yep. it's not 
it's not I don't think it's what it is, but there is a half a percent chance. There is a possibility. And, and I'm telling you, just crazy. the dialogue we get from Dick's son Jake later on, you know, twelve years down the line, when he's talking about how you you blew it up that and you stopped all the superpowers, Mike. All right, this this can't be what I think it is just from no. this dialogue alone. He did something so just funny, to stop though. superpowers, and in my mind, the cosmic key cannot be related to that. Yeah, so what you really get here, you're getting a story. It, it's nothing that I would consider new, but it's a future where uh, superpowers are looked at as bad. You have to take this drug, this suppressant drug, drill, yeah, to, drug suppress yeah. your, to suppress your metahuman abilities. And if you don't, you are a, you know, you're a criminal. You get chased down. Well, now, and, the, and we've talked about this whole thing with the whole idea with, you know, Dark Knight's metal going on now. Scott yeah. Snyder using them like the nth metal as a way yeah, to bring Yeah, this is what I was around. afraid you would get and in the DCU. Exactly. Problem. And the thing is, we have this idea of metahumans and how you have to take an inhibitor. And we've had a discussion ourselves about... What exactly is a metahuman? Because Superman, yeah. he's an alien. His powers are not yeah. metahuman. Green Lantern, not metahuman. Well, Flash, that's not the problem. Is... We have all of these freaking characters here. Like the majority of the Justice League, if not all yes. of them, are not metahumans. And, and that's the problem is as you go on and as we get into the nitty gritty of this and go, uh, that seems to be one of the major problems of this universe, of this you know time deal where Nightwing has done this and he's trying to suppress the metahumans. He thinks that's for the good of everyone, at least in the U.S. Yeah. It just says the U.S. But you know, we'll just consider it the world anyway. Uh, well, the problem point, the is they spell it out. That's all we care well, about, yeah, right? Well, they, they spell it out, though, and say that there are, there are people there that this drug doesn't work on. The inhibitor does not the work on. The inhibitor doesn't work on. And I would yeah. assume that would be a Superman who's and an I, alien. Like, this I'm is not you, a metahuman ability. It's odd idea because I think when he's having a discussion with Alfred, because Alfred's against his whole heart. Yeah, like, he Alfred's just way he's against wrong, it. And yep. he, like, you know, he's trying to get his little, like, ideas in the Tim after, I mean, Dick after yeah. having a nice dinner. He's like, Dick, you know, I love you, boy, but let's talk about your life yeah, choice. And it, it seems like here. a talk that and they've had a million times. Exactly. And, you know, and, they're like, not... Dick, Dick says it's like less than like 1% of the, like the, the yeah. metahumans are yep. in stasis. So I'm like, I'm looking at the scene where, you know, he's walking away from the rubble with all these people down. I'm like, this is, there's more than 1% yeah, here. Yeah, I don't know. For some yeah. reason, like the idea that we have talked about, the amount of metahumans in the DCU that was even, actually would make up metahumans. There's even Etrigan there, it looks like, yeah. who's uh, like next to Superman when he's got the rebar on. Hey, here's the thing, though. If they're going to go with it at this point, it is in the future. It's in our future, even this 12 years ago. Yeah. And maybe at this point, we're going to get some generic new metahumans. Maybe it's the thing that some of the metahumans, they're not even heroes. They were just maybe, people maybe that had powers on the side. Maybe they're just using meta as an overall term now, whether I, it means I do alien, think magical, are. whatever. Yeah. Oh, I think that that just means this has nothing to do with the metal. This has not, all this is is if you have superpowers, I, you have thing, to come though, and like, get checked. Even and before, it, we're going to give even you the inhibitor. The, the metal idea, though, the, the term metahuman, like from the meta gene, you know, that is something not everybody has, and yes. none of the characters that we like really know. Like, I'm saying there are a couple here and there, but for the majority of the DC heroes, n- none of them are really. Well, that's the problem. This is the thing that normally in a story like this, you can't have Dick Grayson say, "You know what? We rounded up all the heroes." Because then you don't have your story. This is the exactly. same as what I said when Amanda Waller was saying metahuman. Rob Williams had him had her say that, and it was a term. misstep. This is just a generic term he's using, yeah. so that we know, like a a green arrow is not going to be rounded up, you know. And I would I would suppose or guess that we're going to see some of these heroes that may be still alive that weren't powered heroes right. and kind of go. But again, if anybody who says 
gets all mad about this. This is an Elseworlds story. This is not a story in continuity. So all of this is, you know, it's let's play with our toys and let's play make-believe in a world where Dick Grayson has decided that for the better of the world, we need to get rid of superpowers. And that's an interesting story to me. Yeah, and I I saw people, and and I agree with them only in the point where that that cover – it was a really bad choice with all the stuff that's going on, even in the real world nowadays, but with especially with Captain America. And if you want to talk about a character in DC that is as quote unquote good as a Captain America, it is Dick Grayson. I mean, Kyle Higgins has grabbed a character here and even says it in the book. He was the heart of the, you know, the superheroes. And now he did this. He, they, Kyle Higgins picked the one character who was the best guy of all of them to do this. Uh, just because, you know, the juxtaposition of the tough choice he had to make and that he was the heart of all these. But this is not the same as a Captain America being part of Hydra and then going, yeah, yeah, and then going the next step and saying he's a Nazi because I saw them say this. All they were doing was looking at the cover and looking at the Nightwing, the New Order. Oh, that's going to be a Nightwing who's Hitler and he's going to have a hit squad and things like that. Yeah, they, they do have a kind of play with that but Dick Grayson is not a bad guy in this. No. He really isn't. He's just doing what he thinks. He's a guy wrong. who has made a decision on how to actually save the world, and he's yeah. gone through of it, and he's had to make the tough choices because you. in order to do it in his mind, the, the decision he's made, he's had to freaking yeah. you know, become the traitor of all of the, yeah. everybody he knew This is just another version of injustice. I mean yeah. the injustice story of Superman deciding, Batman, I've had enough. You keep letting these villains go. You let the Joker go, and now my wife and kid you know, it's way are less dead. Evil I'm going to do mind. it. Yeah, but I'm saying it's still the same type of story. But yeah, Dick Grayson has decided this is for the good of everybody. It's obvious that a lot of people agree with him. A lot of people don't. And you do get a pretty good sequence then after this beginning where the Justice League and everybody else seems to be, you know, dead or hurt. Uh, you go to see Dr. Light, who's an older fella at this in point. In our present future. <laughs> yeah, in our present future. I, I'm telling you, it's confusing why he did that. But he Was it is, 2040? Yeah, 2040. And he's decided not to take his medicine. And so he's trying to get away. He says, even to Dick Grayson as they're going and as Dick Grayson jumps into, you know, to get him, he says, listen, I'm an old man. I'm not going to do anything. But under duress, he does. And he does. Oh, yeah, trying to get away from the freaking the Crusaders, like, which is, you know, Dick's freaking task force to round up the freaking metahumans. He ends up hurting a bunch of soldiers. Yeah, yeah, he does. And again, it's like, when he is kind of cornered, he does use his power. So the, on one hand, you're like, wait a minute. You know what? These people shouldn't be suppressed like this. But he is basically proving to Dick that Dick's right this whole time. Because yeah. Dick's chasing him. And it's pretty cool, like, Nightwing sequences. He's doing his flips and stuff. And you have to remember, this is an older Nightwing. Uh, but he seems to be enjoying it. He's, you know, he's out there well, doing his thing. he's a guy who doesn't get out and about as much no. anymore. He's freaking, you know, behind a desk a lot of the time. When he gets to do some field work, he's going to do some flips every now yeah. and again. And and he, you have the, like you said, the Crusaders. They are a Nightwing style Batwing suits, and they have it's the Nightwing symbol on it. It's a lot like we have in it. Detective Comics right now yes. with the colony. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And he's chasing Doctor Light. And the biggest part to me is, and it's an extended chase scene. You get him. Uh, Doctor Light doesn't want to be taken. When Dick finally gets him, I thought that the biggest thing was Doctor Light just saying, "Listen, please don't give me this inhibitor. It messes with my head." 
Yeah. And you're like, oh man, it, it really. And I've taken I've up. taken antidepressants before. They turned me Tell into me. a zombie, and I, I had to get of off Zoloft. this shit because it messed I, with my head. It's exactly my wife what got I got me of on too. Zoloft, and I was a zombie. I, I couldn't think straight, and everything seemed fine. Yeah, it did mess with my head. So he's just like, you know what? And that I like that little thing that's thrown in there because these drugs obviously are not just okay dr light i give you these and you're no longer dr light you're just arthur no he's less than that it, it really does affect him and he just goes and he's being arrested and he's I'm arrested you, if, if you want to go with it really it's a lot like identity crisis where they did yeah. diminish dr light after he raped freaking oh, you know I, uh, uh, yeah yeah yeah, it wasn't like he was a great guy. Wife. I'm exactly. Poor, the thing is, like, but they Light. made him He's less than used. he was, so yes. he would never be able to do that kind of shit again. And that's exactly what Dick's yeah, doing I think with they're playing drug with right now. I actually think they're playing with that a little. Uh, yeah, you have all this, then you have Dick Grayson with this, you know, his Crusaders deal, and he's having a press conference. He's telling everybody about it. Hey, look, I have to do what's necessary. We have the whole power. And again, this is not a book where Kyle Higgins is going to tell you, like, listen, Batman's dead. Commissioner yeah. Gordon's dead. This is that. And the other thing, you're getting it all through dialogue. But yeah, he says, you know, I'm concerned because illegal, it's illegal to possess metahuman abilities in the United States and not be on our inhibitors, period. And then that's when... You you have this little thing thrown in with a reporter. And, hey, there was a report in the Times earlier today about a black market abilities coming out of Metropolis. And you're like, huh, like that's something big going on. And then you just you kind of move on from that and you meet the people in his crusaders and they're okay. You know what I mean? There's yeah, Liz yeah. and she's okay. She's a, a lady and she's like, hey, hey, old man, you know, I heard you were out there running around and, and stuff like that. And it, you don't get a lot of it, though. I actually said in my review, oh, yeah. I want it's, more it's, of that. It's very limited because when you get back to Command Central, whatever you want to call it, you yeah. have Liz, who seems to be his personal assistant as part yes. of the Crusaders. And, and I also, wanted to see more of her. And, and, Brady. and Brady, who seems to be in charge of surveillance or yeah, something surveillance along those lines. Yeah, surveillance and even maybe a tech guy, a little. I, I don't maybe. know. but Like uh, you don't I, get a yeah. big background on these characters. No, I wanted to see more of them. Followed Nightwing around and like you know talk to him and just keep the exposition moving. Yeah, and I love the interaction between uh, Nightwing and Liz. I, yeah, you know Dick Grayson. I keep saying Nightwing. He really has retired from being Nightwing, but I really like that. Uh, but they get word that some a factory break in that the inhibitor medication is destroyed, and you get through the dialogue again that. You have this keep going on. They have this inhibitor drug. It's being manufactured in factories, and somebody keeps breaking into the factories and destroying the drug. And then they said, you think it's him? And like, ah, I don't know. You know, the security guards would have seen him. And like, okay, it's, it's probably him. And the him ends up being Wally West. They yes. do tell and you Yeah, and I've thing is, too. Even that, without them spelling it out, because we have, like, yeah. one quick, like, video surveillancing where they're able to yeah. catch a gleam of light, and I'm like, it's zigzagging, and I'm like, yeah. they say, it's Wally West. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you can figure that shit out, because I wouldn't have been able well, to. Well, I, I actually, when it started, and they said, oh, do you think it's him and all that, I actually thought it was Superman. I thought that somehow Superman got free oh, well. of this and went, but yes, it's more intriguing that it's Wally West because then now you have two best friends on opposite sides. That's pretty yeah. darn good. And they're like, you know what? We're going to check it out. I want to go over to the site. And they're like, you know, are why are you still here? It's Tuesday. You have your dinner. And he's like, oh, my God, I forgot. I got to get going. And he goes back to his house. And now and, we uh, see the balancing act of Dick Grayson's life where he has to balance his career with his home yep, wife and his yeah. son, Jake. Yeah. And even then, it's his son then is talking. Throughout this, you get a narration of his son talking about 
basically like, you know what? When you're growing up, you think that your dads or your parents are superheroes. You always think I love the right. narration and oh, this going great. Jake as he yep. as it goes throughout the story. It is it. really good. I actually just stopped reading the dialogue at one part because I didn't want to lose any of the narration flow. Yeah, it was so I just started really reading good. the narration. And one of the things he's like, Hey, uh, my dad spent most of his life trying to pull off a ridiculous balancing act. Head of the Crusader Division, father, worldwide celebrity. After Metropolis, Dick Grayson became something different to everyone, including a traitor. And that's when he that goes in and says, you know what, my dad was a guy, Dick Grayson was a guy who never wanted to let anybody down. He no. always wanted to be the guy who was in the right and being a good guy. And he did. He had to become a traitor pretty much to a lot of people, it seems. To, to everybody, do what he's pretty doing. much all of his friends and family. Yeah, and then it says eventually every kid has to realize the truth that their parents aren't superheroes. And I was like, boy, that, that is a really good narration uh, I know. for, for a Jake. I, I found myself – I'm telling you, the dialogue, it's very good. I think the narration just kills it though because oh, – it does. Not, the narration like, so kills awesome. it in a good way because yeah. the narration just overshadows the, the well-written dialogue because it yeah, was really so well-written. Yep. And it, it's a – again, I said at the beginning of my blurb, it's just you don't get enough. And, and maybe that's good. The problem is is as it's going on, all I can think of is he only got six issues, Kyle. Yeah. Get a move on because I want to know all this. I want to know everything about it. I want to know what happened to the Justice League after what happened 12 years ago at Metropolis. I want to see why Wally West or how he got out. I want to see how Bruce out. died. Yeah, I want to see how Bruce died because as they go, it's just mentioned in passing. And that's what I like. I said – Yes, I, it's not over. I want to know oh, more. Oh, exactly. It's not goddamn Saturn girl fucking watching a hockey game and no. realizing and like, shit oh was my going god, down. it's now. Hey, it's you, now. Me- you remember? You remember twelve years ago out of nowhere? Yeah. You know, it's not brought up fucking. Yeah, you don't out of sit nowhere there and you. talk about something that happened twelve years ago a lot. But when he goes back uh, to his house for his dinner, it is his son and Alfred, and it was a dinner that Alfred was coming to visit. He lives in Arizona now, Eric, and he's there. Poor he's Al. made. Yeah, I know. He's made dinner. Uh, for them and you know jake's helping out and jake does look just like a young nightwing he looks like and that's the thing is too when i'm looking at jake and he's 12 years old and i saw the cosmic i'm like because dick bruce and clark all look the same to a degree i'm saying that could be a young superman in my mind i don't know why i I kept going with this goddamn idea just because of the cosmic you're crazy and then they're talking and and it's uh, it's a big thing his son jake's there and he's like hey you know what uh Chris Ramsey, he's jealous because – and they're talking basketball. He's like, you know, he says – I the coach says I could be a shooting guard and he's a, a small – or a small forward. But Chris thinks he should be. But then it turns around. This and, dialogue here, I'm like, all right, you lost me, Kyle. Yeah, Higgins. but then Chris – then you find out later after you know they go and, and Dick talks to his son is that this Chris Ramsey actually is related to Dr. Light. Yeah, his uncle and, is Dr. Yeah. Light. And the whole reason that he was upset wasn't about basketball. It was about freaking Nightwing going and taking his uncle down yeah, and doing It wasn't even just deal. that. He actually says it in general and says to him you know what before your dad did what he did the everything was better like everything your dad did in metropolis was a bunch of bullshit and yeah and that's when his son says because then you have alfred and you know alfred you get a little talk and alfred does he disagrees with with dick what he's doing and but he's not gonna but he still loves dick yeah he loves him and the weird thing about it is He's like, hey, you know what? With yeah, hey, you know, kids, Alfred. You know, he, my son's crazy. He's like, listen, I've raised a lot of kids. You, Tim. I'm like, you son of a. No, Damien mentioned. So I was like, does this mean just that there's no? I I don't know if they're in this. I don't know if they're in this this continuity because why wouldn't he mention Damien? Like Damien would be the one. Bruce raised Damien, you know, in his mind. 
they, they would have mentioned it. I and, just and, actually the thing is, it's funny you said Damien because for some reason. Damien completely slipped my mind. Looking yeah, it's at this. Just I just weird because that's my the mind one immediately that... went back to like Jason not being on that portrait of Wayne Manor. I'm like yeah. nobody likes. Yeah, Jason. it just seems like maybe that in this there will only be Tim. But again, when that's mentioned, I want to know where Tim is. Where yeah. is Tim? Because well, you I have... was looking at some covers of uh, future like uh, issues and stuff like that, and Tim will be showing up. Yeah, and and that's where I wonder. What's going on if Tim's on, on Dick's side, if they're still friends, or if he's on this resistance side that Wally West seems to be? Because it's not like Alfred says Tim, and they kind of like, oh, man, you know, when was the last time you talked to him? I don't want to talk about it, Alfred. So it's just mentioned out yeah. there, but not having any Because even it's you not over-the-top forced, you know? Yeah, and even because you saying say with Jason, Jason not being mentioned, and Damien, it's just weird. But you do get the whole deal that Bruce is dead. Uh, but then Dick's like, hey, I got to go. And that's the and most fucked up son. part because Dick did all of this, it seems like. And it seems that Dick inherited all of Bruce's yeah, all fortune of it, yeah. and shit but like that. But it seems like so, also that Alfred is like kind of the executor of yeah. the – because the business side of things, Alfred seems to always have to sign off on. Uh, but yeah, Dick seems to be very rich and he's doing this and seems – Alfred even you know accuses him of using Bruce Wayne's money to, to pass a wall fund to, these laws about the, the supers deal. And it, I, I actually thought that at one point Alfred was going to say, like, do you think Bruce would have liked this? You know, is yeah. this something that Bruce would have been behind? But you could guess that maybe they've already had that conversation. So I'm it's sure very they have. natural for something 12 years later because the only reason this seems to come up is because on the news is the Dr. Light stuff. And he's like, you know what? I, he's still doing this. I don't so know if this is natural. the right thing to do. And then that's when it comes up with what about those that you know that can't be suppressed well they're in stasis and is that humane and all this and like hey it's only one percent that's where you get all that talk is between right. dick and alfred and dick goes to you know talk to jake and talk to him about doing his algebra and help him and they do they they work on the homework and then this is where jake's like you know what happened? Well, he says, listen, Chris wasn't mad at me about basketball. He's mad because of what happened uh, with his uncle. And, you know, he says that the stuff you did kind of ruined everybody. It ruined everything. And he said, why did you stop being Nightwing? And he's like, you know what? He keeps saying, and, and even then... Jake says, is it because, you know, your people were getting hurt? No, was it about mom? And like you hurt people like you hurt mom. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, listen, you know, uh, right now, as painful as it is, we need the world like this. And sometimes we have to make the hard decisions for the people we care most about. And that's what they said. And the other thing that I think is kind of a neat thing and a kind of a telling thing that shows you that it's not that Dick Grayson is like, listen, superheroes are bullshit. We can't have him because he does allow his son to have all sorts of – he has a Superman I'm looking at a Superman freaking giant – it's either a poster or a big old action figure yeah. like I have on my desk. He's got Nightwing posters everywhere. Yeah, he's got Nightwing posters. So he's. it's not like he's there to say like this is bullshit and whatever. And he does seem to – he just doesn't want to talk about it. I mean it yeah. seems to be one of the worst things it's that happened. a man who's come him. back from war. Yeah, and what he had to do – uh, in his mind to, to protect pretty much his son, it seems. That's, you know, they keep saying that, but it has to just be his son. And it looks like he either hurt Jake's mom, who would be possibly, you know, Dick's wife. I don't know if they got married or if they were living in sin. Eric, I'm Ooh. not sure. Or it just, <laughs> or she's in stasis is what you would think. But right. when Alfred says, Alfred says, when was the last time you heard from her? 
And is it that Alfred wouldn't know that she's in stasis and he's trying to kind of pry into that? Or is it that she left? Because then the weirdest thing about this is, is that Dick doesn't say, oh, you know what? I have to do what I have to do. He's like, I'm still trying to figure out why she left us. And so I don't think he – the hurt, I think, is just it's, that – It's just an odd idea because everything that we see, you know, Dick being this man of conviction and, ha- conviction yeah. and having to make the hard choices to keep the world safe. If his wife, you know, had superpowers, whoever's wife may be at this yeah. point, it kind of looks like it might be Starfire if we're going to go with the whole Jake having superpowers. That's what I man. thought it was. I um, thought it was Starfire. But, you know – you would think that he would have to freaking inject her or she would have to yes. be in stasis well, because and if he's you go making by, these hard choices. And, and as even, we were going, yeah, I think that you would have to have her in stasis. She's an yeah. alien. So what and we're like, thinking. You know, where the story goes is it looks like we're, you know, Jake developed superpowers by the end and Dick is going to have to go against his own things to keep him safe and yeah. out of harm's way. Yeah. It's just an odd thing because he's already had to make, in my mind, at least this is how I took it make going. Make that in. decision. He had to make the hard choice with his mother, all like uh, Jake's mother, like he's not about to do it with the son because he's going to be completely alone now. Like he's going to start questioning himself if he was making yeah, the right I decision actually, this the whole time. Yeah, actually, the way I took it as is whatever, and say we're guessing that it's Starfire. It may not be. Yeah, but I have whoever no idea. it is, say it's Starfire. Say it's Supergirl. What, whoever say, it is, say this is it's his mother is from Planet Krypton, and this is a young Clark Kent brought yeah, out from the past with the happening. cosmic key. I no, could just say it's the cosmic. You were confusing <laughs> everyone now. Everybody's like, "What the fuck is he? He's a fucking moron." But no, no it's, say it's Starfire. Yeah. Yeah. Starfire, I think that we're going to see that she he allowed her to kind of stay around. Like, hey, you can just do this. But I think that what would have driven her away would have been the fact that, say, a Wally West was going to have to be taken in or a Beast Boy yeah. or, you know, things like that. A uh, Garth, a, you know, Troy, something whatever. that, you know, you would see that. That's why she's like, I got to get out of here. This, you are a monster, and these are our friends. And he had to go against it. I, I really think that that's where we're going to get that she is out and about, but part of this resistance as well. And he just had to let her go. He didn't want to do something because at the end, they're, they're talking about, you know, what happened in this lab, who destroyed things. You get the idea, or they just spelled out. It's Wally West. And yes. in the meantime, uh, Dick gets a call from the school. And they, I think Kyle Higgins set it up pretty good while they were having the dinner with alfred uh he does mention you can't imagine the amount of times i get called from the school for this kid you know he's really having a problem this year and whatnot and so you get this call so he heads over there i don't think at this point he thinks it's anything but what he's been called about before but the teacher is like hey listen uh you know we really appreciate what you do i we think that you're a great guy you've been really helping everybody in the country itself so we thought we'd be a little you know down low they're being very discreet about this whole thing because you know while you know people have their opinions about dick grace and how things used to be better before he stopped all the powers and shit like that it seems like a lot of people are with him with this oh, yeah, whole idea. A lot idea. of people seem to be like, and this is a better, better time. Exactly. I mean, we don't, we Gorilla don't Grodd isn't destroying the, fucking yeah, shit. Gorilla all Grodd the doesn't time. show up and destroy shit anymore. But so. it's, it's such an odd thing where it's just almost under it, almost made me feel kind of dirty where, you know, well, Dick I is this high up to. kind of guy. And like, all right, we're going to be very discreet about this because Dick is a celebrity. He is a, a hero mean, of the freaking nation. How many times nation. have we seen a movie where you have a guy who's, you know, a celebrity and his son is an awful piece of shit yeah. and they go to him like, like, listen, we didn't want this to get – I mean I say a movie. This happens in real life where they go and like, listen, we don't want this to get in the press. We know you're running for office here and we got to do this. So if you just take them, we, we trust that you'll take care of them yourself. Uh, the, the worst thing about it where you said you feel dirty, I'm reading it and they're like – he's like, hey, 
Who knows? Oh, just the coach. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> I'm like, Dick is going to kill this guy when it comes down to, okay, either my son is out and I'll never see him again because they're going to have to put him in stasis, or I killed the gym teacher and everyone at this goddamn school. Yeah, you guys are going to die. That's the hard choices, Eric, it's for someone you choices. love. Yes, but yeah, he goes into the gym locker room and his son's there, and he's got glow, you know, glowing red around. And his I don't eyes, even know, like I'm saying, how, how would you describe this glow around his eyes? I don't know. Like, it's not exactly like a heat vision because it doesn't no. really come off to me anything that Starfire would no, have because I don't of know. the red eyes, like that. The red eyes immediately make you think of some kind of super yeah, but it character, doesn't look like girl. a heat vision. No, though. exactly. I mean, he so is crying I, as well, I, so I maybe it's at, fucking it up. But maybe, I don't but know. I, I look at this, I'm just like. I really can't gleam any kind of guess what this could no. be from what we have here, who his mother could be with these power set. But like I said, I, I think that the other thing was it was really trying to push you towards thinking that it was Barbara Gordon before. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, she left, whatever. Well, but no, you always have those two things. Like you have freaking, you know, Starfire in your mind or Batgirl for a year. Yeah, know, that's why I thought they would just go with the generic Starfire. But if it's not, that's fine. I, I don't know. And then it says next, like mother, like son. So yeah, we're going to find out. And maybe this is a heat vision that's gone a little wonky because he's crying and, it, and it's Supergirl. Uh, it could be anything in this, and I, I'm interested to see who and it that, might that, be. That's really why I am interested, because it could be anything. And that's, I'm telling you, I love a continuity. I love an ongoing story. I love the surprise of not knowing anything going in, because yeah. you know I can't yell about anything, because whatever they give me no. is the continuity. Yeah, it and is I the continuity. To, I can just sit back it. and enjoy Continuity it. kid can smoke and sit back and love it. But exactly. yeah, even so, here's the thing, too. If it's Starfire's son... It doesn't mean he has to have Starfire's power set either. So sure. you know, I don't know what a human Tamaranian would yeah, do. Yeah, we you can know? see what goes on with that. And now, when this comes about, I think that the big thing where Dick goes in and sees his son like this, he had to have known this is going to happen. I think that he probably would have looked into it a little bit before now. Also, I just want to point out that the narration from his son is in the future. I mean, this is a, it, Jake's narration is the, you oh, know, yeah. it's this story this has tale, already. It seems like, yeah. yeah. This story has already happened, so it's him looking back, uh, which only makes me think that shit's going to go real wrong for Dick Grayson by yeah. the end and may end up dead by the end of the series. But we'll see. Well, even uh, after that whole thing where you know he's having the conversation with his son before he's talking to me, he's like, over the years I've thought about that conversation a yeah, lot, about yeah. dad's conviction, about my nativity. But most of all, I think about it was our last real moment together before our lives went to complete hell. I'm like, yeah, all right, well, shit's gone because, bad. Yeah, because his powers now have manifested. So that. That's the problem. It's And again, this is almost like the opposite of like a sky high, which I really like, Eric. Where yes, he he really wanted his powers to come out. Like this must be a thing where Jake was growing up and he seems to know a little more about his mom than, than you know, we're getting yet. And right. he probably was just hoping this would never happen because it would just upset his dad and cause a lot of problems for himself. So, yeah, uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I like the art. I like the style of art. I think it, it makes it so that, you know, it even makes the art show you that it's kind of an Elseworlds thing. It has a different look. Uh, I don't know that I think that Dick looks as old as he's supposed to, but that's fine. He it's ages okay. really well. That's clean living, friend. Clean yeah, living. Yeah, he is. He is a clean liver. Alfred, though, he's looking spry for how old he might be. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I just – I gave it an 8 out of 10 only because we didn't get enough for me to say, okay, I'm, I'm – Fully, but I'm intrigued, and I will be excited when it comes up uh, next 
month, and it's probably my book of the week, unless some of Reggie's wow me later in the podcast. But I just the way it goes right now, uh, I like it. But what would you give it? I'm telling you, throwing all my cosmic key fucking madness yeah, out the window because sense. I'm telling you, that ruined me for the first, you know, half, not even first half, the first one and a half reads because I needed to get that out of my mind just to freaking I'm just, I know. can't wait till people are going to be reading this and then uh, other podcasts. There's no, no mentions, no mentions ever of this. And they're going to be like, man, either Eric Shea is a genius or a retard. And I yeah. don't know which. I know which one. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I actually. I actually had a score in mind. I'm talking to you. It's going to go up just because I had a great time talking about this. And I actually had a really good time reading this issue because, yeah. like I said, the Elseworlds story, I have a chance to sit back and relax because I don't know what's going on. They have to tell me. And whatever they do, it's going to be right. So I can't yeah. complain about whatever they do. So because of this fact, maybe I just need an Elseworlds break every now and again because I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed yeah. the art and I really look forward to the story going forward. Like, you know. I need to know what's going on. I need to know what happens to Jake. I need to know what happens to the rest of the world. I need to have the backstory. I need to have the future. I need everything, Jim. Nice. And you're going to get it. That, I love Kyle Higgins. He's one of my so favorite I. writers. And I've missed Kyle Higgins for yeah, so long. And too. one other thing, too, it's a little funny because not only was he the writer of Nightwing back in like, the new 52, yeah. but with this being, you know, however many years in the future, I can't do the math off the top of my head because I'm an idiot. Yeah. But um, it's him past. throwing the he, he threw the word Dreg out yep, there. I'm he like, yeah, put he, he did Batman Beyond, you know, 2.0. Yep. I like that little addition. Like, it's just yeah. a little callback. This yeah, is when the they said Dreg, it's funny. When they say Dreg, I'm like, ooh, this is 2040. This is after <laughs> that. that. That would be a term they might use. I thought yeah. that was a pretty good, like, wink, wink. Like, so hey, you know what? It's past that and whatever. And, and it, it seems like things aren't as advanced as a Batman Beyond would be, but it, it was a cool wink. And like you said, he did do Batman Beyond 2.0 uh, for D uh, DC, and I'll stress to anybody that if you like what you got here and just want to see anything that Kyle Higgins was on, I would start with that Batman Beyond 2.0. It's so great. Uh, but yeah, I, and even you even say that, kind of even his commander type deal even could be like a Batman Beyond type thing is yeah I, I, but it, it's cool all right eric how are you doing how well, about that's that a weird thing to ask out of nowhere that's a cool well i haven't talked to you for a, a second how about that cosmic <laughs> key huh how about that cosmic key don't even start with that you, you're gonna kill me and i was so thrown off and then i'm starting to think afterwards because we did record that for our spotlight yeah. just to let everybody in on the joke and then i spend the next couple of days huh i wonder if he's on to something like why are you doing it eric but now the, the fun's over fun time over because now we get to talk about one of your other books, and I'll just tell you that I don't think a book has infuriated me as much as this one has in a year. This might be one of the worst comic book issues that I have read since we started the podcast or the site. That's how much I hate it, this book. Eric, I think you might agree with me, though I know your score isn't as low as mine, but go oh, wow. with it. What are we talking about? Action Comics number 986, written by Rob Williams, with art by Gillam March, Hi-Fi, and Rob Lee. Our two-part only human story comes to a close with this issue, and at the end of the day, after Rob Williams threw a massively fucked up concept at us about Lex's power suit, it seems that this story is only here to give Lex a grudge against Mr. Oz and get him involved with the story, because there really wasn't any need for this except for us to pad out the time until Mr. Oz's identity could finally be revealed next arc. Yeah, that's all this was, and... 
it throws in shit that we haven't seen. This actually is I, – I, I used to like Rob Williams, I, and I hate to just you know shit on a guy, but I thought that that Trinity beginning, what he did with the Bizarro was, was not good. Like right. I thought, okay, this is beyond that because – with Bizarro in the Trinity book, he ended up having it not really in continuity. Bizarro, so I, you right. know, hey, this isn't yeah, the, bizarro the Bizarro world. Bizarro. Yeah, this yeah. isn't the Bizarro world. The Bizarro talk Bizarro. So it threw up. I see many, not many people thought anything of that. They actually liked that Bizarro, whatever it may be. If that thing is that that whole concept of that is just going to be water under the bridge after this. Yeah. This, if, if this is not setting up something later. Then, then I'm really going to be mad. But what he does is it that he doesn't know what this apocalyptic armor that Lex has, this suit, the super suit that he has, he doesn't know what it does, and he's just making up shit. Well, because you, right out away, of nowhere, I'm saying the thing is, I don't know what's up with the story because you know I look at the solicits. We do the previews every Tuesday yeah. thing. I like you know I don't always look at like what it says because I'm I've already read the book at this point. Yeah, but like. Looking at the solicit, it's completely different than what this is. And even looking at the cover, it looks like we're going to have a completely different story yeah. and something had to get changed at the well, last second. Well, here's the thing. Because- what, the one thing that had to get changed is Mr. Oz. And, and I'll tell you, I think that, number one, well, we it's, knew it's during weird. the button Batman was going to find out about Tim. And I think that was when everything was going to kickstart. That's months ago. And I know, but they- like, listen to this. Here's the solicit for what this issue is supposed to be. Eve of Destruction Part 2, the Inhumanites of Earth put even yeah. Superman's trust to the test as he and Lex begin to see patterns emerging that points to Mr. Oz and his agents. When Lex confronts Mr. Oz alone and one walks away, change forever. I'm like, we had – the whole story in my mind was just for that ending and everything else had to be filled well, in because yeah, well, so Inhumanites thing was thrown away. It's not even the same name of the, of no. the arc. So I think that what changed as well. I, I do think that the timing got thrown off a bit. Uh, that's why you have – like in the Superman book, we had shit with that fucking, you know, goddamn let's trip. travel the war yeah. – you know, yeah, the world or the U.S. But I also think that uh, they could not ever convince me that they changed up what Mr. Oz is. I, I think that Mr. Oz was going to be something else, and they've changed that up as well to kind of fit in with what's going to go on with possibly the doomsday clock you know even though that's a year ahead of time but i think that things were changed and they were making them jive a little more because a a lot of things you say that solicit we have heard from solicits before and even things that were spelled out that mr oz was going to have these quote-unquote agents i've heard that sentence before which you kind of see at the end of this issue yes like to a very small degree but it made it seem like because remember when this happens the big thing in this is a guy seems to have the oz tattoo when we first got introduced pretty much to oz you had that going on even back with the Jeff Johns deal when the person showed up with that package that you know remember Mr. Oz had them take to Superman they had that Oz tattoo because when that happened I don't even remember that yeah especially though because we saw that and everybody was going on and it was actually Ange who who has the uh Supergirl comic uh, box commentary uh site and he's the one who kind of connected that to Osmodeus and things like that way back. That was a big thing for him. But yeah, we've seen this tattoo, but since then, now it's three years later and we're just getting back to that and it's just out of nowhere you see that tattoo you're like really like this is really forced because yeah i've seen and heard things of these quote-unquote agents but since 
the the whole thing where Oz showed up, especially in Rebirth, this guy's a he's running solo. Oh, that's he, the thing. he doesn't we have had, any we, we had these agents. troops. It seemed like at the beginning at of the Action beginning Comics when they got Rebirth when they got Doomsday, Doomsday, but they but seem to die. We have not seen anything before after this whole thing yeah. with them. You know, it's just Mr. Oz, and we and didn't even know about those bank. troops. We were confused completely. Like, does this yeah. guy have an army? Who are they? We're like they're dead now, and what's going on? Because even at the beginning, when you had that, we weren't even sure at the be- very beginning if these troops were the guys who were stealing Doomsday or no if idea. they were yeah yeah or they you know nothing but this I still don't issue know. this issue you have the machine this is another villain that nobody cares about who again was a Jeff Johns deal when he was doing Superman yeah. and he ends up seeming so minor to the story again this story like you said at the end it all leads to Oz this story is so a leads to G, leads to C, goes back to H, and nothing... I know, not even that well, because I think at one point you have a two in there. I'm like, all right, we're not even dealing with letters anymore, because yeah. the whole concept yeah. of freaking and, and at the power yeah. suit, it's completely off the goddamn yeah. hook out and of at the end, at the end of the issue, you're just left thinking like, Okay, all this was for was for Oz to show up and get pissed at Lex and, you know, give his speech... Why even connect any of the shit to it? Because it's nonsense. And yeah, at the end of the last issue of Action Comics, Lex got that tick, that little bug. The mind he, tick, yeah. Yeah, the mind tick, that he actually created the technology, but you have the machinist, the machinist is, is using, using it. it. Why? He doesn't, didn't seem like he needed that before, but he's there, and actually Lex is taken over, and now you're getting the classic, what I would think they think is the legacy deal of Lex being the, you know, you stinking alien yeah. Uh, you know, I, the world needs Only a, a human, human should be a Superman. But the problem is, is that he's like at one point he's fighting it. Another point he isn't. At one point, Superman says, "What are you doing?" But then after it happens, Lex says, "Thanks for the idea." I, this thing goes back and forth and nonsense. But the worst part is, as they're going, they end up they're fighting. Lex is, you know, saying what we just said, and Superman decides he's going to take him up into space. Now the thing is, the machinist is like he probably thinks the mind ticks control is distance related it's not and i'm like i don't care like i don't need to know anything about this lex is becoming dark side yeah and and i didn't even get to me did you think that superman was taking him into space because of the distance thing that no no did you thought that he was getting him out of the way because he's turning the dark side and you got to get him the fuck off of earth right but they, they, that's all I thought. And even then, I was like, I think he's going to throw him in the fucking sun. <laughs> Lex is done. We're, we're done with him. He goes up. But at this point, like you said, he's Modoc. People were joking about it. All of a sudden, he is turning into Darkseid. This is an intriguing development, Eric. But it's out not set up. And it's out of nowhere. I would love to have seen this Lex in a... this apocalyptic power suit for over a year yes, now. He has gone out it. and said he is Superman. He's... He has done all yeah. this shit. But now because he uses the dark side free, I'm uh, not the dark side, the apocalyptic armor, the more you use it, the more you become yeah, dark Superman like, knows really? this. 
But how does Superman know it? He says it. Oh, my God, when you use that apocalyptic deal, you're going to turn into dark side as he's turning into what looks to be dark side. But we have seen Lex using the suit over and over. If this was something that we had a setup, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be just the reverse of what I think is going to happen in Red Hood with Bizarro being smart. We're going to end up seeing these little hints that he's losing his intelligence. I would have liked this to be a setup of all these books we've had with Lex where all of a sudden his skin skin starts turning he's like what's going on and Something. you know and and you know how lex is he would try to hide it from everyone yeah. as he's using the suit and then you'd have a pretty cool story set up that lex has to decide and do i want to continue being this superman and risk the possibility well, of becoming we, dark side and we it even just had a, a pseudo setup for this whole thing where you know when uh, lacall and zade came from the alien yeah. planet and said it's prophesized that lex will become dark side one yeah. day and he'll take over but apocalypse. out of nowhere here and you, you know what i mean you need to yeah. Set up. Something. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense. Uh, yeah, you need something. All you need was Lex to see something. Uh, you know, somebody say, boy, Lex, you look like you were out in the sun too much. Uh, you know, something that goes on. He's like, oh, my God, they can tell. And then it would be a pretty cool thing. Like I said, it would be something where you'd have Lex have to make a decision. And I, no. I, I'd be mad about it because I do like Lex as a Superman type character. Yeah. I like him going around in the suit. But the idea, you know, then making him bad, I'm not all about that. But no, I would no. at least make Makes sense. Yeah, but I would have liked it to be almost that he has to figure out a way to do this yeah. a different way and and then really this would really prove he's good and even to a point almost like a Gotham and Gotham girl where he knows you have this thing if I overuse my powers I will become dark side I don't want that that's not what's good for the earth I'm here to prove that I can be a good guy but yeah him and Superman are fighting and you get that whole thing thrown out there, but then Superman takes them up in the space and they, they just yell at each other. And the whole thing is, is this how Lex really thinks or is it the mind tick and this? But you have the worst dialogue and the worst interaction with the mind tick can have been built to deal with apocalyptic physiology. And the more you use the apocalyptic technology, your words, you can fight this. What? what? And then the whole thing seems to be set up that, okay, the more I use the suit, the more apocalyptic I become, and the mind tick will not be able to affect me. The problem is it seems to be affecting him the whole time yeah. and only ends up going out either from reentry into the planet or all this apocalyptic tech going off and actually targeting it. But yet at points – I'm telling you, this whole progression too where, you know – you go like you, he knocks Superman out of freaking orbit by shooting him with some kryptonite darts, and then he goes full bore yeah. at him. And it seems like he's starting to get his mind back to a degree because he decides, oh, the more I use this, so I gotta power down the suit by using everything the suit yeah. has. So I'm gonna power down the suit bore. by overpowering it. Yeah. So I'm telling you, at this point, like you know, we have Lex become human again because the suit doesn't have any more power, but. It's the more you use the suit, the more like Dark Side you become. So if he's using everything the suit has, I'm like, all right, he should be full bore Dark Side at this point. Yeah. But no, yeah. he turns back to Lex. Yeah, that and doesn't make sense. You've set going up back that you entry. I have to imagine burns the mind. Yeah, but off it's weird. I thought that fine. too. But as you're going, there is something that seems to have a target around that as it's I think going that's just on. So we know it's there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was because it's been there the whole time. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, the whole point of this is they're saying that they're saying that the more you use it, you're going to become dark side. He full bore. He full bores the suit, 
and yet doesn't become dark side. Nope. We, we've seen this and actually ends up becoming himself because it overpowers the suit and then shuts it down. Know. But yeah, just the, just the dialogue. When, when he's shooting those darts, he's shooting darts, which I'll say ain't going to work in, in space. Uh, that's just me, Eric, but we'll, we'll go with it. But he says... Uh, hey, now you can feel how how it feels to be inferior. You can know how it feels to be inferior. And Superman's like, what the? And he shoots his heat vision at him. He's, he's busting them up. And this is Lex. I knew you'd stop most of them before they got to you, but you're not infallible. Kryptonite darts. I've had them in the suit for some time now, just in case. What, what are you talking about? I have long believed only a human can truly protect humanity. We get it. Well, Superman ends up being knocked out. He's falling into, you know, he's going back to Earth, falling. And that's when Lex kind of breaks out of it. And he's like, listen, I got to go. I got to help Superman. He goes. The, the machinist thinks that he's going there to kill him. And even more so when all the, he, he just sets the, it's 100%. Everything yep. is, is firing off. Fire uh, everything I've got on the suit. Yeah, the tick goes off and they land, and then they they're laughing. And at one point, it is the weirdest pose where you have Superman <laughs> standing there and Lex. They're hugging. And, I, I, and then, I'm and, telling you, at this point, I think Lex has lost his fucking mind. Yeah, yes, you forget who you're dealing with. He's laughing. Oh, it's so weird. Superman's looking all this sexy. This almost reminds me of the coming of the Superman. Oh, no, here's Lex the thing. I will tell you right now that before I was going to mention it. Uh, Gillian March was one of our favorite artists. I, I oh, don't yeah. like the art in this, but I do think that he's trying to channel like a Neil Adams. It looks very much like that sort of art that we got in Coming of Superman. It's just not as good, but it does seem to be almost like a Silver Age type. And, you know, and look Dougie, at I points. think we really got that last issue from what he was portraying. You know, Lex as with the freaking you know the purple yeah. suit and everything like that. But even though it's even just, looked a little yeah. heavier set there. It's just. It's nonsense, though. In Rebirth, to all of a sudden have this where Lex is laughing and, and, you know, you have the machinist who you realize now meant nothing at all. There was no reason. The only thing you had to do was to get Lex to lose his mind so that he can do this. But all of this is nonsense filler because all of a sudden then they get attacked by you know all these things that are being controlled by the machinist in the meantime the machinist goes off because superman just starts going to town on oh, he everyone. just takes everything out that yeah, the machinist has out. immediately yep. and then walks up to three people and like they just look like normal dudes like oh the machinist you don't know which one's me or something yeah, like that Yeah, because the machinist while this was going on he took his mask off and his his fucking robe cape thing and threw him away so you know he thinks that superman can't find him now the weirdest part about this <laughs> entire progression though is that when we do see that oz tattoo earlier in the issue the three people that it could be the one person we never get to see his face like it's supposed to be some big yeah. reveal when it finally happens like who could it possibly be as yeah, the guy with they the will tank not top show, on yeah they will not show his yeah. face and i'm like what, what's actually, up with that yeah i actually just think it's because they don't want to tie him in as being one of oz's guys because we're never going to see him again so they don't want to give him but yeah you see that the machinist is this one guy because superman uses his x-ray vision and he says alexis like he has x-ray vision you fool he can pick up all sorts of electromagnetic fields with that including the energy signatures of your mind ticks 
How and the looking, fuck does that lead to his face? Is a split down the freaking yeah, face. Yeah, split down. Like, you know, like a two-faced look to him. Like, yeah. I don't get what the hell you're What's talking about. What's going on? What's going on? What does that make any sense? And then that's when Lex continues. All right, Superman says to Machinist, I pierced your disguises before, Machinist. I know what you're hiding underneath. And yes, he did face him. They even say, yeah. see Superman the Men of Tomorrow. It's not how it worked. That's not... <laughs> It's not what happened. And he's like, and then Machine is like, so you know my true face. It, it, it's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. So he's like, oh, he can trace the ticks, the mind ticks that are Lex's technology, that yep. it seems that the machinist just was kind of almost like kidnapping or, you know, using for his own Steel, bad yeah, yeah. means. But it, why would that be? How he sees it. It just doesn't make sense. And then you have the joke then with Superman. Sorry, I guess I see through people. I don't even think that even makes sense. And then they, you have Lex and Superman. They're sitting there. They're watching because the whole thing later. And then Lex is fucking buff. Look at him. Sure he's is. a sexy guy from behind. But he's like, hey, you know what? Civil wars were happening before. <laughs> Superman just is telling Lex, like, you know what? We didn't really win the day. The machinist didn't cause these problems. He was kind of benefiting from it and making it worse. Uh, and that's when Lex says, and this could have been the best part of the issue, and it might have even salvaged it, but it's nonsense. He's like, no. Lex says, thank you. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good, but you already shook on things before. But oh, yeah. Superman's We've like, had this situation well yes. done. We've and had it Superman done way says, for, yeah, says, for what? He's like, the mind tick. You came up with a solution. Overload the suits, power baselines, and most importantly, you reminded me of something. That, that's not what Superman said. He no, didn't even know what was going like, on. That's what he didn't happened. even understand it. That's what Lex decided. It's just weird. And he says, and you know what? You were right on one thing. I am the smartest man in the world. And that's classic Lex. Yeah. And then you have Superman. Why did the machinist steal your circuitry, Lex? How was he able to do that? I was going to say, Lex, everybody's stealing shit from Lex nowadays. But he, he, I'm only a guy, Superman. I make shit. I do have a company. Like, who buys a hamburger from McDonald's? If a guy goes and uses that to fucking choke somebody, the Fucking Ronald McDonald isn't at fault. What are you talking about? And he's like, he I don't know. Yeah, he would be at fault. And he's like, I don't know, but I'll find out. And then walks away, and then Superman's like, you're welcome. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Don't don't say that to me because this issue sucked. And, and then I'm you have you, Lex looking at the thing when we things. go back to LexCorp, and he's, you know, working on the suit, he's like, all he seems to be like you know, focused on is like, it's yeah, I gotta tattoo. go back into the camera because I saw something while I was doing. My like, really, you you just saw that goddamn yeah. tattoo and you thought that something was tattoo. out of the ordinary, and you thought that that's what's gonna get you because you're led to believe here he's not looking into something unusual. He's not trying. He's he's supposed to be in my mind the way the progression was trying to figure out how the machinist stole his tech. So that he's looking or, at it. Why is my freaking suit turning me into dark well, side that out should of nowhere? Be, but it, yeah, he's doing this, but he sees this tattoo, and he's like, huh, I'm going to search the database. He's even going on the dark web <laughs> to, to search. He's like, it looks like a tattoo. I'm going to check this out. All of a sudden, Mr. Oz shows up, and he's like, delete that image, delete all copies of the image. And it What's does. He can control yeah. the technology. It says, image deleted. And then he says... You want to know how I stole your designs, your circuitry? I'm like, what? Your insidious what? circuitry. And I'm like, when did we think that Mr. Oz stole his circuitry? I when had when no did we idea. ever think this? We thought this was the machinist. We had no connection between the machinist and Mr. Oz. Mr. Oz seems to be just hanging out. Why is there this connection? This is seems it just like just because of Jeff Johns run a Superman where they both no. showed up. 
Now, I think that this is where you are right on that this was what originally was going to happen with these men. And Because did you get the idea the machinist was one of Mr. No. Oz's agents? No. All you had was one guy with a tattoo, and now he's saying, you want to know how I stole your designs, your insidious circuitry, because I'm smarter than you. And it's such a force, like, uh, it's a what-the-fuck moment. Like, I don't think Lex ever thought that. He no, thought it was the machinist. Did. Like, you're out of nowhere. You're telling Lex information you shouldn't if you are involved if you're behind like i can get the idea mr oz is such a pompous ass that he wants to gloat or whatever but why would he just show up to do this and it's just nonsense and he's like you build a power signature into each of your microprocessors so you can track and yeah that's something you would think lex would do but it doesn't amount to anything because then lex is like i was never going to use this yeah i put it in but hey i never did i never went to it it's airtight security i had to protect earth what what are you talking about? And then he tries to attack him, and Mr. Oz then just, boom, heat vision, which seems to be, like, that should be a big tell of who Mr. Oz is. Well, I don't know, uh, because he's, we've seen that fucking glowing yellow eye, you know, except for, like, yeah. they don't show it at all in this issue, but, you know, no. everything leading up. You but, know, I mean, one heat vision, and like the cable. way they yeah. spell it out here, it looks completely heat vision. So he does hit, and he actually, you know puts a line through Lex's super symbol there, the House of El symbol on the, on the armor, and he's just, do you want to know the truth, Lex? I'm afraid you won't like much of it, and just says, you know, you're not, you're not him. him. You're not Superman. You'll never be Superman, yeah. And then you had, like, the weirdest art, too. Like, again, it's very, like, Silver Age type things. I don't know like, why they, like, it, this is only for the Lex, I mean, the, uh, the Mr. Oz stuff, because if you look at everything, it's just yeah. that, like, really, like, pencil-heavy look for yeah, some reason yeah. just going with Mr. Oz. Just weird. And then Mr. Oz says, that this is just who you are, no matter how hard you try. Crawling amidst the detritus, what is it, detritus? I don't even know what that word is. All of you, you are only human. You'll only ever be human, and soon you'll be gone. And then just starts laughing, and that's where Lex is like, oh, my God. He's looking at the super symbol of fucking nonsense. But, yeah, it's over. I don't even know what that word is. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I looked at him like, I didn't know where you were. For why did I, I, why like, yeah, did I even I don't know say it? I'm like, okay, you're, you know, it's just there. To, it's just there to make Mr. Oz look smarter. You know, he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's in a room with Lex. So, But this didn't make me fear. Mr. Oz anymore. It didn't make me intrigued of who he is because it's out of nowhere, you know, going there. And it does say the next issue, true Mr. Oz's true identity revealed. So we'll see what that's all about, Eric. But what did you give this? I gave this issue a four out of ten. I'm telling the story out of nowhere where Lex is just becoming dark side. It just immediately threw me off. And I was just angry while reading the rest. And at the end, when Mr. Oz shows up, just because of this tattoo that Lex just happened to see that he wants to look into now. Yep. It just feels so out of nowhere because, you know, now we have to deal with this whole true identity of, you know, Mr. Oz going forward. I'm like, you just needed a w- reason to get Lex involved, and this is yeah. it, and it meant nothing getting No, it to meant it. nothing, and it was nonsense. And the whole thing with the apocalyptic stuff that was out of nowhere, maybe that was supposed to be something that they were going to look into before. Maybe it's the start of something, but it just – it was out of nowhere. It, it just and, seems odd because, you know, before during the, the, the Dark Side where we had Lex become the god of Dark Side, he was given the Omega effect which was taken yeah. away from him by baby Mazaz, like you know the son of Mazaz and yeah. Superwoman so that's what made it part of the new baby well, dark side yeah, so and, we had and, this all of this power taken away just the whole thing of this uh including the solicit and including the cover 
which doesn't match up at anything. I really do think that either this was a story that was supposed to come out before and things were going to be setting it up or it was supposed to come out now, and th- but it, it didn't jive with what we Not had. And I give it a three. I give it a three out of ten. It's one of the worst scores I've given to a book in a long, long time. I could have even gone with a 2.5. <laughs> it's that bad. It's just – it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. So let's just end that error and right. go to something that we like, the mail section number two. Understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man. The time on the podcast is here, the voice that we all want to hear. So here we go. Yes, it's mail time. Eric, mail section number two is going to start with Mad Marty. He says, right. good day, Jim, good. Eric, and okay. the Get Fresh crew. Whoop. I was going to say good day when you did that there. I'm like, good, good day, Jim, day. and I thought it was period. Good well, day, Eric. Good day, Mad Marty. Good day. I wish I had the... Uh, to get fresh crew whoop or poop poop set up i still haven't set it up for uh, on the soundboard but yes whoop whoop it's slim pickings for me this week same here yeah. and i'm getting i'm only getting three titles and i'm fearful for the quality of two of them god what are you getting Commodity challenge number eight. Fingers crossed oh. that the momentum created by Marguerite Benet in the last issue can be built upon and we can start getting an almost coherent story out of this no 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 you will not eric there you go. No, how about this one? Right here on Weird uh, Science. That, that makes me happier. Does it? Mother Panic number 10. I cannot well, comment on that. I can't comment that. on that now. I think a new story arc is beginning this issue, which is great about Mother Panic. We're on issue 10 and already beginning the fourth adventure for Violet Page. Is, that's Violet, not one of the ones that's going on a hiatus, is it? I don't know. But I know that that takes place in Gotham. Yeah. Violet Page. Eric. Daughter of Jimmy Page, famed guitarist really? of Led hmm. Zeppelin. You didn't know that, did you? It's going to be on the next best songs ever, isn't it? Spelled differently, but they will go with it. Yes. She was actually the uh, inspiration for the song Tangerine off of Led Zeppelin 3, Eric. Suicide Squad number 24 is the next one. This story arc is titled Kill Your Darlings, which Rob Williams is doing to what was myself. once my favorite title in comics. 
Yeah, he's killing it. This week, I thought about which movies influenced me the most. So I've compiled a list of the top five movies that led me to consuming similar media. He says, number five, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. After uh, seeing this, I watched a number of spaghetti westerns and regular westerns as well. It also got me interested in reading about the U.S. Civil War. I'm no buff on U.S. history, mind you, but I now know some of the basics. Probably knows more than us, Aaron. Probably. Number four. Now I gotta get my ding ready. Where's my ding, Eric? I gotta get back to there because I can't I, tell I'm you where the fuck her. your ding is. Where is it? And don't you do it, Eric? I know you're gonna fucking hit that goddamn camera. It's gonna throw me off. Star Wars: A New Hope. Yes. Where? Where's my ding? There it is. Boom. I've always enjoyed this franchise, but when I was about 18, I watched Star Wars again, and I've been all about it since. Eric, oh, yeah. I saw that originally in the theater. That is a feather in my cap. Number three. The only one. Yes. I, I only have a cap with one feather. It's very pathetic. Number three, Star Trek Into Darkness, Eric. I enjoyed this film so much that I went back and watched all that Star Trek has to offer. How dare you? You consider yourself a Star Wars man? There's no, no reason not to enjoy both. No, yes, there is. You can't. It's not allowed. I do I not do. allow it. You're one or the other, and it, it, or unless you're a monster, a savage. <clears throat> Number two, it's like you can't like the movie uh, Planet of the Apes and also like Congo. Number well, two, Congo. <laughs> Man of Steel. Well, I'm telling you, is there a Mighty Joe Young King Kong uh, battle? Is that is that no, similar? Can you that? have because that? Everybody's going to watch King Kong over Mighty Joe Young. No, I think that there's some out there, some guy out there. We'll never find him. He considers himself a Mighty Joe Young fan, an MJ a Do- Mighty M- Joe guy. I'm an MJY. I don't care what you say. That's what Mighty they say. Joe files. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. You'd slap that guy right upside the head, wouldn't you? Well, there's there's two movies I think, and there's uh, you have the original Mighty Joe Young, and I think you had that remake in the '90s, and that's it. Like, I'm not saying there's a shit ton of goddamn. Uh, are King you Kong a movies, Mighty Joe still. Young man, or are you a King Kong man? I think I just told you there is no Mighty Joe Young man. Okay, well, so now the Looking other at my one that big King Kong freaking. I hear right a lot of th- I hear a lot of fights about this, uh, and I don't know which guy. Are you a King Kong fan or a Gorillas in the Mist fan? Which one is it, Eric? Which are you? I have not thought about a career. It was in the mist in so long. I forgot. Sigourney that was a Weaver. Thing. Yes, yes. Jane Goodall, I believe. That's yeah. the movie based on her. Number two, Man of Steel. This film is what got me into reading comics as an adult. So I guess it achieved its goal. That's yeah. that might. Is that another feather in my cap, maybe, Eric? Because How I is that did, a feather in your cap? Well. Because I saw that opening night. If you remember, not only did I see the movie opening night, but it really made my family go into a tailspin of financial ruin because of that. Because to take my family for it was a birthday present. Yeah, and I went like seventy five bucks just to get it in. It was wasn't more. It? Yeah, the whole thing cost like one hundred forty dollars. And then I realized that the finances that my wife was supposed to be looking at, and eh, she wasn't looking at them too close. No, so no, I, no. I had to step in. It was nonsense, but. I ended up talking to you the next day, and I did say, and this is, you can tell everybody, I said to you, there's going to be a big problem with this movie. I oh, said, yeah. they just destroy Metropolis. And again, I'm not the smartest guy or whatever. It's not like anybody else didn't see it. But I did tell you before the big you know, backlash started with that, I told you, anybody who, because in my mind, I'm doing that. I'm like, if anybody survived 9-11 and they watched this movie, they are going to have PTSD. They're going to go running out of this goddamn theater fucking ready to, to well, goddamn murder we, somebody. We thought about having goddamn, you know, just like a T-shirt. Yeah, made we up were going to get a T-shirt. I think it was like 613, 13. 
14, never forget. Yep, never forget. And we thought, boy, is it too soon? Remember, <laughs> we were talking about that. We were. And this was two days after the movie came out. So yeah. feather in my cap, Eric. I now have two. You're, you're now, about to get a headdress going on soon. Did I not tell you back in the New 52 before Forever Evil that I bet you a pizza that they were going to try to kill uh, Dame, or Dick Grayson? I told you. I read that last issue of uh, Nightwing, and I said, Eric, fucking shit's going to go wrong. They're going to kill him. And you know, nah, that's three feathers now. Huh? This fucking thing. I'm going to look like a goddamn peacock. <sighs> Number one, Eric, The Fellowship of the Ring. It's another feather in my cap. I read that book uh, last week. I said, you know what? This book has something going for us. Feather in my cap, Eric. That was one of the books as I was growing up I read and I would brag to people about. That and Dune. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I only t- ever read The Hobbit as a kid. I didn't really no, care about The No, I love The Hobbit. I actually have a original, uh, you know, an original press. I don't know. the, You know, when it was released, I actually have it. I bought it for like – I think it was like 380 bucks. I Jesus. bought it a hard I, that's my favorite book of all time, The Hobbit. But The Fellowship of the Ring, The Hobbit is more of a fairy tale. That's why I liked it. And I'm not saying anything about Bilbo. I'm not throwing shade at him there, Eric. It was just a fairy tale type of story. Why are you thinking that? But uh it, The Fellowship of the Ring was more an adult story and I remember I read it when I was in like maybe 6th grade. Thought I was the smartest kid ever. I read that in Dune. I probably understood about 2% of Dune. I just sat there pretending I, I, I was reading it. I still know 2% of Dune. Yeah. But he says, this blew my mind when I was 12. And I immediately went and read the books, which I loved as well. It's funny. He started reading them at 12. And I bet you that Marty is a, a strong reader. It still took him to 17 to read The Two Towers. That book seemed like it would never end. Her. I immediately went and read that the books, which I loved like as well. That movie seemed like it would never end. Also, it is because of my love for Lord of the Rings that I was invited into a Dungeons and Dragons group and the rest is history. Eric, I'm going to ding that because it was the same thing. I was in a Dungeons and Dragons group. The only because... thing is you didn't have anybody to play with. No, it was a group of one. That's fine. I, I had to, you know, I'd make all these characters. I'd set them up. I'd pretend I had friends. And then I would sit there and talk my nonsense about my, my module that I made. And, you know, you you have to go here. You see this. Oh, so, such fun, Eric. Such fun as a lonely kid. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for what I'm sure will be another great episode, even if it ends up being a forgettable week in comics. Cheers, Mad Marty. Thank you, Thank you Marty. You, you brought up some really awful times in my mind. As a, At least I have you to talk to now. Man, you – I know that some other podcasts, they have actual Dungeons & Dragons podcasts where they record yeah. themselves playing. I, I would never do that. And I know some people who are in the Get Fresh crew even do this. I, I would be afraid because say I'm the dungeon master. Number one, eh, it'd be nonsense. I'd expose myself as an idiot. That that would be the one problem. But a cheater probably. No, no. Th- here's the problem though. If I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons, you motherfucker, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't need this fucking guy on my left here playing it up for the goddamn mic. I don't need you playing a shtick here. I need a serious game of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, that's the thing too. As we talk about long podcasts, like every time I never really played Dungeons and Dragons, but I did play like a, a version, a role playing like a Star Wars version of yeah, that. I have and that. it takes fucking forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, this. If you have a campaign going, I would say this is a three year podcast going. So you know what else do you have to do? Like when you I just was like, that when pod- I was working at the old AMC, you know, when I was eighteen years old, we used to freaking lock up the doors and shit like that, and put all these goddamn tables together and have ourselves a big ass game, and we would be there most of the freaking night playing it. I don't even think we'd finish half the time. Yeah. Yeah. I I love. I have so many in in my basement. I probably have. 
at least 50 different game rule books like and i'm just talking like the basic rule books i have the other shit as well i have so many and i used to just read them and i i actually was in a uh, a reddit group way way back I, I actually it wasn't Reddit. i don't even know it was this message board and we were creating a game and then of course i got mad because i thought my system was better <laughs> and i got pissed off and then i made up a lie of how i came up with it and it was nonsense <laughs> it, it, i tried to cheat making rules for a uh, a thing because i didn't want this other, this, eh, this other guy was an asshole and he wanted everything to be his way when he should have known that my way or the highway buddy how about that buddy you and your uh i used to actually uh play the game star frontiers i believe it was online right. in this online no. message board i i was full out this game, Alternity, was another one that I really enjoyed. I played that online. Uh, and But my, my the favorite one... I ever really played like that was, uh, I think it was Mansions of Madness, one of those okay, freaking, yeah. like, HP Lovecraft ones, and that would take like eight hours a game. Board too. games. Pah! I actually have well, my you favorite have, like, one. Dungeon Master. Yeah, we just if, call anybody, if anybody ever uh, does want to play a really cool game and likes action movies, you have to get this one Feng Shui. It actually, I think that it came out, it was re-released by Atlas Games, and it's a guy, Robin Laws, who's a really big, like, game creator. It's one of the best games of any sort that I've ever played. It is so good, and if anybody in the Get Fresh crew ever wants to set up a game with that, I'm all in. Because basically, it's action movies that that you do. It's so good. Somebody, go buy it. Go buy it. It's Jim's stamp of approval. I need something. It's like, Doosh, when I do I'm that, I don't think I've ever so heard great. you talk about it before in your life. You're oh, I love up. it. Yeah, no. because now that's what am I going to talk to you about this for? I can, I can just imagine that your no, eyes glazing you right now. Master? Yeah, but I listen. You don't listen to me. Oh no! <laughs> no, nah, it's just I like hearing you talk about the the movies and stuff like that. And I, you know, when we do talk about it, I always ask you questions that drive you nuts and stuff. Uh-huh. This is stuff I like to hide. I'm no nerd, Eric. I'm a cool dude with a Jim, with you a find out about Masters with a winning mood. No, you've told me enough about those. I know all about stink face. Stink Brandon's up. the next one, and Brandon says, "Sup, fellas? The G F C F F L kicks up kicks off this weekend." Oh, no. I didn't know this. This is our fantasy fucking football league for the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. I didn't know it started this weekend. What the I did. hell? I better get on to this. I, I have to set up my fucking draft. I don't even know how we're doing the draft. It's on Damn Yahoo, it, I Brandon. I don't know. With the first inaugural live online fantasy f- football. When, when am I going to do this? We need anywhere from one to five more teams. All GFC members and listeners, uh, let either Jim or myself know, and you've passed the test. Yeah, just go to our Twitter. If you want in, you're in. If you're listening to this, the problem is this podcast doesn't come out until Sunday night, and I think the fucking drafts before then. Good times. I'd like to call out Double A Ron as well in this spot because apparently Vikings fans hate fantasy football since he's mysteriously absent. <laughs> Fuck Tom Brady. Moving on. There he goes. All right. Right? We're going to see. I, I didn't know that the draft – I thought that the draft would have been in the next couple of weeks. The season doesn't start for two weeks. Redhead and Defenders, also from True Blood, is greater than Rosario Dawson. Yeah, I went there. Rihanna is still the hottest no, woman on earth, though. Rihanna, Eric, you know her, right? No, yeah. I have no idea who that is. That's Kesha, right? No, no. Rihanna uh, is Rihanna. Kesha is Kesha. And b- it's not like, a, like me, a weird nickname? There, there is no, no, there is no comparison between those two. There, there is know. no way. 
what what is the uh what was that cheerleading movie uh Bring it on! Isn't but that what it was called? Something like that? No, not that one. The one with uh, Eliza Dushkow and and uh, I think it's Bring It On. Bring It On. Yeah, she was in that. She was in that at the end. Look cute as hell, Rihanna. So the kid this week apparently held it up for too long, resulting in a shit urgency to the ninth that degree. I had about a sixth degree one today, but I'm an adult there. By the time she wiggled her little ass to the bathroom, <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> to the bathroom, dropped the drawers. It was too late. The gun had already started firing at the first thought of air hitting her fanny, and shit went everywhere: clothes, floor, toilet, legs, everywhere. The only saving really grace to all of this here, was I was working overtime and didn't have to clean it up. Only bore witness through pictures. Now you gotta delete those things in secondhand stories from the roomie. That's what he calls his girlfriend. Change your mind about children yet, Eric Shay? Yeah. I remember the first time uh, Zach is our second kid. Now, you would think that also, you know, already having one kid who was, you know, about that time, I think about six, uh, that Tanya would be safe of saying, say, okay, Jim, you can watch our kid while I go to the store. She never would let it. I'd have to go. And then finally, it was like a a kid. either. Well, it was like a big, you know, rite of passage then that I was allowed to watch the second kid all by myself. So me and Zach are sitting there. He... Mainly, my way of watching was playing video games, and Zach yeah. would sit on my my knee, and I'd you know bounce him up and down, and we'd yeah. play some video games. Uh, he was real young though, made I'm young, and uh, he's there, and he shit so bad that it actually came up the top of his collar of his onesie. Oh, oh it, was, it was a disaster. So then I'm like, oh my. God, I was gagging, and I go, and just as I'm trying, and you're taking this onesie off, and the shit is all over, it's in your hands, and fucking all over there, and I'm just about to put him in the bathtub, and then Tanya walks in, just starts screaming at me as if I'm the one who made him shit. What did you do, you monster? Oh, you shut. I thought I could trust you. (laughs) Just shut your mouth. I'm only good at making these kids, I tell them. Books. What the fuck was I just exposed to this week? God damn it, DC, figure it out. Detective, Seriously. this comic book is back on its spoiler bullshit. God damn, there is no longer a point to this character without Tim around or her father. So send her off to college or something and get her out of this goddamn book. There is not a more boring individual to continue basing entire issues on and, or arcs around than spoiler. I just flat out am confused by Tynan's continued hard-on for these nonsense stories. How about a Clayface one-shot or just a team regroup issue? That's what I thought it was going to be. That'd be cool, yeah. And I thought you were just going to have the team around. Like, Asriel, we had all that shit going on. He's in a goddamn wheelchair. God, you know, help him out. Help a brother out there. After all, they just went through a script, Doctor, I know. But the bullshit issues in this run far exceed the good issues at this point. It's getting tiresome, but the art was nice. Flash, Eric. I know, I know. I said I was done with this book, but I only got three other titles this week otherwise. So I picked this up to basically avoid boredom, and it did nothing for me but contribute to exactly what I was trying to avoid. That was a problem this issue. You mean that a Flash book where the Flash can't be Flash is an exciting... And Barry Allen isn't good either? Come on. Yeah, yeah. This book needs something, anything, to be interesting again. I, I know people seem to like Joshua Williamson. I think it's getting time that maybe he should be on another book. Maybe some other book would suit him better. I just want somebody else on that book. At least Green Arrow, you can always count on the art. It's entertain here. You can't even rely on that. Action. Lex Luthor is. God damn what's happened to Rob Williams dudes in a slump lately. Suicide Squad is passable. 
says you. And this Superman stuff, even for a mini two-issue arc, wasn't very good either. I think he's also one of these guys that does better with the fringe or indie characters like his Martian Manhunter and Royals books, for example. He's thrown really that. Like That's that a Martian bone Man to Hunter. me. That Royals story was awesome. That was so good. If you want to read a story, it was a Vertigo book. It's just six issues. You know, you can get the trade. I recommend that till the end of time. Tell me how to live my life. I love it. Then the super mainstream superheroes. Scarlet Spider. Just to update Eric on the story he'll never read. Not a good? bad story. I'm really enjoying it overall. You got around to that, right? No, not yet. No. But the art just changed from Bagley to Will Sleeney. Sliney and his art is trash. At one point, it looks like the damn letters on people's shirts are put there from MS Word Clip Art. So you know what debate. Can you uh, do a book with good story but awful art? I guess I'm about to find out. All right, gents, thanks for taking the bullets for all of us this week uh, with these books. Brandon at Beamer 3660. Him and Trevitt are going to talk about Secret Empire number nine now. But again, if you want to get involved, if you want to get involved in the fantasy uh, football league with the Get Fresh Crew, boop, boop. Me, I'm in it. Eric is not. I'm I'm in it. Rafe is in it. Rafe has his own team. He he is itching to win. So you got to watch out for him. He'll cheat worse than me, and he will. Though I, I set this up, me and Rafe, may, we might have to work some underhanded deals between the two of us, you know, and, and fuck everybody else. But we'll see. But this is now going to be Secret Empire number nine. Ghost of the Phantom, you can bring your friend, we can make this a tandem. Or you can come by yourself and you can stand them. You can come by yourself and you can stand them. Best believe I sweat out weeds. All right, guys, how you doing this week? This is Brandon coming at you along with Trevitt. This is the Marvel Minute. And it was a tough week for books. Uh, all around oh, boy, yeah. for the big two. Cool. <laughs> so so we uh definitely. Yeah, we, we had a, a, a pretty tough decision for you guys to make, and, and that's why we heap these things on you. Uh, and you ended up picking Secret Empire number nine, the penultimate issue. Um, so, yeah, this, this is, uh, you know, the typical group. Uh, Nick Spencer writing, uh, the team of Lionel Francis Yu, Joe Bennett, Jerry Allen Gian, and Joe Pimentel. <laughs> God damn, I'm I so bad with names. Alan, <laughs> Alan, I can't say it either. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, as soon as I started typing it, I'm like, I'm going to mess this one up, and I will mess this <laughs> last one up. Uh, God damn these people and their fucking unpronounceable names. Like. Yeah, I know. It's, it's always the artist, too. Like, I don't usually have a, a hard time with the um, uh, the, the, the writers. The writer. Yeah. No. But, uh, yeah. There's inks. Inks and colors, like yeah. <laughs> those are the people that they they get from around the world, and you're just like, oh boy, here we go. Um, but any, anyway, yeah, we're gonna get into this blurb. We're gonna we're gonna tell you about this Secret Empire number nine as it comes screeching to a halt. Uh, and yeah, penultimate issue, bitches. Trevin and I 
finally just about made it to the end of this shit show and a little bit of our sanity in hand to boot. So how does Hydra start to fail and what is their dirty little backup plan in place just in case they do? Let's discuss people punching each other in this uh, second last issue of Secret Empire with number <laughs> nine. Uh, but actually, it's not the second last issue because there's an Omega after this. So I, I don't know. Oh, if yeah. this, I guess next issue is is technically the penultimate issue, but but this is the end of the numbering series. So that's yeah, well, wait, there's ten. There's ten, and then an Omega. Yeah. yeah, this is the penultimate issue to the penultimate issue, I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we we start things out here with. Uh, I don't know, the answer to the mystery and the cliffhanger from last issue uh, that's kind of been lingering throughout this event, and that is Kobik um, ends up spilling the beans about what's been going on in this this hazy art reality we've been dealing with. Turns out it's all taken place within. Is it her mind, or is it the Cosmic Cube, or is it basically all just one and the same at this point? Yeah, it's all just one and the same. Okay, yeah, so... so Steve is cube, so. trapped in the Cosmic Cube, who is a sentient little girl, basically, uh, is what we have going down here. Um, and this is his real personality from everything we can tell. Is that, is that what you understand, too? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So she's basically... Only he's like bare bones, like without his, his memories, but it's yeah. his, the goodness of him. Right, yeah. So she's basically swapped... I don't know if you want to call it a mind swap, a personality swap. She she's exchanged this good version of Steve Rogers for the one currently running Hydra, and, and she kind of reveals how she's I done messed up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking down at this town. I don't know if that's supposed to be Pleasantville or just in a general metaphor for the United States, kind of looking over it in shambles, you know. I didn't get that either. Like they walk out of the woods and then there's a destroyed town at the bottom of a hill. Yeah, is it like her first mistake? It, it was Pleasantville, right? The first really kind of uh, crossover that yeah. led to all the shenanigans. Um, yeah, that's that's where all of this started with yeah. her in particular. So uh, regardless, they're looking down on a destroyed town, and she's, she realizes she's messed up. Uh, so, so people at this point who have guessed mind control for 300 or cosmic cube shenanigans when this whole thing kind of kicked off, you guys... <laughs> can take solace in the fact you were correct, despite what everybody at Marvel was, was pretty much saying. Um, yeah, trying to it, deter you from the truth. It's yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're like, don't look behind the curtain. It's not the Cosmic Cube. And you you open the curtain anyway, and it's the Cosmic Cube. Um, so we, we jump from there to Washington, D.C., and, and just catch up on current events, uh, really concluding things, coming full circle from last issue where... Captain America sent uh, goons, mostly Baron Zemo, um, and some people after... Who, who went after the mutants? I forget. Was it... Oh. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Who did go after the mutants? <laughs> I don't know. It was just last week, too. It's not like it was a month ago. God, I can't remember yeah, either. Yeah, I'm blanking out. I'm blanking uh, out. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll memory will jar here in a second. But Baron Zemo's bringing in T'Challa. Uh, he, he's got him and his fragment of the Cosmic Cube, uh, handing it all over to Cap. And as that's going down, Emma Frost comes strolling in, uh, basically turning herself in at this point, uh, along with her Cosmic Cube, um, while trying to spin a deal for 
the mutants. So she's not really captured per se and brought in. She's she's come on her own volition uh, along with uh, Beast, Cat Beast, and um, Shaw, Sebastian Shaw. See, now that I remember from the X-Men issue is that she was like, you know, she told him like, you know, you know I'm not going to like be captured. I'm going to come on my own volition and we're going right. to talk this out. And Yeah. I just but, don't remember who she was saying that to because it wasn't Cap himself, right? I think it, I, uh, man, <laughs> I, know, I don't know. It's so bad. I have no clue. I'm, try, I'm trying to think and I can't even, I I can't even get. I have the issue right here. I'm gonna yeah. grab it you right look, now. You look, and I'm gonna keep summarizing here, okay? Because it's basically uh, we, we hit a cliffhanger at this scene as, as Emma comes strolling into the room uh, with her crew um, and, and check in on the fighting going on outside. So all the heroes have basically escaped the various prisons they've been placed in with the cosmic people being stuck behind the shield around the earth and. The ground heroes getting out of the dark force and and the quote unquote resistance heroes just all converging together in this one area to to attempt to take down Hydra's heart. Uh, they're all punching each other. Uh, you see Cap, you see Hawkeye. It, it's Spider Man. You know the who's who of heroes that they've been featuring in the different crossovers and stuff all coming together, looking like they're finally. Uh, Taking, taking back some ground and getting the upper hand before uh, Cap Hydra gives the okay for the Hydra version of the Avengers to let loose. So they drop down on this battle. Uh, we leave that scene uh, to check back in on Emma, who's having a conversation with Steve and uh, Arnim Zola. You find the answer to that yet or no? I, I, I had X-Men, the last X-Men Blue. I looked through that. I didn't see shit. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be in Secret Empire 8. I know. I looked through that, too. I didn't see it. Okay. It was, you know, that was all like them getting the planetary shield down and all that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, never mind. It's it's not that important. Someone can holler at us if you remember. Uh, but anyway, Zola, Emma Frost, and Steve basically come to the conclusion uh, once Steve is in possession of the Cosmic Cube Shard, just as the mutants suspected, he wouldn't have any more need for them. So Emma's trying to cut a deal here. He's basically like, I don't care what you have to offer me. No dice for you, and we're going to take back New Tyon. Uh, is it, that's what it's called. I always want to say New Titan, but it's not called New Titan. I, I say <laughs> Tien T- or something like that. I, think it, T- I don't know. Okay. Uh, Columbus Comic Corner, guys. Let us know what you decide and break our tie here. <laughs> but anyway, shout out to them. Um Captain America is basically, yeah, I'm done with you. I'm taking back this area, which is like the California part of the United States. And Emma's like, well, that's a shame. I kind of thought you would say that. So Magneto, why don't you do what you do? He's not present in this room. He's outside kind of sneaking around and starts bringing down, or what looks to be bringing down Hydra airships, like those giant tentacle ships, right? Yeah, those things are gigantic and scary looking. Like, well, yeah. then the in the first page where it was like right behind the White House and all the tentacles were like coming yeah. down around the White House. I was like, that looks insane. Yeah. Imagine seeing that. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> amazing. It's, it's it looks it always reminds me of the Brainiac ship too. Every time I've seen it, I'm like, oh, that's the Brainiac ship. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it um, does. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, we end up getting. 
kind of like an earthquake going down on the ship that Magneto's bringing down, and it throws all the mutants and Cap and Zola all over the place as they then start fighting. Now, at this point, Cap and Zola sneak out of the room while the fight's going down, and Zola's like, all right, let, let's stop playing around with this. We got enough of the Cosmic Cube to be effective, aside from the portion that Barf puked up, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the only piece they're missing at this point. So they're like, we got enough of a full cube to use our secret weapon. Let's go get this Stark tech that they keep alluding to, uh, which we'll come back to here in a minute. After we check back in on people punching each other. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's a large portion of Secret Empire 9 is just people slugging the hell out of each other. Uh, probably about Choking half the book. Each other. Yeah. Uh, when Hydra starts taking back control of this battle, it feels like, that's when Thor has, has simply stated he's had enough. Like, he's never really been mind-controlled to be on Cap's side or anything. He... He just kind of joined them. Uh, we have gotten a little background info on that throughout the story. Uh, but at this point, he's tired of seeing the bad guys do bad things and brings down his his axe, which brings down the thunder and disrupts the bad guy's momentum here. Knocks everybody up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this I don't is know if I buy, like, buy right. Thor, like, you know, by joining his... Captain America. Yeah, I know. That, well, especially when he wasn't mind-controlled or anything, and then ultimately, yeah. in the end, gets just an unearned turn back like, to the good side just because he's witnessing well, things go down. After all these years being in the Avengers for like so long and being side-by-side side with Cap and seeing everything they fought against, like all of a sudden he's going to be like, well, Cap thinks Hydra's a good idea, so I'm in. Like, yeah. <laughs> no questions asked. Like, and then ultimately, no like here's here's just the part like I have a problem with here. There's nothing outrageous going down in these panels that would make really Thor reconsider what's going on because much worse has happened no. and, and he hasn't changed his mind. You know, it's what? not like people are being massively executed here or Las Vegas is being blown off the map that he's suddenly right. like, I can't deal with this. He's just seeing people get punched and he's like, enough. Exactly. It makes yeah. no sense. All, yeah. all the murder and, and all the shitty shit putting in humans in internment camps like, you know, like Hitler, like, and none of that bothers him. But this, this is the last straw. <laughs> People fighting each other and it's kind of an even fight. Like nobody's really dying or getting badly hurt. So, it, you know, maybe more the bad guys than the good guys. And, you know, right. that's enough. I, this is my last right. straw. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a weird it's a weird thing to hinge the story on in a strange turning point because he does swing the battle back to the good guy's favor again and we decide to cut from the fighting and, and break for a quick uh, comedy hour here with uh, Black Ant and Taskmaster. Um, funny. Yeah, th this is, to be honest with you, this is my favorite scene in this, um, in this issue. You know, it's Mine a funny too. little scene. But it, it serves really no bigger meaning to the story other than to get the champions out of captivity. Um, so basically... Yep. <laughs> Very easily, too. Yeah, like, hey, it's just, you know what? We need some shots of you guys hitting people, so we're just going to let you go right now. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we, we take a levity break with Black Ant and Taskmaster. Uh, they hear the sound of thunder outside, which in their language of interpretation is, we're gonna the we're going to lose boom. Um so they decide to have a quick change of heart after Thor changes sides, since they're just mercenaries. 
and uh, have a quick discussion with the imprisoned champions. You know, they basically say, hey, we haven't treated you like total pieces of shit while you've been in jail. Remember, we brought you Shake Shack. Uh, we're going <laughs> to let you out because Thor changed sides. So don't punch us in the face you. and we'll open this shield. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, yeah. We let you, remember, we let you guys watch TV and we took yeah. you to Shake Shack. Yeah, we took you to Shake Shack. Uh, you ever have Shake Shack? That shit made me laugh. I, is that a real thing? Yeah, no, it's it's a thing that exists. It was in um, Maryland when I lived in Maryland. I just never had it. Yeah. <laughs> Legit, no, I, didn't know. Never, I never even heard of it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, just a you know a burger chain with shakes and stuff. Um, so yeah, that that's what they're talking about there. Uh, but for their good deeds, Miles ends up webbing them to the wall anyway, and and the champions now join the fight. Uh, back to the fight. <laughs> We're just outside, and, and one by one, the good guys who are the Hydra Avengers just start turning good again um, through various actions. Like Viv puts antivirus into Vision's head, so he's no longer part of the Hydra mind. Um, so that's his, she like takes some of it too. Yeah, basically, he she's like he's like don't do it because it's going to affect you, and she's like. There's something in her she can take it. I don't know why she's she's just a clone I, of Vision as a female. You know, I think it's because like she, she takes half just, of it, he takes half of it. Yeah, they're spreading they it thin. It, yeah, they're spreading yeah. it thin. Um, so Vision starts joining the good guys, and then Doctor Strange is trying to perform an exorcism on Scarlet Witch to get the demon out of her that's infected her. Uh, Black Panther. And Bucky Barnes then start turning the tide on Zola. Where did Bucky come from? So he brought Doctor Strange brought um, Jane Foster back, which was a mistake because she just ends up turning right into Jane Foster. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot that part. <laughs> I didn't put that in the notes. Here. Um, yeah, because she was stuck in that other world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was stuck in that other world from that Avengers tie-in, and then he yeah. says summon. I don't know if he thinks something big's gonna happen, like she's gonna come in and kick some ass. I mean, she does knock her out, but then she immediately turns into cancer patient Jane. Yeah, because like, she doesn't so ever she, hammer. Yeah, so she the hammer's gone, so she's super weak, and like you know, she could die right here. So he didn't do her any favors by breaking no. her back. Yeah, and here's like, why didn't she lose her powers before she was sent away? If it's just directly tied to the hammer. Like why is I think it only she got Earth sent thing? away. I think she get yeah. Well, I think because she was in a separate dimension, like a, a different form of existence. Like maybe the connection wasn't broken. I don't know. It should have been broken right then and yeah, there. I guess I because so she too. That's because when but, she came back know. and immediately reverted back to Jane, I was like, this, this is weird. Why did you, if it's just no <laughs> hammer, no Thor, then she should not be Thor in. The entire story we read that I mean, we really actually liked, but <laughs> I've seen stuff like that in other TV, in other forms of media and fiction, like where somebody goes to another dimension and like they lose their powers because of the other dimension. Yeah. So like I guess the same thing could apply. Like she gets to keep her powers because she's another dimension. It just reversed but, in this case. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So so Bucky comes back. Um, he's with Black Panther, and they distract Zola enough to knock him out. Um, and they're going to go attack Captain America, I guess. But they don't. <laughs> and then Sharon Carter... <laughs> Sharon Carter turns the tide against Dr. Faustus because uh, he thinks he's got her under mind control. And she's like, nope, tricked you. I've been training for this 
uh, yeah. this moment, um, and, and poisons his tea, and he passes out. I feel like there's uh, no consistent aging of Sharon Carter, like between no. artist to artist. Like some yeah. people make her look like an older lady, which I think she's supposed to. Yeah. Um, and then other people just make her look like maybe like five years older than she was. <laughs> like she had twenty. Like what she the could fuck? be. In the, depending what artist draws her, she varies in age somewhere between twenty three and fifty eight. I would say roughly. Yep. <laughs> With Sounds the same right. hairstyle, <laughs> regardless. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. So Apparently events, she. Warded yeah, herself yeah. away by constantly listening to Dr. Faust's voice over voice. and over again so yeah. she could prepare herself not to be mind controlled before because she's actually the person who murdered Captain America the first, like, I don't know if it was the first time, but when Brubaker did it. Yeah. So she's trained for his mind control after going through it at probably one point in the past and, and just become immune to it and been playing along until she could poison his tea. Um, yeah. <laughs> But not lethal poison, so he yeah. could live to fuck her up another day. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't want to kill the guy that's mind-controlling you to do awful shit. Um, Ruin the country. <laughs> like, Yeah, that, that would make this whole victory hollow, so we don't do that. Uh, anyway, the events begin concluding with Sharon attempting to take down all the Hydro warships because she concludes, again, that since this is the real Cap, he hasn't changed any of his passwords to, to control all this stuff, so she... Doesn't even have to really hack the computers to do this. And then um, the Cosmic Cube Hydra has collected. They merge all these pieces together and jam it into the special Stark armor they've gotten their hands on that they've painted Hydra colors conveniently um, with some upgrades added along from Arnim Zola. And Cap gets into this suit, screams. Um, he, so he's basically all powerful at this point. He's got the power of the cosmic cube wedged into this suit. I, uh, I guess it uh, hurts to get all that energy yeah, or whatever. So, so basically, Thanos <laughs> with the Infinity Gauntlet at this point, and we're gonna wrap oh, this yeah. up in one one issue. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Here's my problem. I would time. like to see more than one issue of that. Like, like if if this was your your ultimate plan, like why not do this sooner? I know you didn't have all the pieces of the cube, but Get in this suit, and as you're getting pieces of the cube, start adding them into the suit, you know, and become more powerful and more dangerous. It the sucks. The worst part about this is, is like, I'm sorry, go ahead. What you say? I, I just said it sucks and feels anticlimactic. He gets in this suit, is all powerful, and it's going to be done in one issue, essentially, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that suit. He can control reality. Like he could just walk out there and be like, disappear, and they all disappear. So it's yeah. like. He yeah, can completely he's, end this whole thing and just be in control, but that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, it's the power of the Infinity Gauntlet, basically, at this point. <laughs> yeah. and so we, we check back in on, on Kubik. Is it Kubik or Kubik? Um, I, I say Kubik. Okay, Kubik. <laughs> uh, we're back in... I only say Kubik because I think I heard you say Kubik one time, and I was like, okay, yeah, Kubik. I, I don't know. I, I, and I, you know what? I think I've spelled it two or three different times in these notes, um, and spell check didn't call me out on any of them, so <laughs> it stays that way. Uh, back, in her, back in her mind, uh, we start finally getting some clarification as to all the events that have gone down and taken place. Um, as to, you know, who these people were, Sharon Carter and his mom were the blonde girls that kept popping up, I guess. Um, before Kubik ultimately ends up running away when, I guess when Steve gets in this suit is from what I understood. Cause now she's scared 
in the what suit? See, I oh I, the the actual yeah like yeah, when, yeah like because he put that suit on, there's more of a connection now, so he has access to the memories of the man who is close to the cosmic cube, so he could see yeah, everything that Steele did. Which basically translate to an earthquake going down in this reality they're in, inside her mind, and, and this scares her as she runs off away from the good Steve. I mean, this is all hard to explain. <laughs> it, it, well, this cosmic cube mind stuff. It's just nonsense is what it is. Yeah, like, yeah I know. Because um, Steve can use the power, but really there's basically an out built into this cosmic cube Hydra's put together because Kobik is just a little girl who's confused about what she's doing. And the second she changes her mind, Steve's plans go to shit. The Steve on earth. Yeah. She was, she was manipulated by the red skull, like very bad. Like he treated her like, you know, like kind of like a daughter and like totally convinced her that she was doing the right thing and making the world a better place. So like right now her reality shattering that she was wrong and, and now she's got the Steve, you know, the good Steve to deal with. So it's just freaking her out. And she's like, "I ruined the world. It's too late." Yeah. So she runs away from the problem, and and good Steve is left staring at this golden fountain of memories. And I don't know what's going to happen here. Anything. I mean, it's cosmic cube sh shenanigans. Uh, I mean, um, oh, yeah. Nick Spencer can literally write anything here, and you know, you can give her. You could like it or not like it, but anything can happen. You know what I'm saying is basically if, what I'm trying to if say. If he there. dives into that pond and ends up like inserting himself into the real Steve's body, I'm gonna I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, you think that's what's gonna? I don't even have any idea what's I gonna happen. I, I'll be, I don't know. This pond threw me right out of it. I'm like, I don't know now. <laughs> you know what I'm? I'm just like, eh, whatever. I'm just saying, um, like, it, it sounds like the most ridiculous thing to me, so I'm assuming that it could be a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that that makes the most sense out of anything I've thought of, you know? <laughs> so uh, I didn't really have an idea, and so I'll go with yours. <laughs> That's really what, I, you know, I'm getting at there. Uh, but then we get to our cliffhanger. We see our hero's success. This issue I'll turn in a moment as, as Stevie Boy comes wandering out in his cosmic cube suit and just, I don't know, punches the ground or does something, makes an explosion happen, knocks all the heroes all over everywhere to reveal what I call the all-new, all-different Hydra Cap as the issue concludes. Um, so yeah, that, like that's... Black Panther all scared and he's like, listen yeah. to me, run, and then boom. Yeah. All I thought about is, damn it, Black Panther, get your giant tiger dude that you just took down every cosmic being in the world with and take this dude out, will you? Um, Was this a Stark suit made for Cap and they just painted it different colors? Like, I mean, look at it. It looks yeah. like, like if Stark made this, that it, it looks like he had Captain America in mind. Yeah, he had to. Or, or, they also did say um, Zola made a few adjustments to the Stark tech, so I don't know if this is... Who did what, like what Stark did, what Zola did. In my mind, all Zola did was alter it so it could accept the Cosmic Cube instead of like an arc reactor yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. He just made it so you could put that in there. Yeah, Stark this, didn't have that in mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this was like a, you know, I, I, in my mind also, Tony has a suit for every goddamn hero hidden somewhere in his basement. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So anyway, the cliffhanger we just went over, um, that, that's how this bad boy ends, just with a big page of Cap in the, the new suit. 
and should you buy, borrow, or forget this thing? Um, I don't know. For for really what this is, uh, it's just a superhero punch fest. That's what it's devolved into. I thought with the care Nick Spencer claimed he put into it and all that, I, you know, I thought it'd be a little more twisty, turny ending, and it's really not that at all. So um, yeah. th there, there's a little dis disappointment in that because – I just thought it was a more planned out story than, uh, you know, just a typical Marvel event. Everybody punch each other, solve the problem, and everything's back to normal, you know. Uh, we, we are, I don't know if we said this before we got started or not, so I'll say it again. Uh, <laughs> exact quotes from, like, Nick Spencer prior to Secret Empire. Uh, this is the real Steve Rogers, and this is not mind control or Cosmic Cube shenanigans going down, um, which is all just basically semantics. Uh, and ways of them getting around it were just it taking place in Kovic's mind. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't Steve's <laughs> mind. It's Kovic's mind. We tricked you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's just uh, another Marvel event story that everybody predicted it was. Um, the, at least the art in the series, I think, it, this was the best art uh, we've seen so far for the main event story. Um, oh, but definitely. I'm just, yeah, I'm just ready for the... The beat down to commence on Cap uh, to get this over with. Um, overall, the issue wasn't trash. It's an action issue, which I'm kind of always partial to. I enjoy those. Uh, so, so I don't think it's complete garbage. Forget it altogether. But it's not anything more than the lowest level of borrow at the same time. So that's where I'm going to lean. Uh, not a bad story. I'm just not super interested in any more of the developments that I'm being given. And it's just, you know, developed into a paint-by-numbers event book. Uh, and when you're dealing with Marvel event fatigue, it's the last thing you wanted to read, which is what I'm going through right now. So low-level borrow, what do you think? Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to start. You have probably the last time yeah, I ever get to talk I'll, about I'll, this. I'll, so. uh, we'll, we'll say this <laughs> real quick because Trevitt has way more of an investment in this entire story than I do because – Essentially, I've jumped on after only reading the first arc of Cap to Secret Empire. So you've read, uh, you know, all the tie-ins um, that you found Everything. interesting, and all the Cap leading up to this. So, so all the Cap, I yeah. would put more weight into your ultimate opinion than mine, which I'm just looking at it as a Marvel event book and not a, a entire story with investment on my behalf. You know. So, so that's yeah, yeah. where we vary in the, the two opinions. With that being said, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, first off, I want to say I liked some of the tie-ins I liked more than I liked the actual event. But, and not specifically the Captain America tie-ins, I thought the Captain America run took a nosedive, started to take a nosedive once this event started. Yeah. Like, it was really good leading up to it, but... And it was interesting. And, and Sam Wilson was too. Like, there's a lot of, I, mean, I won't go into detail, it'll take too long, but a lot of cool, crazy stuff went on in those books. But then, um, you know, when this event started, they both started to get really, really watered down. Um, but the other tie ins were really good surrounding it because, you know, the writers fit their own storylines into it and it worked out well. Uh, as far as this goes, you know, the covers have been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lionel Francis Yu does a great job in this issue. Rod Reese does a fantastic job. Uh, when she says "remember" in the beginning, uh, you know, so Steve, 
I don't know. He doesn't seem to get his memory back until she takes, well, maybe his own memories back, but not Stevel's. But uh, when she says remember to him and her eyes are glowing, her face just looks crazy. Looks really good. And um, the splash page, the first splash page by uh, you uh, going into it was really good, too. It's the big fight scene of everybody just hitting each other, which we get so many pages. Like It's like a 40-page book, I think. How many pages? 40 pages. Yeah. uh, Including the cover. And... um, there are so many like pages dedicated to like not too much dialogue, just someone narrating. I, I still have no fucking clue who's narrating. I don't know. I don't either. Do. <laughs> a woman's voice or a man's voice, but whoever it is, I, I always imagine Nick Spencer's voice. I don't think it's anybody but just a general <laughs> narrator. It is Nick Spencer's voice. <laughs> but um, but there are so many pages that are just like punch, punch, uh, and like. We lost hope. We found hope. That's the narration. That's all it yeah. is. Like we thought it was gonna get better, but it got worse. But then it got better <laughs> because we had hope. Like, and it's just a constant flow of that through forty pages. Um, but it, it's not exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Like, I thought it would be way more interesting. And and you know, and it, it he did build up like a lot of like dire circumstances that you know paid off for the good guys i guess but not for anybody else like not for the reader it's right. it's you know it's all it all it's all the same tropes everything you've ever read and in, in any kind of event it's all here like every all the bag of tricks <laughs> is, is right here it's just it's the same stuff that you've seen before it's like if you just want like a mindless popcorn flick like that's what this is uh it's just you know you, you know you just wait for legacy like just forget it i mean it's I not awful too awful or anything like it's just it's you know there's nothing new it's and and the art was inconsistent like incredibly because it was bi-weekly and it was just too fast like too big of a story too fast and it yeah. just didn't work out because of that so Sorry. yeah I, I would say really over for the overall event as a whole judging it at this point with the conclusion just around the corner next week um you know, it's not anything you need to read. If you read Legacy, you're going to get all the summary you need to understand this. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you're going to start a bigger, more interesting story there. So. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a fan of event comics and you just, you know, like them, I, read it and you might get something out of it. But it, it's just overall, just another in a long line. <laughs> that's that's about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's going to wrap up the Marvel Minute this week. Uh, you guys looking for us, you can always find us on, um, you know, talking a little more Marvel on the Marvel Madness Comics podcast uh, or individually on Twitter. I'm at Beamer3660. Trevor, where are you at, man? Uh, I am at Afronatic. And we're going to wrap up this party. Uh, you guys can catch us all there. We'll talk later on this week. Peace out. Good or bad or 
Welcome back oh, to the red, you. red, white, and blue section. I'm going to call it, Eric. The red, white, and blue. You're supposed to ask okay. me what the white is. Uh, it might be some of that uh, evidence that Barry has collected. Eric. The so semen. The white. It is. Maybe it's shrapnel because I'm looking at this, and this section is going to be a little section. It's going to have the Flash and Blue Beetle. And I'm looking at the cover of Flash right now. And it's so funny because it's the Flash, the explosive power of shrapnel. Like, really? Uh, That's uh, what this one's uh, all about. The explosive power of shrapnel, huh? Oh, yes, Eric. Uh, I hope that you are strapping yourselves in here because I may have to come over to your house and throw some water, some ice-cold water at you to keep you up. I don't know. I can't say these books were boring, but they kind of were. I can. Right? Yeah, they were. This week, it's weird when you're doing reviews, and I only had three written reviews, and I'm Me doing well. them. All three I mentioned were had some bit of boredom in them, even including what you people have already heard, the uh, Nightwing. I actually enjoyed it more talking to you, uh, yeah. since now I know the cosmic key is involved. But uh, right. while I was reading them and reviewing them, even that issue was so low-key, the way Kyle Higgins went about it. It was good because of it, but it also – I did that late. And that was the last one I reviewed. I was getting really tired because Detective, which you already heard us talk about, now Flash uh, and Nightwing, those are my three books. And I really, Detective and Flash, they kind of, ha you you at this point, we're, we're recording out of sequence yes. and stuff like that. You have not read Detective. But if you remember when we do go into this, which is a flashback to a future story, Eric, oh, but you can tell me that because I, I had the same opinion of both, that they were just like, mm. I don't know. I'm telling you, had, you had boring issues. You know what I had? I had forced and odd feeling yeah, issues. Yeah, you did. You did. But we're going to start off right now. Since everything's out of order, Eric, you're yeah. out of order. You son of, of a bitch. Of course I am. You always are. You I there. want to place an order. <sighs> make the books boring this week. Let's make sure we know that they love it. You know, you're going to let's make them earn we're this bitch. We're going to test our fans. We'll see if they're really fans. <laughs> it we're seems that they're week they're, after yeah, week. They're testing us week after week. All right. I need a week where and we, we've had few of these weeks since we've been doing this podcast, all these episodes. But there is some where we have a week where nine out of 12 books are are good. I mean, I'm talking like, holy crap, these are good. It's been a while. It's been a real while. Uh, we ha we kind of got a little boost at it's the beginning. Been a while. It's been a while. Is that what you want it? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually am right now. I'm tearing a piece of toilet paper off because somehow mm. my coffee cup, I told you, my coffee oh. cup was starting to leak. Now, I didn't tell you why. It's because it's a Wawa cup, Eric, from a coffee that I think I bought on Tuesday, and I've been Gross. reusing the same cup, Eric. Oh, that's all right. I'm as long as you've been washing man. it, right? Oh, I washed it. I mean, oh, rinsed good. it. And that's as oh, much yeah, as I yeah. wash myself. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to treat the cup any better than I do myself, <laughs> Eric, or my clothes. What no, the fuck I do does this cup think it is? Yeah, really. What kind of fancy cup is this? It doesn't even have a fucking handle, and it's going to act all pretentious like that, like it needs a goddamn daily bath? You want to talk about pretentiousness about? and a goddamn cup? Yeah. I saw something while we were taking a break right here where 
it, it made me angry, and it's it's I don't know if it's a justifiable anger. I saw it's a cup that you made, and it has no. a little like handle on the side, and when you can raise it up and down. I and made you raise it? it up. You, no, no, no. Okay. I, I saw a little thing where somebody okay. made a cup. It's a thing you go out and buy, I guess. And like on the side, you have a little handle that raises up and down, and when you raise it up, you see there's a little tray. And this is for people who don't want to get their fingers wet for dipping cookies. You put the oh. cookies in this little tray, and you level, you pull it down a little bit just to get the right amount of dip yeah, for your Oreos, are, goddamn chips there, ahoy. There's things called first world problems Maybe there's also angry. things called first world douchebags and, and that's Thank what that so is angry. yeah how could that how, don't how these could people that know you just shove the cookies in there and let them fucking die, like sit at the bottom of the milk that's and then you drink it into that too. sludge no, you know what you do you act like a goddamn adult you, you, yeah, eat, like your, a man. you eat your god first off don't even eat those goddamn cookies you're an adult you don't need <laughs> your goddamn cookies. and really the thing about me dipping cookies if i did but again I'm an adult, Eric. It, it's not dabber, that not I get. Dipper. Oh my God, my fingers are gonna get fucking wet. Oh, oh my! What are you talking about? The thing that I'm worried about is that goddamn cookie is gonna get too soggy and break off, and then I got an Eric Shea situation. Well, now you don't gotta worry about that. No, then I throw it away. Yeah, I don't worry about it. I throw that away. I made a cup one time, uh, way back in school. <laughs> Yeah, I throw the fuck away. Uh, cup and all. I don't care if it's you but fun. Yeah, fuck you, you got me a little cup with a tray for my fingers. I'm throwing that the fuck away. I don't need your goddamn cup. Yeah, what am I? No, fucking... no okay, no. In my mind, it's this. You, you're gonna, you're, you're an adult, Jim Warner. You had a hard week. You're gonna sit I down. Did. And just I'm like, a, you know you what I want to do as an adult? I want to dip cookies. Exactly. You just got a, a gallon of milk. Oh, I nice hope I have cold. chips ahoy. Exactly. You got yourself a bag of chips ahoy and you sit down and then this is how it worked in my mind. You have yourself a nice big glass of milk. You dip that cookie a little bit. gets a little too soggy. It falls off and you're like, fuck yeah. this and you throw the whole goddamn thing away. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, uh, ah. including the cup. <laughs> it's just all. I don't care if that's a, a silver cup. I, you know, I got a stainless steel cup. It's going in the trash. That's nonsense. I'm no, no, Eric. I'm not a savage. And also, like I said, some of these people, listen, I do not drink, but I would hope that even myself, if I'm coming home on a Friday, oh, my God, a tough week. I really need uh, to dunk some cookies. I really need some dunking huh, cookies. I need some – where's the fun dip, honey? I need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> where's my Tootsie Roll minis? Just imagine. You're like, honey, where's the fun dip? I'm going to do it. Don't worry. Don't worry. You just take it. You fucking bite just that fucking goddamn right stick. It. You oh, eat yeah, that. You fucking like put that badass. goddamn dip right on. You put the freaking fun dip right on the counter. You start yeah. chopping that shit. You snort it like a fucking, fucking man. And I, I'm telling you, you can even say it's still nonsense. You cannot eat or snort fun dip anyway. That is a manly Watch, thing. Like, where, where are them vanilla fucking Tootsie Rolls? Who the fuck ate my vanilla Tootsie Rolls? I, I get oh, that mad at that. Me I, off. I love the vanilla Tootsie Rolls. My favorite thing. Oh, I love those so much, but I rarely the get them thing, other that's than Halloween. The only Halloween. thing I ever cared about at Easter time was the vanilla Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, my mom only got me a goddamn white chocolate rabbit, and then I'd sit there and I'm like, why do they call it white chocolate? It doesn't make sense to me, and I don't Gross. even like these things. And then no. the next thing, hey, it, it's Easter dinner. We're, we're having a treat. Hot Pockets. And then I go down, I'm like, I fucking hate, you love Hot Pockets, Jimmy, don't you? No, Mama, why do you talk like a, a pretentious Eric, the editor? <laughs> Listen, you're going, Hot Pockets it is. We're like, doing a retcon. To the my mom and dad, my mom and dad, yeah, my mom and dad came to, to visit me one time at college, and they brought me like a fucking supersized box of goddamn fucking ham and cheese Hot Pockets. I'm like, I fucking hate Hot Pockets. I hate them. Uh, we've talked about this before. You, you're desperate to eat anything in college. Uh, I hate Hot Pockets, and then it made me hate them even more. And also then they also brought me like 
Five packs of pork roll. And I'm looking at my mom. I'm like, do you see the oven over here in this kitchen? The oven that looks like there's a, a rat living in it that I haven't touched it. I, I was one of those guys that I'm at Oh, were college. you living at that house at that point? Oh, yeah. And I'm, okay. I'm there at college in the house. I'm sitting there like, and God damn. It's one like, of those where you store all that? I had the, uh, you know, I started the year with great intentions of, of washing dishes, Eric. And that fucking went down the tube. So basically, at the end in June, when I was, you know, leaving for the year, you, you had September's dishes still there and i yeah, had you, eaten you had that week's garbage is what yeah. you had yeah and, yeah and i had eaten out right every single day of the year every broad I, I there never, was yeah yeah every broad the red right and blue section ah, see i'm gosh. having i'm having a lot uh more fun talking about hot pockets and uh dunking cookies <laughs> than i'm ever gonna have on these books <laughs> eric the explosive power of shrapnel this book is and i know that a lot of times people get mad like oh man you know you sold me a bill of goods with this cover dc i don't know who they're selling the explosive power of shrapnel like there is one Ooh, person out shrapnel, there right my now favorite character. one person's punching the fucking damn it i want it more shrapnel you don't get much shrapnel i i'm trying to get now i hit that and it knocked my notes out of whack on my computer and i hurt my it always, something always goes wrong my computer, if, if people were listening last week, my, my keyboard did indeed break, and I found sure it was the, it was only the escape key. And really, that's what I'm I need. You, to, you've lost the escape key to your life. I was going to say, that's all I need is the escape key to my life. <laughs> you know what that's called? Uh, a fucking glass of wine and a razor blade. That's what my escape key is, Eric, and I bought it yesterday. Yeah, warm bath, a razor blade, and a, and a bottle glass of wine. Of wine. <laughs> Tell me, I hate wine, so that'll be the number so one. If, if you ever see me with a glass of wine, you know what's coming next. Call the authorities, Eric. Get me in a padded like, room. This is this is how he is, like officer. He had to make himself suffer a little yeah. bit before he ended it. No, that's that's my cry for help. Is actually yeah. the bottle of wine. They're like, look at him. He's got a bottle of wine. Somebody call the authorities. Don't call his wife because she'll drink it. No, that's yes. what should be concerned. With. The Flash number twenty nine. I gotta keep it low, Eric. I do not want to get yelled at. I'm beginning I'm to yell at. I got immediately scared when he said that at yeah. your freaking level of I voice. Heard, oh my god! I'm telling you, I heard some people, you know, milling about out there, and then I oh, will shit. need an escape key, and the escape key will be feet don't fail me now as I <laughs> as I run down the street, flames coming from behind, just like the Flash, Eric. Oh. Just like the Flash. The explosive power of shrapnel. The Flash number 29, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Popman, Christian Doucet, Hi-Fi, and Steve Wands. Eric, do you think Steve Wands would be a good name for a stage magician? That would be, no. right? Steve Wands. No, I don't think so. That'd be a whole gimmick Steve thing. He'd just do everything with wands. And all, he'd have like 10 wands there. It'd be like yeah, fucking wrong Who, turn with his cigars. What freaking stage magician still use the wand? Yeah, that, I, I'm going classic. If, mm. if you, who's a stage magician anymore? Jesus Christ! In, in this day and age, know, no stages. Now you're a YouTube magician. My kids are probably watching. I'm a street right magician. Now. Me and David Blaine, we go out, we dunk our cookies on the street. I'll kill you. You, David Blaine, you and him, you'd have. I have Chris Angel over. He dunks a cookie, pulls a sword out of his fucking asshole, and, and then burps up an elephant. And there you mind go. freaked me. Tada! Is what he says at the end. Do I have to talk about this book? I'm desperately trying not to. I'm having so much fun talking to you, Eric. (laughs) In in a roundabout deal, too, Eric. I don't want to tell anybody, but Mm. me and you, we might have both decided not to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) So I'm, I'm I'm a little goofy right now. Here you go. You know, 
You know what isn't fun, Eric? What's that, Jim? A flash book without flash. I thought that the negative speed force, and I'm going to tell you right now, I think that this might be one of my better blurbs, Eric. So I'm going to start oh. again. I don't want to mess myself up here. You know what isn't fun? A flash book without flash. I thought the negative speed force was going to be cool, new power set, but instead it seems like an excuse for Joshua Williamson to focus more on the CSI part of Barry's life. While I want, while I have wanted more of that on this run as well, why does it always have to be one or the other? Mwah. Thank you, Eric. Now Tell you me kind of little. messed up there. Do you want to start over? Uh, can I? Well, I, I'm doing that because I have to cough. So you have to talk right now. <laughs> well, we start out this issue with the flash all hurt because we, you know, we had that throwaway line last issue I'm where back, we found Eric. out every time that that uh, Barry <laughs> uses the speed force or the negative speed force, his body really gets torn up doing it. Like he's yes. aches and pains, and we have to spend an extended amount of time to revisit that concept because we have to see how bad the aches and pains are and discuss yes. it. I wonder what Batman does. Speaking of that, an ice tub full of freaking. Uh, I mean, a bathtub. Yes. Full of ice and I thought it was himself. Epsom salt. That's what my mom would use. Speaking of that, Eric, you know what isn't much fun? A flashbook without flash. Oh. I thought that the negative speed force was going to be about a cool new power set, but instead it seems like an excuse for Joshua Williamson to focus more on the CSI part of Barry's life. While I have wanted more of that in this run as well, why does it always have to be one it's, or the it's other? Not, it's not even one or the other because it's even in this issue that we find out you that Barry sucks a at being a CSI you without you the speed my, force. Yeah. No, well, before where, where I get all that from last issue, we had said where Barry's like, holy crap. Better get to work because Singh will think I'm late. I'm like, does Singh think that not showing up for work four months in a row is late? I mean, this no, no, is, that's the way I play work. That's too. job abandonment, Eric. You you actually get fired and and you don't get a uh, do you know not. you don't get laid off. Then you're just fired and you can't collect uh, unemployment that way. So Barry, you're screwed, buddy. But yeah, you start off where you just have such an overextended scene of him taking an ice bath, but yet. Joshua Williamson never comes out except for a little bit and says, huh, I'm not healing as much as I am. You go through eight pages of this nonsense of a bath, and, and you really don't even get any these, info. As we're going through these things, too, he's talking about blast from Captain Code's ice gun will give you frostbite in seconds. And he goes, like, Captain Boomerang's boomerangs will knock you in the head. You know, reverse flash. Yeah. I'm like, show me these because these yeah, at least sound interesting. Even that, I'm like, give me a reverse who, flashback. Like, who are you writing this book for? You know, unfortunately, I've read every one of your issues, Joshua. I, I what Joshua are you right? Yeah, what are you doing? Because you have this, and basically, when we saw the Flash get negative speed force powers, and I will remind everyone, we were confused. We were debating if he did or not because they Seriously. seemed to dissipate. Uh, but in the meantime, here y you you would have expected to learn about what the negative speed force can do. All we're learning that, about is what Barry won't do because he's afraid. Yeah. Yes, and, and you're not getting it. And that, I think, is the most – the biggest misstep of this issue and last where it's – it's you have – I want to see cool things. Now, well, I understand the negative speed force is flash. bad. I'm saying we're, not, we're hindering not only the Flash, but we're hindering Barry Allen and this yeah. other CSI, but this other part of his life. So he is terrible yeah, he's the worst. Ends. He's the worst Flash and Barry Allen that he can be in this. And you don't even get him even thinking to himself, you know what? Reverse Flash didn't act like this. Like his yeah. power set wasn't like this, so maybe it's a combo. We we're still guessing. And it's I don't just know. it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, in the meantime, while he's, you know, moping in the bathtub, 
And also, I know that you can't have, you know, and he's in the bathtub in his fucking outfit. You know, he's got his costume on. At least have him, you know, a bubble bath and, and a bare chest yeah, or something. Take it off, Barry. Yeah, he's just laying there in the bath and saying like, oh, man. a weird rash. And he's like, I don't, I'm not healing as good. He's got a big black eye. He's got, he better put a stake on that baby. And he's talking. And in the Who meantime. the stake? Yeah, <laughs> in the meantime, you're finding out what happened after the, the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger of last issue was when the uh, the speed demons or whatever the fuck. They, the Reapers. You know, the Reapers. They had had the problem where shrapnel ended up killing him thanks to barry kind of helping out while well, we see the repercussions of this where barry's upset shrapnel keeps saying to him uh, thanks a lot for the assist high five there you're, barry you're almost an accomplice in murder because yeah, you and then they kill start, the reaper motorcycle yeah, so, game flash. and it's so funny because he says that but then starts pounding the shit and not in a sexy way of, of barry mm. and he's punching him and punching him and this is where we are going to get a, a glimpse of possibly another power or what happens because it ends up building up a kinetic energy as barry's getting punched by shrapnel it's building up an energy that then explodes and now, I'm shrapnel, this progression here though it, it really bothered me because i'm reading you know shrapnel is just beating the hell out of barry yeah. and then i switch to the next page and shrapnel just explodes. I'm like, what the yeah, fuck just it happened? It just explodes, and it's because of this build-up energy. And this is – it just continues of, huh, I can't do this around people, but thankfully shrapnel didn't die. He just got separated in a trillion fragments. And, and he could, they, had so many pieces he couldn't reform yeah, himself right away. Yeah, he couldn't right reform, away. so they put him in stasis, and they're going to take him back to Iron Heights. Now, the other thing that gets me in this is – they're playing a little game here because when Barry goes all negative speed force and things, they want us to know that he is. So he turns into the zombie Barry. But anytime he interacts with everybody or anybody, it just disappears right away. So there's nobody who says. It's like, an odd yeah. thing because you see the freaking, you know, the, the yellow flash symbol on his chest in the beginning. And then when he's, you know, doing the stuff in this past, he it's has black. a black flash symbol. Yeah. But even when he's talking to the cops here, his skin looks kind of gray. You can't see the symbol or yeah, anything like really gray, well. it's a little gray, but it's still – I don't but know no, what they're playing What I'm at. saying is, yeah, I don't know what they're playing at because at this point, you would have somebody – What's wrong with you, buddy? Like, wh why the gray? Hey, you're, zombie you're, face. What's going on? Hey, it's uh, it's Central City's gray man going here. The gray boys in town. But th yeah. they never say anything. So you never get this. What you do get is Barry's like, hey, I should have saved them. You know, the Reapers. I could have saved them if I tried. Then you have this piece of shit guy, cop like, eh, hey, I tell myself living. the same thing every day because I'm an awful cop and people die around me. I'm like, he's like, it's part of the job. And he's like, okay. And then the one guy's like, huh. Is Flash walking? Yeah, that's weird. Like, okay, now, we, really, you want to know what we have? You have the Joker that can't smile, now we have the fucking Flash who can't run. I don't yep. need this. I don't and need... And we have the other Flash who can't really run because of his heart problem. Yeah, he has a heart problem. So he goes back, and he's in the, uh, you know, the ice bath, and, he's to, and he gets a message from Kristen uh, in, the, uh, in the CSI deal down at the station. She's like, what the fuck? Alan, where are you? I need you at the lab. And it's funny because he's like, now he's late again. Like, it, yeah. it, it, this is, I, I hate to say it, this is Jess. She, she's on time one day. Oh, I, I'm trying I'm trying to think about the progression of events, so because I'm pretty sure we just left the police station know, when he saw it, the it, Reapers go, and he freaking went after them there, and that's where Shrapnel showed up. But she's already yelling about him always being late again, but he does go back, and he, he doesn't even say to himself, like, hey, uh, yeah, I better help her. She needs some help. He's like, yeah, I guess I can go and look up and see who's still in Iron Heights, because well, that when because, Shrapnel you know, went down, yeah. he mentioned... 
hey, my boss won't let me kill you. And he was, you know, smart enough to be like, huh, boss, now me and you both think that it has to be Mina. We've Mina had worked Mina. with Black Hole, yeah. We've had her in the background. That's the other thing that, I, you know, let's get some things resolved. Let's tie up some loose ends. And this seems to be what it will be. And that, yes, that will be a shock when he does come across her, though I do think that she is going to be part of the reason why he figures out this negative speed force as well. I do think that it's going to be one of those like dualities of the thing where she is going to do something that's going to be able to figure out this negative speed force. That or he somehow goes and like absorbs her speed force and it counteracts the negative and and he just gets his speed back and she doesn't have anything at the end. Yeah, she had that, but you know, we'll see what goes on if that's what's going to go. I'm not saying I know anything behind the scenes. I just just really think it's Mina right now at this point because we had her dangling out there still. If it's reverse flash, I'll kill somebody. I'll kill everybody. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because when he went onto the computer and he's, like, checking who is still in jail, I actually, for a second, when Godspeed was there, I'm like, what the fuck are you playing at? Oh, that's Godspeed. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't look like reverse flash, but I was getting mad. And there's old tar pit, and the best is, I, hey, I'm going to look up the uh, usual suspects here. Maybe it's Captain Cold. Maybe it's Mirror Master. Maybe it's Paper Cut. Like, oh, yeah, really? You, you have to check to see if it's paper cut? Really? But yeah, he goes and he does meet up with Kristen. And she's like, where were you? I've been covering for you all day. So maybe You're it is one drunk. of those. He was late before, but now he just disappeared. Whatever the case may be. And yeah, she thinks he's drunk. She, she actually like, thinks that he went It's such a weird thing because, off. you know, Bar- like Barry right now at this point, he doesn't look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't no, have the black but, eye or anything like that. Well, so he she, does in like, one panel it looks like. It does look like he even has it. Like they're pointing that out. But she but, keeps insisting that he's drunk. And I'm like, I don't really see that coming well, it's across. it's because the art doesn't play off that well here of that. that. I really wish that the art of his face was a little more detailed here just to see. Like he should show up and it should have been like – what, what were you at? A goddamn, you know, a fight? What were you what, at? A I'm fight saying, club? did you have to go, like, jump out of work early to go meet up with your yeah, fight club? She, what thinks there's a, she would think there's a fight club in Central City. Like, have that. Like, Jesus Christ, what the hell? And then he has his, like, usual, which he jokes about later, like, oh, I, I fell into a doorknob. Yeah, right. Did the, what's the doorknob? Is Gorilla Grotting you? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, really. But yeah, she's like, listen, uh, you've been a bit weird lately, which he always is going to be because he's going yeah. off to be Flash or whatever. He's doing and like, hey, things. if Sing sees you like this, he'll take it out on the whole lab. I'm like, wh- why would he care about that? Like, he sees Barry looks a little disheveled. What do you mean the whole lab? You mean you and you. Barry? Yeah, she's very selfish, Eric. She, that's like her. That is a very fancy way of talking about yourself in the third person. Oh, nice. She doesn't want to say, like, she's, hey, Sing's going to take it out on Kristen. Yeah, Sing's going to take it out on the whole lab. It's just her. Uh, she's like, hey, come with me. We'll hide you until you sober up. But yet what she does is nothing to hide him. No. She is then going down to the basement. They're going down to the basement where you think that she's looking for evidence. But in the end, it's that she's showing Barry that it's easy to steal evidence and yep. everything gets so convoluted and this is the, the start. dialogue just becomes yes. so ridiculous this is the start like, i don't know of if the steve orlando dialogue. jumped in and just wrote a little bit of dialogue for josh like williamson it. or what yeah. but it's crazy because they go down and uh kristen lies to the guy down in the lab there's you know the Ramsey. guy what's that what is his name 
Ramsey? Yes, Ramsey's in there. He's doing a autopsy. He's having a little too much fun down there by himself. But as they go in, like, hey, Ramsey, I left my evidence kit down here. I got to get it. He's like, okay, don't worry. I'm just digging into this guy. Look at this. This guy was such a piece of shit. He would have died anyway. And I, I thought, are these the Reapers? Do you think that they're the Reapers? I, I thought about that, but they did. They look too well, like, you know, maintained they to be do, the Reapers. But it was the only weird thing that I'm like, is Joshua Williamson trying to make it so that we don't think that Barry was responsible? Because he does say, uh, Ramsey says, hey, you can see that this guy didn't take care of himself, would have died anyway. I'm like, you're not getting off the hook there. Uh, you know, yeah, Barry. Everybody dies eventually, Ramsey. Yeah, Shut yeah, the fuck really. up. And then out of nowhere, nobody says anything. And this is where I thought it was right off the bat here with the dialogue. Because there's Barry. And it would have been like Barry saying, like, man, you have an exciting job down here. Or you have Kristen going, man, how can you stand it down here alone? Nobody says anything to him. And out of the blue, he just says, sure, it's gross. But if I didn't do the dirty work, cases would never get solved. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Like, why are you saying this? It's the craziest thing to say. At the end of the day, I know my job will help someone find justice. justice. And Barry, I'm like, we're so we're so in sync. Barry and I fucking yeah, finish. They our are sentences. in sync now. Just think of this. You look at the panel. They're both first off. They're looking longingly at each other. It looks yep. like they're smiling. Uh, it, right off panel is a dead man who is being dissected. He's having Look, an autopsy. I think Ramsey's they, all about Barry Allen until he looks at him and realizes, oh, my God, I think this cute guy I was just really into a second ago is a cokehead. Yeah, really. Well, and the other thing is, though, you look at his face there when he says justice pristine that is a that is a good looking manner there's he nothing doesn't look wrong. drunk to me but the problem is where you had this whole idea of hey my um my metabolism the speed force is not healing me the way it used to but without parameters we're never like he doesn't even say like oh man thank god it, it finally healed or something yeah. so you don't even get any idea but that's where ramsey's like hey uh mr allen your nose and he has a bloody nose. And again, are you supposed to think that Kristen's going to think he's a cokehead? That's what so I imagine. Weird. This guy is always like, you know, ducking out and doing things. He, he's doing drugs, getting drunk. Doing well, she really, she, she really pushed the whole idea of you look horrible. We have to get yeah. you out. Now, the whole thing was I'm going to get you out of here, Barry, because you look like shit. Well, would, if, if he doesn't look like shit now, which he doesn't look like it, he has a bloody nose. Why isn't she like, boy, how'd you heal that quick? Like this really throws a lot in there with this healing factor being slow because it's still, you know, it still seems it's faster than a normal person. Right. So his black eye's gone. Yeah, he has a bloody nose, but it's just ridiculous. And she's like, hey, anyway, my kit wasn't here. My mistake. Thanks a lot, Ramsey. I'm like, what happened to you hiding Barry? Because now she goes out and he's like, what was that all about? And she says, I wanted to show you how with a little distraction, it's super easy to get samples out of the CCPD. And then, did you steal something? Hey, we're just looking at it. What is she doing? Like, why did she do this? And what does this have anything to do with anything in this? Because they are on a case. This isn't like this isn't going to solve the case because you just proved to Barry it's easy to steal things from the basement of the. I, I'm pretty the, sure you could just tell Barry and he'd believe you. Hey, it's pretty yeah. easy. I was trying and, earlier. And this, okay, and or also say, hey, you know what? Let's let's find out who was down there. Like, go down to Ramsey and hey, Ramsey. Yeah, who's been down here lately? And is Ramsey a suspect? It, you know what I mean? They're, all she went down is to steal things. It just didn't yeah. make sense. But they, they run into Morrow and uh, what, Burns and Morrow. 
yes. the two detectives that they're working with. And then it, it just it's it's even more wonky because then you I'm like, hey, you lab rats, you want to compare notes on Singh's case in our lab? And Barry's like, your lab, and it ends up being a bar. I'm like, you drunks. They, they, you, anybody who calls the the it's the lab, so you can go, hey, let's go to the lab, Eric. <laughs> we're winking, and now we're drunk. And you have this whole yeah. thing where Barry then says, hey, I, I go don't to the lab drink. all the time. It's ridiculous. But yeah, they're like, hey, it's a cop bar. And you go, you have this weird back and forth of first, it's a cop bar. You can say whatever you want because everybody here is working a case to it almost meaning like almost going to the point of, hey, we're here to see if anybody. Yeah, exactly. Whatever piece of shit steals evidence, he's probably here yeah, right so now. So like, why are you is talking it, freely? Yeah, yeah. Is it that you're there because this is the one place that you can talk freely, which also. I don't know. I know that they think it's an inside job and all that. So don't go. It's just weird. That changes. It does change. And they're talking. Then they're like, hey, you know what? Uh, Barry, you don't drink, but a quiet guy like you always has some other vices to suspect to the okay. drugs. And then, yeah, Kristen's like, hey, stop busting his balls. Uh, and then they just start talking about, hey, if Singh wants to watch cops, this is the place to do it. Someone will talk. I'm guessing this whole missing Evans thing will end up being something simple, a big old mix-up and then barry says why do you say that why do you think it's a mix-up and she says it's because she was in gotham and she was a rat and and she can sniff a, a bad guy from a mile away i'm like what is going but you on? think it's a mix-up yeah and also you have to go that i don't know what sing it does he have her on the case because these are hand-picked by sing like Singh yeah. has gone to them and said, "We want you to work this case. I want you to work this case. Keep it on the like, down I low." Think, I think Singh's got to have a better roster of people because the people that he handpicked, they go to the lab, the bar. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Singh. Oh, yeah, God. immediately. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Everybody. You have somebody who really had to get the hell out of Gotham because they were a rat, and then you also have them just turning on Singh right away and acting as if Singh's not involved. Like they're like, "Hey, I don't know if Singh, you know, why he would want to hide this." What are you talking about? He didn't hide it to you. He wants to figure out what's going on. If he was the one who did this, why would he get anybody involved? Because nobody seemed to realize yeah, this except Sings him. found out about it. And it was spelled out to at least Barry that the reason why he's keeping it on the down low is he's afraid that if things get out, uh, some of the cases of that he put cases away. A will be open. People will be able to get out of prison. And also, we never really, really said that all of the cases that had evidence missing are Sings. Are they, they? You know, he's the director. I don't even yeah. know how much he should be out, whatever it might be. But wouldn't you look into that first? Like, okay, here we go. And and the big thing is, the big reveal is, Kristen has figured out that all the samples are biological. So basically, she's like, okay, we have these ten cases. They took all blood and semen. They didn't take bullets. In and my mind, they take just took blood. Yeah, I think so too. Because he's like, oh, these are bloody cases. What do you mean, violent? No, no, they all had blood work. But this isn't something that it, it, Kristen. They make Kristen seem like a genius because she just read. I, I think she's the only one who read it because when she gives Barry the whole case files, he's like, "Huh? I used to use. I used to speed read through this stuff, but if I do that, th- this shit'll get burned up." Like you have really? no idea. Like he, how does he have any idea? What? Like you said, we were talking beforehand. What does he have? Fucking heat vision. What's going on? And he Speed doesn't force know. He's going to burn my paper right yeah. up. Uh, he starts reading too fast. And so now you're getting where you you do have a thing in the background that I think Joshua Williamson is playing at of the thing where Barry is going to start to question himself. Am I a good CSI guy 
or was it just I was the Flash? And I'll tell you, it's the Flash. <laughs> it's the Flash 100%. But they keep spelling it. You're the number one guy. You know, what do you think? Do you think Singh's dirty? And he's like, I, I don't know what you're getting at with this because Singh is the one who started all this. He's the one having us look into it. Uh, but then you get the whole thing. It's like, hey, it took and us so long to notice because they were careful. This talking line about Barry infuriates the me. Well, he's like, hey, it took uh, – they knew what they were looking for and they must have had access to the files so they could search for what they needed. And then they, they're talking and uh, I think it's – is it Morrow? That's the girl? That's the other thing. I, I get. So. And she's like – Barry, if you're saying what I think you're saying, we need to follow orders and take this to sing. Please, just like, say it because yeah. I'm not a cop. I'm not following your goddamn train yeah. of thought going on here. And then he says, if someone is stealing evidence, they're endangering the lab's reputation. We can't wait for Singh. Singh's the one who started this. Oh, God. What, what can't you wait for? He gave you this evidence and said, look into it. You were doing this because he set it up. He's the up. one who told you to do this. What do you mean you can't wait for Singh? And, and oh, really, God. you don't think that in this case, the most important thing that Singh has going on now, that he was peeking through the goddamn fucking, you know, the window at, at the other cops, you couldn't get on the phone right now and say, hey, Singh, uh, we got some shit. Meet me down at the – there's no way that he's not Meet there in two minutes. Meet me down at the minutes. lab, wink, yeah. wink. Wink, wink. He's like, which lab? I go to a lot. I'm a, I'm a awful drunk. But, you know, you would think that at any point he could call him. He's like, we can't wait for him. What, to call him? And he's like, no, I'm going to go to the uh, the uh, the records the evidence room. Room. I'm going to go over to the, the records. Yeah. Why wasn't he there before? This is I, part I, of what they had set up. And he's like, hey, and the, hey, you can't just waltz over there. Who do you think you are, Barry I Allen? I go to the records like, room all the yeah. time. He's like, I'm I go a, there all the time. CSI, yeah, you know, I know these God guys. I have, a, I have a personal relationship with these guys, though he hasn't been at work for eight months. And he yeah. goes there, and he's like, he gets there, and he's like, hey, Danny, you there? It's Barry from the crime lab. I was wondering, no guards? Oh, no, everybody's all bloodied up. They're all bloodied up. And he's like, my God, Danny, the guards, they're alive. What did this? Thank God. Like, they're alive. And what, what did this? And then he realizes, oh, no, the lab or the records room, it's on fire. Somebody's trying to hide the evidence, obviously. They're going to do this. And then Barry's that's like – the thing is they're not trying to hide the evidence. They're trying to hide the fact that evidence was taken Yeah, that's now. what I mean. And there's the only evidence will be four missing. people in, in, plus yeah. Singh who know about any of this. And I know. The flash, so we can eliminate one of them. Yeah, yeah. And the whole deal would be, like you said, they probably went there – took some more evidence possibly and now they're lighting a fire so nobody can track them now it's it's gone so barry's like huh i'm gonna have to save these guys but i can't be the flash can't use powers but i don't need powers i can get them out oh no i'm tired oh no like, what, when are you I'm you're still tired from person yeah, out of nowhere you're still tired from fucking eight hours ago i mean they've been doing a lot going on here why wasn't he tired at the bar why wasn't he tired at, at the lab in the basement all of a sudden when it's convenient to cause oh a cliffhanger my. yeah he's, and that's the worst he's like i'm still exhausted from the fight with shrapnel it's not like he's like huh something's weird something's affecting me here and then you could even go like who burns or morrow slipped him something there though yeah, we didn't yeah. drink uh but still you could think oh maybe he had water i, I don't know but all he says i'm still exhausted you're still exhausted and not only that not only that i'm still exhausted from the fight fight with shrapnel have to push past pain yeah have hey. to push past pain and then and then passes out sleepy and time said, everybody's dead <laughs> sleepy time go to sleep barry allen and then at the, the next is another thing i i just have to tell you 
it, it infuriated me because it's next. A new breed of villain introducing blood work. I'm like, you son of a bitch. We have this whole thing with the boss, and we think it's Mina. We already had – and blood work to me, I don't know why. It just sounds like the name Godspeed as well. It's like these, these right. broad names. I'm like, reason. fuck this. Like, oh, here it is. It'd be funny. This villain comes out and is like, my name's blood work. Huh. I wonder if that has anything to do with the missing blood in the sing case. No. I don't Thank know God what you're talking about. Semen work. Yeah, it's like they yeah, really. It's like they would show up and they'd be like, Oh no, Wally West is hurt. Who are you? I'm the new villain. Hurt Wally West. You son of a bitch. <laughs> huh, I wonder if there's a connection here. Yeah, Bar- Barry's not on the top of his game here, but I I, I hate this arc so goddamn oh, I, much. It's such this. a disappointment. I hate this book. Coming off the button with the reverse flash, and then coming to the next arc with reverse flash, where nothing was answered, and we get into this still no answers, no. and we don't even have and a more good questions flash now. or a good Barry Allen. And everything is more, uh, you know. Let's add seventeen more questions. Uh, you know, to make Barry into this mystery thing where he has to use no powers because he's a CS. It's not interesting to me. This is nonsense. And and everything contradicts the page before it. It's just not fun and to the me. And the dialogue is just weird no, it's, at times. It's awful. It's awful. And I, I love The Flash. It, again, I always talk about Nightwing. Flash is either second or third of my favorite yeah. characters, and I love them. And I'll even go, like we said, at the end of the New 52, when Van Jensen was doing the stuff with Riddler, I'll tell you, it was not the best. I was still trying to have fun. I will always try to, if you at least give me some fun, I'll look past a lot. I really will. If it's just like, okay. No, it it hasn't been. It really has not been fun. You either get a mopey Barry. Now you get a Barry who, like you said, he has handcuffed him as a Flash and as a Barry Allen. You get the worst of both worlds. And it's just not fun. I... Gave it a six. I don't know why. I think well, I want to go you, down. I told you originally I was going to give it a 5.5. Talk with you. I'm down to a 4.8. I'm going, I'm going a 5.1. I'm going to go for the podcast because I do like the art. Uh, and I just, like the art too, except for that, like the transition where Shrapnel yes. just blew up, I thought was odd. And also Barry not looking Barry's like he's face. drunk or beat up out yeah, of nowhere. Barry's face. Well, you can't have dialogue that isn't portrayed in the art on the page as well. So if you tell me, man, you look like shit, Barry. You look like you're drunk. And then the next the thing he's The most handsome looks, man yeah, I've ever I'm seen like, in my God life. How dare you? I'm I'm going to start drinking, and maybe I'll get some ladies. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> do beer goggles work down. the reverse? If I drink, do they start seeing me as better? That's how eh. I think it works. Yeah, that's how I think it works as well. I'm like Homer at the dinner party with fucking, you know, a giraffe, and oh, yeah. I got the fucking top hat on. But, yeah, I'm going to go 5-1, and I did not like it. Uh, 4.8. I, I say that the next book is better. Uh, I do think it is. Not so by I. much. Not by much. What is it, Eric? Blue Beetle number 12, written by Keith Giffen with J.M.D. D. Mateus, art by Scott Collins, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Batman's in town for a few days to thrill, and Jaime better start acting like a superhero soon because the Dark Knight is watching him. Really, though, even with Jaime acting like he's a, he's terrible at the superheroics, all it takes is for him to act compassionate towards his villain Ghostfire for Batman to give Blue Beetle the thumbs up and tell him to keep doing what he's doing. Keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Keep doing what you're doing, just like my grandfather told me. I'm telling you, these books are starting to fuck. I'm punch drunk. I'm Barry Allen now. 
I, I can't heal from these goddamn issues. Uh, the, the thing about this is I, I saw a lot of people, and uh, just a, as an aside, if you go to DC's Facebook page, they do put out, like, a, as the week goes, they, they – A little previews and shit like that. They do a preview. Usually it's, like, even just the cover. It's, like, yeah, one of yeah. those, like, hey, check out Blue Beetle, and then people will comment. And we said there's just nonsense. I look, I'm nonsense with goes. those comments. And nonsense goes because most of the people that we see, and if you want to go, go over there. You can see me and Eric getting mad at people occasionally, <laughs> and we'll we'll step out of our, our shadow and Taylor, and we'll step out of our shadows and say like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But in this, it's funny because they're like, oh great, another book with Batman in it. And then you have some other people like, oh, I guess Blue Beetle's not doing well because Batman. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are 100% right. Now the problem yep. with this issue and with that being on the cover, if you go and buy this, if you have not been watching reading blue beetle and it is the start of the final kind of story of it's the last Keith two and issues and of Keith and, J- and Jan if yeah. you know a little about blue beetle i do think you could grab this issue and and be as confused as me and you or you know you'll know enough to get through it but don't because this Batman is written horribly. That's the this worst the part of worst this. Sound- it's the worst Batman no I've ever Batman read. Batman voice to this yep. character at all. So don't be fooled. Don't say, oh, you know what? I always grab every issue that Batman's on. Now, if you do that, I can't tell you to stop. Yeah, but if you're thinking, oh, man, Blue Beetle and Batman together would be cool. After And if you start reading, if somebody was saying, like, we're saying this. And somebody's like, oh, I don't know. I read the preview and, and I read the first couple pages and Batman talking to Ted Kord isn't bad. It goes downhill from there yeah. to a Batman that has a monologue, an internal you know, narration that is the worst written Batman I have ever read in my life. Me as well. Ever. I'm talking Brian Hitch. I'm talking Steve Orlando. This is worse. It doesn't sound like Batman at all. Uses words that I would never think Batman would use. I know he's a fancy fella, but it, it's nonsense. It really is. Uh, in the meantime, the other well, bit was, of the story is forgettable. Like, and you what? have the tenacity to talk to me That's that it, way? Yeah. Like, when would Batman say that? You have the tenacity to talk to me? Really? But yeah, even so, even the backstory, you know, the story in the background of this uh, with – it's just nonsense. It, it really is. You have everything going on. You have a villain that's not interesting that's part of a bunch of villains that and aren't it's, interesting. It's a weird thing because we had this set up last issue where, you know, we were told that Ladama, freaking Brenda's uh, aunt, she was working with the scientists to do like create superpowers, do something. Yeah. But he went and looked like there was an explosion, but he went and took the technology and turned himself into Ghostfire and he had yep. plans – on killing Jaime to make himself a big a big shot, be known yeah. for like killing Blue Beetle. That was the plan. So we we had that set up last issue. Here we have him enacting that, but the whole stuff with with Ladama, it seems to be a complete rehash of everything we had last issue. But switches yeah. things up because where they said, all right, we're gonna have to get Rick and Rack on this thing. And now her freaking you know her her freaking manservant comes in. You want me to get Rick and Rack? No. He, yeah. He's going to just destroy himself, this fucking yeah. this asshole villain. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. And we have to go through this whole thing about, oh, Ladama, my love. What did I tell you about calling me that? Don't you they call me my whole, love. Th- we did all of this yeah. last issue. Yeah, it's just, and, the, and the biggest thing that I was looking forward to, though, was now since we got done the Aryan freaking saga, as they wanted to call it, mm-hmm. Reverend 3, yeah. we had the Blue Beetle, like the Scarab, back on Jaime. And talking. it's decided with the new the new bond, it's talking to Jaime. Yes, like, it's, okay, a, it's a better is, bond now. It's like it's now a they better bond, bond. But the, the thing is, we had the, the Scarab talking to Jaime, and it's all like casual as shit. Yeah, I don't there's like it. no dra- drama nope. to it at all. There's no like, hey, what do you mean like Beetle? What are you talking about? Scarab, armor, yeah. backpack, whatever you want to call it. 
we have, we've got this character in here to replace Ted Court essentially it seems like but yeah. we don't have any interesting conversation because we have the scarab it's almost like the tactician for Jaime now like okay we got to fight go- like uh, Ghostfire I'm going to analyze him but everything that he says to do for Jaime or just does on his own the beetle itself yeah. it doesn't work I'm like, yeah, so and, and even a terrible beetle you have a thing where you are ending your run on here and you you know maybe you want some people to jump on if you do you have the perfect way to do it a little more subtly where you have the scare and like you know all of a sudden it's like man when you were doing that i was going to tell you you know you can have some fun with it i told you scarab yeah. i was there i don't need you there to tell me you can have some fun, fun the, the, the thing about it too when it starts off jaime is getting ready for a date yeah, Batman's in town he's with finally a, asked Naomi out on a date. Yeah. He's all excited and nervous. And Batman has shown up and yelled at Ted Court, "Hey, you know you have this blue beetle guy. You get the idea that with Arian that there has been some press, and Batman yeah. has seen this. He's checking As we into saw that it. Before, yeah, and he's he's there to kind of see why Ted Court would be involved with putting a young guy in danger. But he also seems to be intrigued and want to see, you know, maybe even like, hey, the Justice League needs to know if this scarab is going to be a problem down well, the line. Well, that's even a thing because he, like Batman just goes in thinking this is just another blue beetle like ted cord was but he has no background ted even tells him this is a sentient armor sentient armor huh yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. check in on this. Yeah, I'm going to have to check in. And then in the meantime, you have the back and forth. And it's J.M.D. Mateus writing the script. And it's J.M.D. Mateus giving us the classic arguments to Batman. And the problem yeah, yeah. is they don't come off as funny here because we've no. seen them all. We've seen this. We know this. This is – this is I, Last time I checked, Robin ran around his pajamas. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is message board fodder where you have yeah. people like, hey, Batman's the greatest hero. You're greatest. He runs around with kids in their underwear. And then he puts kids in danger. And he's – having a pajama party on saturday night and he doesn't even pay for the pizza he stuff like that children yeah Whoa, it's just like that well you took it too far there but yeah and then you have the little like hey and by the way ted stop sending us letters you're not going to be part of the just league whether you like it or not but when you go and it's you get the idea that it's supposed to be fun right it's supposed to be where i think that they really show that they think they're hilarious jam dimatis and keith giffen are in the corner laughing their fucking balls off thinking that they're hilarious is when they have Ghostfire write a sky writing message that says dear el paso i own you sincerely Ghostfire, super villain par excellence and i really think that like this is going to be like batman 66 it's going to be great we're going to have to i really think they're going for this hilarious thing it isn't it, it, does, it, it just it does not come off it, that it, way at all are you looking at that page Aaron? oh yeah what are those people doing in the uh the window on the left i think there's some hanky panky going up at the top window looks like a guy is kind of going what the through guy the... is he has his girlfriend she's like holding on to the window so yes. he's banging away but he's yeah. also pointing at the sky oh, see well, me she... i used to like to have <laughs> I had a mirror right there so i do that and i just like flex in the mirror yeah. and then underneath there's a guy who's doing like that that fucking like wrestling <laughs> There's some weird guys over there, but yeah, it looks like I don't know who did that. It does look like there's somebody getting pounded from the from behind there. But yeah, in the meantime, Jaime is there. He's trying to get you know some fancy uh, flowers. He wants to oh, impress Naomi. Like, he wants to really flowers. impress. You, those flowers look terrible to me. He's like roses are too serious. Carnations. <laughs> yeah. Who likes carnations? It's not good. Daisy. Daisies like I are see, where yeah. it's at. Yeah, and I think that this ghost fire is supposed to be kind of like a. Uh, a Batman 66 villain because in the meantime it is a older fella who has a hologram type armor around him but when we get to that 
it then takes a dark turn that really shouldn't and, and really threw me I, off. But I, I don't know what's going on with this ghost fire, what he was developing, because he has this like hard light, like holographic shit that's like around him, they like say yeah. at one point. But he has fire powers that he can also shoot out of his eyes. Yeah, but this I, fire's also psycho uh I can't even think of the fuck psychotropic. It, um, uh, psychotropic yeah. freaking effects. So psychotropic fire. So it, it fire. starts making uh Jaime high, which then DM JM Mateus is like the the scarab's talking about in the vernacular of the younger set, you're baked. Oh, like God really really the thing is this only, he's Christ. only high for a section where some kids get put in danger and then Batman rescues yeah. him and he's not high yeah. anymore. Now, and the thing is, I'm so angry because the fire is on the at the armor. Yeah. Why is Jaime fucking stoned from this? Why is not the armor protecting him? Yeah. He, like, it's know. just fire. It should not bother him no. at all. It should not leak through the armor into his brain and make him fucking like he's baked and, on and acid or fucking the, stone. And ghost fire is there almost like with the whole and we've seen this in a bunch of issues recently. It's a villain who's like, you know what? They're going to know my name. I'm going to yeah. be, you know, it's it's like Cracklow and freaking Super Sons last week. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to be known. I'm going to be a big shot and all that. So he's fighting Jaime and like now, do you think that people cringe more at JMD Mateus saying baked or every time I say throwing shader? Because we're both old men using terms we shouldn't use. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, there is a long overdrawn battle where Batman's watching and Jaime is just fighting Ghostfire. In the meantime, it's and like failing this, miserably. And failing miserably, but yet having a quirky funny type of dialogue or supposed to be and it just doesn't match what's thing. going on now it, all it comes down to is that the scarab has analyzed you know the person inside the the ghost fire suit and he realized that this person's dying of terminal yes. cancer. Well, and here's and the, the problem whole- is to me with that. You do have Jaime, like we said, where Ted was saying to Batman, you know, the cliche whole deal with the, uh, hey, you have a uh, Robin's going around in your underwear. He does the same thing with Jaime where he's fighting a bad guy. And he's saying, you know, you know what? Why do you guys always use this tech? You're a genius. Why do you use this to fight? Why do you do this? And says, They're why don't you go help. and cure cancer? And then Ghostfire's like, huh, what do you think? You're funny. Then the next fucking in, – in two panels later, you find out the guy has cancer. And I'm like, yep. what the fuck is going on? Like that was the dark turn where I'm like, really? Like Jaime should really but, feel uh, like a piece of shit, but it's is, never really the, – the, the guy's got cancer. He wants to be known for something before he dies, but it's also the psychotropic fire from the suit that's causing him to act yeah, and lash but it, out but the way he is. it seems like he set that up. I, I don't know. And it's not any villain that we're ever going to get again. And, and it's no. just nonsense. And then he ends like using a hose and, on him, but he's the, on fire. And, and the reality of all of this, we have Jaime going up against this guy. Batman's, Batman's in town. On the he, needs to, he needs to impress Batman here. But even if we have all of this going on in this issue, all I saw it by the end of it was Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus using these final two issues well, to yeah. finish up their run of Justice League 3001. And well, that's the, the problem, I mean, before you get there, you have Batman there. And you do have the line, uh, you even told me one of the main things that you kind of, when we work uh, that on Wednesdays, when we're working Wednesdays, yeah, yeah. we always talk about the books. And you did point out, usually it's the big, like real big bullet points. And you said that Batman's there checking out Jaime. And he says, huh, 
at least uh, you know I give you kudos, kid. And he's like in the distance. He's like, you yeah, took he's him away. Him. You took him away from the population. You know, you did that. The only reason they did that is so that Batman can continue to just watch. If you yeah. have him fighting in the middle of El Paso and Batman's just standing there as buildings and shit are going down, you'd be like, oh, Batman, what the fuck? You should be jumping in. But instead, you have that, so he's just sitting there. But Jaime could die. At any moment here, and he doesn't seem that concerned. He's like, oh, all right, kid, way to go. But like you said, where all this leads to is basically Terry and Tina going back to their time, back to the year 3000, and to go the Just League 3000 and 3001 book to end up – you know, finishing that, but it's such a add-on. At the end, and it's almost the like they and were in the middle of reading this or writing this issue with Batman, and then they got the call. Hey, by the way, you're going to be off the book at this number. Oh shit! Let's change up gears here. Hey, JM, remember do that this. series that we never really got yeah. to finish up the way we wanted to? Let's use that to do it here. Yeah. Even though we have Batman and Blue Beetle, fuck that shit. We got Tina and Terry from the year yeah, three thousand one. Well, worry and, about. And even their dialogue there, we have these characters who were Flash and Batman in Justice League three thousand and one. I mean. Uh, and yeah, just like through last month. And they've traveled back in time. They throw out all these things that if you haven't read this, you have no idea. Lady Sticks must have ch- like thrown them back in time. Like you have no idea what's been going yeah. on in this book. And then even Tina and Terry, like she's T- Terry's built a cosmic treadmill. She needs a Jaime scare yeah. to power it up. Yeah. But the way they talk about time travel, they seem like fucking idiots. Like like the future and the past, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, they can't uh, get like, this. It, it like so I said, weird. if we like, went back know, to the, you know, if we went back in time, there would be no confusion. Ugh, no, time travels about a bitch. Like, you know, like seeing Bruce and Clark no. again, but not that version. I mean, like yeah, I will no. meet them, but not yet. And I'm like, this no, is the problem. And doing? when they're saying that, and it's mentioned a couple times, time travels a bitch. But it's always Terry and Tina that are having the problems when it should be a Ted. Or a Jaime, like Jaime's like, man, that's that's your uncle. No, no, that's my great great grandson. Holy shit, time travel's a bitch. Like it should be the people who aren't involved in the time travel that get confused. Of is Batman your relative that you're his? You know, are you his mother? Are you his sister? You know, whatever might be. But the confusion should not be from the people who just came back in time. It shouldn't be, and it is. But yeah, before that, right before that because that's how it ends you do have batman telling jaime you know hey kid you did good but when batman says you have the temerity to talk to me that way oh it's the temerity yeah for some reason i even saw it's tenacity or something i don't even know temerity you have the temerity to talk what is that the fucking word of the day i've never heard that word before and then then he's like don't apologize kid i like it you do and you're right i am power untempered uh, by compassion is a dangerous thing i think you've got potential after all beetle I'm like, and what? I'm telling you, we this all comes down to Batman watching. Jaime got his ass kicked, almost had two kids killed because he couldn't do the job. And all it was is that Batman came in, punched out Ghostfire, and he's like, I'll take it from here. Look, punching and sending someone to jail isn't always saying he needs to go to a hospital. You know, a little kindness never hurt. You know, you have the temerity to talk like this. And he's like, you know yeah. what? I like to cut your jib. We need a little yeah. compassion. You Good know for what? You, kid. Keep doing what you're doing. You know what I like? I like when people, you know, talk back to me. That means they have moxie. I don't like it when those guys in the JLA do it. That right? He's a real pain in, in the my ass. Mind, is Blue Beetle going to join the JLA at some point? Maybe, because that's what they, it seems like the, the whole like the compassion and things talk. like that. It, it makes it seem as if Batman's leaving that book anyway. So yeah. we'll see what goes on with that. But yeah, he's like, hey, 
I'll be watching and tell, tell Ted to teach you how to throw a decent punch. I, I'm telling you, I was waiting and waiting because I was so sure we were going to have at least seven one punches uh, mentioned in this because, you know, they're going to dip so. into that well, uh, which is their own I'm well. I'm sure pretty that was much, but, back in the day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's his own well. So it, I was waiting. But then you go back to Terry and Tina. It is just a setup that Terry has set up a cosmic treadmill, uh, but they need something to fuel it. You have Terry, who's as... Goddamn you, smart you, you, as anybody you in the universe. Your, flash, your speed force powers. Yeah, that or she can't understand that then Tina's just like, hey, what about Jaime and the Scarab? Who didn't think of that? The person I've been dealing Ooh. with for all these issues and know exactly what's going on. But who? <laughs> that's something crazy. But yeah, they're going to go job, back. Good job, little girl. And uh, as they're doing this, you do see that the uh, – the date with Naomi has gone bad as well. But the thing that I did like, and I do want to point out to people, when you have Tina and Terry talking, you do get a look at what the team was at the end of Justice League 3001. Yeah. It was pretty much an all-female team, including the female Guy Gardner, Gal who we Gardner. like to call Gal Gardner, who's awesome. So at least when you look at that, if somebody's looking at that. imagine, though, nobody who read Justice League 3000 or 3001 and just reading Blue Beetle and yep. they get this. Yeah, and, but here's the what I think it's funny. Just remember, when you're looking at this, I'm, I already saw people, huh, you got Fire, Ice, Supergirl, Wonder Woman. I wonder who that future Green Lantern is. Now, they do mention Guy on the page, but when you're looking, you're like, where's Guy Gardner? That is Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner is a female. Now, the problem is, is you have one issue with this, it seems, right? They're going to finish this up. Yeah. They're going to have to take half the issue to explain how these clones, because most of them, Supergirl is not, but some of these are clones. And... And, and fire and ice aren't either. They're actually from, but guy oh, is right. definitely guy. Right. Yeah, guy and Wonder Woman are. And yes. are they going to explain that at all? Because it's kind of a cannibalistic type of cloning. Well, even Terry where, is to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry is. Uh, yeah, to a degree, she has the powers of somebody else. They actually get the powers by kind of getting the powers DNA into somebody else. The, the oh, DNA overwrites their yeah, own. Yeah, the and they DNA overwrites like, somebody yeah, it's else's weird. DNA. It, it, it's wacky. Uh, if you have read the book and did read it, and I do suggest at least 3,000. I still like 3,001. 3,001, you can tell. It, it got way wonky, uh, but it was really I fun for a while. 3,000, I really enjoyed. So if, if you ever get a chance and want to get like that first trade or whatever, it's fun. Superman was a dick. You, you had a lot of crazy – Superman was basically like – I don't know, like Zap Brannigan didn't from Wonder freaking Woman Futurama. Yeah, just wanted to yeah do that. Everybody wanted to beat the shit out of Superman because first off they didn't have the exact powers that they remembered so no. Superman could not fly but he thought he could so he'd jump out it's windows like at points yeah. he'd just jump out windows and think that he could fly uh, but it was really good. But yeah, that's what it says. It's like at the end, you have this goddamn thing. And I'm like, who is this for? Because it's next. Justice League 3001. But you knew that already, didn't you? I'm like, no, I didn't because this isn't the book. Who would have expected that? Yeah, Jesus this Christ. this should be if, – if they want to do this so bad. Now – this and book next, is not ending. The, wrap, the, the absolute wrap-up of Threshold. Yeah, yeah. Th what I was going to say, this is what the weird thing. Keith Giffen does not take kindly to being off a book. He really doesn't. All. And usually, though, he runs a book into the ground and it gets canceled. <laughs> this is not being canceled, but yet 
He's acting as if it did because this is the shit we told you. He is the best at ending a series because shit goes completely bonkers, and he basically – if he has created a character, he will kill them off so nobody Completely. can use them again. He really gets his toys and fucking takes them and walks home with them, and this is what he's doing, but somebody else is coming. I think it's Chris Sabella is going to end the thing, and, and in a, an aside – Chris Sabella has kind of like kind of let it out of the bag. It seems that this book will probably be uh, it probably yeah. be canceled in February. It looks uh, so we'll see. But really, this is fucked up to have the next issue be what appears to be the wrap up of Justice League three thousand and one. It's just nonsense. And I'm a fan of the book. And I just this isn't that book. Don't get people who have Blue Beetle on their pull list that joined in on Rebirth, and now they're going to get a Justice League three thousand and one issue where you had. Not much of a setup for these characters. You had Tina, who we said nobody until last issue would no. have had any connection. Now, we did. We knew, Eric. We're in the know. We're, we're smart cookies. We're smart fellas, yeah. We're yeah. smart cookies that might be dipped a little too long, if that makes any sense. We're cooked a oh, little too long. But, yeah, I just – I'm going on and on about this because it's nonsense. But I, it was better than Flash. Uh, what did you give this? I am telling you, the freaking – Everything felt forced from the narration, the dialogue. Just everything just felt forced because of what would they want to do to get to their last issue next t- next issue. Yeah. And it was not a fun read because even with Batman being in town, it was boring. Blue Beetle was not a great yeah. superhero. The interaction between him and the Scarab, yeah, which I just wanted the entire time, Blue Beetle it's, really it's being not in. great. Yeah. And uh, I, at the end, pretty much, you know, there were certain concepts like I can get behind the Justice League three thousand one stuff because I did read it at yeah. least, but. It's just a weird issue to even think about. The arts, if the art's fine, the art's as good as it always oh, is. Oh, the art's in the, all, in the I love the art. I think but, uh, the art's always great. I, I ended great up giving it a five point five out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it. I'd give it. See, I gave. I ended up going down a flash of a five one, and almost comparatively, I'd like to give this a six, but I can't because Batman is so off. The, the art's Batman good, but boy, the the, the Actually, story's not nothing. True. Dan Abnett's Batman and his Infinite Crisis digital series yeah, was, was probably awful. the first Batman. That was awful. But this, but this, this that was kind second. of a side digital deal. This is supposed to mean something, and it, it it is not good. It really isn't. And the thing is, like, you have Jam DeMatteis and Keith Giffen writing a Blue Beetle, and yet they're just trying to set up at the end their book that they had that didn't make it to Rebirth, and they want to end it. It's just nonsense. Again, that does put it now does it put it in the rebirth continuity even because that book was always a wonky continuity it doesn't yeah. make sense for it you to had even a pre flashpoint booster and ted cord there yeah yeah and that's the thing ted was it just doesn't make sense it doesn't uh i'll give it a five five as well so uh, i do like the art i was looking through like the voice of batman's terrible but i do like the look of him and yeah. i always love the look when jaime actually has the scarab going i, I do like it i i like you, the you look know what i want more than anything because the the best part about the series to me so far are the variant covers yeah. i want the book to look like the variant covers yeah because they yeah. always look amazing they're hardcore looking and it just reminds me more of what we had with the new 52 blue beetle series and really at the end that's all i want to get back to oh yeah i see it jesus christ he looks crazy all the variant Holy covers look moly. like that and they're always amazing he looks a little like spawn there and i've never read spawn <laughs> he looks like it <laughs> we'll be back in a minute
What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Uh, this week's book comes from a recommendation from Aaron, a.k.a. Bad Touch Dr. Light, um, and it is going to be Southern Bastards Volume 1 from Image Comics. It's a, little, it's a little bit shorter of a trade. It's only the first four issues, uh, but it's written by Jason Aaron and art by Jason Latour. Um, so just jumping right into it here, the first page is literally a dog shitting alongside a road. The dog doesn't really have anything to do with the story in general, although it does show up quite often uh, throughout the, the issues. It, it's not really a main big part of the story, it does just keep showing up and, and shitting and pissing everywhere, but uh, I guess there just must be a lot of stray dogs alongside highways in the south. Not really sure, but there's the dog. Uh, but after that, we're introduced to our main character, Earl Tubb, uh, coming home to Craw County, Alabama. Earl was raised in Craw County, but left for Birmingham and hasn't really been back since his dad's funeral, which was 40 years ago. Uh, but he's back in town to clean up his old house where he grew up uh, now that his uncle, who was living there, is in the nursing home. Uh, when he gets into town, he notices that some guy named Boss seems to own everything, uh, but we'll get we'll get to Boss a little bit later on in the trade. Uh, so first, Earl goes to his old house and notices that that there's a tree uh, that has grown up from his dad's grave. Uh, now going through the house, there's there's some really great flashbacks shown in in red panels, um, and this is this is the way that you show flashbacks in comics. There's hardly any words on the pages for four or five pages, just just good artwork showing more about the Tubb family. Uh, Earl's dad, Bertrand Tubb, uh, was a sheriff in Craw County that pretty much cleaned up the whole county with, with a giant stick. Uh, it seems that Bertrand had this this famous stick that he would use to beat the shit out of people instead of instead of using a gun or something. And we learn from the newspaper headings that are shown hanging on the wall, um, and in those red-paneled flashbacks, uh, it shows one time when a bunch of people uh, showed up at the tub house aiming to kill Bert, uh, but he beat the hell out of all of them. There were probably like six, six or seven guys. He beat them all. They all had guns. He used his stick, um, and this all happened while Earl was watching through the door, through the doorway. Uh, so Earl starts packing up, uh, and then he goes into town to try out this this boss barbecue. Um, and while he's eating his ribs that he gets there, uh, this real strung-out-looking, you know, stereotypical hillbilly guy named Dusty Tutwiler uh, comes in demanding to see him. Uh, a little bit of the pronoun game going on right there is he doesn't actually say who him is, uh, but anyway, Dusty recognizes Earl from their childhood, and they catch up a little bit. You know, they talk about football uh, and Earl's dad, and their conversation ends with with Dusty telling Earl, "Now get the fuck out of Craw County fast as you damn well can." And outside the restaurant, there's this real big piece of shit taking a piss right there in the middle of the fucking parking lot. Now. That may not seem like that big of a deal, but Jason Aaron doesn't want you to have any doubt in your mind how big of an asshole this guy is. First of all, he goes, What's the matter? You ain't never seen a guy piss before? When some ladies walk by and give him this weird look. And then this motherfucker pisses on a dog. 
He pissed on a fucking dog. Soon as that shit happened, I want this fucko to die. I want Hannibal fucking Lecter to come into panel and eat this guy's goddamn face while an NFL punter lines up a perfect kick right into his bare dick. Fuck you, guy. Okay. All right. I'm I'm calm. I'm calm now. Uh, dude, just piss me off a little bit is all. You don't you don't piss on a dog and whatever. Anyway, so this guy's name is Esau or Saw. And Shauna is the waitress at Boss Barbecue that Dusty was yelling at saying he wants to see him. Well, Shauna told Materhead, and Materhead came out to tell Saul. Um, so Saul wants Shauna to tell Dusty that Coach Boss is out back, uh, even though he's not. So Shauna goes in and tells Dusty, uh, and Dusty is going to go out back to see Coach coach boss but Saul corners him in the kitchen and holds a gun to his head um so Earl is walking out of the restaurant and he hears Dusty yelling uh, and he's just gonna go ahead and walk out but I guess his morals kick in and he walks into the kitchen grabs a, a pan of boiling hot fries and smacks Saul across the face with him <laughs> yes fuck you Saul favorite panel in the entire book uh, so Earl grabs the gun, points it at Saul, then delivers actually, actually a pretty great one-liner. He goes, I just came for the ribs, and throws the gun in another one of the friars. Uh, so they run out, and Dusty is flipping out about this. He's he's telling Earl, you know, you shouldn't have saved me. He works for Coach Boss. They ain't going to forget this, and all kinds of cryptic stuff that doesn't really tell you exactly what's going on, but you get the idea that, that Coach Boss and his goons are bad news. Uh, he tells Earl to go the hell back to Birmingham, uh, then he runs off. Now, back at the house, a kid named Tad uh, that used to come over and talk to Earl's uncle uh, is climbing in the tree on Earl's dad's grave, uh, which, cool thing about the tree, it actually, uh, Earl's dad was buried with with his famous stick, uh, and that stick actually grew into the tree, which is which is pretty cool and comes into play. I won't get to it today, but it, on, in this segment, but it comes into play a little bit later on in the trade. Um, so a couple times in this first issue, uh, and more throughout the rest of the trade, we see Earl calling someone and leaving voicemails for them, but we don't really see who it is until the end of the fourth issue. Um, so after Earl runs Tad off, won't let him come in and watch TV, he just you know, kind of tells him to go away. Uh, it skips a little bit later on, and he's leaving another voicemail. Originally, in his first voicemail on the way into town, he said that, that three days uh, is all he was going to be there. But now in this one, he's saying that he wants to leave sooner. You know, he's hoping it'll only be two days. Um, but he tells the person that he's going to tell them about, about his dad the next time he sees them. And then he hangs up the phone by saying, I've got something to do. Uh, when he hangs up, he grabs an axe and walks out and starts trying to chop down the tree over his dad's grave. You know, he's chopping and chopping, and it, it doesn't really seem like he's making much of a dent. And later in the next issue, we find out that he actually didn't even come close to chopping it down. But while Earl is doing that, Dusty is off looking for Coach Boss again. Uh, a bunch of people in football helmets show up in a car and chase after Dusty. Uh, they eventually corner him, and even though he's trying to give them money, saying, you know, I got it right here, I got it right here, they surround him, and the issue ends with them in a circle, uh, just beating that living hell out of this guy, uh, with bats kicking him in the stomach while he's down. Really, they beat him to within an inch of his life. But that is how the first issue ends, and after that crazy-ass first issue... Uh, it continues on the same path, really, for the rest of the trade. 
you learn that damn near everyone in this town really is a southern bastard and a piece of shit uh, that won't so much as question Coach Boss, and you get to see how Earl handles all of that. Uh, there are actually some pretty great moments throughout the trade, uh, like one in particular that I'll, I guess I'll sort of spoil. Earl ends up with a stick just like his dad's um, that actually came out of that tree that his dad's stick grew into, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, and then there are also more of those moments where where people are just about some of the shittiest people I've ever seen in comics. Uh, but honestly, one of the best ways to describe uh, this trade is from Images. Image itself, uh, they put out a description of of the book. I guess it probably would have been the uh, like the solicit for the first issue or the first trade or whatever. Um, but it says, Welcome to Crawl County, Alabama, home of Boss Barbecue, the state champion running rebs football team, and more bastards than you've ever seen. When you're an angry old man like Earl Tubb, the only way to survive a place like this is to carry a really big stick. From the acclaimed team of Jason Aaron and Jason Latour, the same bastards who brought you Scalped and Wolverine, Japan's Most Wanted, comes a southern fried crime series that's like the Dukes of Hazard meets the Coen Brothers on meth. And honestly, that's a pretty damn good description of the rest of this book. It is, It is very filled to the brim with southern people being assholes and being pieces of shit and southern bastards is pretty much the best title that you could come up with for this book um so it's very fitting right there uh but when i first read through this trade earlier earlier in the week i thought it was it was okay but not great uh, i think i've read it four more times now and every time i read it my score goes up a little bit in my mind uh, now that I'm, I've actually talked about the first issue, I think it's going to go up even more from what I had planned. I think the art looks pretty, pretty good throughout the entire, throughout the entire trade. The art, the art's really good. Uh, it captures the feel of this shitty ass southern town they're in, and I think Jason Aaron does a great job of letting the art tell as much of the story as his words do, which I always appreciate out of it, out of a writer letting, letting the artist tell some of the story. I won't say this book is fun, uh, because like I said, pretty much everyone in it is a piece of shit, uh, but it's a really well-written comic, um, so thank you, Bad Touch Dr. Light, for this suggestion, uh, because I'm not sure if this is a book that I would have that I would have picked up on my own, um, just you know, going through looking at titles, reading descriptions, I don't think this might have been one that I would have picked up, but I'm definitely glad that I did, so thanks for the suggestion there. Um, but when it all comes down to it, I think I would probably have to give this around like a like an eight five out of ten. I was probably a, at around a, a six or a six five when I first read it, uh, but it has gone it's gone up a lot for me in the later reads and after reading it this last time. I'm really interested to see where the story goes from here. Uh, the seeds were laid in this trade for a really great story moving forward, and I want to see how Jason Aaron can continue upping the piece of shit level in each trade. Um, so I'll definitely be checking out some of the later trades and seeing where this goes. And uh, even if it goes a little bit down from here, uh, it's a really quick read, which I, I appreciate. There's not there's not a whole lot of, you know, mystery or anything like that. It's it, you can you can read through the trade pretty quickly and and enjoy it for the fact that it is a, a really well-written comic, which is something that I really like about it. Uh, but that pretty much brings us to the end here. Like I said, probably an 8.5 out of 10. Um, if you don't mind reading about complete pieces of shit, 
Um, definitely recommend this book. It's like I said, it's really well written. The art's really good. Um, so definitely check it out if if it sounds like something that you would be into. Um, but like yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and giving me a listen, uh, listening to me talk about some Southern bastards. So um, that's that's the end now. So I'm gonna send it on back to Jim and Derek. Song, song of the south, sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. Gone, gone with the wind, ain't nobody looking back again. Tell my words would tell, but if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. What up, Fresh Cup crew? There you what go, What up, Eric. wrong turn? <laughs> He's in the house, Eric. Wrong turn. What do you want to know? You want anything from wrong turn? Do you want to have him I just tell you anything? I don't want anything from that motherfucker ever again. Shout out. Poop poop. There you go. There you Just go. The you want to you want to hear what else he has to say? Shout out poop poop. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, I love him, Eric. I love that man. I also love the mail, and this is mail section number three, sure Eric, is. number trace, and this is Ryan from the Columbus Comics Corner. He says, "Hey guys, what's going on? Up, I've Ryan? been checking in on Suicide Squad book from time to time. Still finding myself overall disappointed in the series. Unlike Me you too. guys, I have the choice to drop the book anytime I want." You lucky dog. So I pray every night before bed, hoping DC can deliver a 9 out of 10 Suicide Squad book bi-weekly, making Reggie's songs and your guys' discussion more positive. Not this week. DC, if you're listening, let's retire some of these team members. I agree. The movie was a pile of garbage. Eh, I don't mind it. It was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. No. And readers don't want to see those characters anymore. I said, El Diablo out of nowhere shows up yeah, in this issue. I'm like, was he there all the time? That brings me to the point of my email. So, guys, pitch your new Suicide Squad. His roster is Bronze Tiger, if he isn't in rehab, Psycho Pirate, Calculator, Katana, worthy enough to stick around. Captain Cold, reverse flash of continuity kid approves. Would this I do be not. if this is Eobard Thawne, I don't want him. I no. wouldn't want him. Daniel West, and we might talk, but it doesn't make sense now. And then he says, Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. Yeah. Kumite, bitches. He says, Eric. And that is his what would your uh your team? You don't have to go a full team, but what what sort of characters? I would definitely would have you Captain want? Cold on it just because I find I'd him like fun. Captain Cold on it as now, well. We, I, we actually had this discussion the other day too, and now I can't remember who the fuck I picked, and it's pissing me off. But at one point, you know, after Forever Evil happened and you know, we had Argus doing their thing, I thought it would be a cool like idea, like, you know, 
we have to round up the meta kind of what we're doing at Suicide Squad now, but the whole idea, you know, we need to round yeah. up meta humans. And in my story that I had for, you know, my headcanon shit going on, I wanted Black Lightning on the team just because I wanted Black Lightning to be doing something. And if he was yeah. like in prison, I'd rather like, have him fairly. like a, uh, well, then you could have him almost like the way they had Rick Flag at the beginning of Rebirth. That he was kind of in prison, kind of put away because he was too good a guy. Remember, he went against his, you know, the orders and yeah, they yeah. wanted to put him in Guantanamo Bay just to keep him fucking silent. So that was the way they could well, get like if him. If we didn't have him in a Detective Comics right now, I'd say Clayface would be a cool one too. But how do you brain bomb Clayface? You can't. You'd have to no. have something else that you would use. Uh, how about the anti-monitor, Eric? Does that no. make sense? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm looking. I actually – I really like Black Mana on the Black team. Black Mana was cool on the um, team. Since they don't use them that much, you could have Captain Cold, but if you don't, I don't think you'd have two characters Kite with man. cold things. I'd like Mr. Freeze. I I would like to see how that would be, or maybe a Scarecrow. Like somebody who's a bigger villain, but you never really see them much. Well, now I know Scarecrow. You also need some cannon fodder so you can get blow some motherfuckers' heads Yeah, up. that'd be good. How about Hunter Zolomon? I'm just going. Well, Hunter Zolomon has not been introduced in this continuity yet. No. Well, then you have. How about Brainiac? Actually, Bane wouldn't be bad. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him at some point uh, in there. How about Gigano would be kind of cool. I'm just Maybe, going uh, down. Kurt Lance. For, uh, not Kurt Lance. But yeah, but friggin' uh, Man Bat. Yeah, I'd like that. Uh, I'm like, and one that I actually even – I'm just going through things here. I would like Captain Cold because I think without uh, Captain Boomerang, uh, I, you would have a guy who I could jump onto and like. You'd have Yeah, you need a captain, but I, I do like Captain Cold. But one uh, villain that I would really like on the team that a certain person would be very upset if they heard me say this, uh, Poison Ivy I think would have been. And she was going to be on the team at one, at one point. point yeah, so they had that hair. team. Yeah, and I, I would like to see Poison Ivy. Tallow, well. I don't want to see more of him. He's still out and, and about, I, right? And the, the other thing is I would have rather have had Lobo on the Suicide Squad than the JLA. I think that he would have done better there. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of – you can even have – like you want – you get rid of Enchantress, get Cersei after this Trinity story. You got that. But yeah, they, they need a new team. This team is just it, – it's boring. It's hat. And it's old hat. And you, you have the writer, which is Rob Williams, using the same Gold ways – to to get things done he ends up enchantress always gets knocked out you have that yep. then you get you know it's just there's nothing fresh about it he he seems to be thinking that the fresh thing and the fun thing is this you know home life of amanda waller and her, her kids and th it's nonsense i don't want that either I, I would really i would love and you'd have to have somebody bigger i would love if amanda waller even was told her like when amanda waller died keep that going for a while right. uh, but they'd never do it because of the movie but keep that going and have somebody else take over maybe a lex luther maybe maybe lex. find a way to keep maxwell lord in check so they can bring him back yeah. i don't know I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that the book stinks. But I, I actually Bronze Tiger I like. Psycho Pirate's a little odd. Calculator and Katana I like Captain Cold I like. Yeah, reverse flash though would be kinda cool. Yeah, I mean you and could I, I sit like there. off just because it doesn't make sense with me with the whole outsiders being out there because of metal. I know. I know. Yeah, well, she's on remember she's there. She doesn't have a brain bomb. She said that last issue. She's there to help. And they don't really spell it out, but she was she was there as almost that character in the movie, but because the movie didn't really delve too far into her, she really didn't do much. But once Rick Flagg, uh, you know, supposedly I still think he's coming back. It, uh, you know, they're letting that hang. But uh Katana's the only one there who doesn't have a brain bomb. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But then 
<sighs> yeah, it's just another. I'm just looking just through different things right now. Book. Yeah, I was looking through some villains and stuff. <laughs> some of them just don't make sense. Dark side, Eric. How about that? You put a brain bomb in Dark side. He's just a baby right now, Eric. A baby. Brainiac, and you get that. Huh? How about Orion? Actually, Gigana, I think, would be kind of cool. Yeah, I said that. I think Gigana would be cool. You're probably looking at the same thing. I the scroll. Did you yeah. write DC villains? Uh, I did. How about Vandal Savage? Would you go with him or Brother no, Blood? I, I don't like him a part of that because I like Vandal I, I'm Savage telling you, well. I actually would like one of the uh, Batman's rogues gallery to be in it. And I think that uh, uh, Scarecrow would be kind of cool, but even like a uh, Two-Face or a Riddler after this or stuff going croc. on. Yeah, yeah, or a killer croc. He's already there. Huh? He says, yep. Shut your mouth. How about a parasite? How Would about you a like? Solomon I think Grundy. parasite was on that one team he that was. they had. Yeah, they that that team seemed interesting enough, but they didn't go with it. But Eric, that's the end of mail section number three. Kite and we're just man. throwing names out there. We're just gonna keep naming people. Hell uh, yeah, Superman. <laughs> if they put Kite Man on it, I'll be the first to get in line to fucking hit that brain bomb, uh, but I'll also be first in line. I will refuse to talk about that book ever again. That'd be nonsense, that guy. But we're going to go off to more books now. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea. Ah, uh, Eric Shea. You're going to tell us about that DC. You tell yeah. us about that stuff. We're also here with Reggie. Hook it up, Eric Reggie. Shea. Tell yeah, us all about Reggie. It. All right, my man. Woo. Woo wait. Let's get fired up. Let's get fired up, Reggie, because you were my last white hope. This week. You were my last white hope. You were me? the great white hope because I thought maybe all of your books would kick ass and it would get me out of the doldrums uh, of this week of comics. And guess what? It didn't work. No. Uh, <laughs> your books were a little better than ours. Not much. Not much. Uh, we do have a weird section here because we're going to have a return of an old friend. We're also going to have a, a book that I, I don't know. I was going to try to make you some it? sort of thing. I don't know. I was trying to do like a Casey Kasem deal. <laughs> we'll You've see been doing a, too many of those song podcasts. An old friend that we haven't seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, we will eventually be talking about Hellblazer for the first time in a long time. Uh, but, you know, we, we have some old... Here. We have some old favorites as well, including the first book, Reggie, and what is that? It's Al Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 27, written by Robert Venditti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tamu, Tomu Mori. Oh, I want a new god. One that won't act a dick. One that doesn't have a stick in his ass. One that won't make me ten fire pits. Yeah. I want a new god. One that don't invade dreams. One that doesn't wear a dumb helmet and ain't a target for Omega Beams. 
One that won't make me nervous uh. just by being nearby. One that doesn't need a back brace harness just to fly. Just take off and fly. I'm talking about Orion, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Orion. That's an urban diss on Ryan, y'all. Oh. Uh, at some point, we have to do a, a metal, or a duet again. I, I'm going to yeah. suggest that in the next couple of weeks, me and you do a duet because All when right. we sing those, I, uh, I just, I want to join in. I, I want to start a... dancing. Right. Actually, I'm not much of a dancer. I was yelled at today. We were driving in the car, and I forget. Actually, I think "Walk Like an Egyptian" came on, and "Funky Cole nice. Medina" came nice. on, and my kids and my wife were dancing like goddamn retards. And I told them, "Listen." I don't like attention. I don't need us to stop at a light and people look over and go, look at those motherfuckers. I don't need that because I ain't dancing. You should have seen these dances too. Then I well, put on driving, just. I no, yeah, oh, I was driving. Well, still, they were bebopping around. And then I'm like, I'm turning this off. So, and I like those songs, especially Funky Cole Medina. I was getting yeah. into it. Bram, they're, bram, they're doing these dances. Yeah. And uh, what ended up happening, I put on sports radio, and then Rafe was dancing like a goddamn fool to sports radio sports just radio? to piss what me off. Yeah. No, oh, you should have seen these dances. The one wor- one worse than the next. These dances, but we are here, and obviously you said we're talking That's what you about get having a white family, dude. Yes, Hal Told Jordan, you. the Green Lantern Corps that we're talking about. It it is a Green Lantern book, correct? Is is that? Uh, am I mistaken there? Uh, am I no, mistaken? It is, it is a Green Lantern book. It features all the Green Lanterns. You know, it features get, all the Green so Lanterns. Snippy. Okay. Well, you know, at, at any point, look- at any point, do they maybe do the oath, the Lantern oath? I don't think they do it in this one at all right well, now. I have heard it in a while. Well, I'm going to let them. I This is for the Green Lantern Corps because they have to be reminded what the oath is. And, yes, this is wrong turn doing the Green Lantern oath. This is the premiere. I was going to play it for you guys before we went on. I said, nope, I need wow. you guys to hear it. Here is wrong turn saying the Green Lantern oath. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. God damn it. I mean, that's pretty, that's actually pretty good. Uh, that was after coaching him for hours. He got like he got like 23% of it correct, I yes. think. Yes. Oh, it's a, the worst was the first time that he did the Green Lantern's light at the end, the green's fucking light. phone rang. The phone rang. He said the but I don't even know what these syllables even were thrown together. It was like, uh, some, some lights. And Eric's there from the back going, at least say Green Lantern. He was so <laughs> angry at, at the wrong light? You don't like Green's light? No, that no. was that was the fifth time. He yeah. finally said, and that's me saying Green Lantern's light. Green's, Green's light. lights? Oh, Jesus <sighs> Christ, I just shook my Amazing. head and walked away. So, I loved it. Uh, there it is. That is the. That did, is the but now, best when he, when he did the oath, did he power up? Did he start making green constructs? No, he shit no, his he pants. Lying. He shit his that pants, was... is what he did. He, well, he right. just lies all the time. He comes in to Eric and says, Hey, I ain't going to lie to you no more. Uh, I watched the pumpkin heads too. And then he, Eric's like, I don't believe you. And then he pulls out his phone. He actually filmed. What a second and a half of the a of the movie. The thing is, it's been a little while since I saw Pumpkinhead too, but I have a pretty good memory for these things. What he showed me, I don't remember from the movie. Yeah, it was not Pumpkinhead too. 
And he had a story. He said, I wanted to seize the pumpkin head's wand, but that wasn't on demand. And then now the problem is I kept yelling at him. I'm like, listen, he doesn't read or write. So what he does is he uses voice commands. He uses the text, you know, the voice to text, uh. the voice to deal. So he has his TV. He gets his remote. Pumpkin head's wand. I'm yeah. like, no, you're not going to find pumpkin heads one. Pumpkin head, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it's pumpkin head. I said, you don't that's put hilarious. the one in the first. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars one. No, that's not getting there in now, the meantime. Now, what I, I, I need to know, why does Eric care whether anyone watches yes, pumpkin he head does. one or two? No, well, well yeah. Really how about this? This was our whole <laughs> argument with him because I said, listen, wrong turn. You come in and say this. I said, ask me. Ask me what I thought of Pumpkin Heads 1 or 2. And he goes, uh, what, did you like the Pumpkin Heads 2? I said, I'm not fucking watching that piece of shit. I said, look, Eric's there. He doesn't hate me because of that. You don't have to watch these just because of him. And I said, how about this? You say to him, (laughs) I tried to watch it and didn't like it. He's not going to – and I I actually started pretending I was wrong turned to Eric. Just don't bring it up. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, we, well, we were play acting. Of my life not bringing up pumpkin. No, head and they, Eric at one point will say to him, "Hey, you should check this out." All he has to do is come in the next day and say, "Yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch that." But nope, he has to lie every time, and Eric catches him in a lie. He lies. That's all he does all day. He'll weigh himself when we have this big, you know, the big warehouse scale. He'll get on that scale, look at it, he'll walk away. Then he'll get on it again five minutes later, say, "Oh, I weigh this amount." Then he'll get on it the third time and say, "This is the." first time i'm weighing myself we're like you you told us we saw you oh yeah i'm just joking (sighs) well he is retarded don't forget he kind of is yesterday the big thing this week is he says to me he he does get some help from the government so yes i think we could go that route Uh, but he comes to me and says this is the big weeks for me i get my monies and i i what What do you mean you get your monies and he's like this is the week that i i get paid like, we get paid. Eric's in the back. You get paid every week, you idiot. And we're like, yeah. you get paid every week. No, no. This is the only weeks. My mom gives me the monies. And I'm like, uh, oh, jeez. I said, you, you got to look into this wrong turn. I think you're getting ripped off. When he says, me and my family went, and we went to get the KFC, and we got a bucket of chicken. It was expensive. That was $70. 70 right. monies. I'm like, somebody's ripping you off, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Just watch it. Everybody's ripping them off, except for 50. us. Yeah, yeah we're, no, we're, we try idiots. to help you him. At, you should be at the forefront of ripping this guy off. We should. Actually, one day, why Why did he give me that money, Eric? Remember? I don't know. He kept, well, there was a couple of weeks where he just kept giving you money. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> he kept handing me money. And then I said, listen, I'm like Donald Trump. I'll take any money. Any money you give me, I'm taking it. So I just like uh, Donald Trump probably would take any money you give he him. He did. To he it. actually, Eric was telling me that story where they sent out a che- checks to people for 18 cents to see who cashed 16 it. 16 cents. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 16 cents or whatever. He cashed it. That's, uh, he, he would say, <laughs> how do you think I got so rich? That's what exactly. he would say. Uh, almost like sounding like Ricardo Montalban somehow. That's all what how, I always hear. How do you think I got so rich? Is what he'd say. The other guy, there was only two guys. Wasn't that the story? Two guys who cashed it, and one was I a think traffic, one was a, a gun drug runner, and the other guy was Donald runner. Trump. Or so it was, yeah. it was a cracked article, which yeah, I did not read all the way through. Hey, I'm telling you, if I got a check for 18 cents, I'm cashing that baby. Hey, 18 cents, they add up. Uh, do we have to talk about these yeah, comics? Can we just have 36 a, a, cents? Yeah, let's just have a <laughs> let's just have a podcast where we talk about stupid stuff because now we have to talk about the comics. What else? I thought that's what this was. Was it? Uh, is it? Listen, no, let me tell you something, guys. Enough, enough of the nonsense. Enough of the bullshit. Oh, jeez. This Sandoval oh, 
Tarragona Mori connection is serious. Yeah, can you give okay. me that again? Can you say that again fast? Can you give me the that? Sandoval Tarragona Mori? Okay. Now say it. Uh, say it backwards. <laughs> so what? Yeah, I like in an Italian it. accent. Yes. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, the Sandoval the Tarragona Mori. Hey, but yeah, I, the art's great in this. I, oh, I really I mean, did like the art. I, no, we've never disliked these people at all. We've always said Rafa Sando, but I think that the three of these guys have really come into a – they've just improved a lot, uh, you know, even more – better than they were. I, they are humming along at a, at a great whatever team connection, and I think yeah. this whole issue looks spectacular. It reminds me, even though it's different stylistically, it was like that – uh that was it, Mikkel, not, not Mikkel Yan, in the uh, Stepan Sejic. Yes, Stepan Sejic. Aquaman, oversized one that was just blowing us away. Uh, this doesn't have the same backgrounds, but just looks no, fucking awesome. No, but it has really, and, and it, it is helped out by, it has some really big panels, like really yep. good big panels. The problem I have, though, is after you get past the art, there's just not a lot going on. And not at all. You, it was set up last issue where we had Orion, and you had, you know, the Omega Beam shooting at him, and it looked like he was dead, then they brought him back, and you get more of that this issue, but nothing really that exciting. I, it really didn't I like the me. heart bit. I, it's okay. I really like it's just I wanted to understand it a little more. <laughs> like, really, what happens? And I really was hoping that before before guy says to him, "Hey, what's going to happen if you take a whiz or whatever?" I actually was thinking, is this going to end up like Tomar two, where he's going to go insane because Kyle's going to have to stay up for fucking seven weeks? Yeah, yeah. And then he's just going to go goddamn insane. But I guess it because I, I'm telling it, you, this whole thing with the heartbeat too. We have this freaking you know like whatever. I can't remember what Salik's fucking race is, but we have his the doctor of his world that he sent to Green Lantern. Yeah, and Orion yeah. too, and I'm like, oh, I do have the blueprints for this thing. You know, keep his blood pumping, shit like that. I'm, all right, all right. And then I turn, like look at the next panel. They're cutting his chest open and removing his. I'm like, I, I, I don't think this is the right idea, guys. Because yeah, but whole, they, like, they had to like, have his heart stop. So are they going to put his heart back in? Like, this and it's like funny. Well, this thing. is the problem with me is that as I'm thinking it, it, it came about kind of thinking about how that old kind of cliched thing of if a guy goes to jail for life. And then his heart stops and they, they bring him back. Is he now free because he has died? Because eventually they're going to have to put this heart back into Orion, his regular heart. And it seems like it's game on again to me. You know what I mean? Because this is happening well, they'll, already. They'll work, they'll work it out. You know, I know. But hit. still, that's all so, I could so, think so of. Wait, you're doing you're, this. You're, you're jumping too far ahead. You're confusing people here. No, so these, I am not. These golems, these golems <laughs> are going after Orion or this one golem. And yeah, it, it's yeah. following his heartbeat. So he actually stabs himself in the heart, which, yes. I, which I think is an important point. He's like, usually these new gods on whatever planet, they're fucking, you know, selfish assholes. Yeah, and there is a somewhat selfless act, or at least an act that, you know, he recognizes he's posing a lot of wow. danger to yeah. this beautiful planet of Sligia. Well, that's the other thing, though. Even as you go here, why, at no point, it seems, are they ever trying to get Orion out of the fray. Nope. And at, at the other thing is, you had this goddamn doctor just yelling shit in the middle of a goddamn fucking disaster area. I mean, they got to get people out of there. They do try to get them out, and Hal does kind of go cause, in. But that's because Hal's in charge. Hal's the fucking worst. You got to remember yeah, that. Whatever yeah, he's that there, all he wants to do is throw missiles at a guy. Yeah, that's face. all he he's doing. He doesn't people give a shit about around. fucking saving people. No. Are you kidding me? 
That's it's, what he it's does. Insane. But yeah, yeah, and that's what happens is Hal basically says, as you know, as this doctor and Kyle are trying to figure out what to do with Orion, uh, Hal just attacks this golem front, you know, frontal assault, and, and it just yeah. and it ends up that I like the whole idea of this golem as it's fighting. It's like you know going after Orion, and then the next thing it's like yeah, it's charging up. It's charging up the Omega yeah. Bean. So it's like charging up twenty three percent to get a you know Orion. Then it will go like taking care of resistance, and yeah, then it's it's focusing on. I like yeah. that. I thought that that was pretty cool the way that it was done that way. But yeah, Hal is just going to town with his standard constructs. Yeah. Oh, same old shit, man. Dude. And, it's fucking uh, chief and, and of missiles throwing thing, jet when, plane at him. Yeah. When we have Orion go and freaking stab himself in the heart, and they go and remove his heart and put this freaking you know this blood pumper in, it appears that Orion's dead. But this whole time, the Golem he's charging up his Omega beams for another blast. And I swear, when he gets 100, percent he does do the blast. But then, oh, Orion is deceased. Moving on, boom, two yeah. opens up, and he's gone. I'm like, where, where did that Omega blast go? Because I saw you shoot that shit. I thought oh. it was just like getting, uh, you know, just about to power up. I, I'm looking at. Yeah, it. yeah I mean, it does I feel, look like, I feel it like when the Omega beams how. come out, you see those parallel lines, though. Always, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's just he's he's ready. His his head is all shiny. But yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, he doesn't release. Crazy, it is crazy. But yeah, but he takes and, off in a boom tube, and that, and that's when Kyle, the artiste, has to make this complicated heart thing. Which actually, I'll be honest with you. It's kind of nonsense because we actually do have artificial hearts here on planet Earth. You know, it's it's a complicated. Say what now? But it's not like it's not like something that's like oh we got to have a construct. You mean they don't like, give people pigs hearts anymore? Is that what they or did? Or a gorilla heart? Or a, a gorilla you know, or heart? A that's what I'm heart. saying. Yeah, I heard. I heard that basically what you're banking on, Jim. If you if you don't get that baboon heart, you're not seeing the other side of. I'm 50. telling you, they better not give me a pig's heart. I'm eating that shit. <laughs> They're gonna come and give it to me. It ain't getting my chest. It's got my my give tummy. Me, give me a pig's foot, and you'll That's be like, right. oh, no, God. it's just bacon. They give me a well, BLT. I don't know how serious you are about this whole thing, but I, I, I can't tell you where I came from. I happen to have a baboon heart in the fridge. If you need it right away, do you? Well, right? I yeah. can't. I'd rather have a BLT. But okay. the, the, you know, I'll go with a baboon yeah. heart. I would. I wouldn't want to ruin your Sunday dinner, Eric. No, that, yeah, that would not. that would be bad. That would be bad. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, not a lot happens in this issue. Uh, like you said, as we get there, you have pretty much they kill Orion by you know stopping his heart, giving him this construct artificial. They don't even call it an artificial heart. It's called a artificial blood pumper. It's yeah, like the most arcane so term that they could use for that but that's kind of what they use and it just not a lot happens and then from there they go and you they report back to uh mogo and the green lantern corps and they're checking it out and that's where you still have guy or a guy shows up and you still have kyle there with this con- construct and he can't move he has no. to be there it seems you can tell he's like Ryan super concentrating he oh yeah like he has to take a shit yeah. Uh, yeah, he's 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 going to be in trouble. And you're right, he might have like a psychotic break. We'll see how Maybe. this plays out. I yeah, don't we'll have to right see now. how long it goes. I don't yeah, know how long might, this is. It might is. just be like another couple of hours. Well, but the other thing I liked in this too, which I thought was, you know, not huge, but it does put some momentum in the story with now the uh, members of the Sinestro yes, Corps like having that. joined the Green Lantern Corps. They go and get Tulobe from the formerly Sinestro Corps yep. to do a uh, Spock mind meld with... Uh, Orion and find out the story behind the golems, and it turns out that it was the Yuga Khan, the the, uh, the ruler gods, of the old gods, the yeah, old yeah. gods before the new gods. He, he was pissed off when the new new gods came in, so he created these golems essentially. Out of to, metal. 
Yeah, out well, of nth metal. That was the metal, metal they were talking about. And it was There's... crazy. So there is a little connection there. Like we said, we didn't know if there would really be a full-out connection. There is. They made him out of the nth metal. And the descendants of Highfather looks like have to die. And that's Orion here is how they're playing it out. Or at least, you know, the ranks of how they're going to, you know, be in the, Even the though line he's not of the... Yeah, I know, of but it is the I line can... of... No, you're right. I hear you. The so I think that's what they're going... Well, I it think ultimately they're going to go after Dark Side too. They're going to go after, I would assume, yeah. all those guys. Apocalypse. Yeah, you would think the... that this is going to be a well, whole thing where in hiding right now with Light Ray. It seems yeah, like. yeah, with Light Ray, yeah. and I, I think that that's where you get the gist of what this is going to be. Is the Green Lantern Corps is going to have to be called in to pretty much save the New Gods because shit's gone wrong. Uh, in the meantime, John thinks back and says, "Every time I get involved with New Gods, uh, shit goes wrong." A planet and, blows up. Yeah, you know, there. Yeah, and that's Poor what yeah, and that's Sanchi. If if people didn't know before, that's a planet that he couldn't save. I would say more of him couldn't save, but yeah. you know what I mean. But yeah, he, he still blames himself stuff. for it. He does blame, blame himself, and he, that's a huge. He leaves thing. a lot of planets in his wake. It's not well. A, and if you look, this thing. is where you have that old deal uh, when they show that panel. And I actually am surprised they didn't spell it out more. Like at least, like as he's thinking of it, he says the new gods. Every time we cross paths with them, and then you do see this old continuity deal of him the cosmic with Odyssey, the, the, yeah. yeah, you know, there the would be a caption saying, "See the cosmic." Yeah, you would think because you even have the whole deal. The reason he couldn't do anything with it is because it's yellow. It's painted yellow or it's yellow. So you see that. But people who just jumped on with Rebirth wouldn't even get the idea of it being yellow having that anything to do with it. So, yeah, it was a a bomb. If you jumped on any time in the last eight years, you wouldn't even give a shit about it. So what what (laughs) happened is this is the Cosmic Odyssey, and there was a bomb in in the middle of Zanchi. He went to go stop it. It was ticking down, and he couldn't and because it was yellow. So it blew up. So that's a big thing with Jon Stewart's history that pretty much motivates him throughout. I mean, even with this, you know, not knowing about it, but that's, he brings it up a lot. It came up in the New 52 a lot with Fatality, the Star Sapphire and uh, all that. But yeah, you have this and they have to, they say somebody has to get to Light Ray and High Father before the Golems do. And then he says, hey, Hal. It's always like, hey, Hal, you know what? You really were a kick-ass guy there. Somebody say somebody, you know, (laughs) All yeah, that's all it, is. it doesn't matter. He, they don't even have to mention it to him. Like, no. huh. John would be like, hey, you know what? We need somebody who's really smart. Somebody who's not just going to go in there half cocked. My ears are burning, John. Yeah. And then off he goes because he's just always there to go. But yet every time he goes, he fucks shit up. But yeah. he's the it's greatest be, of our Greenland. But yeah, it yeah, says next space race. So yeah, and that's what I want to know. Like you said, is this golem? Are there more than one that we're gonna see, or is it this? Like the, it. And that's it has to be because the only thing that I can think of is that one golem was to go get Orion, and when it was done, it, it went off. It, unless it had a laundry list of the new gods, it's like somehow Orion was near the top and it can't move on to go. You would think that each one is going off to do separate things. Yeah. So I don't know how how could ever get there. On on time you would think and that not all only of that he wasn't on. able to do anything against this gum the yeah, first time he fought it now if he has an army of golems he's, he's fucked no now they're just gonna go and rip people's hearts out he's got that he somebody thinks now, say he's fucked <laughs> did somebody say temple of doom that's all they're gonna do they're gonna go and rip hearts out and then it's Got gonna yeah. yeah yeah it'll be crazy but yeah they really like eric just said they really didn't solve what to do with the golem except kind of trick it that way. I don't think that's going to be seen they, again. 
Yeah. yeah but now, really now he's got to go off to Earth and talk to Hawk Girl because she's getting rid of all the synth metal. She knows how to get rid of it. Come on, bring Hawk yeah, Girl in. Yeah, she's getting rid of it. It's like this is the purest thing. Now we have some golems out there. Now we got an what? army of golems. Just all yeah. chill with the synth metal. We shall see what goes on. But Reggie, what did you give it? Uh, you know, you guys are down on it because you need, you know, you need some more out of it. I really enjoyed the heck out of this issue. Okay. The art played a big role in it for me. Uh, I did like the little bit where they are now using members of the Sinestro Corps. They're showing that yeah, they that trust was the best part. Folding I thought folding them in, and I really, I did like the bit about the heart. I thought that was a pretty crazy way to solve that problem, even though it's a little, little ridiculous. But we are talking about people that make light constructs with their rings, so there's only that so far true. I can go. I gave it an eight out of ten, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, I like I said, I was talking about. I actually that kind of just reminded me of that whole thing of a guy on death row who has a heart attack, and they bring him back, and he's like, "Listen, I served my life sentence." That's right. That, yeah. That's exactly what it felt to me with it. They were chasing him, and they just kind of made his heart stop. Uh, it was okay though. I'll tell you right now, this is probably my second favorite issue of the week. So though I'm saying not a lot happened, I I didn't hate it. It's just the pace is always the pace goes back and forth with this book. You you have three issues of kind of treading water, and then all of a sudden some big shit will happen. Uh, I did love the stuff with the Sinestro Corps. I like that he is getting them involved right away, so we see that they are pretty much an asset, and that John yeah. is relying on them immediately. Now it probably will come and bite him in the ass at the end, but uh, I like that that they're not just you know, hey, we got these guys from the Yellow Lanterns, the Sinestro Corps. And then we never see him again. I actually yeah. thought that was good. I'll give it a 7.5. So I, it's not that I was that negative with it. It's just not a lot happened. It kind of it was yeah. a little goofy. But Eric's going to give it a 6.5, I think. What are you, what are you giving it, Eric? I like well, the art is the strongest part of the issue itself. The thing is, like, I found myself bored just reading because we have a lot of exposition we have to go through. And, we're like, you know, we want to find out initially, hey, what's going on with this, Ryan? New God stuff. I'm like, okay. And then we have to wait till yeah. he's unconscious for Tulo to come in, the Sinestro Corps member, to read his mind. And it just was a really boring way to get through everything that was been going on because we're just reading Orion's mind as he's unconscious. And he, some of this might be off because he could be, he's fighting some of it because he doesn't want to have his mind read. It's yeah. just, I was just kind of bored and the whole idea of the golems and just throwing the nth metal out there. It, it just felt really odd to me. And so in the end, I'm like, six out of 10. Oh. Whoa. Love the I art, think- though. I think you cut went it off of the knees. To, I was. I had my finger on the bell, so that when you said six five, I'd be so happy. Now you can't even give me that happiness, Arkshay. You are not a man to give out happiness. Just not told at all. Me that many a time. <laughs> but we're gonna move on to goddamn We're gonna move on to your next deal, Reggie, which is what? It's Suicide Squad number twenty four, written by Rob Williams, art by Augustin Padilla and Juan Ferreira, Adriana Lucas. Old Amanda Waller had problems of her own. Captured Killer Frost, and now it's nasty at home. Katana and Harley want to go their own way. And Killer Crocs content to stay out in the bay. But the cat, the bat came back the very next day. The bat came back. They thought he was a goner, but the bat came back. He just couldn't stay away, away, away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I want to stay away from? This book. Uh, burn. <laughs> this burn. book is, is just, I, I don't know why what's is, gone with why it. Why is Captain Boomerang on the cover? I, I don't and know. Anybody know why Captain Boomerang's on the cover? Since he's not in the book and he yeah. is presumed dead? He's presumed dead. 
It's because yeah. they, they nothing in this book is interesting and they just throw it together. It seems. I like Rob Williams a lot as a writer. Not on this book. I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he is just bored with it or it's just this issue to me this issue to me was boring which again we talk about all these books no comic should be boring you really shouldn't this is comic books you have a lot of stuff to play with to make it exciting but a suicide squad book like a flash or you know stuff these are supposed to be just balls to the wall fun I didn't have fun at all with this. I, I really didn't. I thought it was convoluted the way the storytelling was. I think it was confusing at times. But, Reggie, tell me what you think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're pretty much right about that. I mean, and Amanda Waller, who has never been what we call a, an upbeat, happy sort of character, has become just the biggest fucking downer. Uh, yeah, the whole unless, book I, just you know, seems I, to I, me. I, used, to, I used to like her me. very sassy attitude and the fact that basically, you know, when people would be like, you know, tell her something, she'd be like, you know, back the fuck off. I got a brain bomb and, you know, I'll blow you up. But now it's yeah. just like, just much more vindictive and like weirdly unnecessarily cold. Uh, yeah. I guess maybe since she's been separated from her family, they're really casting her that way. But, uh, you know, this issue was kind of just more of a placeholder. The big thing that happens yeah. is now, now that they brought Killer Frost back, Harley and all of them really are, are kind of second guessing their, uh, you know, membership in this, in this, club and even yeah. though amanda wallace well, she has the power to pop their heads she doesn't really that she doesn't it. seem to ever take it anyway because no. I mean, right here this issue will, is no. the pure issue to take it and yeah. she doesn't but then you see shits going on in the background but it just i just i was bored with it and yeah i mean i'm just saying though like, this whole thing with the whole characteristic of amanda waller is like is this amanda waller or is it gulag it's. I guess it's Gulag is what yeah, we find. Yeah, it's Gulag, but that's the problem. Is like it's still brigade. though. It doesn't matter because this is the same we've gotten when it was Amanda Waller. If they say, unless they pull it back and say we've never gotten her. Pretty much since Deadshot killed her, she's been the biggest fucking bummer. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Just all the time, and it's a weird thing to say because she sort of is meant to be that role. Yeah. But yeah. With a team, you know, there's always been a fun to it. The team's always been like the bad team that needs to be scolded and Amanda Waller's like the, the school marm and she wears a very tight corset and she's got a riding crop and yeah. uh but yeah. that that's uh something else that's a fan that's fiction. sexy but uh, yeah, what that, what that disappointed me is I was kind of hoping with the way they were going this whole time except really towards the end of the last issue but it could have been not what they were you know they were we were yeah. thinking that maybe she was capturing Killer Frost but it was too add her to the Suicide Squad for an all-out offensive on the people or whatever it was supposed to be. Yeah. But no, she is just a total pawn for director Carla and the yeah. people, and he's going to activate the Suicide Squads of many nations all yeah. around the world. Yeah, but I, I, I just don't understand, like, when did Gulag take control of Amanda Waller? Because even the speech, that, like, the, the dialogue know. she has in this, it's Amanda Waller saying stuff to herself, like, you know, like when she's talking about her freaking husband, would have been a grandfather soon. That's not stuff that Gulag would just talk about, you know, on her own when she's like you know alone as Amanda Waller, so I don't understand is she just hanging out inside Amanda Waller's That's body? That's what I got. I, I got that she's hanging take out. Interest in her family. I, I don't see what's wrong with that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's nice. No, I, I got the what idea the that it was in. You know, guys, oh, Gulag. You know a lot about no. Gulag, don't no, you? Because no. we, we've dealt with the Annihilation Brigade. You know Gulag and Tegusta yeah. pretty well, right? Yeah, we yeah. dealt with no. them. Like we saw, we, we want to know these characters so fucking badly, and we don't know anything about them. Like all, all of them, even the uh, big nuclear guy. Tengusta, so, yeah. I, I, you know, I just want. That's right. That's, you, I don't know why I didn't say his name, but uh, 
They, you know, we want to know so much about him, and we only ever get to see him for like fucking three no. seconds. We loved Peanut Talk, whatever the hell the guy's name was. Cosmonaut. Yeah. Cosmonaut. Cosmonaut. God, we lo- I love that guy, and yeah, he came and went like uh, nothing ever happened. I, My you know. guess is that Gulag is inside, and then kind of you know, is playing things and making her do decisions. But I do think at points it is her just because of the fact that she's looking at a picture well, of her Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know Gulag's power set. No, I don't. don't know who that's this character is. But so at, when at that real, one oh point... Oh, my God, Gulag. I don't know anything At that anymore. one point when it fully takes control, when Gulag takes control, she has, you know, fucking... It looks like the end of Indiana Jones. Shit's flying out of her eyes and stuff like that. And then I think that's when he's, you know, that Gulag is totally taking control. And that's where they notice that but it's just throughout this whole thing i I just i don't even care about what's going on also i like that when that happens it's like diablo that i'm diablo oh yeah he's back just the whole thing you go you you have the whole thing in the background that katana thinks that she had killed batman so she's upset and i said it before i think it was just to eric at one point but i might have said it to you as well reggie i like the i want the katana back where the sword talks to her this sort of pity pity you know no 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 she's got the wrong turn of talking swords unworthy unworthy. it just doesn't do anything like you're not getting anything from that Except monies is monies. Yeah, monies is monies. A $70 KFC. And then you <laughs> have the whole thing, you know, then you have Harley and that. Just none of the characters in this book, in this issue especially to me, just are interesting at all. You have these Suicide Squad robots that she set up. This this big squad of, like, robots that and they're not interesting to me either. No. And and then you just have you know Harley's there att- or a katana's attack. Who the hell is attacking them? I'm going through this again. Where you have it's it and the, the robots when they they oh. start. They're, just, they're both going after him, Harley. Yeah, Harley yeah. and first of all, you just glossed over the hugest fucking thing that Batman yeah. breaks back into Bell Reeve to get Killer Frost, and yeah. that is arguably the best part of the entire yeah. book. And the it makes me it makes me feel book. like. I wouldn't mind if Rob Williams maybe took a turn at Batman the way it's maybe. been going lately. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe some more of this. Uh, yeah, because Batman yeah. shoving his his arm in the mouth of a fucking crocodile is where I want to where I want to be. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, because yeah, I mean, yeah like it, you it said, that we find out that Batman's alive. He goes back in to get Killer Frost, and then takes which we knew off it. We knew it at the, the end. Yeah, they we didn't knew know. this was going to happen. But yeah, and then he takes off in one of their, you know planes and leaves and then it just you tell me oh, even, even though when I'm freaking batman is breaking in the bell rev he, he's all freaking torn up for so like from the fight from the previous issue but he's going through the swamp to get back to bell rev and the dude's just talking to himself i'm taking killer frost back waller and you're finally gonna get what you deserve and then all of a sudden killer crocs by thought i smelt bat blood my favorite coming just listen for fucking bat voices he was just talking to himself for no yeah. goddamn reason yeah it's just and you know then you have enchantress there who uh, as always can just kill everyone and harley knocks him out or her just knocks, out. Her, out. Just knocks yeah. her out and she's there again that's all like, they've done this book this book needs a new it needs a new I, team. It I'm needs telling you, new every issue, all I look book. for is how how Chantress is going to get knocked out each issue. That's yeah. all I look for anymore. Yeah. It was and, like and, World's and, Finest back in the New 52. Yeah. Every issue on the early on issues, 
I was just waiting to see how Paul Levitz was going to burn Power Girl's suit now, off because it happened every issue. Now, in the meantime, while that's going on, you did have Harley and Katana. They did free Killer Frost. They give her to Batman. So they're, you know, they're on the up and up, at least for now. And yeah, they're pissed at Amanda Waller because they think that she's betrayed all of them. And they just, and I do like the idea that the Suicide Squad is like, hey, we're supposed to be this team that goes in and, you know, covert and kicks ass and does this fun shit, and we're not. And I'm like, that's what I want. But, yeah, yeah. you also have a change of artists there where Juan Ferreira actually is in there yeah. suddenly at the end. And I, I, I like it, but I don't think he had a lot of time with it. You can no. kind of tell that this is not standard Juan Ferreira. I think, he, I think he was also trying you know, trying to make it a little bit yeah, seamless. I mean, it, it is, it is it. a yeah. pretty jarring change, but this isn't his normal style, but – I also, yeah, I don't think he had the full time to do it. Yeah, I think that they called him in and said, listen, because we said last week. It's good, though. I like it. Oh, yeah. Last week, Green Arrow, he had three weeks to do. They had three weeks to do goddamn fucking, you know, uh, the Green Arrow thing, and it looked incredible. So I think now he's one of those guys. Like, when you go (laughs) and you get a job and you're at the union, like, listen, pal, you better slow down. Slow down. You know, you go take a three hour bathroom. You're making us all look bad. Yeah, I think Juan's making everyone look bad now because he can fucking punch. No one has ever said that to you guys, have they? No, no, they have never said that. It never comes up with you. No, they never tell us to work slow. The one guy at work told me that one time when I first started working there, like 15 years ago, and I think he regrets it ever since. Yes, yeah, you yes, were like, I'll did. show you how slow I can work. <laughs> you want to see hey. somebody work slow? You'll act. You'll think I wasn't even here three days of the week. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, that, other than that, we find out that Gulag has taken over Amanda Waller. Uh, when Batman's going off, they launch she missiles. She is about to kill them. She is about yeah. to pop their uh, things. Cheers. But then Gulag comes out and uh, tells everyone, Suicide Squad, Suicide Suit Troops, International yeah. Suicide Squads. This is Amanda Waller speaking. Hear me now. Go take out the metahumans. Why the international suicide squads listen to Amanda Waller? We don't know, but don't, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't know, but that's. I guess what when she talks, is. you listen. Seems you like listen the, good. the yes, the people's uh, suicide squads across the across the world are you know activated kind of are going to and fight. they're given the information that the suicide squad has Task yes. Force X on all the soup the metahuman superheroes and all that stuff what their like yeah. identities are what their identities identities could possibly yeah, be all they, this stuff is sent out to Tungusta yeah. yeah yeah and and if you do look suicide at that squad thing in the world now yeah yeah oh, that, when yeah. you have that that panel too. It's it's kind of odd because Batman, I don't think, is on there anymore. So that kind of almost like how you had Orion get his heart taken out. I think that her getting Batman got him off the grid now. So what he can do now in the meantime, he's in that plane getting almost hit by missiles at the end. But you do see the uh, the people they're going after and it looks like it's pretty much the justice league and the jla that that's all it looks like a combo of those two teams uh that they're going after i thought to myself if this crosses over with anything i'll kill somebody because this is not interesting it's not i I just kind of hope that the suicide squads from all over the world did just go after the ray and kill him so i don't have to hear him him. moan about his mom anymore he's the worst and then just i don't know i just i i don't know what you give it reggie uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I thought I there was a lot of bullshit in it, but uh, overall, I like the idea of Katana and Harley breaking off. I, I like the Batman scene. I guess when it comes out to it, I like seeing Batman. I like seeing him win. You know, uh, talking aloud maybe bullshit, but jamming his arm in the mouth of Killer Croc is right where I want to see him. And uh, the back half of it, once one, the front half of it actually, or not even half, but the beginning, 
art does kind of blow. Uh, yeah. But when Juan Ferreira takes over, I enjoy yeah, it. There's a lot of good composition in there. Uh, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I uh, like that Batman scene. It's just, it, first off, it was so reminiscent of the shit we were getting in All-Star Batman, where he was coming out of the swamp, and I'm like, okay, I've seen this. And the whole thing with Amanda Waller, like Eric said, my main problem is Gulag has taken Amanda Waller over. I don't know what Gulag does. I don't know no. Gulag's full power set, so I don't know if Amanda Waller is still there and fighting it off. Is it, you know, I don't know. Is it something that she... Maybe you've over? got a look at the gulag inside of you i guess Jim. i'm gonna have to see that i wish i had gulag inside of me uh, that is actually i wish i had goulash inside of me right now. or maybe a ghoul uh, i don't know i was a gonna galoshes? say something a galoshes and it, fuck it, it wasn't coming out uh, i'll be like that guy in eric's school that stutters i need the ga shoes but yeah, yeah. I, I just I was bored. I really don't like this story. I don't like this whole thing with the people. It's not interesting with to me at all. I don't need Amanda Waller. Like you said, Amanda Waller, she's a bitch. That's what I like. I like her being the wall. This is not the wall. This is the no. look at here. You're gonna be a grandfather soon. <laughs> I miss my kids. Fuck you. I don't need Amanda Waller to be anything like that. I need her to be pissed. I need her to start popping heads off too. There's too many fucking characters that are just running around with no... And they, they even say it in this. It made me laugh because and now I'm getting angry. At the beginning, they're like, man, <laughs> it's tough being on this suicide squad. People dying left and right. I'm like, motherfucker, oh, they- every time somebody dies except Hack... They come back anyway. You know, I'm ex- fully expecting Rick Flagg to be coming back eventually. Boomerang's going to be shown to not be dead. But the the thing is, no time are they killed because of Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad program saying, you know what, you didn't follow orders. Boom. They need to get a new team, throw some guys in there, and have some heads blown up. So Maybe we have they need some to get a new of... leader who doesn't mind blowing heads up. Maybe yeah, that's the problem. Maybe. But yeah, get she's to too soft now, level. I guess. She's, she's too soft. But yeah, I'd I'd give it a 4.5. And I did like Juan's art uh, at the end. But by that point, I hated the beginning art so much that I just was like, okay, it kind of worked itself out in the wash then. You know, how much I hated the beginning is how much I liked Juan. So it it broke even. And the story did nothing for me. I I wanted, we wanted to see the, you know, the, the guys, you know, freaking cosmonaut and and go and we get to see them but they never tell us what they do or what's going i don't even on. know who's all a part of that goddamn no, team and, and they're, no. they're almost there as like window dressing to make us get all oh my god that's cool but it's not anymore it's, it's it really not is. cool and the thing is it was cool at first i'm telling you we've dealt with these characters since like the first issue of suicide squad yeah i don't know who's all part of the annihilation no, brigade i don't, I don't know either. what their power sets are but when they show up here out of nowhere i'm like this is not good storytelling because you keep throwing these characters every now and again that nobody really knows or understands about and nobody really cares anymore you had a big opportunity to show it when they fought them you had them fighting those guys you could have shown everyone's power set so now we'd understand then we would have said huh you know what amanda waller's acting weird i wonder we haven't seen gulag like gulag coming there seems to be something that we're supposed to think was set up and like, oh my God, it's Gulag. Just, and that's the thing Gulag. is, with, without them saying, "Hey, oh my God, it's Gulag," you wouldn't have I would known. Have no idea who that no. was because I don't know who the members of the Annihilation Brigade are. I'm like, this is not a very well written mm. story at all, and I don't care about. I'm telling you, 
I go into this book anymore, and I just want to know how Enchantress is going to get knocked out because it happens every issue. That's I just all want, I, look I go to. in wanting to get to the back. I yeah. just want to end. But what what would you give it her? I give it a four point five as well because I did not Ooh. like the art, and even though I I'm a fan of Juan Ferreira, I don't like his Harley, and so like every time I see her, I'm like I don't like that. But she I, does I look this, weird. She has like a big. I'm telling she you, has I a love different. Juan. Th- the thing is, it's funny because when I saw him doing, because this was the book that at the end of the New 52 when Reggie started reviewing it, yeah. and it when it, Juan was on it, it, that was actually the turning point that made me fall in love with Juan's art. Yeah, so he I don't know. Harley's face really good there. He was yeah. making it really look a lot like Margot Robbie, which was before yeah. the Suicide Squad movie. So I guess it made sense. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I just kind of, that was the book that, though I didn't like the story. In those issues when – and I think there was a point where, Eric, where it was just me and Reggie talking it about was. it because you stopped reading it. And it really was Reggie kind of convincing me about Juan. But Juan, that was when I saw him really kind of use the panel layout as part of the art and stuff like that mm. that I really saw. I don't know, just seeing him on the book with the characters again. And yeah, the, a couple of the Harleys didn't look great. But the one where she's kicking, where, where she's attacking the things and kicking looked pretty damn good. I like that. Like my, my, and, favorite, my favorite page of Harley in this is when, like, you know, she's standing there on the top of the steps, like when Batman. Okay. Okay. Looking up there, and like she just like knocked out Enchantress. That's my when favorite part. Hey, yeah, the sexy team has arrived. The yeah, sexy Calvary is here. Yeah, and I am guessing from just talking to Juan, and also you know we're used to his art and things like that. I, I really think that this was something that he had to do very quickly. So, uh, I think that the regular you know artist kind of I don't know was late or whatever and, and didn't get it done, and they needed somebody to swoop in, and now he is the go-to guy for that because the guy can really pump out some shit quick. Sure that's still good, but this section's gonna end right now with what book, Reggie? We have one more book in this section. Do you remember Ooh, what it's it is? Oh, it's your guys' favorites. It's Harley Quinn number 26, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Art by John Timms, Alex Sinclair, and Hi-Fi. Over there, over there, keep Harley and her antics over there. Because her world is silly and full of killing in a way that Catwoman wouldn't dare. Run for mayor, I don't care. In the Harley Virtual Tame and Eat a Bear. None of it will matter. Don't use DC characters. Keep Harley and her antics over there. Yes. Yeah. I, I just, this is another one. I hate, I, I said it to Eric this week at work that when we do the podcast, and especially it, it starts with the reviews. So we, we do our reviews, the three of us, on a Tuesday. We do, you know, for the most part, you, Reggie, you sometimes work ahead. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning is when they hit. And we usually have the bulk of our reviews done before it seems like a lot of other people have started. So our reviews hit the comic book roundup. And for a long I don't know, Reggie, if you go there at all after midnight when all the reviews hit me and eric both go i always Uh go to make sure that it has caught all the reviews and they're up and so there and me and eric talk about it all the time there is a point where every book is reviewed by us and it's just a landscape of weird science and i look Mm -hmm. at it and it depresses me and i look and i think 
why can't these I, I said to Eric I just want please DC and all you writers please give us some good books because I don't want us to look negative though I'll never say to you Reggie Reggie you know what you better start giving some eights you son of a bitch because that's not how we <laughs> play the game we don't play the game so we're not going to do that but it does depress me because I hate to have the idea in my head that there's people who don't listen to this podcast or won't go to our site because they just think we're haters and this is it, it talking about these books and especially suicide squad just now and then going into this harley i i know i'm gonna sound like a complete hater because i i am i hate these books i really do and I, it's depressing me of how little fun i'm having with a lot of these books and harley is definitely one of them and harley is a book that i really if you enjoy it still Boy, I don't know. People on Zoloft maybe would enjoy this still because I. It's I mean, just... I, I, if if you're some mega Harley fan, you know, I always have to try to put on my Harley brain. Yeah, just this I, thing. but even but, then, uh, though, you know, how many you, issues wait, now let, do let, we let, have of Harley? Let's say the good things. Let's say the good things about this the issue. The art's good. The art is good. Yes. The titty balls are looking great. There's a scene yeah. with, with Catwoman's tits that are looking quite great, which is nice. <laughs> I still uh, go with that as art, but that's this okay. is also this is also there's no backup. No. So we're not that getting weird. weird and we're not getting that shit with I mean, it's kind of a double edged sword because we, we were able to now we're tying up a couple of loose ends yeah. into one thing, you know. This whole thing where the mayor wants to kill Harley, the mayor wants to kill Spoonsdale in the end. Harley's going to run for mayor. Harley Sin wants to kill the mayor. This is going to be all part of that. So that's going to kind of tie up some loose ends. That doesn't help the, you know, Red Tools friend from the future story or any other stories that we have lingering around. somewhere. You're right. It does progress. We're doing some house cleaning here, you know, where it's just like, all right, let's, you know, like, I don't really, I don't really care about the Harley Sin story, but I don't want it to linger around forever. I want them to get to some conclusion with it. Uh, So that's a good thing, you know, and, and, this was an issue I didn't feel like the pacing was way off, you know, because they they didn't go to like Harley's hallucinatory segment. No. I like the fact that, you know, they, they left us on a cliffhanger where uh, Poison Ivy and Catwoman were menaced by a helicopter. It looked like Harley was going to get shot by a bunch of people. And they don't just bring you back to that. They bring us back. They show that they show us that they've survived and they're talking to. A police officer. I forget who this guy yeah, even is. Yeah. It's a lawyer, uh, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah a lawyer. I think they're 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 speaking to a lawyer or to get a, whatever yeah. it would be. But I mean, it's somebody either that or it's somebody who can set up her somebody in a room for an overhead mayor. light. I mean, it, and then it they does... kind of tell story in reverse. You know, this uh, this isn't like you know, it's no Reservoir Dogs, folks. But how would you know? It was all right. I've seen Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> That's the last one he's seen from Quentin. Oh no. Think. no. You like Pulp Fiction, right? You hated it. Did you? Did you hate Pulp I didn't Fiction? Reservoir Dogs. No, I hated Reservoir Dogs. That was I didn't like it either. Me and Eric fight about it all the time. I think that I don't think that's a very strong movie. I did not like it, but uh, I, it just the the problem with Harley is to me, it's just it hasn't been fun in years, and we've so, had so I many get it. issues. You want, to, you want to see a lot more of the Unconquerable 25. I, I get, don't know what I you want. You want to know so much more. You want to meet each one of them and, and know more about them. I actually the, think that the Harley continuity that we say, it's like the Harley verse here, yeah. of her just staying in Brooklyn and doing this, I think that's what throws me off because I think that they've run out of things for her to do. Now, the idea of her running for mayor of New York, that's eh, kind of interesting enough. But even no, so, it's just everything seems stale. 
in this book and i don't know if it's just because she's stuck there and she doesn't really go when when she went to la and had that for a couple issues it kind of seemed like fun now that was year you know so long ago now uh, it or just nothing space, happened wasn't you don't, fun, yeah. but it was something you know you don't get any jokes anymore i mean the jokes are gone and i just I'm just bored with this book, but tell us the what flavor has run its course already. I just yeah. wanted to end at this point because we're just dealing with the same old stuff over and over again, the same well, the, old tropes the that we always we have do. Is this run very quickly, and I'm not saying I'm saying even the you know new Fifty Two book because it is this kind of Harley, but but this whole thing since new 52 to now we're going to end up with over a hundred issues of this book that doesn't deserve to have that many issues it it just it's not that good it used to be fun it used to be something where we would say and dancing mike made fun of us hey if you're a harley fan you're gonna get what you want or hey if you like what you get up till now you're gonna like it we haven't said that in a while because i just don't know what is going on in this book? You have some crazy characters. You have situations that should be fun. But instead, this book takes me forever to get through. It's so wordy. It's overly exposition fucking this out was the one of, This was one of the least. It was still very wordy, but this issue was a little bit it less wordy than others. It took me forever. At the seen. end, when she's talking to that guy about becoming the mayor of New York, there is a panel that has so many words know, on yeah. there. And it's, just it's at the end. All it exposition. Crazy. It gets very wordy. I also now, did the... linger a lot on Catwoman's boobies. I'm telling yes, you. They I didn't mind that. I always like Catwoman. The, the other thing that's weird is probably halfway through the issue, I, I got this idea. I think Harley's going to run for mayor, and I, I just wonder if I saw something and, and didn't remember seeing it because it was very odd. When it happened at the end, I was not shocked at all, and I'm like, okay, I thought this was going to happen anyway. But then I was thinking, why the fuck would I think that? Eh, just tell tell me about what happens, Reggie. I know. Uh, we, I mean, you pretty much got it. it. You know, uh, Catwoman and Poison Ivy were able to get away from the helicopter by putting up a big you know, Poison Ivy plant shield while they have like sexual innuendo harley just be, you know shoots and stabs the shit of the unconquerable 25 and yeah. part of me liked it because this brings me back to the way the harley book used to be more in the beginning but i also yeah. feel like she's she's kind of moved past it she snaps a guy's arm yeah, she stabs she people in the front him. some guy gets fucking or woman gets just shot to pieces yeah th- there's and, like 10 people who died in this issue I, you know, I, I like i like the gore but like she just dropped her parents off yeah you know yeah. what i mean like what the yeah. fuck <laughs> and then she does she sees no. this helicopter that's shooting uh catwoman and uh poison ivy and she jumps up and she's like listen this, i got this from cyborg it's a uh, magic cannoli that's gonna implode the glass and i actually thought that was funny because it ends yeah. up just being a cannoli that she grabbed when shit went wrong because she's always hungry when they fight that was actually humorous enough but you also have like why even bring red tool into this at all you mention him for one panel he's a fun character but nothing you don't get anything at the end yeah you, he, you, he, hey you better mention eggy he, he gets 35 grand an issue so they have to have him. oh that is off. true but even egg you have all these characters yeah, and you do have harley Sin frankly gets... the, the two people i didn't want i don't want to see in this comic are poison ivy and and catwoman, catwoman yeah yeah it, yeah it really fucks it really kind of i mean i i don't want to get all you know continuity kid on you <laughs> but, I, but it does kind of screw we got, with we you. got a Catwoman in in fucking continuity. 
who's like about to marry Batman. Yeah, you know? and, and like, she's what, here just, yeah, here? just nonsense. Got her ass in Poison Ivy's face. However, I did like Catwoman's boobs. Did you I did like that? her boobs. I heard okay. that. Uh, in oh, the meantime, it's... you also get Harley Sin in the mix where she's helping them out. And, you know, everybody's against Spoonsdale and all this and stuff. Like I say, but, like, again, it's not, it's, not like, it's not because of my deep and abiding love for Harley Sin. But I was like, all right, at least we're bringing some of these stories yeah, together. I don't like, mind that. I didn't geez, mind that, Harley Sin. And, and also, get, you get her involved. For so. another 300 issues. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and, yeah, they're going to go after, you know, the, the uh, what's her name? The lady who works for Spoonsdale. Uh, she's going to be. Berkowitz. Yeah, Madison. She is, like, their target as well. They're going to go get her. And in the meantime, it looks like Harley is going to run for mayor as the ultimate, you know, diss on Spoonsdale and all those guys and, and try to, you know, run them out by just winning. But we'll see how this goes. And they say you're going on the up and up. This is not, you know, Tar- Harley isn't going to do this as a joke. She's going to do it, you know, by the law. And that's why I thought a lawyer or maybe this is a guy like the head of a, a party, you know, right, I right, don't know. Yeah. If she's going to run like a, on a, some a crazy party. But, you know, uh, that's going to run on the never mind that I just killed two dozen people. Yeah, part yeah. And, and, okay. I hope that they go with that i hope that she goes with the platform of shit needs to be done and i get it done take and then, it out you know, the trash and yeah i'm expecting to see a scene where you have a debate and something goes wrong and she you know that she may lead to, it may I, lead to some fun maybe it will i don't we'll know see. but this isn't fun right now I, I, as, mu- as much as we we just we diss it and i like this issue better than you guys but i still think it does have its problems i really was just glad to see one story yeah. Again, without the yeah. backup, and like it moved. There were there was a lot of things I did like about it, but I won't deny that this book has just like it's just not funny. You know what I mean? No. It used to be funny, or at least we knew where it was supposed it to be fun. Situations. If we weren't laughing, uh, there was at least jokes that were we were like, all right, well, there's the joke part. You don't yeah, see that anymore. It's, it's really no. is like uh, got a little saggy. But uh, I still gave it a 7.5 out of 10 yeah, I'm because not I really had to give it a big ups for having the one story and yeah, for the ones now and the boobs a few and the boobs. I heard you liked uh, Catwoman's boobs. Did I mention those? I, I might, I didn't no, want, you I didn't didn't. Want to I thought that you told me that off off air. I, yeah. I did actually. That the thing about not having the backup, it actually depressed me more because then me I'm too. like, oh yeah, because I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna have its own book. Oh no, we're gonna have to talk about that thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the art's good. I really did like the art, but just it's just boring. I'm giving it a five point one, and that's because I really, really did like the art. What would you give it, her? I would give it a 5.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art in this issue. And like Reggie was talking about, we're moving the story along and getting rid of some of the goddamn you know extra shit that we just have waiting in the wings because we have all this other shit we still have to deal with at some point. Yeah. And at least we're moving forward in one direction, but you know, without splitting the book up into several different goddamn stories to keep things going. But we're getting rid of Harley Sin, apparently. We're going to do the spoons the other day. But even yeah, if I don't we have think to get we're getting rid of bit, Harley Sin. I, I mean, like she's the, here the, to the stay. Bad, she's probably going to stay, but the whole idea of her being a bad guy kind of thing, the yeah. whole wrap up well, that whole. Here's thing, but... the thing that gets me though is because if she isn't a bad guy now, now the guys who hired her to get Harley and things will be coming back. She'll still have that storyline. It's not oh. going to stop that storyline, and yeah. it depresses me. If you want to get rid of her, have her get shot in the head. Nobody likes her. I don't mind her actually, but, but really, all it's setting up is for just a turn. Of a different type of storyline, but it still will involve her, and it just—I don't need that. But go on, I don't want to. Five point five. That's it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that is it for this section. Then boom. Just, I need something to, to cheer me up. Maybe we're going to go off to mail. I hope we have some mail that cheers me up because I don't want to feel – I don't want to sound negative, but I'm more depressed. It really is depressing to talk about these books all the time and put, have the put same Put on one thing. of those best songs ever. You'll feel – pick your own. No, right then I'll be even more depressed. It's too much. <laughs> too much. But, yeah, we'll be back with the mail. It's Mail with Eric, and right. this is Mail section number four, and it's going to start off with Travis. And Travis says, hello to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Shout out. Poop, poop. There you go. Shout out. Poop, poop. God damn it. Kids retarded. I just had to write in about this comic. I truly hope this is a real ongoing series and not just a mini. And this is something that he actually wrote last Sunday. He didn't know the cutoff time. So it ah. is something that came out uh, a couple weeks ago. But I vaguely remember maybe seeing some Space Ghost cartoons when I was a kid. But I don't remember the story at all. I don't know any of the other characters or worlds. I, I had watched Space Ghost as well. You were more of a Space Ghost Coast I to Coast guy. I love Space Ghost Coast. But to it's just again, that's, that's show to, to get me. Stoned to when yeah, I, was I, I hated that show. I, I really, I'm, I might be the only one. It just was a bunch of nonsense to me. But, exactly, and I well, loved it. But that's the problem is they, the DC has to be kicking themselves about that goddamn show because they start putting these comics out. They're based on the cartoon that yeah. nobody knows, not the one that everybody seems to want to, you know, like. So it'd be like if you had that again. If you want to know why I hated it. I was continuity kid. It didn't make any goddamn sense, and it was a bunch of fucking. Well, you didn't like Zoltar, like, it's, a, it's uh, I mean, Zoltar and the Leopard. No, it's a bunch of fucking deal. hooey, is what it was. I didn't even like Space Ghost, but I'm like, I, I don't need my cartoon characters Zorax having a goddamn the, late show. Zorax on the freaking band leader. Come I'm on. telling you, all of a sudden you have He-Man, and they're gonna put out a He-Man, and it's a He-Man variety show where they sing fucking show tunes. You're gonna have a goddamn fucking aneurysm. As long as it's funny, I might be okay. I. I, I Really? I, I Again, I'm one of the only ones. I don't find that Space Ghost funny at all. Now, Harvey Birdman fucking, you know, Attorney lawyer Lord, or whatever. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, now I'll, I'll enjoy that because then that was more of a, like, straight-up parody. But the Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. It just, How about C-Lab it, 2021? Didn't, yeah, it was okay. Or Venture Brothers I did like yeah, as well. I loved so, all of that. But, yeah, now Space Ghost can go fuck themselves. Early day of Adult Swim that? was my jam. Was it your jam now? It was my jam. That's why you're here talking to me. It's fucking you wasted your time and your life on your jam. Oh. You fucking jam. Here, let's uh, let's make Eric mad at me. Are these huh. Herculoids where He-Man lives? No. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe it is now. In, in my continuity, I'm making up. Uh, they all have a fucking variety show together. They're all fucking dancing down the goddamn chorus line together. You got Stinkor. He's leading the fucking troops. I don't know He-Man at all, but I vaguely remember seeing a cartoon about cavemen in space. Is that them? Is this them? No. I think he's getting the Herculates mixed up with Captain Caveman. And I'm thinking Thundar as well. Yeah, that might be, but that wasn't on space, Eric. That no, was, was Earth. Not. That was a post-apocalyptic Earth. They were heading to Manhattan. 
They had to get to Manhattan. Anyway, the art is fantastic. I never hear you guys mention the name Ariel Olivetti, but I checked my notes, and apparently I've given him top rating many times. He did some great work on Venom for Marvel 2. This work is top-notch. And, uh, Travis, I hate to have you hate my guts. I hate him. I can't stand his art. Uh, Eric, you are aware of his art because the last issue we had with Space Ghost, Green Lantern, was the one where he has that photorealistic backgrounds that drive me fucking insane. (laughs) I I hate it. And he also did it. And really, Travis, it's not an ongoing. It seemed to just be a special. But he, Olivetti, was actually on a previous Space Ghost, uh, I think it was six-issue miniseries, uh, years ago. And if you want to check that out, it's it's very similar. It's probably in trade or you can get it digitally. But yeah, he did do something. Also, did you notice it says just DC and not DC Hanna-Barbera? Does that mean you guys will be reviewing it? Please no. do. I love this book. No. And then he sent a second email and he says, hello, I've had, everybody. I've had enough with the Hanna-Barbera characters yeah. it's only dc he says in the next one hello everybody in the get fresh crew eric shout out poop poop shout out poop poop it's been a while and a crazy few months for me i'm so far behind in the podcast but mostly caught up on my books i had some time this week so i'm back for my picks of the week uh-huh. i have no best book of the week this week i can't make myself give it to dr strange or this machinist issue of action comics for those to be the best it had to be a crap week ugh yeah i agree however there were three shit shows that really blew everything else away in terms of which would be the most horrible let's do art first i asked myself does Riley Rossmo just vomit all over some paper and then slosh it around and boom, we have an issue. I know, I know, it's a style thing. Some people love it. It doesn't mean he's a bad artist. Art is subjective. Some people like the look of vomit, I guess. It's just so offensively I'm bad. not a fan. On I purpose. I'll never understand what people see in this. I'm not either. For story now, that it that is a bit more of a close one. We got Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, and Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. For Hal, I'll just say it now. I hate these new gods assholes. I'm Completely so not interested in anything having to do with them. For Spider-Man, however, OMG, this guy Chip Zdarsky, I think he just wants to be a stand-up comedian. He is, I told you already, he is the Marvel version of what Keith, Keith Giffen, Giffen tries yeah. to be at DC. And it, it doesn't work on DC's level. I read a couple funny things with Chip Zdarsky. All he does is tell jokes. I know Spider-Man has always been a little like that, but this is taking it to a whole other level. He has no story to tell at all, just failed joke after failed failed joke and i would have to rely on brandon for that because i do not read that you don't believe me here are the statistics you can count them for yourself 43 attempts at humor on 18 pages and the couple of pages that actually tried to tell a story the stupidest fucking story you've seen outside of burnside batgirl throws cameras at ghosts and rescues puppies nowadays fuck that spider-man just tells jokes and asks kingpin to kindly stop maybe we are nearing the end maybe comics are all going to be for kids again sometime soon that's a sad thing but we can clearly see this problem is not affecting dc only and then he ends with eric comics used to be good not just Batgirl comics and I agree it's been a couple really down the thing is I actually like this week of Batgirl yeah yeah don't tell that to Travis he'll kill you next one doesn't sound like he's reading it anymore yeah well it was okay Jeremy dear Jim Eric Reggie and the Get Fresh crew hello from sunny Southport I've heard Jeremy talk that is a that that's so eerie 
how close I am. Oh, it is classic Jimmy. As is frequently the case, after a few weeks of indeterminate, can't be arsed weather, you're like the British summer is making a late comeback just in time for a start of the new school year in a couple of weeks' time. Ah, well, at least I've got 11 episodes of the podcast to catch up on. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's so far behind. Yep, you heard me 11. I'm not sure if I'm in manship territory. Didn't hear much no, from Manship this week. He was caught up. Uh, heard from him early in the week, and I forgot to respond. I think he was like sitting there waiting for me to respond. He he actually uh, sent me an email, Eric, that just said, Auric, son of thunder. And I wrote back, fuck you and your Auric, son of thunder. But Don't it appears that I really... He says, it appears I really do suck at listening to podcasts. In my defense, I listened to a couple of the New 52 podcasts in the last couple of weeks. I'm broadly in agreement with you about that first Justice League trade. Some great moments, but a bit of a disappointing ending. And my summer break has been a bit uh, busier than I thought it would be. That's where I thought he was going to catch up. You know, he is a teacher. Yeah. He teaches life. This is largely because we've Teach got me, builders, builders converting failing. the garage. I'm so bad. Oh, the garage, Eric. Ooh, la, la. Into an office space for yours truly. And this has necessitated a complete clear out of the loft. Oh, who we? Listen to him. Let's see, neighbors to Paul McCartney over there. You may be wondering how the loft, the space that is at the top of the house, and the garage, the space that isn't even in the house, but does in fact stand completely separate from it, may be linked, but they are, at least in my wife's mind. It probably has something to do with the fact that both have been used to store crap. In the loft's case, my crap. Up until a couple of weeks ago, the loft, by virtue of it being out of sight and difficult to access, was an inviolable space into which I could shove all the geeky, nerdy stuff that I'd acquired over the years of my marriage and convince myself that I would eventually read at some nebulous point in the future. It's a lot of fancy words going on here. A lot of fancy words up in that loft. loft. (laughs) That loft, is it? Well, the loft has now been breached, and eBay has been significantly enriched by the treasures that have emerged blinking into the sunlight. Oh, well. The problem is that it becomes increasingly difficult to argue with my better half when she says things like, Why don't you get rid of that mint condition inbox Castle Grayskull? No, he didn't say that. These seem to be all books. She says, you'll never read them. She's right. It is extremely unlikely that I'll ever get around to reading those those Buffy or Star Wars novels. I have a lot of those Buffy novels. I do. Christopher Golden wrote a lot of those, Eric. That's a little I never got into the novels. At least we're getting some money out of my unfounded optimism. The comics are staying, though. Oh, yes. Speaking of which, the episode I'm currently listening to is 126, and you're talking about your $25 pull list. For what it's worth, here's mine. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Deathstroke, All-Star Batman, Commandi Challenge, and that all goes to $23 for him. Just like Batwoman, Trinity, and Super Sons might all improve at some point, but at present, there are just too uneven, or in the Just League's case, too terrible. But you're still getting Commandi, dude? Get the fuck out. Yeah, that's his jam. Like I you guess. said, fucking hit. that's his space ghost coast to coast. Though I don't, think he's high. I don't think he's high reading it. High on life to be on the list. Wonder Woman is a character I love and I can't imagine my pull list without her. I've waxed lyrical about Aquaman and Deathstroke recently, so I won't go into all that again, but I will just say that yesterday, a double-A run was spamming the Slack chat with Stefan Sedgwick artwork, and I just can't get enough of the guy. Stefan, not Aaron. I mean, Aaron's nice, but never mind. 
I can't get enough right. of either of them. That, take that, Heidi. Yeah. I got my eyes on your man. By the way, if you expanded the pull list to include DC, Marvel, and indie comics, only the top three would make the cut. And I got to go back. I got to see what he's saying. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Destro. That's not bad. No. Aquaman, it's not my favorite book. It's a safe bet. And that is something – there's something to be said about that nowadays with these books we're getting. So there's not a great deal of DC's output that's really wowing me at the moment. Maybe that will change soon. Who knows? I've yet to read any Mr. Miracle. I have hopes for that one. I think I think Jeremy's going to love it. I so actually, I- from talking to him and the things that he likes, I think that he's going to end up loving that like more than anything. And he, you know what else I see? The Wild Storm's not on there. And he was going on and on about that. I'm wondering about that, Eric. Mm. He reviews maybe that. Maybe he doesn't he consider really that DC. It. Well, he, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that is true. It's its own imprint, but I would put it in there. If, if he wanted to shove that in, I would shove it in. I'd shove it in hard and oh, fast, and I wouldn't even listen to what he says. I'd still mm-hmm, keep shoving mm-hmm. it in there. I'd hold shove on, it in on. so gotta, hard he wouldn't be able to take it. Off. Hold on. <laughs> keep going. Don't fucking stop now. I'm almost <laughs> there. I'm going to say, you know, are those the panties your mommy left out? Right. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. Keep being awesome because despite what Jed or Jeb or whatever he calls himself nowadays says, you are regards Jeremy. And thanks, Jeremy. That is the Thank end you, of mail section number four. Eric, we're going to go fast and hard back to them books. So much right Merrick now. Sweets. Hey, <laughs> how you doing, Eric? How are you doing? You, doing you loving right. these books this week? You, you, no. you a positive fella. I don't no. know. I, haven't you given a couple tens tonight? I heard so. I, I, I'll, I'll give a ten right now. It means I'm done. Done Ooh. and done. <sighs> ten out of ten. See you and never. Smell uh, you later. Yeah. I don't know about these next three. We have three more books of Reggie's. And uh, they're not going to even try to to pretend that I can say anything about these that, uh, you know, we'll get to it now. Uh, I'm going to save my anger uh, for a couple minutes from now. But, Reggie, what is the first one? It is Batgirl number 14, written by Hope Larson, art by Chris Wild Goose, Jose Marson Jr., and Matt Lopez. He went away to be a spy. And meanwhile, I moved to Burnside, and then I dated lots of loser dudes, but to my dick, I was always true. 
Nightwing's back and you're gonna be in trouble. Hey la, day la, Nightwing's back. You see him going and his butt is like a bubble. Hey la, hey la, Nightwing's. When we were younger, he acted like a weirdo. Hey la, day la, Nightwing's. When I wore a costume, it looked more like a hero's. Hey la, day la, Nightwing's back. I know he's got your nethers throbbing, but I've known Dick since he was still Robin. Hey, la, day, la, Nightwing's back. Boom. I was going to join in then. I always say that, but it, it, you, we, get, we got a team up. Here we go. Here we go. Eric liked this issue. He said it was his favorite of all time. He told he me said, this. Summer of Lies, part one. Why are we starting this in August? Yeah, Seriously. So. That is true. But yeah, uh, this is what people want. They want Dick Grayson and Batgirl to be together. So and I guess they're going to get it. I, it, you it know. In the long ago, we call this in the pre, even the pre new 52 days, there was always this will they, won't they between Batgirl yeah. and Dick Grayson, even though technically speaking, Batgirl was much older than Dick Grayson in the old continuity. That's, that's not really true anymore. Yeah. But there was always that. But the thing always was that Dick Grayson was the goofball who like was always clowning around and and Barbara Gordon was the super genius wheeling yeah. him in like you're like no we got to follow this case now the situation is reversed he's the serious one and yeah. she's an incompetent idiot and i i kind of like that aspect cuz i don't mind it it just puts it on its ear you know what i mean like now now that i've kind of settled into the fact that Barbara Gordon doesn't know what the fuck she's doing ever i can yeah. sort of i'm so i can sort of live you with the way with this it. dynamic went you know what well, i mean I'll tell you, I okay. like Chris Wild Goose's art. I like. The I art like in this. This is issue. my favorite this art. Is my we've favorite had art. This yes. entire series it, so far. It's got better and better. He's got. A I lot think more this is a lot better than, yeah. and I like. I actually can now look at Batgirl in this, and for some reason, the way he draws her. Maybe we're actually just, you know, or myself, I'm just getting used to the whole deal. But when you even have that beginning on the credits page where she's kind of kneeling down kind of and going, uh, I think that's the best she's ever looked since Burnside. I think it's great. And, you know, sometimes it gets a little wonky with the, you know, younger Rob and younger Dick Grayson and stuff. But I liked it. Yeah, he's gotten a lot better. I think he's just gotten, you know, over time you get more comfortable with the setting and the characters and, and and, you know, and she, her, her nose doesn't stay in shape every other panel. Yeah. You know, that's and yeah. now the other thing is, I meant I think this was the last issue where I was very positive about this book over you guys. I actually liked it a lot more. And the spirit of that continues. Now, I'm not, I was not bowled over by this issue. I'll tell you that. But the fun and almost like the Batman 66 aspect of it and it being uh, just a, a kind of, I think it carried over to this as well. I, it's okay. I don't and the mind thing is, it. When I was reading this issue, you know, because I always go in the background thinking, oh, God damn, I got to read Batgirl again. And I'm, also, I'm just going through the motions doing it. But when I found myself starting to enjoy the idea of this whole mystery that's, you know, they have thrown at us without telling us a goddamn thing. Like, you know what? I'm interested yeah. in this arc at least to find out what the hell secret that Dick and Barbara have kept all right. these years now yeah. and they've never told anybody about. Like, it's almost like, you know, Batman, like, I don't even want to use this because that's kind of a fucked up comparison, but. Batman, the time he failed during the j- jokes and riddles, and he's going to tell you know Catwoman all about it. The idea of that's cool. What we get in Batman's obviously not great, but like reading this issue, I'm like, you know what? I don't know about the Ainsley. I don't know if they, it's like because they haven't told us enough that it makes me angry, you know? Because if we just have this character Ainsley, something will happen with Ainsley, this character yeah. Ainsley, and I'm like, 
I actually want to find out more, which I can never say about any other Batgirl series like arc we've had before this. Like, I did not need to go into the next year. Oh, my God, I can't wait. This one? I, yeah. I'm interested. Yeah, and, and, the the, and they don't tell us whatever the thing no. is, you know? Yeah. So. And the Sainsley shows up, and you're like, oh, and, and Hope Larson actually does a good job of just throwing it out there, making it okay in Barbara and Dick's past. This all makes sense, but we're going to have to figure out what's going on and what happened and all that. And it, it hasn't been that type of story. Like, it hasn't been written that well uh, up until that. So I agree with you. It's well, just, usually we know everything, and Barbara Gordon knows And Barbara Gordon, yeah, yeah and she doesn't, and she looks like an idiot. So at least this, she doesn't look as much like an idiot, but we'll see. Now, this should buck the trend if she ends up in this arc falling back in love with Dick because, as me and Eric said, her superpower, and you agree, Reggie, as well, that her superpower is dating the person who's going to be her next villain. So you, you right. wouldn't think that Dick, now, then again, you throw in Mad Hatter out of nowhere and whatever. There could be some mind control, and maybe well, Dick Grayson will be the thing. The guy is, I'm still going with the idea that we have in Titans where Dick Grayson is the traitor of the group right now. So if she does so fall in love with him, he's a bad that. guy right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always this, like this could lead right into new, the Nightwing New World. Yeah. Yeah. New that, that's whatever things the hell go is. wrong. New order. New order. But yeah, I, I like, I always like seeing, uh, you know, Dick Grayson, Robin. I think that's cool. And I really do like the early version of the uh, Batgirl costume as well. Oh, me too. Gray, I really liked it a lot. I was Batman like, oh, man. Yeah, it looked yeah, really cool. The thing cool is, I, re- I really like that because we have seen that a bunch of times, you know, in the New 52 and stuff I like really that. Like I, I always enjoy seeing it. But yeah. the idea where she has just moved to Gotham and she's yep. immediately Batgirl bothers yeah, me. Yeah, she's Batgirl. Well, it seems to me as if she was already Batgirl in Chicago. That, that she even spells it out. I think she even says, yeah. like, this is different. So I'm just going with the whole thing that she was inspired by Batman, and she was trying to do some things in Chicago when she came here to Gotham. And almost like, oh, y- you would have expected, though, to be like, oh, man, now I'm on the home turf of Batman. You know, I better watch my P's and Q's or whatever. So it is a quick deal. I was just going that she was doing that in Chicago, which also, to me, was kind of a weird wraparound that I kind of liked in my head. Like I'm like Eric Shea now, thinking of things, because the the wraparound is then, at one point, Dick became Nightwing and then went off to Chicago himself from Gotham. So I was like, you know what? That, that's a pretty cool roundabout deal. Not that that happened or if it really did, but uh, Reggie, tell us about the story itself. Well, so Nightwing and Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, are texted to appear at the same place where they see twin versions of Ainsley, a woman that they both knew back in the long ago when Nightwing was Robin and Batgirl wore a gray suit that you were talking about. Yeah. And then they, they, these two women, it's like twin Ainsleys come out wearing frilly collars, uh, start fighting at first, but then they jump off the roof and commit suicide in front of uh, Batgirl and Nightwing. So they're kind of like, well, that's bugged out, but they... Then they flash back, and I agree with Eric, the conceit of this, I like a lot. You know what I mean? That, all right, so this is a story from their past that's unraveling. Yeah. Inform events in the future, but it just was not handled that well. You know what I mean? They sort of, I feel like, I understand there's more we've got to learn that's going to fill it in, but they spend a lot of time character building and not, like, they do. the blanks. You know I what just, I mean? I uh, think that we're used to this book sucking. And yeah, they're actually giving you a mystery. Like, this isn't a mystery of, hey, f- this guy Fugue is taking your memories, and the only one who's shown up in your life is the guy sleeping on the couch. So they, yeah, you know, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. This, I, I just, I actually, and again, 
this isn't my favorite issue of the week. I'll keep telling you that, but I do like some aspects, and I did like the idea, and it's just such a weird panel and a weird discussion where their Barbara's like, you know what? That person looked just like – and then Dick goes, Ainsley, right? And she's like, how the fuck do you know Ainsley? I was there, remember? And then yeah. I'm starting to think like – Huh, maybe something's not on the up and up here. It was that was a really odd progression there where it's like I, I was there, don't you remember? So who knows what well, this because you always... you were waiting you were waiting for the screen to get wavy and for it to go yeah, I did. Well, even then, they're talking, and it's kind of a funny – it even reminded me of a Batman 66 thing where they're like, you know, you think she's behind this? No way. It can't be. But I've never told anyone else about that summer. Did you? No, I'd never. But something's up. Somebody knows. And the Mad Hatter, they both go to each other, and without knowing anything – like, when the fuck did you come up with that? The Mad Hatter. I mean, but, but obviously there's it. something that's part of the story we don't know. Yes. Mad Hatter plays into this old story. And, and what we find out is that this woman, Ainsley, is sort of a young teacher. Yeah, uh, she in, was a I substitute guess, teacher. I guess Barbara's high school or her undergrad yep. college or whatever it is. She it's got high school in my mind. Yeah, and yeah, she, in high school it looks like. Like maybe she's a freshman or whatever. It, it ends up. But in yeah, college. She, yeah, yeah no, no. I think this is high school, and the, yeah. the late because the girl. Oh, the, Barbara's uh, a freshman. Yes, the girl, yes. The girl got kicked out. Yeah. She got kicked out of MIT, so she's already yeah. gone to college. Now I don't know why she can be a substitute teacher. She got kicked out of MIT. It seems like maybe something was weird going on there, but whatever. But you know, if your kids go to public school, you know, you'd be fucking half the substitute teachers can't read or write themselves. Oh, I'm a substitute I, teacher. Did you know that? No. I think I that, that Charles Manson might have been a fucking substitute teacher in Quakertown last week. Who knows? Well, you but... come in and bullshit about, bullshit about movies. You can be a yeah, substitute teacher in any right. public school. There's Eric freaking no. He'll have like a a history class. All he'll talk about is the fucking history of goddamn Texas Chainsaw Look, Massacre. Look, here's the timeline like, of Friday the Thirteenth. Kids, now, you gotta follow closely because things get wonky. Yeah, <laughs> Eric's like, listen, they're gonna tell you that Rosaria. Who? What's the girl that you like? That's in. Is it Texas Chainsaw Massacre that the one girl Three, you like? Is oh in? yeah, that's freaking Alexandra Daddario. Yeah, Alexandra Daddario shows up and listen to me. I like her, but she shouldn't be in this movie. Because in reality, she should be 53. I've exactly. heard all the talk. You you should hear him yelling <laughs> about the continuity. But yeah, uh, she shows up. This Ainsley shows up and is kind of like a substitute teacher. Barbara, it, it does hint at the, or really spells it out, that she's been hacking at this point. So that makes sense. And yeah. the uh, Ainsley you know, sees her as a, you know, hey, you're an up-and-coming genius. You should go to MIT. You should do all this. Hey, I get kicked out, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, but yeah, it's it's okay. And then she ends up. The weird thing though is that this connection with Ainsley that you have here, you rarely see Dick Grayson being involved. So yeah. I want to see where he gets involved in this yeah. because then Barbara goes off and gets a job, a part time job or whatever, you know, to pay the bills. Olive Garden, yeah, yeah. Her dad is fucking. Her mom's walked out on him, so you know somebody has to do something. So she goes out, and it just happens to be she's working with Ainsley. Then and I'm like, really, this is a real really rushed connection here with this woman but she gets some money we see that she's a good person she gives a you know money to a homeless guy who's going to go Way off and get heroin me. and yeah. they'll die and then i did like this part where she goes home and you have uh jim uh, 
you know, Commissioner Gordon, Gordon yeah. their dad, who freaks out. Like, God, where were you? you we just got in this town, and he knows Don't how much of a piece of shit town this is. Don't you full of monsters? Yeah, really. He he knows. It's a, you know, and she's like, you know what, Dad? I'm not doing drugs. And there, there's another weird thing about this whole issue that it's really focusing on everybody around Barbara being on drugs. Everybody in school's on drugs. Every, you know, that's what good. Her dad says it just, I don't know. That seemed really forced to me. I thought that this would have been in the time of drugs. Say no. I'd say just say no. Then weren't they doing that? I think that at one point in this, Arnold was talking with Nancy Reagan, you know, (laughs) on different strokes. They told you about Nancy. What you talking about, Nancy? I was going to say briefly, we we move past it, but when they do go to look for Mad Hatter, they go to the Mad Haberdashery. Which yes. is a super Batman 66 scene of them I, fighting. I'm so. telling you, I really, you know, you find problems when we get to the 66. Like, we talked about it last time. because Jim you, I had think fun that with that's where they're aspects. going with. I didn't oh, have I as much fun this week. I, I really did. the thing is, I found myself loving the Mad Haberdashery yeah, and these I, I big did. fucking goons. I'm like, yeah. you know what? This is just fun to me for it's some reason. That, it was like a rave club, like from yeah, the 90s yeah, or did. something. I liked it. Yeah, I just I I actually didn't find it that that intriguing this this issue. Um, probably because I wanted to see what was going on with her and, and you're deep in Dick the mystery Grayson. now, Jim. God, I don't yeah, need I time want the for this. mystery, Give, but yeah. <laughs> but go on with it while I sneeze. Uh, yeah. So Barbara then goes out again to uh, be Batgirl, Batgirl runs yeah. into Robin, and uh, they have their little chat. They become buddies. Robin explains that he's also lost his parents. Yeah, and things are tough, and they start Makes to open her feel up bad. to each other. Way to go, and Debbie Downer! Makes her. Then feel they go bad. to check out Mad Hatter, who's over at Gotham General Back Hospital. In the present, and he, yeah, in the present, and he is fucked up to the max. He's got he's he's got a tube in his mouth and all two black yeah. eyes. He yep. looks, he's got the snot beaten out of him. So clearly, he's not doing anything. Too recently, uh, then he's he. Yeah, he he's getting his ass kicked. Friend. That's yeah. what he's doing recently. He's getting yeah, the I mean, shit he, he kicked He really out got of. fucked up. This old. I love the guy. art of him, though. I love the art of him when he actually, you know, starts gasping and yelling. He, he I think that's out of bed. so yeah, good. Cool. Yeah. For some reason, I'm telling you, this is the stupidest goddamn nitpick in my like ever. So I don't even know if it's a nitpick. It's just something I wanted. Is that when he comes to like you know two in the hospital bed, he's gasping for red, red, and like red. you see how beat up he is. He just looks terrible. Like I wanted that big goddamn buck tooth that has to be chipped. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. I don't know why. I, I, I was looking at that teeth. I'm like, somebody there. should have fucking worked on those nah, teeth some more. No, nah, they're just, they look like they were working the eyes. I mean, his, he's yeah, got really. two huge he's black bad, eyes. I mean, he's crying blood, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, I think that is a, a nitpick. He, he really, he can't eat on his own, and, and I think he has a colostomy bag now from the beating he took. He can but still yeah, chew. Yeah, he's well. Yeah, I don't know if he can. I don't know if his digestive tract works anymore. He is <laughs> fucked up, but he's there. And yeah, that's where Nightwing and Barbara went to see, you know, check him out. And he came to because and he has something to red, do with this red. mystery of Ainsley yeah, the back in the day. And they found that he's the sh- had the shit kicked out of him. So obviously something is going on besides for the two suicidal Ainsley lookalikes at the beginning because yeah, yeah. So everything it, there, all of the he didn't have anything to do with this. Is the yeah. impression it's it's yeah. Red Queen, and we see her. On the last page, we don't see who she is, but she is obviously the Red Queen yep. watching everything unfold on a bank of monitors because it's like Mr. Oz, the Red yeah, Queen. Yeah, we said is Mr. this is Oz. our favorite thing. She has a bank of 
she has cameras everywhere, including when Nightwing went to Hawaii recently. It looks like <laughs> <laughs> he's there. Cameras <laughs> everywhere. I think she's got eight cameras just in that hospital room. Yeah, you know, there is. It's crazy. But yeah, she's there, and she, you know, you see her. She's the Red Queen, and uh, you would you're led to believe this would be Ainsley. That would be the you easy think? route out. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe we'll Do see. Do you think at Best better. Buy they have it so that if someone tries to buy like. 10 monitors at once they put them on a list they may put them on the list <laughs> but the other problem list. is i think that on the other wraparound of that i think if you go to best buy and you buy monitors they can be already rigged to somebody else or the best buy actually rigs the monitors themselves so they can the, sit the in their control room and watch it. everybody the geek squad is watching everybody right now somehow they have a monitor watching oh, us that's, do our podcast. that's one of those things you fill out like the insurance forms or stuff you buy it's like all right sir um you signed all this now where would you like the geek squad to Set up cameras. Who are you watching, sir? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, oh, you have a bank of eight computer screens. I guess you're up to no good or good. I don't know, but yeah, it seems that way. But what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, I think I think you guys may have enjoyed it more than me, or Jim may have enjoyed Crazy. it. I, no, I, I think did, Eric's going to be first. I think Eric's going to be the highest. I did. I did like it. I thought the story uh, again moved along. I loved the conceit of it of going back and learning more about Robin and and Batgirl, and we are. Getting a little bit of retcon here, you know what I mean? Where they're they're moving Robin yeah. and Batgirl closer to the same age, and uh, you know one or two other things, but uh, overall it's the same thing. You know them goofing off and uh, Barbara not being terribly bright throughout the whole thing. So I gave it a seven out of ten, which I think is respectable. Okay. Well, good art, you as it, you Aaron? said. Dude, the art is, is yeah, very I like soft. the art a lot. What would you give it, Eric? Now, I do have some problems because at least talking about the retconning, we also have, you know, this idea where Batgirl moves to Gotham City. And we saw before during the zero hour tie in and she, it's not zero hours, zero year tie in to freaking uh, Batgirl that she became ba- like the idea of becoming Batgirl saw, happened during yeah. zero year. So she would have already been in Gotham before this point. So there's a bunch of retconning going on for her history and when she moved to Gotham and stuff like that and actually became Batgirl. But even with these problems I have. This is the most enjoyable issue of Batgirl I've read in fucking two goddamn years, I think it is. But I love the art, and this whole mystery thing has got me really intrigued. And I think that's getting to like closer to the like being smartly written instead of just being like you know writing a dumb Batgirl. It's like you know I'm gonna appeal to the masses by liking social media and freaking hacking and freaking taking selfies. This is getting to an actual oh, mystery we'll that there. I want to get. A, hopefully not. But I, for everywhere we are right now, I'm all about this arc. I think I, I'm gonna, I hope to enjoy it. But I enjoyed this, so I'll give it a seven out of ten as well. Oh wait, it's up to me now to break the seven point five. Oh goodness gracious! Um, Peter. I do have to mention that we we kind of glossed over another thing was that Barbara finds out that Dick has broken up with uh, Defacer Sean, so that's gonna right. be set. And the the thing that gets me in this is they do seem to be pushing this as an arc where they become boyfriend and girlfriend. Whether or not that happens, that's what they're pushing. Does he and I like really, her like her? I don't know, but I, I think that it, Hope Larson did a, a good enough thing here where that isn't the thing that's forced here. So if it does happen, we're, we are seeing a little bit more of this retcon background so that we can see it progress, even at the point where they, they have the line. One of the lines is, you know, you're a real dick. And he's like, yeah, I get that a lot because she doesn't know who he is at that point. So I did think that was funny. And uh, just the whole thing, if they do start dating from this, at least we're getting to see when they first met and how they are becoming, you know, falling in love even and, and liking each other. So I did like that. I love the art. I just 
I didn't have as much fun as I did the last issue for some reason, and the, it really is going towards a Batman. We've 66 really been laughing deal. a lot last issues, but really, oh, yeah. really because of her incredible stupidity. Yeah, well, we've yeah. been laughing at her, not with her. Uh, but yeah. I, I said the last issue, I thought that they were pushing more of a uh, Hope Larson was pushing more of a Batman sixty six feel, and that did continue. I think that's the route to go. I actually think yeah. that this is good, and I said that I think that just try to get like a Harley book where you have your own little contained universe here uh and i like it enough i was gonna give it a seven out of ten i knew that i'd be lower than eric so when he pushed up that seven five i can still say that i'm lower than him but yeah i I enjoyed (laughs) it enough i think the last one though i gave an eight i mean i went really over the top because i really had fun and that last issue and this issue the worst babysitter in the world Yes, and both of these, though, they are, to me, like Eric said, I think these two are the most fun I've had reading Batgirl since she moved to Burnside, and that's been a long time, so I I do like that now. That's nice. Yeah, so at least we sound a little more positive, you know, that's good. I'm not Not going to sound positive on this next one. Go for it, Oh, you should. Come on. You know it's a lot better than what it used to be. We're talking about it, I don't know. No, it's not because no. we didn't. We used to. We didn't have to talk about it because you gave up. I like yeah, that way better. That was fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> but but there, there was that time we had to talk about it, and I, mean, I was just. It was just very depressing. Yeah, right? yes. that, that was a bad time, fellas. We of course are talking about the Hellblazer number thirteen, written by Tim Seeley, art by Jesus Marino and Carrie Strahan. It was a beautiful night hanging out downtown, drinking all night in a pub. Till it was dry. And I don't remember how I got to my bed. All I know for sure is that you died. Because you're running down my chin. Mixed with bile and gin. First there's a sickening scent. Then you're sputtering out my vent. You're running down my chin. Yes. Did you didn't give me a woohoo at the end. Did you like the puking? Yes. How did you feel about the puking? The puking was okay. When you said that it's better than before, I will give you that. The problem is, near the end, I was saying this book was a two. I'll give you a little hint. By the time we get done talking, if you don't convince me otherwise, Reggie, this thing's like a 3.5. So it is better. But boy, I really like the art. I don't. I think it was the, inconsistent throughout. I thought it b- bounced back and forth at different the styles. Art really that threw takes me out. me back to like horror comics, you know, and like almost a Bernie Wrightson really, Maybe. really raw. The, the problem is, style. I go from page to page, and to me, the art style changes every page. You have uh, at points almost like a a watercolor type look, a little, and then the two pages later, it, it's not the same type of art, and it threw me off. It really did. I just. I didn't even like that. I'm not interested in this book. I don't like Hellblazer. I don't like John Constantine anymore. I was on with Rebirth when we had that one issue, that Rebirth number one. I thought it was cool. I just want this book to go away. And the the best part is I think I'll get my wish in a couple months. This book is going to be canceled. It's I don't not know. They were kicking off another arc in the uh, solicit okay. for November. Yeah. The problem is, is most of the issues, most of the things aren't ending till like February. That gives it yeah. plenty of time to end that arc. So we'll see how it goes. But tell me about it. Give me, give me your your rundown. Well, Convince John me, Reggie. Cox, John Cartstein wakes up after having drank all night with a bad hangover. He pukes 
right over the side of his bed. I really like the way the sheets are like drawn. They, it looks like a filthy hellhole of a room. It looks probably like the way Jim Warner's room looks any given morning. Yeah, well, uh, no, that's when place, it, that looks like when I clean up. <laughs> oh, this yes. place though, while it does look like a filthy hellhole, and even you know when you see the outside of the apartment when he's like drunk as shit going home. I want to know how they can afford all the camera systems they have in this fucking place yeah. because there is a every there's a camera on every angle of this place, even on the I roof. I don't think somehow. cameras are that expensive. It's a hotel. You, yeah, you, you can tell it's a hotel. He's got like the fucking coffee maker on his desk. He's got a flat screen mm-hmm. here. It's he's he's staying overnight in a hotel. Yeah, uh, and is, and the cameras don't nice cost that much anymore. Him. You could you could get the so. shit for you know twenty bucks, and you could have a camera in there. But eh, just go on. Go on. So I'm he hears a little thunking over in the air vent, and the, the room's feeling a little hot. He goes to check it out, and suddenly out of it sputters just a massive amount of blood just covering John Constantine. After he's puked, the idea of that I really liked just the ultimate grossness of it. If he could have, like, slipped in some shit, that really would have made the whole thing for me. So then, <laughs> interestingly, he though... Slips, you know, shit goes in his mouth. I mean, shit is really exactly All of a sudden, he's, like, spotting fucking train spotting where he just yeah. shits the bed. Yeah, it's there just was, shit you know, all There over. was somebody called in a few weeks ago with something like that, and I, I thought it was pretty a good idea, the aristocrats or something like that. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, somebody did call in about that a little bit so, ago. Uh, well, interestingly, you know, John Constantine in the Vertigo days, if this had happened... He would have lit a black candle. He would have fucking sent the room to, uh, you know, Halagora, whatever, would have made it disappear out to hell, and no one would have ever known. But here he goes to the cops. He actually went to the fucking cops and, like, told them, like, I don't know what happened, but or it's really a friend of his at the cops, but he's talking to someone I love her. in official capacity. <laughs> you you yes. love her? No, I think it's a former lover, the way yeah. they're yeah, talking. Yeah, no, it is a former lover. Yeah, yeah. Every woman's a, And, of course, you yeah, know she's course. a former lover because she hates him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really what uh, as happens. As everyone must do. He explains that it was the night before he went to the bro down. He met up with uh, some old pals of his. They tied it on. Eventually, some guy showed up and gave him like some spooky liquor that was yellow and glowing, and they made him start puking right it away. It looked like Mountain and Dew. It looked like a glowing Mountain Dew to me. It might have been Mountain Dew. It might have been one of the, the rare seasonal dews, right? Yes. The, Sir, uh, the pure sugar do. I think they have black label do. Look now, how much he's puking. Crazy. I love it. Yeah, he's puking yeah. up the stairs, the reception in the shitty hotel. He's like, ah, oh, don't you go puke outside, you old git. And <laughs> that's. I, I, I'm looking at this reception now. This is like a no tell motel. Look at this fucking disheveled yeah. ass place. That this guy's a, it's a, he's a white this rapper. What the hell do you want? The guy is a white rapper and he's just working the hotel. This This is a seedy. Uh, by the hour hotel, if you ask me, you know there's Jim, some shit you like, going down. You like to watch college ball, right? A little bit. Yeah. Are you a big Are you a big fan of USLA? USLA. I laugh your, so much when I was like, like yeah. I was like, oh, he's a big fan of USLA, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, everybody you likes. Guys. <laughs> you didn't know that USLA. You know they won a lot. Uh, John Woodruff was their college coach back then. He said they lo- they won a lot of championships back then. Ah, uh, yes. That, that is sports jokes for you, Eric. <laughs> Very good. Ah, there's a white rapper. That's all. That that also made me laugh. That also it, you know, John's just hat. like, you know what, you son of a bitch, white rapper. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's good. That's Eric Shea right there. That's he. This guy's name might be Spoon James. He has come to say, and then John just gets. Don't pissed. puke on the stairs, fuck yeah, up. Don't puke on the nope. stairs, and he's he's in the right. I mean, you don't really. He's gonna have to clean up John's puke now, and all he wants John to do is clean up his own goddamn puke. 
But yeah, and then he goes in and goes to bed. But yeah, you see shit's wrong. But go yeah, on the on the uh, closed circuit camera, this uh, his friend is over at the police department watching. I don't know why we didn't, I didn't catch her name as we're flying through. Doesn't really matter. Ames. She has, she has, it's uh, Detective Ames. I, I believe that it's ball, Margaret Ames. Haircut. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that you see that this guy was giving John Constantine shit. We closed the door. Then some unseen force seems to beat the guy up a little bit. Yeah. Trips him up, holds exactly him up Exactly in the way that he would have done it. Exactly. Yeah, as then. as John Constantine is narrating by caption, she's remembering what he told her, what he what he re- remembered or dreamed had happened. Yeah. And the but guy he didn't tell. Right that's the big the... thing is he didn't tell Ames that. He kept that out when he was talking to her so that, you know, he, he couldn't be tagged as that. But, yeah, there's shit going down. But he go. gets thrown into the air intake for oh, the yeah, yeah. air thing, and that's how he ended up in her... Uh, in his uh, whatever air yeah, jam, in the air duct, event. it was because of the air, you know, the in and the fan there cut him up. Uh, I think that the big thing here is that she obviously she was a lover of John. She hates him, but she also knows what he does, and oh, she yeah. knows that you know that he's involved in the you know that sort of yeah, shit. Uh, so she knows, she knows it's him. She even says it's good that you came here. You know, nobody's going to be able to you know, catch you on this. Nobody's going to be able to go to another detective who doesn't know what you do. And there's no way they can pin you on this because we have video. You're not involved, but I know what you do. And that's kind of the wraparound of when John says that the reason they didn't work out is because he got the hell out of there because a normal person shouldn't have their life ruined by knowing and that that's there all is. that John Gottstein does to the people he's around. He fucking ruins their life or kills yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, but in the meantime, he does he does go back to that guy who had that drink that he that thinks, and, and it really was that, because even when they'd show him at that point, you know, they'd always show him, and he'd had those yellow lips from that drink and what, whatever, mm-hmm. but this guy doesn't even know who John is, doesn't even know what the hell he's talking about. John uses that spell where he can kind of, you know, think of where things are or whatever, and it's supposed to be that if he kissed him, he can find out some things, but they did share a bottle, so he could at least find him uh then he kisses him kisses him all sexy yeah yeah, and then looks like the joker but uh but then yeah he can't find anything the guy has no no memory of nothing the guy has no memory whatsoever he has no memory he's he's a goddamn guy who has a fucking panty fetish like stealing panties at the hospital he works at yeah it's so funny uh, because john shows up with a crowbar again like the joker but shows up and like you son of a bitch what did you do and he's like i I just like panties i didn't hurt anybody and uh, that was kind of a funny moment but yeah he's just a piece of shit going on panty raids but in the meantime they go on, but go on and tell us how it but then, ends. But really. we find out that the real mystery behind the Mountain Dew that makes people kill is some mystical imps from I don't know who they are, who they are, but monsters. Yeah, they look crazy. It's monsters. Yeah. Yeah, In the end, they're... it's monsters, and we're sure going to find is. out more about the monsters. And... Monsters who freaking have homeless guys drink up and then slice their yeah, throats and again, after fucking it's, it babbling about nonsense. That, yeah, it has to do with this drink. Whatever they're doing, they are involved in this this drink and doing stuff like that. And yeah, this guy ended up killing himself because he drank this, you know, whatever it was. And then Demon they're rum. sitting there. Yeah, and they're sitting there. The ones like eating a goddamn crow's head off, and they, you know, they're drinking. But we'll see what goes on. But what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, the top thing about this is it's a huge improvement as far as I'm concerned from where it was. It's really the best thing I can say about it. I like the art. You didn't like the art. I see I see definitely places where it's inconsistent 
Yeah, uh, I, I, that's the reason to dark I didn't like it. But just, yeah. the overwrought sort of like very dark uh, quality to it. it reminds me almost like a Bernie Wrightson, really a horror, gothic horror look to it. Congrats. We'll see how much. Uh, we'll see uh, if it gets any better or more consistent as we go along. The story itself, I, I feel like you take it or leave it, but at least I can tell you what happened, and that's yeah. such a huge thing. And being that I consider this really a first issue, where you know we're sort of starting anew with a new creative yeah. team. I gave it. I was. I, I usually give you know a little optimistic bump unless I find the the issue so deplorable. So I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay, I'm actually going to change my score. A one. No. I'm oh, not whoa. Go that I didn't like the art. Uh, but actually, as as I was thinking about it, I couldn't even remember what happened when I was started when we started, and then we going through this. I like the idea of John with the detective and saying, "Listen," and and it was a, a it was a different spin on that where he said. I, I broke up with you. It wasn't because of you. I had to get out of there because you knew what I was about. And usually you get the old idea of like, hey, when you find out about this magic life that he leads, it puts you in danger. Instead, he said, I didn't want you to be somebody who knew that your measly little life meant nothing. You'll give up. You won't try to do things. So I had to leave. That's why you're the head detective now. That's why you're this because I got the hell out. I actually like that twist on that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, just the whole story, like the story with these guys and and the, the drinking and stuff, it didn't really intrigue me at all. Uh, I just I did like the interaction between him and that Ames. I think her name is. I said again, and that I did like. So I'm gonna go five five. I'm I'm gonna go higher than it does Whoa. deserve more than a three five. Yeah. It really does. But I did think the art to me was very very inconsistent though when it was on and which i think that it's the parts that you guys really like it does go more like you said in that horror vein and that's where this book should be and as long as tim seeley keeps it at least you like you said you know what's going on so at least if he keeps that but i do think that he has a pretty cool horror tone to it already that's just not my thing it really isn't so but i can appreciate that so i'm telling you this five five is actually pretty positive from what i was going to give it but what about you are i'd give it a six out of ten i really like the art but i found like this whole beginning setup for the whole thing where we have to recount the night of john Constantine just getting fucking blackout yeah. drunk it just went on too goddamn long. Like we went through his entire it took me freaking a long night. time to read this. Exactly. I have to admit it, it. it did not need to go down this way, especially for the end where we find out that nothing that he really remembers is right. It's or that well, or it's and, like the and, guy was yeah. different. It's just for everything that we like, you know, we're led to believe in this whole going through, yeah, we, we have to have this murder mystery. Like, how did John Constantine kill this freaking receptionist without him actually doing it? But for everything we went through, it just went on too long. We could have told half the goddamn story arc, it seemed like in this issue just because of how long he took to tell the fucking night events so yeah and i'll I'll even say i'll give tim sealy a little benefit there where at least he didn't come out with the craziest shit like he could have come out and had the most ridiculous goddamn issue uh you know to like bang i'm back or or john's back baby you had all this fucking gin stuff and let well i'm here to you know knock your socks off this does feel like a decent enough hellblazer story you know he did but it's magic spells and monsters and you know because of that yeah because of that though it makes me like eric's saying I'm torn between thinking that I was going to come in and read this and thinking Tim Seeley was going to show me, show us what you got. You know, all of a sudden I go and I'm like, 
holy shit, I'm going to – this is never going to be a book that after reading Simon Oliver's garbage that we had to slog through and then, and then we stopped because it was so bad. Yeah. This issue is not going to make me say to people – and obviously we have a podcast no. so we are talking to people. But if I was just talking to somebody in general, I would not say, boy, you know what? If you drop that that Hellblazer, you got to get on it right now. Boy, this no, is I, the I best. It's not – and I, I think that's a shame that he – but it might end up this arc the way he's doing it, the way he's subtly we'll setting it up. I said it's very similar to me like that Nightwing – New Order, uh, not as good, but it's it's very subtle the way he's setting this up, and maybe maybe it will last, and you'll get a little more. I don't think, than this, I don't think it's going to last. That's the problem. Is I, I don't think that this we'll book see. Is, I mean, we'll, you listen, know. you know, every every comic book is a new opportunity for someone it to is. dazzle you. But I will say this about Hellblazer, especially as it is in the DCU, is that being that being that it does contain magic and monsters. We don't need a surprise twist from this. No. You know, he can, he can just battle the monsters. And yes. personally, as a fan of that kind of thing, you I, like I'd that. probably be okay with that. But if they're going to make it super complex, it's a conspiracy inside of a yeah. then ritual, it, that, blah, Then blah, it's blah, the gin. We'll then you get that yeah. garbage oh, God, we just had. Now, again, this is – I just want to point out to the people – if you're out there and you listen and you're like, oh, that Jim, what a what an asshole, whatever. Just think of the books you have. Just think of your pull list, and then think of a book that you think, oh, you know what? That's not for me. I don't read that. Unfortunately, the way we do the podcast, uh, we have, have to read everything. So I have to, and this will never be a Jim book. It really no, won't. So no. my, if I came on here and said it's an eight. That's a 12 for Reggie. It really would be. Yeah. So I'm telling you, my 5-5 five five is very similar to what yours was a 7-5, Reggie? Uh, 7. 7. I'm telling you, that's a, that's a Reggie 7. If you like this sort of thing, go with Reggie's score because this is just and never going to – Eric, I'd gonna... say, sort of is in between where yeah, you like the character – but, you but don't he's, like he's a lot not of them. that invested in it. It's yeah, just, he's not yeah. super invested. But and it's just it and really like isn't my thing. Too. Eric is so, a fan of the horror comic. Yeah, yeah. I, I am a fan of the horror comic, but I have to say I'm not a huge fan of magic and comic books. Yeah, he doesn't no. like magic. He's not a magic fan. <sighs> Look at him over there with this magic fucking racism, <laughs> magic sism. Huh. Now we have to talk about the last book that, uh, with you, Reggie. Yeah. The last book you had of this week. <laughs> now the gloves are off because this this book. I now, don't do you know, know. Do you realize the gloves are off, this, and I'm checking out completely. Yeah, we Eric are in the last well. quarter. The yes. last. Yep, we are. Uh, four issues of Commodity Challenge. I, I don't know at this point. Would it be more of a challenge for me to enjoy this series or for me <laughs> to, to, to extract three teeth out right now with a goddamn fucking, you know, wrench or something? Because Don't do this it, they is crumble. Nonsense. This is well, nonsense. The, the thing they want you to solve is whether you're ever going to yeah. give a fuck. Can you solve it before no. they do? <laughs> That's what it says on the top. What What am I solving anymore? I don't know because last issue, last issue was the Marguerite Benet one, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. that I was really it? liked. Yeah, I liked, liked it. And I thought that it got things back on track. And we didn't hate it, but but we you know we weren't thrilled with it. I liked it more than was, you guys. But... Uh, Orlando, right? Or this yeah. is Orlando. Yeah, no, no, this no, is Giffen. This is, the one yeah, before Benet was, uh, and that was and nonsense. And I think that's why I liked the Marguerite Benet one so sure. much. But this is where we go, and this is Keith Giffen. And I'll I'll say one thing: the dialogue is not very Giffen esque, 
to a point. You do get a little of it. And where I say Keith Giffen is the, you know, it's back. It it is here because it's back and forth that goes nowhere. Yeah, it's but that at least it's not the hey, I'm going east, east. Yeah, everything with him, Keith Giffen, if I can explain it to you older folks out there, it's who's on first constantly. Everything is, you know, what's on, no, what's on second? They they have, everybody has to have a fucking quip afterwards. This at least, it's Kamandi talking to himself. It is nonsense. The issue goes nowhere, but it's just, it, this whole thing, I don't expect much from it, but Reggie, give me your, your blurb this, and this comic, This issue I really saw as a ripoff. I mean, the way the way he gets out of the cliffhanger from the last one, which wasn't a great cliffhanger. No, it wasn't. But but Keith Giffen might as well have taken his cock out and slapped Marguerite Bernay in the face. Because it was, yeah. It's a bullshit resolution because these goddamn things are supposed to take over your mind when they latch a hold of you. Exactly. There's nothing I mean, here. The, that nope. would be the number and one. And it's humongous. I mean, I mean he's probably chit-chatting with this fucking parasite yeah. as he's, he's like, oh, don't yep. you? Uh, he crash lands between the legs of a, of a big colossal statue in the water. Uh, he's on a hang glider and just rips it off. That's it. Whips it off. And beats you know, it on the rocks. God, if I was Marguerite Brene, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. you know, like, you could have done a little more than that. Yeah, can, can you solve it Steve before May? spent like six, seven pages getting out of his cliffhanger yeah, yeah. in the most bullshit way, but he and did it. In the most bullshit way, but at least he tried to go with the, you know, the the spirit of it. Yeah, the this, like you said. But, yes. and, and he does it all. So we spend for fucking ever. You know, Jim and I, we, you've, we've talked about this on when we, we reviewed, yeah. I think, one or two without Eric, that this book has kind of been going in three parts. You get the first part. Get out of the get, cliffhanger. You get out of the cliffhanger. Second part will be, you know, whenever I meet the cat people, yes. get away from them. Yeah, and the then new the dilemma. Yeah. Is and the, then the yeah, third part is set up the cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I'll go and say this lot. right now. This is issue eight. If you go, and if we went back to every issue, the thing that it hinges on is that middle part. The middle part is where you're going to say, oh, this is a pretty good issue. Because right. for yeah. the most part, the, the get the out story. of the cliffhanger has all been bullshit. And then leading into the cliffhanger has all been bullshit. It's that mm. middle section that if you're going to be a good writer and not fucking blow these, you're going to end up doing that well. It's horrible here. It's just – it's a non-joke joke that continues to go on between the difference between Odysseus and Ulysses. That's all it is. And it was Against driving the sheep me people and the wolf insane. people. Yeah, the, 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 exactly. Anthropomorphic sheep people and the anthropomorphic, and the anthropomorphic yeah. wolf people, they war with each other. I like the way the wolves, wolves and sheep looked. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, the art's not know, the worst I, I like, part of this. I like, I it's not like the bad. The wolf is wearing a fucking sheepskin one. They're much more no. warlike and the, and the sheep are like much more agrarian, you know, yeah, kind of, kind of gave you an idea like this might be a story. Then though, you get the history of Kamandi. Why not? Finally, yeah. now in issue eight, all of the readers who have been reading this and book can I finally find out completely at this point who yeah. the fuck Kamandi is, and they really do give a pretty good overview of Jack Kirby's run on Kamandi, yeah. which I think went twenty-two issues. And and it uh, is it's Steve Rude on art, right? Yes, and, and he I does think. A good job. No, I think that this is, if you're just going art, I think this is the most accurate art towards the original Commandi comic. I think that yeah. this looks like straight out of Commandi comics, where with, others with have little, kind with of... a little, you know, Steve is, Rude but, spin. But yeah. yeah, you're right. I agree. But it's it very, does look a lot... Yeah, it's very... And, and that's fine. It's just, like you said, you do get a... You get the background of Commandi. Now, that's fine and dandy. It's issue eight. 
I know. You said we only have four it's more issues, and you're going to go this. Loopless. Yeah, it's padding, and this but is but where we have is, this middle it section. It doesn't go in line with what we have with the commandi challenge right now. There's no, no reason for them to give a history of this commandi because it's not the commandi we're dealing with yeah, right it's now. Just nonsense. It's no, it nonsense. Doesn't, it doesn't really inform anything that we've learned so no. far. But then, like uh, I said, what this is is uh, Keith Giffen has one time sat down, and you know what would be a cool story. If there was these two factions, and one they used the you know the Odysseus, the Greek uh, saying for the word, and the other used the you know Ulysses, and uh, just like really, this is what this whole thing is based on. That it, it, what if somebody based a religion off the Iliad? Yeah, and that's huh? what it is. And then it's the religion based on that, and the whole idea of the story is a hundred percent the same, and they're gonna fight over the name of it, and it just it drove me nuts. It meant and is nothing. That you learn that the uh, Mormons are the exact same as the Scientologists? No. Is that when you realize there's no difference between them? No. That's They're when I realized that I hate guys. everyone. This is why I don't I don't really, go with I, the, hey, that, why can't we all get along? I go with the, just stay inside and don't talk to people. I say that I say that to my wife all the time. Why are you getting involved? We're we're driving to the goddamn buffet today, and we're going now. If you're driving to the buffet, people are going to think I'm a piece of shit saying this. We're driving, and as we're going, we're going 45. We're going down. We're going 45 down this main road that leads right to the buffet, and this it takes an hour and a half almost to get to this place. So we're going. We're we're in the final stretch, and actually it's about an hour and 15 minutes. It's not as bad, but we're we're in the last eight minutes. We're going. And suddenly my wife sees, she spots a dog that's not on the side of the road, but on the side street. And it has a leash, but it's, it's on its own. There is nobody with it and it's walking. And she, why didn't you stop? Stop. I'm eight minutes from the buffet. I don't want to get involved in people. And she's no. like, oh, and oh, she was so mad. And I, and I said to her, this, this all may tie into the commodity issue. It may not. But I said, <laughs> what are you going to do? We, we pull over. You're going to get that what, – what are we going to fucking knock on everybody's door? What, what are we going to do with this dog? We can't fit it in the car. Everybody's fucking crammed in like sardines already. I mean, what if it's already. not a nice dog and you Where get the fucking ship it I out said, why does this dog bites us? Why am I at the – I, I don't know what to do with and this And now instead of eating dog. delicious lunch at the buffet that's an hour and 15 minutes away, I'm going to the hospital and yeah, getting fucking now, baby now, shots. Now I don't right. know what we're doing. We're, we're walking door to door? Is this your dog? Eh, no. So we no. – the kids were just screaming at her. So we get to the buffet. She She's almost in tears, the whole goddamn buffet, about this dog. And then we're driving home. And as we're driving if there was another route I could have taken, I, I, but there's only this one street because I – like if, if we go past and this dog is dead on the side of the road, I, I no longer have a marriage. My marriage is over. And I'm thinking like, what the fuck? Why do I get involved in this goddamn shit? And that's how Kamandi feels. <laughs> I don't know how it ties in. It just, just come, these, these two religious the, the you know, only based way on the Iliad. That, just stop. Just don't get involved, Kamandi. Get the fuck out of there. That there's well, where uh, one, I can figure it out cool before them. Even then, the, then you have Keith Giffen. There's cursing, you know, and it's not cur. But it, sorry, Grams. Sorry about my language there. Oh God, damn it! I hate this book now. I love the spirit of it at the beginning. When the I lamb, was having fun. When the lamb people blow their war horn, it goes, bah. Yeah, it does. There so you go. Was... Okay. I'll go up half a point now. Now Good. we're at 1.5. Keep going, and, and I may get to a two. I mean, this is it. So they have a fucking war that, and again, this, there is some really nice artwork in here. It's not like it's worth to buy it for it, but the art is good uh, throughout the whole yeah, thing. I, like the I, I have I no like problems with it. 
the fighting, the war looks good. It's very I complex. I don't like but, the part where the like the the female wolf comes out of underneath the ship because she's gonna have sex with uh Kamandi. I don't know. Uh, it looks like a wolf version of Mae West. I like it. I think uh, that she's out there. Does that remind huh. you of Too Many Nights at the Bar, Eric? Is that what it is? Hey there, you there. Hey, Ulysses. Out of nowhere, though, that's classic Keith Giffen because out of it, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then Kamani's like, everything I, in this comes out of nowhere. Yeah, well, Kamani's like, I'll fucking cut my leg off to get away from this bitch. He starts climbing the mast. That gets hit. And now, now he's underwater. He's on a shield. I don't know what's going on in this book. You know what my thing is? I don't want to figure out before anybody. I want to get the hell out of this Andy thing. finds out that the giant statue had both the names Ulysses and Odysseus yep, on it. There you see, there basically, was a, ooh, that, the basically that we now have, to me, that's the end of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> you <laughs> maniacs. Just, you maniacs. It's the same name. It's the same person. You hack. I, I really, I'm telling you, I hate Keith Giffen. I hate him with a passion. You mean Odysseus Giffen is just, here? Just go away. This guy, shit, oh, he's well, so that, funny. Well, that is cliffhanger. This has yeah. to be the laziest fucking cliffhanger yet. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know who takes the next one. Is it uh, Seely? I forget who does I, the next one, but I would be like, you oh, motherfucker. Oh, like, when you're going. gosh, Commandi's menaced by a sea serpent. Yes. It's Tom he King. Away. It's he Tom dodges. King. Next, next issue is that Tom King. with. Oh, it's that, that's the one? Yep, All right. That's so. what it says, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens yeah, there. But, yeah, I mean, just... I really felt like this was a bullshit cliffhanger. This doesn't seem difficult or, like, you know, it's it's a far cry from Kamandi has all of the organs outside of his body or whatever. <laughs> that, or even or even Kamandi's falling down about to be pierced by a pit of spikes. Well, we've already yes, done that five times. This is he can, can just anybody like this book? Really, I'm I'm asking you. I'm not even joking. Can somebody be there that this is like the one book they get each month? It's just... Oh, I don't know. That's nonsense. And just do you you like Keith Giffen? I'm just asking you because if you do, I'm gonna tell you uh, something. I'll smack you. you. I'm gonna tell you something. (laughs) You'll say that you liked him before. Young man. Yes, you've told me this before. You do know I've been reading comics for most of my life. Most of your life, yes, I I do know that. Created a character called Ambush Bug. Yeah, you love Ambush Bug. That I loved and still love to this day, and also was a co-writer on the. Justice League International Bwahaha era, which I love, yeah. and I can I can still read that and still enjoy it. But Keith Giffen has not written anything. I actually, you know what? He did all the plotting on that Fifty Two, the Weekly, okay. also. Even he didn't write it, but he did all the plotting. So I like. Well, that's that. the problem is, but the most part now he ends up on books, and then they kick him off the goddamn writing and just have yeah. him for plot and story. And maybe he's more of a story man, not a writer man. Because his dialogue is, is god-awful. And yeah, I just – I hate the idea that we get it. Me and Eric talk about it. We talked about it this week where at one point somebody I believe asked J.M.D. Mateus because that's – you know, that's his boy. They they are yeah. always doing stuff together. That's your boy? And say, hey, is that your boy? And said, hey, J.M., uh, why do you go by initials? And then after they sorted that out, they said, by the way – why isn't Keith Giffen on Twitter? Huh, if Keith went on Twitter, the whole internet would shut down. I'm like, well, why? Because anything I read with him, it would shut down because the guy, he, he, with his goddamn back and forth dialogue, it would take him 28 tweets to say hello. You would have it. He needs 7,000 characters to say, I had a good day. I, I hate him. I can't stand him. 
Huh. Get him out, uh, Reggie. You know, Call him up you know, and tell you him know to he's retire. Not your father, right? You realize that? Yes, he is. <laughs> I go, like because my father's be father. dead. I need to have him somewhere else. <laughs> I just, I just. What gets me in this is when you get these certain people, and it's in all walks of life where you get this whole thing of Keith Giffen. Oh well, he's a funny man. When? Yeah. I, I want to see it. He, hasn't, because, he has not been a funny man that no. I know of for like. Remember, he did that. He, didn't years, he do that goddamn years. Supergirl Matrix that, that with ambush that bug in it and, he and did the goddamn fleas? Remember Lar fleas? Yeah, it was terrible. That's that, that, one of the worst fucking that things ever. That convergent Supergirl Matrix when oh, ambush God. bug just shows up with his suitcase with all the goddamn uh, stickers he on was it. Like Bugs Bunny. It was. So oh stupid. my God! I wanted to kill somebody, including myself. I just this book. Has has gone from a cute idea and possibly a fun thing. This is a Jim and Reggie thing that me and you should be skipping down the goddamn yeah. lane through the How flowers, fucking kissing each other, sexy open mouth, mm -hmm. Reggie. Right, and we should be liking this. This is where. It's a book where I do have books with Eric as well. Like I want Blue Beetle to be good because Eric yeah. loves Blue Beetle. And, and you know who fucked that up? Keith Giffen. He's yeah. always there to screw things up. This is a book where I thought when it was announced, Eric's going to hate it. He is. This is like me right. with Hellblazer. There's no way that Eric will ever like this. I want, to, I want to. So I thought this is going to be fun. Uh, me and Reggie are going to have a ball with this. And I always go back to the book where people are giving Kamandi decent enough scores. We get a book like Coming of Superman by Neil Adams. That freaking – now that yeah. was just balls crazy. We're the fucking, only ones that like that. Yeah, we were, we were the insane. only ones because it was so insane. You got me on board with the fun. And we yeah. had some fun. And I, I like to laugh at it. And, yes, at the end of it, when we got to the end score – I was like, you know what? I really have to score this a little higher because I had so much fun. I'm, telling you, I'm not telling you it was a great story. No. I love talking to you guys about I it. I have the trade. <laughs> I have the trade of that. I, I barely have any trades. I have the trade of coming of Superman because it's so goofy fun. Is that paperback? Or is it yeah, yeah. the hardback? No, I I actually, I think it was the hardback. I think it's the All hardback. Right. I'll, I'll wait for the paper. Back. Yes. And, uh, boy, <laughs> when Lex would show up and how he would laugh at Darkseid, oh, it, it was so, so fun. Funny, Why can't we have at His least one scene? His interaction with Darkseid was one of the so funniest good. fucking things. I'm telling you, I, we said it while we were reviewing it on the podcast. I will never, ever tell anybody to go buy that because they could end up loving it or they could come up and find me and kill me. Because, kill you, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say mercy kill you. Yeah, I don't think that this is a book that people are, oh man, Jim likes it or Reggie likes it or Eric likes it. I'm, well, don't no, no, just, don't trust us. Don't get, that is something we just had fun. Say, that was the book, like kind of like you get together with your friends just to make fun of a bad movie. Oh, yeah. That was our bad was movie so, that we but just it, loved reading But the reading thing is what that about. had and why I'm tying it into this is that had a fun spirit to it yeah. and a fun like hey you guys like the silver age shit or they uh, you know i'm yeah. gonna do it like that that's what this should be this should be just fun and it's not it hasn't oh. been it's just and i don't know if this it's issue the whole, especially was really a, sl just, a slug yeah you you just have to fucking force yourself through this and that shouldn't be what it's about and by the end you have a cliffhanger like you said it wasn't even a good cliffhanger so uh -oh. why do this and then he's you know keith Gibbon, he's gonna he's gonna wow us with this you know kind of metaphor of religions that are the same thing but name it different i don't need that i just want fun god damn it did we give our scores yet what is going on mind. 
What did when you give parties, it? he parties hardy. I'm Spoon James and I came to say. There you go. Gonna, I was just going to uh, freestyle. You, you, ruined my, you ruined my groove. Well, I think you said the one line you'll ever <laughs> that's say. That's all I have. I'm just blaming you for not having another that's line. Why, that's why your rap career got stunted. Yeah, it did. Uh, it did. Just like my growth, right, Eric? Was boom, boom. my yeah. favorite thing. I thought the art yeah, was Yeah, I thought very the art was good. Respective of Kirby, but still had a very like a, a unique style. Uh, sometimes it was better than others, but pretty much it was good throughout. And I liked some of the little things I mentioned, like the horn going bah, yeah. and the stupid costumes, like the outfits they had. None of it enough to say this is a good book. Definitely uh, not good for four bucks. Not even good no. for three bucks. It was no. really kind of a piece of junk. I ended up giving it a six out of ten, and that probably was generous. Yeah, I'm going... I do like the art. I'm trying to think. I'm debating between a three, five, and a four. I just hated the story so much. Oh, three, it just five. it slapped me right in the face. This thing, especially after finally getting back on board last issue, and then this happens. And really, it was it was such a chore to get through this. And a Kamandi book that has a funny little premise that, yeah, you know, these writers are supposed to be having fun with it. I, I have no fun, and I, I don't think anybody would. I'm going 3-5, especially because of the price. And I just – if this is like we say about Harley, though, if you have enjoyed every issue up until now, I'm sure you'll enjoy this because you're insane and yeah. you should be committed. But uh, if not, it just – this is nothing I would ever tell anybody. Yeah, we, enjoy, we enjoyed to buy. some of the earlier issues more. You yeah, know? well, but, it was okay because it, it seemed like it was fresh then, and it was going. Yeah, and then I, I just think it lost its it lost track. The whole thing is making this back and forth sing song type of way where you pick up from the last cliffhanger. We said. For the first third of the book, they're dealing with the cliffhanger. They get a little story and then deal. It, it is not a well-thought-out plan to actually have a 12-issue series based on it because all you're doing each issue is trying to drive yourself to a crazy cliffhanger. You can't have cra- – yeah, there's cliffhangers in comics. Not every goddamn issue is the end-of-the-world cliffhanger like yeah. this, and it just gets tiresome. And at this point, like you said, you end with Keith Giffen giving you a cliffhanger that Tom King will easily be able to get out of it. And if he couldn't, he'll make a way to get out. There hasn't been one where I think the writer sits there and like, holy shit, well played, sir. And then you're going to go off and they, and they really took – no, that you have a Steve Orlando who ends up, I'm going to shoot the doctor so that his insides that are just like commandies, <laughs> and then they're going to switch this, turn on the printer, and away we go. That was well, that's I, all it is. The best cliffhanger and the worst way to deal with it. The thing is, at least he did something. Keith Giffen just completely yeah. just didn't care about Margaret yeah, Denise. Did you read that? I, that was I, the, I would be pissed off if I was sir. I don't I mean, know. Here's the thing, though. That issue with Steve totally. Orlando – Eric, you didn't read that one? I did not. Oh, my God. I made it sound good. I hope because <laughs> me and Reggie were so angered that they had the best cliffhanger, and it was such a cop-out. But, yeah, this was, one was this one crap. was basically pull the worm out, and away we go, and it's just nonsense. What, yeah. did you, what would you give it, Eric? I really feel that DC is just seriously, like, punishing me. Like, they have something yeah. out against me for everything <laughs> they're throwing at me this month and just lately in general. Like, all the Kirby stuff, all the new, like, you know, everything, Commandy, New Gods, freaking, uh, all of the freaking Kirby specials we're having now, I'm like, yeah. this is just overload. I'm like, they are just trying to hurt me personally, and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Now, 
I'm saying you might like the commodity challenge. I don't know. It's nothing that's ever going to be for me, but just reading this is a chore and I'm biased, completely biased, but I say fuck you five this book because yeah. the, while the art is good, I don't care about this. I don't want to read it anymore. I'm not having fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not either. But Stop hurting me, DC. We're going to go off now, Reginald, to uh, the issue of Mother Panic, I believe, is what you guys oh, are yeah. talking Mother about. Oh, yeah, Mother Panic number 11. Oh, now, Mother Panic. This is a uh, heavy Reggie podcast. I sure, like yeah. it. I like it. But, yeah, if you don't get enough Reggie, Reggie, tell them about your other podcast. Uh, Cosmic Treadmill with Chris. <laughs> Chris like, and Cosmic Treadmill. Is that what we're talking about yeah. here? No, no yeah. No, I'm talking about the, the one uh, the spousal abuse. <laughs> that that'll oh, be coming yeah. later. No, that's coming with later. You and Chris. Yeah. We you do and every Chris every Sunday. We read a comic, blog. and if you want to pick a comic, yeah, let get at us. Pick a comic, we'll read it. That is true. So yeah, we're gonna go off and talk. Or you guys are gonna talk about Mother Panic, and then we'll be back with more mail. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one Young Animal title to read for you this week. What title is that, Chris? It is Mother Panic, issue number 10. We start a new story arc here. It's called Under the Skin. And, uh, you know, this is part one, of course. All right. Uh, <laughs> written by Jody Hauser with art by Sean Crystal, who uh, provided art for the second story arc right. of this series. Uh, with uh, colors by Jean-Francois Boulot. Uh, we pick up, and uh, we, we actually jump ahead a little bit of time here, because uh, Violet's already out of surgery. Mm-hmm. She's done, she's recovering, and is uh, doing her own brand of rehab, which includes lifting heavy weights, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> might not be the best idea when your back is way full of stitches, but yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, Dr. Varma arrives to give her the once-over, and uh, Violet asks if she's good to go back to work. Uh, Varma tells her she can do whatever she pleases, because that's what she's going to do anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, Varma, I don't know why she asked that since she went back to yeah. work before she had the surgery, too. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, as Varma leaves, she runs into Dom, if we remember him. I He's didn't uh, until, I, <laughs> until I saw him. I was like, all right. It's like, oh, it's that guy uh, yeah. with the what's his face, Hemsley. Yeah, the, uh, the way back a year ago. Yeah, the first, uh, the first, or was that the second arc with the sculptures, first arc. right? Or the first, yeah, first one? Yeah. Arc. First issue, actually. Wow. Uh, and he's looking for the uh, reformed rat catcher Otis because he wants to talk about all the rats that keep working their way into the hotel. Which I, I guess I just learned that the Mother Panic compound is really a hotel. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if they knew that before. I hope there are no guests staying at this hotel. They must yeah, be like, I, you know, the rates are cheap, but what the heck is going on around here? Uh, <laughs> there's rats. The rats are the butlers. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so over in Mama Panic's indoor wilderness wonderland that she likes to keep, she's feeding those same rats bits of gingerbread man cookies and talking nonsense as she always does, at least... We think it's nonsense. I have a feeling it it all means, or it some will, of it means yeah. stuff, but there's no way we could know what it will. It'll 
it'll uh, mean something upon an, a reread that will never happen. Uh, <laughs> she sends him off to a school for as long as it still stands, quote unquote. So hmm. take from that what you like. Uh, we rejoin Violet. She's out on a date with a blonde. They arrive at a gala at one of Gotham's many mansions, and it would appear that Violet is looking for someone in particular. But she sees someone else. I, she's not looking for this redhead. I don't think she sees yeah, a redhead. I don't think so. And flashes back to Gather House, uh, where they're wearing their cute Gather House uniforms. <laughs> uh, they're holding hands. They're surrounded by demonic skeletal faces. Uh, it looks like they were friends, maybe more than friends. Uh, something's going on. I have a feeling these demonic faces are just sort of background of how Crumia was there, right? I'm guessing. But it's, you know, we don't know until we, we get there, get more clarification. So Violet breaks away from her date and approaches this redhead in shock that she survived that gatherhouse fire. She actually kind of elbows her way across the room to get to her. The redhead doesn't even seem to know her, just recognizes her as the infamous dilettante Violet Page. And Violet gets pushy, and the woman asks if she's going to need to call security. So Violet backs off, apologizing for a case of mistaken identity, and then rejoins her quite confused date. Yes. We hop back to the compound, and Dom and Mama are having a tea party. Now, this is where it gets kind of weird. Uh, Mama recites a sort of nursery rhyme Yeah. that I don't know if it's significant in any way, but Dom sure seems to think it is. It, it, uh, it seems to put put him off his food, really. She says something yeah. that seems to accuse him, or she knows he's done something, but I don't remember anything that he did that would be relevant to this thing about Broken in three places, never quite right after what that was it, wrong kind of glue. I don't know what this is about. Yeah, because he was like he was like an innocent who got tied up with Hemsley and he looked at the art or he looked at a skull. I don't know. But uh, either way, he drops his teacup and he sh- it shatters and, uh, and then he runs off because he's got some interning to do. Yeah. Uh, Mama mentions in her loneliness that it always gets worse when they listen. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. Back at the gala, <laughs> Violet's date decides to head home. Violet remains. Uh, after her date leaves, she hops in another car, drives around the corner, and puts on her work clothes. Uh, she waits until the party ends and returns to the mansion, breaking all the security equipment as she enters. Mm-hmm. She breaks in and finds the redhead sleeping. Flashback again to a younger Violet fighting off red-faced demons. Uh, looks like she's in a cafeteria, probably a gather house, and she's got a handful of Either pills or small olives. I, I, or maybe even M and M's. I know. Maybe M and M's. They gotta be pills, right? They gotta yeah, be. But I'm yeah, sorry. I know. I felt the same way when I looked at them. I was like, because they almost look all different sizes too. I was like, yep. are they like jelly bellies or something? <laughs> uh, back in the present, Mother Panic lifts the redhead out of bed and demands she spill the beans out of the about Gather House and how she survived the fire. Actually, lifts her up by her her neck. Mm-hmm. She replies that they made her a monster. The redhead also immediately recognizes Mother Panic's voice to be that of Seventeen, a.k.a. Violet. And so the redhead breaks down crying and apologizing. And that's where we leave that story. Mm-hmm. And then there's the backup strip, the uh, Gotham something radio that, uh, yeah, uh, Chris has been boycotting since at least the second or third issue. <laughs> and uh, I, still, I still keep up with it. This is the worst one yet. Um... You know, it's people talking about the fact that a guy has killed heroes, like something I think that happened two issues ago. And this this story has no movement at all. It's it's, it's uh, ten. Yeah, you, Chris pointed <laughs> out. It's, so it's been like thirty two pages. You said now something like that. Yeah, it's it's longer than one issue of a comic, and it, you really don't know. Nor do we can are we really made to care what is happening. 
I just wish they would cut it out. It's 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 a good thing we don't use the backup as part of our score. No, because uh, if we did at this time, it would definitely drag down on the score a little bit. But speaking of which, what'd you think of it, Chris? I thought it was a step back from the last story arc, um, but still worlds better than the first couple of story arcs. Sure. Um, it, you know, it's like one of the. It's you know, even if it took a step back, it's still way, way better than it was at at Jump Street. There, um, I would prefer. I, I think I really enjoyed John Paul Leon's work. So uh, Sean Crystal, I, even though I did enjoy him during the second arc, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy him as much here because he wasn't John Paul Leon. Yeah, um, it also seemed a little uh, overly cartoony loose. this time. Yeah, yeah. A little loose. Like we were talking about those like pills. Lips were huge. Yeah. I mean, it was a just lot of very. Things. I remember the mice almost yeah. looked like they were about to pop into a Disney cartoon, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think those are all stylistic choices. But sure, uh, you know, it, it's just little little things that make it difficult to read, and you don't want that. Exactly, but uh, and, and you know, not a whole lot happened. Yeah, you know, it was she went to a party, she recognized somebody, and then this person figured out who she is. So now someone knows her secret identity. You know, it's. Ah. <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it makes sense, there's just you know obviously we want a little mystery. You know we're gonna, sure. we want to know we want to answer some questions with the following uh, one or two issues. But there's just a little too much mystery here between uh, that guy Sam, right? Uh, Dom. Dom. His his thing about you know like we don't know what his deal is with with Mama Panic, and we really have no idea what's up with Violet and this redhead. Yeah, whether they were boy, whether they were girlfriends or one sold the other, it, it, it could go any which way, and it's a little too open. You know what I mean? There's nothing, nothing really pulling me in where I'm just like, oh, so this redhead is the one that X Y Z. You know what I mean? Sure. Or she's the reason Violet Page doesn't, you know, eat chocolates or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I gave it. Uh, oh, what you give it? I gave a, seven. It a seven. I, I think that's that's a pretty fair score because it's not a piece of junk. And no, as we've said, you come this far along in this book, you got to like it by now. So <laughs> if you, if you do like it, this isn't going to break your heart, but it it is sort of a a lull in the action or a lull in what's going on. Um, I except for the revelation that the uh, mother panics compound might be a hotel. I kind of want to know this more. This is true. Where's the bell? Where's the bellhop? You know, where 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 do we? Uh... <laughs> Do they get room service? continental breakfast? Exactly. I need to. It'd <laughs> be funny. They open up another door. It's just a Marriott. That's be all great. behind everything. It's just it's a regular <laughs> modern Marriott. How can we help you? Uh, I think I'd go six point five on this, uh, mm-hmm. but it would it would be you know wavering, and I could probably push it up to a seven because it's not. Sure. It, it just it just was lacking in motion, you know, and uh, yeah. I, possibly the backup might be dragging me down a little bit anyway, but despite my best intentions, but. Yeah, uh, I think I would have given this a 6.5 if only I hadn't read it right after the latest issue of Teen Titans. Oh, uh, that can because happen. This, that can this happen. felt so much better than that. Yeah, I always, you know, I always try to read the books that I, <laughs> the worst books up front, because otherwise, because you can go the other way too. Sometimes you read a book you really like, and then you end up just having good comics feelings. You're like, oh, all these books are nines. They're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. what a great comics <laughs> are great. Woo, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you felt like that in a long time, have you, Chris? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, not a piece of junk. Uh, no. Still good comic. Still definitely appreciate the fact that it's much more straightforward to read. And we were saying before the show, a lot of the artistic choices, I guess we'll call them, seem to have been 
suppressed or gone to the wayside. There wasn't really a fight scene here. No. So I guess there was no need to do that, you know, snippets of ambiguous symbolism. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the weird, I don't know, storytelling choices seem to have dropped to the wayside and the, the comic is better for it. So yeah, we will hang in there when the next one comes out because we are contractually bound to do so. But <laughs> next week we have nothing. I know for sure we got our cops what? and there are no young animal books. There was a rumor about the new doom patrol, but did not happen. It's also Labor <laughs> Labor Day weekend next weekend, so who knows? Who knows what we'll do, folks? We uh, we may invade the show anyway, figure something else. But the following week, and, and this I can't believe, Chris, solicited right now on Comixology, which I know is not the authority, but there is no authority. Sure. Right? You could check any. You could check any any source could be deficient. Is bug number four, Doom Patrol number eight, and Shade Shade the Changing Girl number twelve. Say what? <laughs> I doubt so much that all three of those comics. In fact, I think probably we're only going to get shade, frankly. But I would venture to say so. Yeah. If not, we may have a three. Co- I don't think we've ever done three issues in one ever. Right? We've never. It's, it's never, never happened. Ever. So it could be an oversized uh, snippet for Young Animal on the Weird Science podcast. But. And that would be the last bug for the time being, right? Yeah. I, and the last shade. Wow. Oh, it is the last shade. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I saw something, and it all the information is such non-information on the internet. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it seems no one's an authority. You know, it's it's always like, oh, I heard this. I think that did. all reds, even all. So from all red, I saw something about five was going to be out in November. But okay. is that is that I hope you know what I mean, or is it, if sure. I could if I could finish uh, these last three pages, you know I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, from what I I mean, the way I'm looking at it, bug is going to go bye bye after number four. If we even get number four, if we don't know what's well, true, I don't even know what's happening there. So it's uh, really seems like things are twisting in the wind. But I'm looking forward to the shade. I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah, you know, and shade after is, that. It's going to be Mother Panic Hour. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, who knows? Maybe we can, uh, maybe we could do the Scooby Doo "Where Are You" book. What do you say? You want to there do we that go. One? There you we'll go. do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. We'll do the. We'll we'll absorb the Hanna Barbera books that we've been ignoring. Oh no, I can't. I can't. I'd rather do the Scooby Doo "Where Are You," where it's just like the license the of the Scooby cartoon. Team up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. At least we don't have to worry about continuity, right? Well, like, maybe. And then Scooby. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Those Scooby snacks don't look regulation. Uh, well, the citation says in Scooby Doo number seventy three from nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, exactly. That that's definitely where we could go with that. <laughs> Who knows uh, what what we'll do when uh, we take it like it comes, folks. We have no long term plan, to be honest with this you. This is true. But uh, and neither do they. Neither do they. So we we are just rolling <laughs> with the punches. Like I say, you know these when we uh, say what's coming out the next couple of weeks, I'm like. It's a it's a gamble, you know. If I don't have the comp, I really can't promise anything at all. Uh, no mm-hmm. guarantees, so we could have no young animal for the next month and a half. For all I know, we'll see what happens. Possible, but I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. You got anything else for him? No, it'll do it. Well, until next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Cause 
world's concern It's Why don't you listen and learn That once was strong But you to society Even that's turned wrong Times have changed Hey, it's cool to look bummy And be a dumb dummy And disrespect your mommy Have you forgotten Who put you on this earth? It is the best Podcast so weak Even though Jim Is such a freak I want to hear All the reviews Don't you smell what they're You're not that long till the end of the episode now. No, it is not. This is mail section number five, the last bit of mail. We're going to start with Andrew from Belfast. Dear Jim and Eric, I hope this email finds you well. Eric, are you well right now? I'm okay. You're okay. Are you ever well or you're usually okay? You're even Stephen over there. Damn right. You're even Stephen. I should open by conveying my sincerest apologies for my lack of mail over the last couple of months. I have been super busy with work, then was away on holiday in England for a few weeks, and since then have been lost down the rabbit hole of trying to bring some common sense to bear on Star Wars fans online by calling (laughs) them out on some crap. This is the problem. Andrew's like you. He can't just sit back. He can't let things go, and this is what causes him look, look, to, to look. get you, just attacked by everyone. Sometimes you have to inform people. You don't yeah. want them looking like idiots, so you have to well, let them in on what's going on in the world. That's both of you. Both of you fucking go. I'm not you even going to pretend. Goddamn I'm not thing. even going to pre- you. Yeah, I do. I can't stand it either, but I told you, this is my opinion of that. Uh and I'll give that I'll give the whole speech to you and both you okay. and Andrew. Uh, you go online and you uh-huh. see somebody who says, "I'll just tell you." I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a funny thing to be about stars. Like, hey, you know what I didn't like is in the original New Hope, the guy, the the uh, bat guy in the cantina didn't have a name. And then there's Andrew. God damn it, he has a name. And like he's going to town. There's just somebody just enjoying things. If this, you, you can let him just let that guy sail on. He'll never bother you again. You don't have to, you know, enrich his life. Why not? No, no. I'm here if for it's everybody somebody, else. Though, if it's somebody, and I don't know who. So I didn't get nasty. So if somebody says, you know what? It was originally going to be Luke Starkiller, you know, something stupid like that. And then somebody else gets involved and goes, what are you, a fucking retard? It was never going to be that. Sick the dogs on that motherfucker. Exactly. Those I'm guys saying, you go I'm after. I never mean. I'm just informing people. Like you know, yes, this is actually something that Yes, but people don't like that. And if it is the case as well, I don't want them if to be you idiots. Cannot, but that's why in these message boards you're on, is there an option to send them a DM? Yeah, a direct message to the only oh, I'm them. I'm not going through all that nonsense. Well, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. If there's not, don't make the guy look like an asshole. The poor guy. It might be the first I'm not time he's there. If he about goes, it, you know like an what? Asshole. I like. 
I like the puppet I'm masters. Very nice. He says, like, here, I'm just going to go. I'm going to randomly uh, you put know what? quotes out there because of you saw, and, and I Andrew. Saw, I saw a post on Facebook a couple of weeks ago where somebody said, like, you know, post your favorite 80s horror movie or something like that. Here and we somebody go. somebody said the first three puppet masters. And I just went in and said only the first puppet master came out in the 80s. That's yeah. all. And then you get the, the reply is go fuck yourself, you no, nerd. There was no reply How about this? If somebody said, yeah, because then somebody's like, God, I'm not going to get involved in this goddamn fucking message board again. They're, they're assholes. And then you have like, like I'm there now. And it's like, my favorite one is puppet master two because Corey Feldman. You'd be right on me. Who bitch. was it? There was somebody who was either doing a book or a movie or something. And they were like, it's based on my three favorite 80s movies and the one oh, yeah. wasn't it no no that was the guy who was uh it was the original concept i think for the new halloween movie or yes. something like no no it was the original what concept was for the part two of the remake of the friday the 13th film okay. the reboot so he was originally scripted to do this whole thing and he's going on and he's saying oh yeah it's gonna have freaking things from the like the best series of the 80s you know jaws uh, nope. Dazed and confused, uh, and something else. I'm like, uh, he, he, why did he only have like one out of his three goddamn things? Yeah, he mentioned like, three, and two of them the were not yeah. from the '80s. Uh, one was the one you can't remember. And like, you know, you, you're wrong there, buddy boy. But yeah, you, were you there? Did you did you correct that guy? I tried to, but then it, the freaking place wanted me to set up an account, and I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not going through this nonsense. Yeah, that that's another thing. I just don't understand. A lot of people do have comic book sites, and that's what we go to a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to lay some comments down, and, and mostly like, hey, good review, but, you know, again, I'm like you, but you were wrong with it, whatever it might be. There's few and far between any any sites like we you can put anything you want it's not yeah. moderated you can put some really bad unless it gets really really bad then we may step in we've only deleted on purpose probably one or two comments ever it's yeah. never something like hey eric's a jerk no that's staying that's solid gold. Or, hey, Jim, you write like a two-year-old. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you for pointing delete. that out. No. But we wouldn't delete that. But if you get racial or, or just hateful, we, we may do that. But these other sites, some of them you have to jump through so many hoops just to comment. I don't understand. Don't you I'm want sorry, people I, to I interact with I, you? If I were to write a comment and there's a, there's a place for you to write a comment and then I push, you know, enter and whatever it says, thing. And you have to do this. And it takes this, me to a whole that. freaking thing to set up an account. I'm out. Yeah. Then, then you have other sites, or yeah, you want these people to come to your site and read your reviews or your articles, and you're on Twitter, and oh, you want all these people to show up and follow you on Twitter, but you, you don't have the common courtesy to let them get involved because some of these sites now, it's hard to find anybody who even lets you comment anymore. Yeah. So why are you doing that? Why don't you want to interact? And I'll tell you that this Get Fresh crew, boop boop, they're awesome, Eric. But that's the thing. There's there's people they. People don't want that, I guess. Well, why wouldn't you want somebody like the Get Fresh crew be involved with your stuff? Why, Eric? That's why we do it. That's the only reason we do any of this is for them and everybody else listening, but mainly for them, Eric. It just gets me mad. The other day, I wanted to comment on a site, and the site just doesn't have comments. I just don't. Why do I read your review then if you don't care what I say? Hi, yai. It's like they want to live in a goddamn vacuum. I wish somebody would vacuum in this house. This house is a wreck, Eric. I wish it was a vacuum. Why, oh why, is one of my favorite fictional universes plagued by a bunch of rich mama boy SJWs, Jim and Eric? Why? I don't know. I just, I just, you gotta, you gotta relax. You just, 
I know how it is, and I I'm sure that it's the Wild West in any fucking Star Wars thing now, with all the expanded universe getting taken away and stuff like that. You know, who knows what people are arguing about now? I don't know. I don't it's know. usually just social justice warrior stuff, no matter where you go. Yeah, what I, property doesn't matter. Yeah, but what the fuck are you yelling social justice warrior stuff? I, I need Andrew to tell me what they're yelling about Star Wars. What are they? They upset that fucking Luke isn't given due away for free on Tatooine? <laughs> what, what are you getting upset at? The Jawas are, are not treated well? Well, I want to treat a Jawa Those well. Those fucking Jawas are dirty fucking Uchini. shysters. Fuck off. They're shysters. Damn right they are. That fucking red astromech, that shit wasn't working. They, they're selling it like it's you fucking brand new. Yeah, they're selling it like it's goddamn fucking, you know, good. I, I don't know. What do you got? I'm telling you, then you have C3PO. He's like, hey, uh, that, that unit over there, I've worked with that guy. He's pretty good. The minute that R2D2 runs away, fucking right under the bus, he throws him. He throws him right under the land speeder, Eric. Uh, good God. Right they will take offense crawler. at anything. 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 What are we talking about now? Star Wars. And let okay. me tell you, fellas, the Irish aren't always known for their diplomacy. What a bunch of whiners. Anyway, I set up a new Star Wars site built on the Werner model of not faking the funk. So let's Good. see how that goes. And if you do, I'm telling you right now, Andrew, you better allow comments because I'm going to find you. get why. And also, this is the thing. Go by the Jim Werner rules as well. Tell us the site. And please, don't make it be like, you know... Three guys and a, and a fucking hand job or something like that. You know, make it something that people can find. Because if you do, I'm going to find it eventually. I, I'm telling you, you, ask Eric. These people with their, their sites and their podcasts, it, it drives me insane. It really does. You have a, a podcast about Point Break, and, and you call it the, the Hair Flows Left. Who's finding that, Eric? I don't Ultimate know what that podcast is about. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a, a thing about the movie Twister, and you call it Tidal Wave. Eh, don't do it. Don't make things hard on people. I'm going to call it Dorothy. That's it, Andrew. I'm getting a hold of you. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> SJWs be damned, and I say that as a liberal, free, and easy type of guy. Again, though, let those guys comment as well. Let them be involved because, you know, they, they're passionate as well. And, yeah. yeah, you might get a guy who just yells and screams at you, but he keeps coming back. And there you go. Right, Eric? I don't even know what this male's doing to me. I I'm getting either. goofy. Okay. I, I don't know why I'm mad at both you and Andrew right now. I, I want to get your heads and knock them together. But you okay. Do I, I don't things. know why. I don't know why, though. I don't know why I'm mad at you guys. I love that style. That's the other thing where Andrew, he's a big Star Wars guy. So he yeah. goes to these, uh, you know, he goes to the sites and he's talking to people and, and message, message boards. boards and and I told like you, that. New Hope is my favorite movie of all time. I, I just keep it as that. I don't get that involved. I, you know, I could go on there and I've seen the movie probably 700 times. I, I, I barely know anything about it. <laughs> I don't have very good recollection of anything in my life. I sit there, I'm watching it with my son Ethan halfway through. I, I didn't even realize I had a son named Ethan. I'm yelling at him. I, I don't know what's going on. Okay. We almost watched New Hope the other day. We, did, we did not, though. Yeah. I, I can watch that any time. I love it. Makes me smile. Okay. On, the t on to other more important matters. Firstly, Patreon. Now, okay. let me just point out that my non-weird science attitude to Patreon request is to have a little chuckle and say, quote, unquote, nope. 
That is not the case for Weird Science DC. You guys work like Trojans, and your Patreon is the best money I spend each month after my comic purchases. Awesome. When my wife, I'm not mad at him anymore. I'm just mad at you now. I just want to knock your head right in my goddamn knee. When my wife and kids (laughs) stop draining my bank account dry, I promise I will upgrade to badass status pronto. But even at the $10 level, it is golden. Every day when I walk to work, I listen to one of your guys' shows, and I really enjoy all the content. I'm loving the best songs ever, Eric. Now he's singing my song. Yeah. Singing my tune. Can't wait to hear the Lemonheads eventually. Lemonheads, Eric. I love the Lemonheads. Me and him were talking some Lemonheads uh, during my college I'm you, days. Though, you, you should I throw in them. a Lemonhead or something like that because I'm your gonna. best song There's ever, a request. You are going to fucking burn out so goddamn fast on some of these like no. really best songs, and you're going to be scrambling at the end. Like, I'm just right. waiting for the song. It's like, okay, best I'm going to do. Ever. Vitamin I'm going to do. She was the, a, a singer at one uh, point. I'm going to do the song. It's a shame about Ray. I'm going to do Smash that. Smash Mouth. I, I want to do. I want to get to a song where I have nothing to talk about, and I just put the song on there. I'm in and out in three minutes. <laughs> Seems like every song has a story to tell, Eric. That's what we're a discovering talking about tell. at work. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love music, but I love stories about music even more. It's the only reason I started it, because I do love the guy. It's like gossip to me. I yeah. love it. Uh, and also really appreciate the bonus podcast. In particular, the way, and I will, I'm going to do for Andrew, I'm going to do, I'm going to pick a Lemonhead song. I already know what my favorite Lemonhead song is. And if I say it now, only me and Andrew have ever heard of it, but I will do it for him. In particular, the one from Jim and Brandon, uh, the extra, the spotlight, the extra spotlight on the Gotham City Garage was so important. Made me buy one of August's best comics, in my opinion. What a book. I loved it. Also, I should say that the Pop Culture Podcast is a weekly highlight. I left my ass off this week hearing you guys talk about the firemen and the sausages and the English breakfast in the jam jar and Eric wondering what a Wellington boot is. <laughs> he still doesn't know. No, Book-wise, I think it's a galosha. I'm going to go with is. that. I told you. It's like a military galosha it looked to me when I looked it up. But books wise, thank the lords for you guys, especially Jim calling out Tom King on that bullcrap. Oh, me. He was handing us every week. You did it first and Jim led the way. That this actually... As I was doing the the Tom King stuff, it was very similar to Eric doing the Burnside background. That yep. he was the only one who had any sort of low scores, and eventually people caught up to him. That Kite Man story was terrible, and who would have thought that the war between the Joker and the Riddler could be so, so utterly boring? One comment about that arc, the Joker is a chilling character and has always frightened me since childhood because of that ma- manic grin. Even more frightening, however, was those rare occasions when he dropped the grin for a brief panel or two. Oh, then yeah, you knew he was scale. really was mad and day. was going to go full-out psycho. It was the signal that things were going to go crazy. Tom King has ruined this completely for me. I'm sick, sore, and tired of seeing the Joker with that grumpy sneer on his face. Well done, Tom King. You have made me bored of two of the finest villains in the DC Universe. Oh, and your jokes and riddles are terrible. Here are some suggestions for jokes cribbed from last year's Edinburgh Festival to demonstrate how a joke can be made better than your knock-knocks who's there, Europe. Here we go. I've been happily married for four years. Out of a total of eight. I can only do these. I'm going to start doing it. See, hey, I'll tell you, that's unnatural in the eyes of God. Contact lenses, Eric. I, I ruined the joke. I'm trying to do a shtick. How about this? Back hey. in the day, back in the day, Instagram just meant a really efficient drug dealer. I like that. I like that. Hey, how, anyway. about this one? how about this one? Did you hear about the giraffe with the big ass? No. It's a tall tale. Ooh, that was terrible. That was 
awful, Eric. You just brought it all down. You, you, it all came crashing. See you in seven, everybody. <laughs> anyway, what else? Oh, yes, Superman's historical trip around America. Good grief. The I wonder, this is what makes me laugh, is they did that. It was in July in the U.S. It is July, July 4th. Yeah. We have, you know, Independence Day. How was that? Like, we hated it. How did that play out in fucking Ireland? I had no idea. I was thinking that the entire time I was reading it. It just, it had to have been just nothing. I I don't know. Maybe they, people are intrigued. Good grief. Maybe. The Batman Superman bi-monthly weeks have been plumbing new depths, haven't they? Then we have had Flash, terrible. Wonder Woman, signed Diana of Themyscira. What the fuck? I'm telling you, I hated that. The two Green Lantern titles have been treading water as usual. I have enjoyed Super Sun, Superwoman, which was always my guilty pleasure purchase from issue one. I'm glad to see a new artist on Supergirl, yes. And Me have too. thought that the detective and action storylines have been pretty good fun for the last few weeks. Not this week. Thank goodness also for Metal, which was excellent and has shown up how, showed how average some of the other output has been at times. It reminds me of the type of fun but well-thought-out books I used to buy as a teenager. Okay, fellas, time to hit the road. Keep up the good work. I hope he's not hitting the road like Superman. A shout-out to our comrades in arms and the Get Fresh crew. Boop, do, boop. Do. Special shout-out from my man Reginald Drinkwater and Chris, Trevitt, Brandon, Vermilion, and Jeremy for all their great input Every week. One last thing. Can you explain to me what a stick is that Eric watches? It's just like a stick off a tree. He just sits there. He's, yeah. a, he's a guy of simple I'm a simple pleasure. guy. He watches TV and films and stuff on it. It's, not, it's just a stick. He believes that it's showing him movies. I got to get one not. of those. It's actually the Amazon Fire Stick again. Yeah. I don't know if that's available, you know, across the pond or anything. So I don't know, but it, it's it's awesome. It sounds it a is bit a terrible like, pirating device that I feel yes, guilty about. Yes, it is. It, it makes you more of a pirate than an eye patch and a hand hook. It sounds a bit anyway. like over here when we break into the cable TV box at the bottom of the street and get access for fee free if we pay the right person a few quid. It's very it's similar it. to that. It's very similar to that, except you go, yeah, nice you go to that. a store and buy it and then kind of, you know, backdoor jailbreak that son of a bitch. Yeah, not that I would ever. He says, not that I would ever pay anyone to do that, gentlemen. Okay, keep up the good work. You are my number one guy, said like the Joker in Batman yes. 89. You know what, Bob? <laughs> you my number one are my number one guys. guys. See you, Andrew, from Belfast. And he says, P.S., right, remember my oh. kids doing the shout-out for the Get Fresh crew a while back? I do, and I loved it. At the time, I, actually, if you have that still, send it or have them do another one because for some reason I've lost it. At the time, Jim joked that they could say it better than wrong turn. I thought he was exaggerating. Poop, poop, bye. And, yeah, bye. They, wrong turn. Wrong turn is one of those guys, when we first met him, I don't know. He seemed a lot smarter. Shit has gone wrong for that kid. He is degrading. Maybe it's we didn't talk to him as much, so we didn't I did, realize though. the depth If of you remember, idiocy. from the get-go, I actually befriended him before you ever talked to him. Remember when he'd come over to no, our, our table? Remember he came over to our table and he used to give me candy? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And yeah, then that became to... money. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing, who knows what's next? I, I'm here for the ride, Eric. Long I'm jobs. going to the end. Yeah, really. That's what I want. Jeremy is next. He is the last male. This is the second male. He says, hi, Jim and Eric. Hope you're hey, okay. I tried recording a Batman Shadow review last night, and Audacity gave up on the last five minutes and failed to record anything I said. I can't say I blame it. 
It was mostly nonsense. Thank God that Skype doesn't have the same goddamn fucking temperament. I'm going to try and sort it out later today, but I'm just giving you a heads up in case I can't. I'm here to tell you, Eric, that he did. He succeeded. Okay. You know, ahead of time, shit. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be goddamn review. I put this here because as we go out of this mail, we will hear his review of Batman: uh, The Shadow. While I'm on. I'm still listening to episode 126, and you two are talking about movies, which is always entertaining and interesting. I'll be honest. I'm not as big a movie fan as either of you two, but there are films out there that I have a soft spot for, and if they're on or they turn up on a streaming service, I'll make the time to watch again. Probably the guiltiest of my guilty pleasures is Drive Angry. This might be Nick Cage's best film. The premise is silly, but the gruesomeness of some of the action means that you can't really view it as a comedy. It sits oh, rather uneasily. The, how gruesome this movie is! I've seen it on like lists. So, like you know, if I look at genres for movies, oh, so it's a horror flick. I'm like, is this okay. a horror flick? Well, he's like he's saying it sits rather uneasily in the space where trash sleaze and genuine genius intersect, and I love it. Cage is pretty much on autopilot for the most of it, but uh, William Fitchner is incredible, and the movie has a number of memorable scenes, not least of which is the shootout between Cage's character and a bunch of forgettable bad guys while Cage is getting down and dirty with an attractive but slightly over the hill waitress. Ah, that sounds sexy. It's one of those. I've watched this movie. I've never seen it. I never really had this idea that it was over the top gruesome or anything like that. I really don't have any memory of anything from it except for a motel room, and that's it. This isn't like bringing out the dead, is it? Oh, nah, God. Fucking, it's one of those. You know what I hate? I hate when when a film like that or Johnny Depp's Dead Man is another one. that They're just boring and terrible. And then people will just, just because of that, people have to like it. And, and then try to convince you that, you know, you're not seeing the big picture. Let's see the big picture. My face, fucking fist. Know what I'm saying, what it's one of those saying? rare films that manages resin, crescent, brassin. It's one of those rare films that My manages face. both to revel. I'm gonna face meet your fist. That's what I do, Eric. That's what was it? Oh, wrong turn the other day. He was upset because a guy, uh, he wanted to talk to somebody. Oh, One God. of the ladies in the back had a birthday. And wrong turn. He, he gets these crazy ideas. And he's like, I wanted to tell her happy birthdays. So I said, hey, you know, her name. I don't want to say her name, but no. hey there, uh, can you come here? And she turned around. This one fucking guy's like, yeah. Douchebag over here wants you to talk, and he got all mad, and he's like, "What can I say to him?" And then we were like, basically, like, "No, you could say go fuck yourself," and he yeah. wouldn't say that. So I said to him, "Anytime somebody says, just go with the classic. I no, know you wait. are, but what am I? That's all you need to remember. Just use it all the time. It doesn't matter if it really makes sense. Just use it. It's kind of funny how you know overused it is. So there he is, and Eric says something to him later. He's I, like, I was calling him a jackass. Yeah, piece that's of what shit, it was. All these yeah. different things. He's like." You're Brian. You're a jackass. Oh, I said his name. <laughs> you're a jackass. And he's like, that's what you are, and I no, that's no, what no. I am. But what are you? Uh, really? And I, I was sweeping up. I just had to drop my goddamn broom and laugh at that point. Yeah. Like, he, but he got so close. I'm, I'm yeah. actually kind of proud of him that he but got it was. that he close. Goes, you're a jackass, and he goes, yeah, I am. But what are you? And, and or, no, it's as hell wrong too. No, it was. Hell. Well, he actually messed up a little more. It was. What are you? Because that's what I am. I think no, that's no, something. I, because I know, then you I know said, "I am." But what are you? Yeah, but the problem is, is if you remember, you said to him, "Then 
you're a jackass because it ended up with a question about him. And you said, I already told you, you're a jackass. And then he got confused and walked away. Oh, I'm just yeah. shaking my head. I'm too tired. Now I, I'm thinking like him. It's one of those rare films that manages both to revel in its schlockiness, yet somehow managed to transcend it. I'm telling you, because you kept yelling at him. You're a jackass. I just told you. What, what are you fucking deaf? And then he got mad. Then he's like, the guy is at least 20 feet away from me the other day. I'm cutting a piece of wood on a fucking saw, and 20 feet away he yells, Ah, you cut my finger off. I just looked at him like, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, my God. And then he said, I am, but are you? Have either of you seen Thale? Is that that guy that lives down the street, Eric, with one leg? Thale? Is that what we call him? This is a low budget. T-H-A-L-E. No, I have not. This is a low-budget Scandinavian film, which is really more psychological horror than anything else. But I found it really compelling. Now, uh, you, you got to tell us right away, is there subtitles? Because if there is, Eric can't I'm watch out. it. He can't see shit. He, he can't see subtitles. And that's no joke. He's not the one of those like, if I want to read, I'd be fucking reading a book. He can't read them. He can't see. It's one of those films that if I start to go into any sort of detail about it, ruin it for you. But the trailer's out on YouTube, and it should give you a taste of what it's like. That's oh, yeah. me done for now. The Doomsday Clock is 12 issues. Well, okay then. It had better be worth it. That's Jeff Johns. I, I still have I complete expect faith. This, this will – I'll tell you now. This is this is me, Eric. I'm, I'm going to talk. This is just between me and you. All right. If the Doomsday Clock turns out to be a piece of shit, I don't know what I'm going to do because Me that's either. like my. It's all it's, I'm looking forward to. He is Ben Kenobi. He's my only hope, Eric. Yeah. If Jeff Johns can't write anything good, then I realize that DC has hit rock bottom We're and done. I'm done. And I, I might be done, and you can have the podcast, you and Reggie. You guys oh, yeah. can carry on without me. If I die, uh, I want you to stop the podcast immediately. You, you can't carry on, or else I would I'll have haunt to you. because you don't give me any passwords to anything. That's right. I'll fucking haunt your ass. You, you keep it going. I'll kill you. My wife, she can remarry within two days. You better stop this goddamn podcast. I'll fucking haunt your ass. I'll just sit there up, and I don't know where I'll be. I can't really say heaven. If Predatory. I am, though. If I am, Eric, I will be the sexiest version of myself, which might be right that's now. I've heard. That, that's very poor thing, right? That my it's sexiest that's version is me. But I'll look down and I'll just laugh because I'll sit there and you won't have any of the passwords. Then you're nope. going to be like, what? He's got to gather this goddamn mail? God damn it, this is a pain. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ, I got 280 fucking mails this week, but only 17 of them are actual podcast emails. I got to go through. Then you hear people yelling at you because you missed their email. Got two this week. Two people. What the hell? You missed my email. I, sometimes I miss them. I'm yeah. not a smart fella. I, I go with the flow, Eric. I, I grab them. There's no mails that I miss because of any sort of content, possibly, Eric. There might be a couple of those, but we won't get into that. Will we? Will we, Eric? Are we still talking just me know. and you? What's going on? Are we still talking just me and you? Is that, Give me is those that passwords. Possible? Password. Passwords are G-O-F-U-C-K-Y-O-U-S-E. R, I, I can't even spell. <laughs> go fuck you yourself. Bastard. Hey, go fuck yourself. Yeah, that, that is the end. <laughs> That's the end of the mailer. Uh, we're going to go off and listen to Jeremy talk about Batman and the Shadow, and then we'll be back with the more, bu- more, the more books. <laughs> the more books. To, we'll be back with this. The more books. Stop talking about wrong turns. To it's finish this up is you, and that's not me for the thing. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll, 
We'll be back in a minute. Uh, Yes. Good evening and welcome to Crossover Corner. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Jeremy, and um, I'm recording uh, in the utterly chaotic environment of uh, my home right now. We've got uh, builders in doing, doing work on the garage and all that kind of stuff and uh, I'm going back to school next week to start the academic year, which I'm looking forward to, obviously. Uh, so there's there's a whole host of stuff going on, uh, but none of it matters because what matters is we've got an issue of Batman and the Shadow to talk about uh, tonight. Now, only one book in this week's crossover corner. Um, I'm hoping that will will change at some point in the near future, but one for now. Um, we're going to start, as always, with the opening to uh, my review on the site, and it starts like this. This is Batman and the Shadow issue 5, so it's the penultimate issue, which is tremendously exciting. Uh, here we go. This crossover involving two of the most iconic vigilantes in the history of Pulp Fiction is drawing to a close, and I must say I found the series intriguing and interesting rather than downright exciting. Snyder and Orlando have woven a story that acknowledges Batman's literary debt to the shadow while refusing to smooth over the differences between them. Indeed, their diametrically opposed views on the killing of criminals form the thematic tension at the heart of this story that somehow needs to be resolved if the pair are to succeed in their bid to stop the stag, along with the Joker, entering Shambhala, the mystical paradise in which the shadow was born. Given how last issue ended, it's difficult to see how they can complete this particular mission after all. It's hard to stop crazed criminals entering a pocket paradise when you're bleeding out on a slab. Still, this is comics, and there is going to be an issue six. So let's keep an open mind, eh? Yes, I think the the first thing to say uh, about this issue is that um, you have a problem, and the problem is this. Last issue, uh, Batman was stabbed through the heart, or at least in the chest, by the stag. Uh, this enables him to open up a, uh, a or open up the way, shall we say, into Shambhala, which is this mystical uh, paradise where uh, the shadow uh, was taken, um, and uh, he sort of had his evil purged from him. Uh, and then he was made, uh, he, he became the shadow and he was granted various sort of supernatural powers, the ability to cloud men's minds and all that kind of stuff. 
so that's where the stag wants to go and he's got the joker kind of working with him he needs um i think it's 5400 good people to die so that he can actually uh get into shambhala and um he's got batman's blood which apparently is enough uh to to open the way and uh batman should really be dead or at least severely incapacitated and in fact actually the 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 issue opens up we 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 saw um a bit of sort of field medicine if you like if you like from the shadow last issue where he sort of cauterized uh, the wound i'm guessing that that probably isn't going to be uh, enough to save batman's life and indeed this issue opens with him on the operating table and things look pretty bad alfred is operating fairly obviously the shadow's kind of standing in attendance sort of um with his scarf sort of billowing and flowing around him um i'm a little bit concerned actually looking at this panel because um although uh alfred is in scrubs the shadow is in his normal costume and uh batman is also in his costume which seems a, a bit of a bizarre thing really i mean i mean i know that obviously they need to operate quickly but surely they would be better getting batman out of the costume before sort of you know uh getting him prepped for for theater as it were so i'm a little bit unsure about what's going on there i must must stress i'm not a medical expert but i've seen enough um sort of action films and tv series over the years uh to know that you're meant to kind of cut clothes off um patients with life-threatening injuries because it helps you operate better i'm guessing i don't know there's probably some surgeon listening to this going you're such an idiot door uh, which is fair enough um in any case um the the there's a conversation here between the shadow and alfred in which in which basically the shadow says uh, why are you bothering he's going to die uh there's a touch pessimistic there i think but you know um so alfred of course kind of says you know he's he's going to be okay and and he plunges on regardless uh but then we we kind of i think it's 12 hours later um is the time shift between the first page and the second page and um alfred is is sort of looking very disconsolate and he kind of says to the the shadow yeah you you're right um you know his his blood isn't coagulating properly his artery you see the thing is right here here's the thing again i i wish i knew more about (laughs) about human biology um are there yes i suppose there will be arteries in the uh, in the chest area won't they I, i i think if his artery he says his arteries aren't aren't kind of healing properly if he's suffered an arterial wound that's that's bad that's very very bad and i i can't help thinking i know that he's meant to have had this kind of cauterization and and what have you i can't help thinking that like there's going to be a massive blood loss if he is still alive then um he's he's going to be out of the fight for 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 a long period of time um this being comics of course um that isn't in fact what happens what happens is uh, after uh sort of 12 hours of of sort of surgery and and recovery we don't know how long the surgery took but um he's batman's now out of his costume um and uh the shadow and kind of alfred are kind of uh talking a- across him 
and he just sort of wakes up and uh, you know kind of joins in their conversation with a kind of smirk on his face and I'm thinking you know this is this is a bit ridiculous and, and it's one of those things isn't it I, you know we read comics because comics are escapism at the end of the day um, and, and there's, there's, there's always a kind of a balance to be achieved isn't there between um, realism as it were and fantasy and and I, I I do understand that but but there are times when I, I think comic creators are kind of like no you 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 could do with reining in your your sort of you know your belief in say you know Batman's incredible constitution or whatever um you know because it, it it's just a little bit ridiculous here anyway um even more ridiculous is is the fact that while he has been operated on uh, batman has has found something out now i i don't know about you uh, but that's actually pretty impressive the thing that he's figured out necessitates him being able to see uh cctv footage now admittedly and i said this in the review he could just be hypothesizing he could just be kind of throwing out or testing a theory you know um and and the theory is about who the stag is all the way through the series uh the shadow has kind of maintained that the stag is this immortal murderer uh, descended from cain um and that he's all through history he's been killing people looking for good people to kill five five thousand four hundred of them to get to shambhala to do whatever it is that he wants to do there um first of all i i quite like that as a uh, as a concept as an idea for the character um but batman has been kind of skeptical of it all the way through and when he wakes up he kind of uh he kind of shows them uh two two video for you know uh, cctv stills basically uh one of the stag's dead body um in the shootout between the stag and the joker and uh the gotham police department and then the other uh is uh one that is uh from uh gotham hospital where he is at the same time killing people in 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 gotham hospital because he needs to work on the joker and what have you so it would seem that uh the stag is not just one person but is actually many people and, and batman kind of says this you know to the shadow you know you, you've been fighting an army all this time it's actually you know not one person but it's many okay there are there are a couple of problems with this firstly all the way through this series we we've had this kind of uh opposition between batman and the shadow so you've got batman represents uh rationality and also compassion okay um so batman is is i i think we're meant to kind of um side with him um I I think that it's it's a little bit difficult to do though um and I'll explain why in a minute on on the other side you've got the shadow who is uh, ruthless where batman is is kind of he won't kill he believes that there's the possibility of redemption and what have you so he won't kill but but the shadow definitely will the shadow also uses people in a way that i don't think batman does um 
but also there's this mysticism there's this kind of supernatural element to the shadow to what he does um, and to his background um, and these are kind of, these are sort of established elements of, of, of the shadows law if you like his his background um, and so and, I, and I'll be honest with you I think this is this is one of the things that the um, the creative team have actually done really well which, which is which is you know put these two two heroes together but make it very uncomfortable for them to work with one another because in in key areas they they represent very different things so I, I kind of like that however the, the the problem is um is that batman is the one who has been all the way through uh he's he's been the skeptical one he's been the one who's denying the you know the the existence of the supernatural he doesn't believe that uh, the shadow is who he says he is. He doesn't believe that the stag is who the shadow says he is. All of which is is fair enough. It's just that the problem is is that skepticism is not terribly interesting. Whereas, or the, the shadow's kind of uh, mythology, particularly when it comes to uh, the the character of the stag and and the shadow's sort of ongoing battle with the stag, that is interesting. That that's that's that that is imaginative and it kind of hooks your imagination whereas batman just kind of poo-pooing everything and being terribly skeptical is is a bit is a bit dull anyway it, the, what this issue does is it is it all the way through this series it looks like you know it's the shadow that's right and it's batman that's wrong and this issue kind of just flips that on its head and it seems that Batman is on something here. That the, the, the stag is actually more than just one person. Um, he's actually many people. Um, so that's that's kind of an interesting thing. the The problem is, <laughs> the problem is, it's it's an interesting idea. And the problem is, as it always is in comics, is how good is the execution? And, and the execution here is certainly not as good as it could be. Um, there are there are sort of plot holes. There are um, it's inconceivable that a man on an operating table could could kind of come to some, you know, sudden um, revelation, if you like, about the person that he's been fighting, particularly when it it, it actually uh, relies upon video evidence that he has no way of accessing uh, while he's under Alfred's knife. Um, similarly, uh, this revelation does make the shadow look rather stupid. If the shadow has been uh, fighting crime for what 60 years 70 years 80 years something like that and he hasn't yet figured out that one of his uh, mortal enemies is actually more than one person then he's a bit crap isn't he really so so you, you've got a situation here where either one or the other of the heroes is being diminished somewhat and that obviously is uh, is a little bit of a problem anyway we then move uh, to a place in the Faroe Islands, weirdly enough. Um, and uh, the I, I said in the review, the only, the only reason I know of the Faroe Islands is uh, because A, uh, the England football team play their football team every so often, and it's usually uh, hilarious and fun uh, for England. Uh, and the other is that um, the um, the Viking sort of metal band Tyr come first, T-Y-R, 
uh, they're pretty good actually, I quite like them, uh, come from uh, the Faroe Islands and their lead singer uh, likes to do a spot of whaling from time to time, as you do. Okay, so the Faroe Islands is kind of a, kind of an interesting sort of uh, setting. Um, and it's one of these, um, what the, the script calls dark places. Now, now we've seen this before with uh, with uh, an Alfred flashback when he's talking to the Shadow in, I think, issue three. And he talks about his experience of um, following somebody who's a fugitive, somebody who's on the run. And they end up out in the middle of nowhere and they go into this cave and it's just like this evil presence here and what have you that, that makes his uh, fellow soldiers turn on one another and he runs away quite sensibly and what have you. Anyway, it's another one of these uh, these dens, these dark places. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I, I know Rossimo's artwork, it kind of divides people. But my goodness, he does a great job with this. Uh, there's, there's just something uh, tremendously sort of powerful and spooky and scary, and and he 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 does do a great job here. I'm going to be uh, absolutely honest, and I think um, Ivan Placencia's artwork, uh, his uh, sorry, his colours uh, do a great job too, because everything is kind of gloomy and subdued and uh quite quite atmospheric um and anyway um in this dark place margot lane and uh harry vincent are being hung upside down now what's interesting about and this is going to sound a bit weird actually but what's what's interesting is that margot lane is wearing um a kind of off the shoulder evening dress uh, and she's wearing a very a very sort of noticeable jewel that the um, the light keeps on glinting. What little light there is keeps on glinting off it, which is kind of interesting. Um, Margot Lane is, I she must be about sort of seventy or eighty. She looks pretty good. I'll be absolutely honest with you for for a, a woman of that age. And uh, because she's hanging upside down, I can't help thinking that. Things are staying in place that probably shouldn't be, <laughs> if you see what I mean. That sounds terrible, but they are. But not to worry. Um, the, the main thing here, actually, is that uh, Margot and Harry represent two uh, different experiences of being a part of the Shadows uh, group, if you like. Uh, Margot is very embittered by her experiences with the Shadow. He, She sees... Uh, him as somebody who is inhuman, who is cold, who uses people. Uh, Harry, on the other hand, still refers to him as master and uh, is very, is sort of a devoted, almost slavishly devoted servant. In, in any case, the Joker and the Stag are there, uh, ready to kill them, uh, just for fun, I guess. And obviously, Batman and the Shadow turn up and rescue them. Th there's no indication as to how they know where they are there, there's no indication there's there's just nothing there really uh, that tells you how they know where they are they just do uh, the artwork here is fab I, 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 I'm you know I, I, in as much as as the story is 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 a little bit less robust shall we say than it should be the the art is is fantastic you you've you've got this sort of cave that they're walking towards there's 
uh, screaming skeletons hanging upside down. There's, it, it's just great. It's fab. I, I, I do think, by the way, um, Rossimo should be doing something regularly for DC. And I, I think the kind of stuff that he should be doing is, uh, is, is something mystical or, or dark. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd love, do you know what? I'd love to see him on a, on a proper Dr. Fate series. That would be, that would be fab. But I think he'd be very good at that. Uh, something a bit dark and twisted. Uh, anyway, they head into, just don't let Steve Orlando write in. Um, they, they've had in, they head into, uh, this place, this dark place, and they, they end up fighting with, uh, the Joker and with the stag. Now, look, um, the Batman is wearing something called the Bat Armature, um, which is a fantastic, um, sort of, uh, device for keeping him on his feet despite his near fatal stab wound. Um, so, you know, okay. Um, it, to be, to be fair, it does look pretty cool, actually. He, his, it, it's like a powered suit, essentially. It, it's not as, as, as clunky as like the Robo Batman, uh, that we saw in, at the end of the New 52, but it, it is, it's like a kind of, I suppose, an exoskeleton or reinforced skeleton or whatever. It, it is pretty fab, actually. I, I wouldn't mind having um, an action figure of that, if that's okay. If anybody wants to do that, let me know. Um, okay. We've got... Can I just say, I'm going to say, the joke is crap. He's just... He's just not very good in this series. I I, I raved about uh, the way the Joker is presented um, in, I think, issue three, um, or possibly issue four. But I'm kind of tired of him now. And I, I, I think, you know, it's just that he, I don't think he's actually killed. Has he killed anybody? I, he's, he's just not. He's all talk. And, and it, 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 it is very, uh, just frustrating and kind of a bit naff. Whereas the stag is kind of this, this sort of cool sort of enigmatic character, uh, who looks visually very impre- he looks visually very different and very, very imposing. And he's got this weird catchphrase. And there's this sort of air of mystery about, about the stag. I mean, the Joker's just a bit anemic, really. I mean, I mean, his even even the art. I mean, the, the way he's presented, he's he's not wearing a jacket or anything. He's he's in a vest and his his uh, purple trousers. It's just there's there's nothing kind of visually arresting about him here. Um, and I, I I like the Joker as a villain. I I think he's he's pretty he's a pretty good villain. I think here. I, I just wonder whether, you know, I, I get why they've why they've used him, but I, I wonder whether um, they would have been better going for something like the Scarecrow or um, a villain with a kind of a similarly mystical kind of um, aspect to to them. I don't know, but anyway, um, the, the the thing is, is is the Joker says to Batman, "Look at you, you're so functional that that." wound must be excruciating one could hope at least i can't even be bothered putting on a voice it's it's not 
It's that bad. Um, that wound must be excruciating, one could hope at least. And Batman kind of smiles and says, want me to show you? Uh, they're saying, is he asking, to sh- you know, is he saying I'm going to show you my wound? No, he's not. He's going to show show him what excruciating means. Is he's a badass, that's why. And you've got, okay, I, I am going to do this. This is um, the next page over. The stag and the shadow are kind of duking it out. Um, and the, sh- the shadow says this. To be fair, he has just been clocked by the stag. So I- I'm going to give him a pass on this because because the me- the metaphor is a little me- mixed. He says, you can fight, you can fight stag, but you cannot escape the truth. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit, and tonight, finally, you choke on it. Um, okay, I, I kind of see where they're going with that. Uh, it's just that you don't normally... Uh, there are fruit-bearing weeds, actually, to be fair, um, but it's just that you don't think of, of uh, weeds bearing fruit, and as a result of that, the metaphor doesn't doesn't work as well as it should. Which, which actually is is kind of that in itself is a metaphor for Steve Orlando's dialogue. Actually, is that is that you can kind of see where it's going and you can kind of see what it's trying to do, but it never quite pulls it off. And um, you know, I, having I've not read as much of Steve Orlando's dialogue as uh, Jim and Eric have, um, and, and and I know they they quite liked sort of the improvement in it in the Apollo and Midnighter series which I still haven't read um, but everything I've read of his, there's, there's at least one or two moments like this in each issue that I've I've read of his and it's just it's a little bit, you know, again you know, the shadow needs to be melodramatic he is a melodramatic character and I get that, but he needs his metaphors to be a bit more precise that's all he needs so, okay, Batman and Joker fight, uh, and the Joker, the Joker's in on it as well. The Joker says, you know, you said the stag didn't have family. You said that to me. You were wrong. Na, 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 na. You were wrong. And then you've got all these stags suddenly appear out of nowhere. Now, this is really interesting, and, and, and this gives me hope, actually, that maybe, just maybe, there's something else going on here. There is something sort of genuinely supernatural going on here because the stags that appear, they're they're sort of outlined. Um, it's the stags outline. It's obvious the stag. It's the stag, but they are. Uh, they're not all all carrying the dagger. They can't, can they? Because at the end of the day, the dagger is um, is unique. But. Uh, the, whereas the normal, normally the stag is kind of, he wears a dark sort of outfit, a dark kind of cloak coat thing, and his horns are all dark. These are white. They're kind of glowing with some sort of spectral, uh, leprous light. Sorry, I'm channeling my inner Lovecraft there. They, and one of them even comes up out of the ground. You see, I, I, I think, I think there's something else going on here. I, I think there is something supernatural. I think that, that the stag 
It's not like he's just hired. It is, it's not just like he's, it's like a cult or something where he, he grabs, you know, there's a bunch of them and they all think the same and they've all been brainwashed to do the same thing. I think they are linked in some way. I think there is something supernatural about them. Um, I just hope that whatever explanation we get for the stag next issue, it's actually going to be good. Um, and not disappointing. That's what I hope. Anywho, um, we've got a big fight basically between the shadow, all the different stags, um, and, uh, basically the stag who I'm going to say is the real stag because he is the one, this, this is the one who looks like he's, he's been looking all the way through this, um, with, with the dark, kind of outfit the porcelain it looks like a porcelain mask i mean again rosmo's so good here um he's standing before this huge door um which presumably is the door into shambhala it looks like uh i'm gonna be honest with you there's a line earlier on actually where um the the shadow talks about about chthonic circuitry uh in the dagger which is which is a fantastic sort of idea this kind of sort of mixing of sort of an ancient um weapon like the dagger with sort of more modern uh kind of computer science if you like and the door actually uh looks a little bit like um sort of basic circuitry it, it it's kind of interesting it's obviously sort of mystical but it it, it looks there's a hint of sort of you know something more modern there as well uh, and at the bottom of that page there's uh the joker says so are we opening this thing or not and and the shadow is in the foreground that's not the shadow sorry the the stag is in the foreground and you just get this this close-up on his mask and his and the porcelain is uh, if it is porcelain um it looks like it looks like a porcelain doll and, and and it's it's kind of chipped and cracked and i i really like that and behind it there were these eyes sort of just and there's, there's a real sort of malevolence and, and it's weird. It's, it actually does make me feel a bit kind of strange looking at it, actually. Uh, the issue ends with the revelation that uh, the stag has obviously entered Shambhala and is in the process of trying to destroy it. You see many of these sort of glowing stags tearing the place down and uh, there are trees burning and... Uh, it looks like people hanging from balconies and what have you. Um, it, it's all very sort of apocalyptic and um, and sort of impressive. And there is there is this sort of double page spread uh, that Rossimo uh, really does pull out all the stops on. He presents sort of Shambhala as this, as you might expect, this kind of Eastern uh, influenced place in in terms of its design. Um, and then there's there's this kind of the 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 final page is this uh is of the the shadow's reaction he's kind of hanging holding on to batman he looks like he's about to keel over um and uh the shadow kind of says um that uh the stag doesn't want uh to rob shambhala he wants to burn it to the ground um which is it's a bit of a damp squib actually as 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 endings go but it does set us up hopefully and my fingers are crossed and other parts of my anatomy are crossed as well um hopefully it sets us up for a 
a final issue that is it, it does actually kind of provide us with with some uh, detail and and some uh, resolution and information and now I know that there is a second uh, series planned for this and I will be incredibly annoyed in fact actually you may well be able to hear uh, my my howls of outrage from wherever you are if they turn around if the if the next issue ends with with you know you know see series two for more details or whatever or you know I, i'll be really annoyed i, I don't mind if you know it, it, there are a few sort of loose threads that need to be tied up uh, that that's fine that, that that's okay I, I don't mind that but but this story needs a resolution uh, we need to know who the stag is we need to know uh what his what he hopes to achieve in what he's doing to Shambhala, why he's doing that. Um, we need to know, I, I do want to know a little bit more and a little bit more concretely uh, exactly what the relationship between Batman and the Shadow is. All that kind of stuff, really. And if we don't get that, or if we don't get enough of that next issue, um, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed at the moment i'm kind of cautiously optimistic I, I i couldn't really say any 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 firmer than that i gave this issue 7.2 on the site um i'll be honest with you i i, I find it really difficult I, I'm, I'm not used to uh numbering reviews the reviews that i've done in the past have, have tended to be just me waffling on and you know having some kind of concluding comments at the end um so so giving a uh, a score i i'm still not 100 percent uh happy with which is kind of ironic i guess i guess it's ironic for a teacher to to say to say that i i gave it 7.2 i i i it was it is not a confident 7.2 it is a tentative 7.2 um i think this uh, series uh, has squandered really quite a bit uh, of the potential of the of the meter between these these two characters. But the characters themselves are so strong um, that never, d d despite some of the kind of fumbling mistakes that the that the that the writers have made. Nevertheless, there is some, some some interesting kind of meat here. There's some interesting ideas. There's some you know some interesting conflict between uh, Batman and the Shadow. The Stag is probably the best thing about this uh, series. Uh, and you know, they, whatever you say about Snyder and Orlando, they have made a villain here that is compelling and, and so genuinely interesting so we'll see how things pan out I, I, I guess that's that's all I can say really I, I this particular issue is okay it's an okay issue uh, the plot holes are silly and uh, some people I would imagine will find them more irritating than I have I I, I just find that the kind of the sort of gothic, mystical kind of aspect of of the story quite uh, attractive, but I, I I do understand. I, I know that um, I uh, we had I had a comment on 
the review on the site saying that that they they were finding it uh, diff- very difficult to kind of um, deal with all the plot holes in the story, and and they they felt um, that the that these two characters were not particularly well served by this story, that they deserved better than this story. I, I, I kind of see where, where people who think that are coming from. I, I, I think that there is there is an, an, a nugget, a, a, uh, a kernel of something genuinely kind of interesting and, and in this series. And there is a kind of a genuine attempt here by Snyder and Orlando to to kind of get at the relationship between these two characters and I think that is is kind of what's keeping me uh, interested more than anything to be honest with you but anyway um, I have gone on long enough um, 7.2 it is um, if you violently not too violently I hope but but strongly disagree with with me or you you having difficult similar difficulties that i have or you think i've been too harsh or you think i've been too generous uh by all means uh get in touch with me i do welcome criticism and you know we all like comics we all like these characters it would be great to hear from you and and hear your thoughts on this uh on this title which you know Whatever I feel about it, DC and uh, Dynamite obviously feel feel good enough about it to do another six issues. So, you know, we'll we'll there's obviously some some kind of uh, there are legs left, if you like, in this uh, in this pairing, and we'll just have to see how that pans out. However, you feel about that, let me know. Um, you can do that in a number of ways. I am on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Door Jeremy. Uh, that's D-A-W-J-E-R-E-M-Y. You can also find me on WordPress. I have a blog there, and it's at www.jddunsany. That's J-D-D-U-N-S-A-N-Y dot wordpress dot com. Um, I don't update that site as often as I would like, but it is updated at least a few times a month. Uh, feel free to drop by and, uh, and see what rubbish I am spouting. Uh, alternatively, you can leave comments at the end of the written reviews on the site, and I'm very happy for people to do that, and um, we can have a chat about what you think about this uh, this series. With that said, I think it's probably time for me to hand it back to uh, Jim and Eric and uh, the rest of the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. back finish up this podcast finish this yeah. sucker up 
and then go to bed for another week. I just want to go to bed for a week in a coma. That'd be amazing. Uh, yes, we have two more books, and we're gonna and you know, uh, are any of these good? Are any books this week any good? I I can't tell. Anymore. Nightwing, how's that? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good, but we are talking now about Batman Beyond, which means Mark is here. Hello, Mark. Hello. I like Mark is like he's in the corner listening as I'm about to kill myself. That's what he's like. We invited him over to a party, a sleepover, and me and Eric are just talking about killing ourselves as Mark's in the corner eating Pizza Hut. He's having the stuff. I mean, I I wish I'd had enough. I wish I'd had that much fun with this issue that that analogy would work. (laughs) So um, you can come over. We can all write dark poetry uh, and we can talk about the troubles in our lives because the the thing is we get together. Would be better written than this issue it might be that's true well we'll at least get to see puppet master because that's what eric would bring so at least we have something as shitty what do you we think have of puppet that, master eric? two come on oh Pump you know what master there, two. there is there is there is positives to that there are some good scenes in those like yes that is true. The movie. hey i've seen some which of the more scenes than i can and say I like for this book yeah, which is yeah, more than is, I can say for this book. This, this is, book has this one bad. positive thing going for it, and that's its variant cover, which is no, the I, usual I do like that. that. I actually thought that you were talking one about – One of my favorite variant covers I've seen, yeah. and they've, they've all been good since Future's End. Everything in this storyline has had great variant yeah. covers. Now you're talking like Eric with Blue Beetle. That's the only I'm thing he likes with Blue Beetle. That's Blue Beetle the variant cover. <laughs> the variant cover. In, in all honesty, I'm just trying to avoid talking about this book because it's just – Yeah, it's, well, we, we've wow. had this already, Mark. Yeah. When you hear this full yeah. podcast, you'll hear us in our second section that's already played now uh, kind of trying to avoid talking about this book. And, and boy, the tangents we got on then. It was nonsense. But – Unfortunately, we uh, have to talk about That's it. a bad sign. Yes, we yeah. have to. This week was bad. It was not good at all. Uh, next week we have, and we'll hear about it at the end of the section, what we have going on next week, but a little uh, sneak peek. It's annuals week. But yep. I, I don't even know. Eric will tell you because we have a bunch of books that got delayed that are shoved into annuals yep. week. So it may be one of the better <laughs> annuals weeks. It still doesn't look good. It's an it annual week where we get All Star Batman and Wonder Woman. Now I'm like, yeah. oh, goody. You and know, JLA. So and JLA, there, Jesus you have three books that have been so delayed that they threw them in the annual week to try to catch them up. But even still, I was looking at them because we did get the review copies today. And I didn't go through the books. I was just looking at the titles. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. When does this end? When, when is the light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, the light at the end of the tunnel of me shutting off my computer forever and giving it up. But Eric, tell us about this oh, book. God. Batman Beyond Number 11, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Maolo, and Travis Lanham. It's time to wrap up this long overdone fight between Damian Wayne and Terry McGinnison. To do that, the book forces some emotions to make you feel all warm and gooey, makes Kuru the big bad of the book when he launches the missiles on the world, and to see that Terry's back in his right mind, we see him stop the missiles with the help of forcing Matt and Max into the story. And all is well that ends well, especially since Goliath is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Everything just gets wrapped up nice so and bad. not neat, but and I don't know. And it's, it's, it's like he ha- it's like he uh, didn't have like three issues where nothing happened that he could have yeah. this out yeah. or anything. Cause, yeah, uh, the, I mean, yeah. he's a. He's an experienced writer, and I'm saying this as sarcastically as possible. He's an experienced writer, right? That's written uh, yes. several well beloved, beloved Booster stories. Booster Gold, I heard. I heard and, he uh, did Booster Gold. <laughs> and uh, this is not his first, uh, his first like two series Rodeo? of anything, correct? Because uh, yes. it sure reads like you know some of the stuff I read well, in college from some of the freshmen who were just coming in when we were 
I wish oh, one was me. I wish one was me, one of them freshmen. I'll, I'll tell you what it reads to me like. It reads to me that when it says the end at the end, oh, I, I would have guessed that this book was canceled. Yeah, if I, I if this was back in the day, you know, Eric knows. If back in the day we were reading this, oh, I would have had a theory and I would have ran with it because I would have said, look, they wrapped it up. They they left some things open for Damien to return at the, you know, to Batman at the end and all this and return to Gotham. But this is ended. This is done. Oh, no. I, I really I do wonder done. if maybe at some point it was going to be canceled. And this was going to be the final issue, and then something happened because now we get – don't we get Bernard Chang on it for a couple issues after uh, no, this only, one, right? No, no that, that's what I thought because uh, I thought with that end and like before yeah. some of the solicits came out, I was like, that is the end. Then I saw the Batgirl so Beyond thing, and I and then uh, – because next month is hopefully going to be good because it's uh, a Batgirl Beyond story. who's only been okay. in one other story in a couple okay. runs ago in Batman Beyond, and that's how they ended that last – the run that that was from. Yeah. So I thought that was the last one. And then I, we got this stuff for uh, October, and I was like, oh, it's just Bernard Chang on it. And it's a story that takes yeah. place during that six months after Terry gets back. Yes. So nothing future in the time. But okay, that should be interesting. It has Shriek in it. It's going to be, it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. And then the November solicits came out, and Jurgens is back on the book. Now, what does it say in the November I solicits? Because I forget. Does it say, like, you know, Honestly, issue he, one he, of three articles? I don't know if it says that, but it says like part one of this new story. Okay, it does say part one, so you're going to get – Why are you back on the book? I'm (laughs) betting Eric Shea's testicles that this is – that's the end. That the the next arc – I'm always going to put your testicles on the line, but I say that's it. I'm going to make it now. It's just – there's – and this is a comment about this issue specifically, but just in general – he doesn't seem to care about this. It's not like no. last run where even the no, Cuvier I... stuff, I could believe that it was Ooh, editorial Cuvier. saying, you need to bring back, uh, the, the Justice League. Yeah. I, I can, there's a lot of things that were wrong with that run that I could believe if I was told it was editorial, I could believe that. Nothing in this run has been, I could see being editorial. Mom. And it's just like, you, he doesn't what happened, uh, The thing is, you the book doesn't sell, and uh, my guess is well, February. I, I'm, my guess is February. It's done. Me. It'll be done. And uh, like I said, it does seem like – here you go. Hey, by the way, Dan, it's going to end with issue 11. Uh, you know, sorry you, you put your best foot forward, I guess, uh, but it's not working out. We have some other books coming out, so just end it. Okay, I end it. And then they're like, well, you know what? We decided we don't want to end things right now because we don't want to have any cancellations before Doomsday Clock because that makes it seem like this is all a failure. So hold tight. Let's do some. Oh, you know what? We'll do a Bat- Batgirl Beyond story. We'll throw Bernard Chang which, out there, and then I'll end it with very an popular. So it's yeah. e- even if it's a money grab, it's a smart money. Yeah, grab I have I have a feeling that something else is going popular. on. Yeah, I think something uh, else is going on here because it just ends too neatly and forcefully oh, no. and then ends with an end like a page yes yeah. when no, it says no so books a- end with end unless it's it's really ending it seems but uh eric tell us about it tell us about it my friend well our story starts out with damien going hog on terry mcginnis because he believes that he killed his big old bat dragon goliath and i'm telling you at this point terry starts fighting back and he's actually going at it pretty well i'm telling you the suit's damaged he's running out of power and out of nowhere you know even though we've seen the fight going on for how many issues now terry starts getting the upper hand at certain points and i'm like 
how is this even possible? Because, you know, Bruce is not shut up about the fact that Damien will always have the upper hand yep. on Terry, whether he has the Bruce AI suit or not. About anything. In yeah. fact, the yeah. first three pages of this book are recapping everything that's happened yeah. in the last two issues again. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and here we were joking. In a row. We were joking, me and Eric, that we By say Bruce, now I'm we think that sure rebirth brain damage. Yeah, rebirth Batman or rebirth Bruce He's Wayne, even though this he is the guy who his superpower is whatever he says the opposite happens and it happens in every book uh, even yeah. in the jokes and riddles where you had the riddler get shot bruce comes in he looks he and says nobody could possibly way. live through that he did in this terry oh terry could never beat damien it doesn't matter what suit he the had league of shadows there is yeah, no he's possibility just not damaged or anything yeah. now he's going to use his enhanced yeah. speed and strength and then like eric said detective comics yeah, Detective Comics, League of Shadows, that doesn't exist. They do. Yeah. It, everything he says, it's the opposite. But the problem is with this is it starts off, and again, you, you do have a fight. And Eric, you're right. At least he's starting to turn the tide, though it doesn't make sense. No. But we've had a fight for three issues. Uh, this is fight for three issues, and, and they actually repeat themselves with some of it because uh, yeah. Damien, and I, and I went back and checked this. So Damien has a little bit of a speech about how, uh, I don't need weapons. I can. I know the suit better than you. I can use your weapons. Yeah. He made that speech to like two issues yeah. ago, yeah. and it's the same thing. He do, he takes the exact same things too. The little exploding balls. Yep. The, it's the exploding exact balls. same yeah. thing again. Yeah. Again, it or, seems like Dan Jurgens is setting this up so that people can jump on and read a final issue. It really I, does. I, to I, me. Honestly, it, it reads better. It, not that it reads well even as a single issue. It reads yeah. better as a single issue than it does as a yeah. piece. Because you get everything it's anyway. Hilarious so, yeah, trade. Just, it's like every know. single issue in the trade is going to be like, here's what you just saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is bad because it just – and even the whole thing with, you know, stop this pretender. I told you to stop calling. Oh, my goodness gracious. I told him to stop calling going. him that too. It's yeah, getting fucking annoying, man. Yeah, that's but I, going, was then. Ha- I, I was happy to see that finally Bruce Wayne has something to do. He's just not standing on the sidelines just freaking narrating the whole thing he goes to the computer system to try to shut down the missile system but he's locked out so again he's just here and he's useless and we have to get koru back the son of ubu who honestly i forgot all about once before this happened i forgot what his name was and had to go look it up because i was like is that the right name did they remember to use the correct name because i just couldn't be sure they did but i had to go back and double check it because i'm like i don't i remember you but yeah, the Can only reason I remember, I remember because at work I just yelled it at Eric a couple times that I thought yeah. it was so ridiculous the one day, so I did remember it. But yeah, he just shows up and, and Honestly, pretty much. Honestly, I kept yeah. like, misremembering his name is Uru, like, yeah, the, yeah. like Thor's hammers. He's not a great, he's was, not a real great character. <laughs> yeah, he just no. shows up and then repeats uh, what he did before. Uh, oh, and, and then repeating. he starts talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, uh, it's so after, uh, he starts attacking Bruce. Uh, this is the first time Terry has shown any signs of fighting back against the suit, which they've been talk- saying, oh, he's clearly yeah, fighting back against the suit yeah. for the three. We've seen nothing of it. Nope. Um, so he lets uh, Damien go to stop the guy. And then Terry's just floating there for some reason in the panel. Yeah. in one of the panels. Yeah. And we're not. Whoa. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, so then the suit is like, oh, go kill Damien, blah, blah, blah. And then, by the way, it's three pages after our first hint. He's fighting back. He He beats it. Yeah, Just yeah. It doesn't a, take long. He's, he's tough. Uh, and then, um, and then Koru decides to, uh, or yeah, Koru. Yeah, Koru. Da- no, Damien oh, realizes Damien. Goliath's alive. Runs over there from being by the button because, uh, 
Bruce talks him down with a cliched speech that you probably could have gotten out of any basic philosophy book, in all honesty. Uh, and then Koru presses the button, and then we come to my three favorite panels in this comic. Yeah, what are those? Because yeah, where... I, I can't oh, no, find no, anything. No. no, it's great. It's the, it's the one after the missiles being launched. Okay. Uh, Koru asks, and I think there were some errors done here, because you clearly see Damien, Goliath, uh, Bruce, and Terry, and then you see Koru, and he asks, are those nukes? And then you, just, he pro- you just launched them, motherfucker. No, no, no. no, no. And then he promptly answers himself yes, like he's he answering somebody else, saying, worse. They're, yeah. they're these things. And oh, he's he's just, like, he was oh, standing there. He was waiting for somebody to ask, and nobody did. Because yeah, they, they were just standing there. They, to, they split DNA it over toxins. two panels. They split it over two panels. It's, yeah. uh, are those ellipsis? Uh, next panel, ellipsis, nukes, question yeah, mark. Yeah. It's it's stated as a genuine question. Well, and then you he promptly you... answers himself like he's answering Damien. Yes. That's how the piece is Well, framed. the worst thing of it is, is I, I had uh, the audio version of this. They sent it to me, and he used a <laughs> funny audio voice. Yeah, no. he used a funny that voice. Amazing. Went, Are those nukes? And then he answered himself, because like Eric said, nobody was asking. He, he was, yeah, he he was there. waiting for somebody <laughs> to ask, are those nukes? Because he had the answer. He was just waiting to tell them what they really were, and nobody well, was biting, so he had to ask the question Well, himself. that's bad. Uh, I just, and, then, and, and then he tells... Uh, oh, yeah, well, then you get the panel where, you know, uh, Terry decides to, you know, don the suit again, or at least put the mask back on. He's going to fly up and, and the scene, you know, like I'm telling you, intercept The whole them. fighting back just seems to be, if I take the mask off, now I like yeah. the suit's not in yeah, control of me anymore, now. but now i got to put it back on. I'm like, oh, do you think he's got this? Yeah, he's got this. He beat it once. He could beat it again. All right. Yeah. And, and then in the meantime, you have uh, Max and Matt watching. And Try, they, trying to watch. They're trying they're to watch. Now, they are. They seem to be watching. They've been trying watching, to watch for right? three issues now. Now, are they Cheryl. watching with that satellite? Because yep. they have the yep. satellite. They put it in the way of the missile and somehow still are able to see what goes on because they give each other a high five. Oh, I, think, when I think the better thing is is that they're able to reposition the satellite quickly yeah, enough. Yeah, because that's, that's just ridiculous. Even suspension of re- disbelief. That's how that works. And wow, that satellite was extremely yeah, close to oh, the yeah. missile. It's, and, and it's in very quick. Lower it's orbit than an actual satellite would be. Yeah, because then when that happens, the it does blow up the uh, the nuke. There's a uh, the Uru. Now I can't remember his name. Kuru. 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 He's there, and he's you know now his only thing he has in life is done. He's upset, but yeah, oh, he's, you have he's, he's so executed. He's yeah, he's so done. But then but yeah, no, they're they're trying yeah, to save. Terry goes, yeah, Terry Terry manages to disarm the other three, which I'll granted uses that sonic pulse that I complained about a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the classic uh. Uh, in your mind, thinking uh, beyond style panels, which just were felt jarring within the same panels as like some of the the suit ones, like the the speech boxes. Yeah, I got. I thought it was an error until I realized, oh, we just have conflicting things. Yes. Um. But yeah. So Terry goes up. He flies up. He's trying to get the last one. He, he, the sonic pulses are offline because they're so damaged. Then he asks about lasers, which he's yeah. never shown before. No, but lasers. the suit's like, yeah, I have them. They're just offline too. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe you well, should use the up. lasers on. <laughs> Do you know all those ninjas? Um, yeah, yeah. And then he has a metal plate over his face for some reason for one panel and never again. And then he fails. And then that's yes. when uh, they they use the the uh, satellites destroyed. And then yeah, comes the my destroys. second favorite set of panels. Yes. And tell us why. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because they're uh, they are uh, Damien and Bruce are going in the Batmobile to ca- to catch Terry. 
Uh, they're saying that they're they're trying to get you know to where up to where he is because he I mean he's fairly high in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and uh, they say uh, let's see, trying the, he's trying to gain altitude, but they're yep. they're already above they're their already altitude above limit. the limits. So yep. then Damien jumps out to uh, to catch he's, the guy that's above him. Yeah, he's doing he a point break. Plane, catches yep. the guy above break. him and manages to now be above the guy who was yeah. at a higher altitude than they were. Not just the guy, well, I mean, Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond. But, but it's it's not even that. It's not even like there's a panel transition. Um, it's it's one panel breaking into another panel that's saying this, and it's like, and and you just, don't even get anything because what you get I, is I he's was like, so confused. I was yeah. like, how and is Bruce this is like, you know, you got to like, do this. Can't get high enough to grab. Yeah. and he says, listen, you only have one shot. You have to time it perfectly. And then he says, Father, I'm incapable of any other way. And then you have Max and Matt giving high fives. They they shouldn't be able right. to see this. They, there's no way they should know this is happening. I don't understand because they're just like he did it. That's just so shway. Yet we didn't see anything. We didn't even get to see what happened because then the next panel, then you see that Damien no, has the parachute. Him. No, you don't even see shit. But yeah, then they go and you have Terry, Matt, or Terry, Bruce, and uh, Damien, and now it's like now we're gonna have a love fest through this. And everybody's whole friends, ending. and that was the. Oh, whole they're last best friends now. And, and yeah, I and, love you, Daddy. I love you, son. Come yeah, and visit yeah. sometime. And you know what, Terry? I treat him like a son too. You should come and see. We're gonna have confetti and, and cake, and that's not and a RC joke. Cola they say and that. Yeah, they don't say that. But yeah, they're oh. like uh, Bruce is just like Damien. Listen, the the uh, open invitation. Come back to Gotham anytime. And Damien's like, well, I got some things I can work on here, but maybe I will. Then Bruce is like, don't be a stranger. And then they just walk off. And everybody's friends now. Everybody's like, best after friends. All that with no real, a cliched yep. speech about philosophy was all that it took to yep, that's change all it took. the demons head to nothing. Really? Nothing. I mean, Speaking I don't even know what he has left. Head. And not even Speaking that. He goes back. He doesn't have any demons. He, there's no There's no League of Assassins but the anymore. Cover, They're all but dead. the cover announces him as the demon's head. So yeah. clearly yeah. he's authentic. No, he's you know, the three demon's head of himself. The demon's head. He, he has him. He's the leader of him. Because, hey, you know, it hey, seems son, like everybody else is well, dead. I mean, all of his troops are uh, dead at this point. Yeah, saying, that's what I'm saying. They're all dead. Damien, please. Come back to Gotham someday because we have to have a talk because even though I love you and you're my boy, you did kill Karari and you almost killed Barbara Gordon with your goddamn assassins. We don't actually know if she was dead. Last we saw, she was being rushed to the hospital. That was it. Dead. Dead. They they don't have (laughs) – there's there's not many uh, good doctors in Neil Gotham. Dead. I I mean – It's just nonsense. We probably did lose most of them in the war. Probably. I'll grant that, but – Yeah. But that's it, and it says, and like I said, at the end, it just says end, and it's not like next issue, Batgirl Beyond, or anything. It says that I really think this was going to end the series, and what I, a I really shitty ending this it would have been. Like, I, I agree. I really think that this was going to be the end, and then there was going to be the one-shot uh, Batgirl Beyond to, yeah. to like, is a little, like, cash grab. Well, and that here's the thing, it. cash grab, it's also what you would have to have to finish up a trade. We're only at issue 11. You need yeah, one I mean, more issue to have a six-issue trade. So you would have that at the end. it's not unheard of to have a Batgirl Beyond story at the end yeah, of a piece. Yeah, so at the end. It, so. it works, but... Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. Dan Jurgens doesn't like us, so I, I don't care. I, yeah, I, I, I mean... What's that? At this point, it's his own fault. I mean, yeah. all of his writing lately has been garbage. It's just uh, we were going to have an interview with him, and I asked him uh, well, how he got so lucky to be able to do uh, Booster Gold and Convergence, and he, <laughs> he created the character and, and took offense to me being an idiot. Yeah, so 
I wow, don't think he, that's yeah, yeah. It was, and like me and Eric were even talking about it this week. Not he every person played it who off created a, a character got the right their character and converted. Yeah, yeah, I know. So he was a jerk. But yeah, that, that this issue stinks. Uh, what did you give it, Eric? I gave it a 5.5. I felt that everything was forced, and even though I still really love the art with Bernard Chang and Marcel Mayal, I found that some of the freaking uh, the panel layouts were a little bit of it. Um, what the hell? It's um, confusing. Not because confusing. I they, were. they just felt, they just felt oh, like yeah. they were too jammed. They were too jammed together, and yeah. like you know, a little claustrophobic. And I couldn't really like you know figure out everything that was going on because of how small they were. Just jamming everything onto yeah. a page. But yeah, five point five out of ten. This yeah, is not I, a very I, like fun you know conclusion to this because this entire arc, nothing has happened except for yeah. a big fight scene. Yeah, I, I'm giving it a fuck you five. And I, I think my whole uh, problem with the art is the transitions between panels because at points, more than once, I was confused of what was happening, what they were saying, and, and all this. And maybe it was because it was jammed, but also I think they were just trying to stretch things out and get over. I mean, you have a big point in this issue where Terry's falling, you know, knocked out, falling and, and fucking re-entering orbit from doing the satellite. And they show it's it's off panel pretty much yep. the save that's just like we got to end it we only have this amount of p- panels in this issue and we're done and i just i i hated it I, I just it was everything that we've gotten in the last three issues as we said there's nothing really new and it ended with a hey let's all be friends let's shake and you know what we like you so much damien why don't you come back to gotham sometime we'll have a party it just fuck you fuck what do you give it mark i'm giving it a three and i'm gonna defend ah. that three i'm gonna defend that three uh, the art in this issue is really not as good as it was even last issue. Like, uh, last two issues that have been outside, including the last panel of the last issue, it was snowing. Yeah. Uh, Chang did a great job, or whoever, whether it was the colorist or Chang, did a great job with the, with the snow throughout all of it. It's not snowing anymore. The panel layouts are confusing at best. It, yeah. There's a lot of the faces in this issue just look off and, and, Except for a couple again, close-ups, maybe close-ups things were of, uh, changed up and it was a rushed Bruce, issue for him it's, it's because it just yeah I, I don't know it just it looks, seems crazy. it looks off and just and then the writing I I think I've covered why I don't like yeah. that because it's there's Deus Ex Machina's everywhere it it it, uh, it feels like it was written by an amateur not a guy with decades of experience yeah, in the don't. industry yeah yeah it, it, and honestly this arc I mean this arc's purpose seemed to be and I think this is probably one of the worst things a writer can do is you took your your main character of your I, I know Terry McGinnis is my favorite character and I'm very passionate about this but I would yes. say this about any character you took your main character and you destroyed all of the character's credibility then you took Bruce Wayne a big supporting character, and you destroyed all of his credibility. And then in this last issue, you managed to take Damien yeah, and destroy and, and just, all yeah. of his credibility. Your three joke. principal characters of this arc, you destroyed all of their credibility. Your writing was garbage. Uh, uh, honestly, I never thought I would see a Batman Beyond story worse than Hush Beyond, where the writer yeah. just knew the bare minimum of Batman Beyond and uh, wrote something that contradicted other things in canon to the point where Kyle Higgins had to go back later and and fix it in 2.0. Oh, Steve and, Orlando and, on that book? And, uh, yes. I don't remember who's on that book. I don't care. The writer actually apologized for it because he uh, had the Joker show up after the Joker should have been dead. Yes. Um, and was the reason <laughs> why Nightwing was like injured. like Steve Orlando. Um, and, uh, oh, it drove everybody crazy. And Kyle Higgins fixed it in 2.0 by saying that Nightwing was just messing with Terry. Yes. And, then yep. I, and it was it was like it was a forced in line, but it was a forced in line where if you had been reading all the stuff, you were like, oh, thank God. 
Somebody it was forced, but they had to force something to oh, fix it up. They had to, they had to fix it, and honestly, the fix is appreciated. Yeah, but, but not no, here. there's, there's nothing redeeming about this issue, <laughs> no. and I was so excited that we were going to have new creative teams and new people working on it. Even Chang, I'm willing yeah. to give Chang a chance at the, at the writer because oh, yeah. he's not Jergens. But now that Jergens is back, it's just I don't. I more than anything right now, I I want this book canceled so yeah, maybe Kyle Higgins can do a 3.0. Yeah, <laughs> and he may, because and or maybe two point five. Maybe he'll just leave, Anything. and Kyle Higgins will stay, and he'll do this. I don't know. honestly. I he don't could know probably fix on. this. Yeah. I don't know. It's just this it's book. It, it's more insulting to the people who are reading it than anything else. But at the same time, I can't wait till this trade because it is. I can't wait to read this trade because it yeah. is going to be the worst thing. I will ever not be reading it. No, <laughs> oh, I'll be renting it from a library. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. laughing at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I might get it. Maybe I'll get it on the hoopla. Yeah. I'll just look at yeah. some of the transitions, but I'd never be able to get through it. I wouldn't. Oh, I just, I couldn't so read bad. it again. But that's oh, no, it. I, that's... I had to force myself to do my write up, like yeah. my notes for this. I was like, I don't yeah, want to it's, read it. It's bad. But yeah, hopefully next issue we'll be talking nice. something positive. I just, I just want something good in, in the next couple of weeks or That'd months. Be amazing. I need something. But that is it. Thank you, Mark, for coming by. Sorry, we got your blood pressure up there. <laughs> if we, we get you anything, here once a month. Is, if anything, this was cathartic. Yes, uh, yes, that's what we are. We're therapy. You can sit on the yeah. couch and, and release your anger. But we're going to go off now to talk to Chris about Teen Titans. All right, we have our last book, and it is Teen Titans. And like I already said, Chris is here. Hey, Chris. Yay. Yes. Go on, Chris. Chris is uh, here you? to talk about that book that he loves so much. He's here to convince enough of me and Eric <laughs> that it's the greatest book ever written. Now, well, you guys and, have to admit, you did save the best for last, right? Yes, <laughs> right. we did. Yes, we did. Uh, the, the one thing about it is you were not here with us last issue. Uh, and me and Eric were talking, and everything we came up with, like, oh, this is going to happen. That it, it was all generic stuff, and we were right because really, this issue is pretty, pretty generic. Is what it's it boilerplate, is. yeah, yeah, it is. But uh, g- tell us about it, Chris. Give us a blurb. Well, underwater, we got arguing. Above water, we got arguing. The only question we have heading in is: Will Jackson Hyde survive long enough to be officially given the code name that we've all been calling him for the past six months anyway? Yeah, Blood yeah. of the Manta ends right now. Yes, yeah, and like you said, basically this whole arc was set up to give us something that we already kind of assumed would be the case, and we're already calling him. I mean, this all is set up to call him Aqualad, and we've and already been calling him that. It's the not last story that... arc was called Rise of Aqualad. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and, and the one thing about it, too, is you have this whole thing with, you know, Black Mana as his dad, but yet Black Mana knows too much for me about Jackson anyway because yeah. he kind of wasn't around. And then the whole thing about, where's his mom then? You know what I mean? Like, I would have liked his mom to get involved at some point here. She's she isn't around Titan's Tower. She's touching she stuff she's not supposed to. Yeah, she's a Zebelian. And, you know, you would have thought that she – and she seemed okay enough to go back to Titan's Tower and tell him all what was going on. But as it's going on, you don't even have – I would have actually have liked her to have gotten involved a little. But really, not much happens in this issue that is nope. anything we wouldn't have guessed. Uh, tell us about it, Chris. You tell us about it because I'm looking through it. I don't even know what to say because not much <laughs> oh, happens. 
Well, we'll start with It's Teen Titans number 11, Blood of the Manta Finale, Son of the Seven Seas. Written by Benjamin Percy, with breakdowns, thankfully, by Phil Hester. Pencils by Koi Pham, inks by Trevor Scott, and colors by Jim Charalampadis. And uh, we open up right where we left off. Uh, we got Black Manta and Jackson fighting that giant squid-topus thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know what that thing is. It's just some kind of underwater monster. It's an it's underwater a monster. Beast, yeah. Tentacle. It looks a little like a, a gorgon. At one. I don't know. What are you going to say, Kraken? Is it a, is it a I, Kraken? I almost said Kraken, but it, it doesn't. Don't I always think of the, Yeah, I always <laughs> think of the Krakens having beaks. So that's why that's the only reason I didn't go with Kraken, but I would like to because I like saying it. But It's yeah, a good word. Yeah, it is. But yeah, really, what else have you have? Black Mana, who had to, he had to trick Jackson, or at least pretend he liked Jackson for a second, mm-hmm. so that Jackson could open up the, you know, the treasure the for him to get thing, the. Yeah. Uh, no, no. What, what is this whole opening up the treasure shit? Because the thing is, when we start to sell, and like you know, Jackson's about to get eaten by the crack yeah, and underwater get monster. You see Black Mana about to grab the Black Pearl while the jaws mm-hmm. of the, the, the freaking chest is open, the fucking jaws of the goddamn freaking... Oh, it closes shut there. <laughs> well, okay. maybe he just wants to get his son involved. There's the there some times like, when it, I don't need my kids no, to help I'm saying, me, and I let them. No, I'm saying we go along this whole thing where, you know... He only saves Jackson because the thing yes. clamps shut, but it seems like he knew this because he brought Jackson down to begin with. So yeah. I don't understand the transition because we brought Jackson because in his mind he knows that only the person of Zebel descent can grab this thing. So why would he but, even reach for it? Exactly. Maybe he was he testing must, it out. He must lose his damn hand. It's like, oh, maybe there's just some hogwash hey. stories. These underwater folk yeah, tell that's, each other. Maybe he thought that. Maybe he thought it was a myth. And when he got there, he's like, okay, Jackson's about to get eaten. I'm just going to grab this ring. I'm like, getting the hell out of here. And then he when it clamps shut, he had to help five, him. Five more seconds to go and grab and realize, and Jackson's already eaten. Like, what is that? You know? No, then he's fucked. Then, then he's, there there, it's over. <laughs> Got to go over. get his mother. Yeah, yeah, game over. But really, and what would have happened anyway? Because in the end, he doesn't even get that ring anyway. Nothing happens. Nope. It, he, uh, he say he ends up saving Jackson, and then he's like, "Hey, I saved you. You got to do this because you're Zebelian." And uh, then Jackson's like, "Oh Jesus Christ! That's the only reason you cared about." It's almost like this is the roller coaster ride of emotions of young Eric Shea, where he's like, "Oh, his, God, daddy. oh daddy, oh daddy, oh daddy." It like goes back and forth between, "Oh my daddy loves daddy me." Daddy oh, might hates not show me. up all the time. Yeah, yeah. To, but he loves me, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Shit like that. And I'm just okay. We we thought this would happen and it comes out, it plays out in the most generic of ways. Uh yep. Black Mana, because they're fighting the non Kraken, has to talk to uh, you know, uh, Jackson and convince him of how great he is. And, you know, hey, and, and it's even mentioned more than once, which threw me off of the, the ocean is your weapon. And then, yep. you know, he says that. And then, you know, Jackson takes that I- into effect and then does, they do beat the Kraken and then get the thing. But go on, Chris, tell me more. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's like all these new characters that are coming up, they need to be, uh, they need to be coddled like every, like, Every step yeah. of the way, they got to be coddled and told just how great they are, hoping that the readers who may not we'll, give a we'll crap agree. about them will be like, oh, yeah, that is yeah. really cool. Yeah, is are you awesome. talking about comic book characters or just kids in general these days? He just means kids. He, he oh. means kids. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I've seen these kids at these sports. If you give them uh, an ink, an inch of you know criticism, they quit. They go and watch YouTube. Yep, you done. can't do this. So, yeah, you have to do this or else they'll quit. And that's what the black man – black man is definitely a man who – he's tough love. He's tough love incarnate here as he just screams now, at Jackson. 
in the when we had the backstory before in the previous issues, didn't we find out like Red Carpet the pirate, like she had this black pearl and was able to control the seas and shit yeah, like that with yeah. it? Like that was the whole kind of, like here he grabs the black pearl ring and I'm pretty sure it's called the black pearl. Maybe I'm just thinking of fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, no, I now, think but, it is. That's it. It's, okay. it's hokey. It's, 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 but he yeah. gra- he takes this thing and all of a sudden these goddamn you know energy eels come out and then oh, he, yeah. you know just has power. Now he can turn off Aqualad's power. I'm like. I don't exactly understand for what you set up for this black pro to do. All of a sudden, yeah, he's just riding know. around on, you know, energy eel freaking sleds and shit like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. and you're shutting off uh, like other, like, you know, underwater people's powers. I'm like, I don't think this is exactly how you spelled out the power work before. Like, you, yeah, you took control of the seven seas. I actually thought that when Black Mana put it on, I actually thought that it was going to work. I thought it was going to be another thing where you needed, you know, somebody That's from Zebel or, you know, even an Atlantean, whatever it might be. Uh, I was just wondering why it would work for just Black Mana and what he's doing. But, yeah, he just puts it on and he has the power. It does look like He-Man to me. He, yeah. he gets the power. <laughs> and then he is fighting Jackson can't do any of his water constructs t- things he can't fight and then beast boy shows up as a as a shark and then he gets defeated off panel and i'm like what what's going on oh yeah, yeah. go on chris you <laughs> well before that we have the titans arguing in the boat and we've got starfire in charge and she's bumping heads with robin uh raven can't concentrate enough uh to key in on jackson yeah. because uh that's something that damien blames on her preoccupation with kid flash yep kid so flash. they are at least keeping that going it's still boring it's still terrible right yeah. but uh at least uh i mean it's consistent yeah <laughs> like the yeah. teen titans are kind of worthless in this goddamn issue aren't they yeah they're not yeah. doing anything yeah, they're the worst well, and you have Raven, who basically Raven shows up for her couple panels to threaten somebody to send them off to a slime universe or a you oh, know that, every that, every that's issue. her go-to thing. I'm going to take thing. you to a hell dimension. Yeah, I'm going to send mm-hmm. you to a hell dimension if I'm not nice, and then they move on. Damien, you know, grimaces at somebody. Beast Boy, say, it's just there's nothing going on in this book, and we're at yeah, the eleventh issue, and it's just what is going on here? Because this, like you said, Chris, at the beginning. All this is a setup is so that, you know, Garth can come and say that Jackson's Aqualad. That's all it is. Apparently like all that on. takes is a belt buckle. Yeah, that's it. That's all it takes. But before that, you do have Black Mana, who was fighting Jackson, then did seem to knock out Beast Boy, which, you know, infuriates him then. And Black Mana fights the Teen Titans for a second. Until Just a second. Yeah. yeah, and then Jackson gets <laughs> upset. I don't know what he really does. I'm <laughs> telling you, all of a sudden, like you know, like Black Mana had the Black Pearl. Yeah, he, he was had able the Black to Pearl. shut off you know Jackson's powers. Yep. Until Jackson really wanted to use them and freaking yeah. does an electrical shock and then knocks freaking Black yeah, Mana because out we and go takes back the ring to the remember as he sinks. Yeah. Remember Dumbo and the magic feather. That's all it takes. Yeah, you remember it Dumbo and the magic yeah. feather. You could do anything. You didn't need that feather after all, Jim. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, and then Damien as... realized that he can speak Disney, I guess. Yes, he can. <laughs> and and Damien's the one. Yet. Even mm-hmm. then, you have you have this, uh, you know, the uh, Damien uh, panels, the narration, uh, as he's telling Jackson this. But yet, why not just have this stuff going on? Like, I want to see Damien yep. with him. And it just, it's nonsense. And then Black Mana seems to be kind of passed out or at least hurt. He's falling down. You know, he's sinking in the water. Jackson goes, grabs his hand as if he's going to save him, and then just Daddy. takes the ring. Then just takes go, the yeah. ring and goes. And then we end. Like you said, Garth shows up. He's going to talk to him and just says, yeah, you got the belt buckle. That means you're Aqualad. 
that. Congratulations. And yeah. And I love it too it. because they tried to, they talked in there earlier in this issue how they tried to get a hold of Garth so they could help with the fight and stuff like that. Now I couldn't get a hold of him. He must be really busy after the fight's done. Oh, yeah, Garth shows yeah. up. Oh, no, he just shows up. about. Perfect timing <laughs> is what that is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then, then Aqualad goes back to the tower and they have a party for him. They have a little T shaped cake. Yep, a T-shaped cake, and you have Beast Boy, who's, you know, everything's on ViewTube live with his videos, and of course, this is what Batman warned about last issue, I believe it was, and said to Damien, get that guy off of social media, you can't do this, it just leads them right to you. Now, the other thing to me is, Black Mana is sinking, do you think he's dead? No, of no, course not. He is going to come right back to that tower, and he's going to burn that thing down. There's no doubt Let's in my hope. mind. It's Black Man. Let's hope they're yeah, home really. when he does it. And they're home. <laughs> they're asleep, and they haven't yeah. put new batteries in the freaking fire detector. <laughs> they're done. But yeah, it's nonsense. And they have this party, and then you see the next villain watching on the screen. Do you know who that is? Having the foggiest I idea. No it's going to tie into metal, though, right? Yeah, it looks like it's this next going into metal. The metal tie, I'm like, yep. how is, why is this guy going to tie know. into metal? Or yeah. possibly the return of Kid Flash after yeah. the tie because, into yeah, metal. Because, yeah, that's uh, the next issue is a tie into metal. And it's funny because that does start the Gotham Resistance, uh, yeah. the tie-in. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought, boy. That that snuck up on me. Like I, but it's next <laughs> month. It's only because it's a monthly, I guess. I yeah. that it really threw me off seeing that. And then yeah, and then you'll get the return of Kid Flash, which I know. I, I do. I do want to point out one thing before we end this here, because looking at you know freaking Beast Boy's YouTube page, yeah, I'm everybody okay. complains about how Damien's the biggest dick and shit like that, and they hate him and everything like that. I'm I'm looking at the different videos on Third his YouTube brain. page. And his the bird brain one, I'm like, it looks like Beast Boy turned into a bird and then shit on his leader's head. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Yeah, he is not that much of a dick. Because if anybody shit on my head, they'd be fucking yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be. And then there's the rebirth car trouble. Look, car trouble looks like Beast Boy just turned into a Tyrannosaurus Rex and ate somebody's car. Ate then yeah, to- tofu mouthgasm. I guess he's just eating. But at first, I thought he might have spit something in somebody's mouth. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a, a piece jerk. of shit. Oh, yes. uh, but yeah, it's just nothing happened. And then you get this uninteresting guy at the end. He's like, yes. And what that's what makes him perfect. And they're like, look at this guy. This guy's a real idiot. He's a real fool. Talking about Beast Boy's, you know, YouTube page. And then the guy who looks to be the bad guy who's wearing those mirrored glasses, it looks like. Like he thinks he's hot shit. What's up, Who's he, he, fucking Maverick? But he's like, yeah, and that's what makes him perfect. I'm like, no, no. Nobody in this book is perfect. This book is garbage. Uh, What did you give it, Chris? I gave it... A very, 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 very soft seven. Yes, I knew um, what you gave it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I would have loved to have given it a five or below, but it because it's just it's it's weird because you know we've been through like three really really bad yes. versions of the Titans before this. We had the right. Robdell, we had the what is it, the FIFA, and then we had a little yeah. bit with Pack, and those yep. were all garbage. Yeah, but, they were uh, terrible. This, this is this isn't even fun to make fun of. It's just so boring. Yeah, and it's it generic. Is That's the it's problem. Generic, it's boring. It's boilerplate. Yeah. It's uh, and, and you know, it's I put in my in my review that thing about the mouthgasm. It's like yeah. Percy. What what is with this guy? Yeah. Uh, he, it's like he's he's writing like a schmuck. It's uh, a <laughs> if if you bring a kid into a comic store, this one might be the one that they look at because yeah, they, they have would. a tie to the cartoon. I don't want to explain to my second grader what a mouthgasm is. What a mouthgasm is. is. No. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah. 
I just and and even even from this, I mean, this issue didn't have it, but even before Beast Boy, every time he opens his mouth, oh, he's sexual innuendo and stuff like that. Yep. But I would I would think that not even just a little kid, I would think that you have to write this book knowing that your one of your bigger parts of your audience is going to be a fourteen year old and and stuff Youngster, like that. Yeah. So not even just keep the mouthgasms out of that. Make it fun. Make something fun. fun in this. This <laughs> is not an interesting fun. story. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's not interesting at all. It is boring oh. as hell. All just for us to get to call Jackson Aqualad, which we've been calling him. Like you said, they they said six the six months. The, yeah. yeah, the birth of Aqualad. All I mean, for a belt this. buckle. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, what would you give it, Eric? I'd give it a five point one out of ten. I'm telling you, I actually don't I like. like I, I'm not a huge fan of the art normally I in this like book, it. but. Yeah. I'm telling you that I like this issue. I've yeah, liked this the issue past looks two good, issues. I, I think it really looks good, and I love whenever Black Man is on there because he like I don't think anybody could fuck up his look just because no. he's so much fun with that big old head of his. But really, that five point one, it's it's mostly for the art and you know just that cool thing with having the Aqualad, even though it's what we've been calling him. Because yeah. there was nothing really to this story at all because yeah. we pretty much broke down everything that was going to happen this issue last time we talked about it. So <laughs> this was a really boring read for me. Yeah, I like the art. I thought the art yeah. was pretty good here. Uh, the story was just nothing. But I think, like Chris said, I want it to be fun, and it's not fun. It's not one of those books, though, that I read it like a JLA when I'm reading it and I'm infuriated because it's doing crazy stuff. It, you know, Ben Percy is writing a generic story. And it is right down the middle generic. He's not doing anything. Like all of a sudden you have Black Mana. Uh, some other guys would have Black Mana do or say something that's completely ridiculous and it would drive me nuts. He's just there. Hey, Jackson, you know, I'm going to save you. Hey, I only want to use you. Hey, you're my dad. But at the end, I'm actually glad that it looks like Black Mana had no feelings for Jackson because he shouldn't have. Any other no. writer or a lot of writers and even Ben Percy himself, I would have guessed that he was going to have – even black man to be conflicted at the end, like oh, you I'm know what, it would have been that I, look, like in a, it would have been that deal in Return of the Jedi when the Emperor is torturing freaking Luke, and yeah. then like Darth gives that no! look and then chooses <laughs> to save his son. Yeah, it would have been nonsense, <laughs> and that's what I was worried about because I, the, the only thing about it is though I did really like the panel when Jackson starts talking to Black Man and he just uppercuts him with it, and it's a weird angle that he does it, but it made me laugh. But the the one thing that drove me nuts though was that Black Man seemed to know everything about Jackson when he shouldn't have. He didn't even know no. anything about him until he saw him on TV with. The you know the necklace and then realized where he was and went. So I thought that was weird, but at least he didn't go real hokey. But yeah, I'm gonna go five five. I, I could even go as high as a six because I like the art and yeah. it just was boring though. So I'll go five five. Boring. I just <laughs> why can't we get fun books? The, these books lately that. They're just not fun. They're all boring. No. This week, I, I'm just really starting to boring. fear that I'm just become jaded from. Yeah, all we this said shit. we were talking about that at work. That we said, you know what? Maybe we're just fucking pieces of crap who can't enjoy <laughs> life anymore. Which I know I am, but it, it, usually I read comics to to get have some fun in my life, and it's just sure. not working anymore. But. Thanks again, Chris. And we have <laughs> you and Mark to end the podcast, and both of you did not like the books that you do, and it sucks. I wish that we could have at least you guys, you know, come and you guys have some kick-ass books, and we could yeah. have some fun. But we did because it's, I know we do. It's bad when Mother Panic is the highlight of my week. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I only had I, I told Mark just the last you know review that people heard. 
I really only had one book all week that I liked, and that was Me the well. new Nightwing book. And everything mm-hmm. else, it's like one of those where we're going to have our book of the mo- book of the week in a couple minutes now. And there is a very long. There's a drop <laughs> after that book. I mean, you hit an abyss after this book of the week because all the rest of the stuff was garbage. But thank you, Chris, and uh, thank you guys. hopefully it'll be better Thanks, next Chris. week. Thank you. All right, Aaron. It's over. We done. It's over. It's time to hit the road, Over, Johnny. Over. What is your book of the week, Eric? I know what mine is. My book of the week is Nightwing New Order number one. Really? You didn't like that action comics, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, mine is Nightwing New Order number one as well. And next week. If we didn't have that crazy enough, it would have been Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Go with it. I think I liked, I I can't remember what I gave Hal. Uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, but I think I liked it a little I think more. Think you gave it a seven. Was, yeah, that might have been, and I, th- I think I was around that with Batgirl as well. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great week. Not <laughs> it was all. not. Now next week is Annuals Week. It is a fifth Wednesday of the month, so we have our Annuals Week. The thing is. Not really an annuals week in my mind because we had a lot of delays. We had a lot of books that were delayed, even though DC does not want to let that out of the bag. They they don't really want to let you know when things are delayed. Well, they the really thing. keep it down. We got all down. this information about you know All Star being put but pushed back three weeks, but nobody talked about Justice League of America or Wonder Woman being pushed yeah, back. Yeah, Justice a week. League of America was supposed they they were supposed to come out last week and uh, and. They're coming out annuals week to kind of get them into, uh, you know, into order again. Don't we have just as many freaking regular books as we do annuals next week? Well, that's what I'm saying. This is not like usually annuals week. People are like, okay, I'm not going to go to the comic store. I'm going to go check out some things. Maybe that's the week. Like you check out some Marvel stuff, you know, things like that. But yeah, this is if you have your pull list going, you're going to have a bunch of books there uh, because we have. All-Star Batman number 13 that I think that ends the – it's the penultimate. Yeah, it's the final ally, the first ally part four. So it is the penultimate of that series. We have Black Racer and Shiloh Norman, special number one, Eric. God damn it. It doesn't even seem like that's in English. I don't know. Black Racer and Shiloh Norman. Sounds like it's like some fucking rap song that they have. Like both of those are rappers. They're they're combining. You know, it's like Black Racer with Shiloh Norman. The next thing you know, they're they're doing something. Like Black hit. Racer better than Shiloh. I think I don't know. Shiloh Norman is not a bad name. I just I don't have any. Have a great name. Dark Side Special Number One, Eric. Told you. I told you that I think that that's going to be picked by the badasses. Uh, it's in the lead. I told you. <sighs> Justice League of America number 13, and that is Crisis in the Microverse Part 2. And where I think that this is nonsense is how many ads did we have in those books to, to push that first part oh, of that? Oh, every book had that like two and, weeks ago. Yeah, and, now, and then it was delayed. Why would that be delayed? Does it does it seem to you like maybe something Steve in the last Orlando second was changed? He was on a goddamn like. Here's deadline. the problem, though. You name me another time a Steve Orlando book was late. I'm telling you, you you won't find it. This guy does he never steps off of a book for any sort of break. Uh, that's the one thing that I'll give him full kudos for is that guy just pumps him out. Now I don't know that I love I everything think, I think he, it's does pump he doesn't out. put a lot of thought behind it. Well, yeah. it might be, but this is what would be a huge story. And it was delayed. So I, I'm guessing maybe something was changed, but we'll maybe. see. Red Hood and the Outlaws annual number one. So there we have our first annual, really. Yeah. Supergirl annual number one. 
Steve Orlando again, Eric, busy man. We have seven books. He took time to write the Supergirl Maybe. anyway and then got behind on JLA. We have seven books and two of them are Steve Orlando books. And then we have Wonder Woman number 29 that, that was delayed, like you said, with Shea Which Fontana. Which is odd, you know, it's that five-issue arc that Shea Fontana has. You'd think that would have been in the bag before she even got contracted. To do I it. would have thought so as well. It is very odd. I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's something. Now, here you go. We have been complaining. We're saying all this, and we have complained at points like, why don't you use the annual week to try to push some things? Maybe that JLA, maybe that's what they're doing. Like, okay, people will go. There's not a lot of books out. We want them to get involved. Maybe they'll get the second issue of that you know, crisis in the microverse, and then maybe they'll even pick out the first one just to have something because a lot of people do go to the comic store each week with a set amount of money that they're going to spend, and if you're going to go here, I don't know what I'd spend it on all-star batman uh, i would say uh, some well, people might that arc yeah yeah i finish out the series so you only have one more issue after this and the series is done so you get that i don't know those, those jack kirby specials are just they, they confuse me they hurt my head with how they go about like there's the dark side special it'll probably be one story about dark side then they'll have a story about fucking the burger king and then the next thing you'll know the backups that jack kirby wrote about goddamn fucking buster brown shoes it'll make more oh, sense buster than some of these shoes, huh? i'm telling you it'll make more sense than half of these i'll be in the face behind the mask that's right part that is two right. <laughs> kill somebody but that is the end of the podcast Derek. i better see some wanted... more future like robot stories i was all about that yeah, you, you, we're gonna get nonsense who I knows know. what we're gonna get who knows what tales they will tell Eric. but thanks everybody thanks for listening thanks everybody on the patreon thanks for the you. badasses for picking all these books that drive eric insane <laughs> and yes keep voting for dark side special i need eric to read these the, the only problem i have with that is that then you won't be reading the Black Racer and <laughs> But I, with the little amount of books we have, we're probably going to talk about it on the podcast. Probably. So you're there. Also, I do. It's it's not on my app, but the Bombshells comes back uh, this coming up week as well as the digital only, the the new version starting yeah. at number one. I forget what it's actually the full title is. I'm going to review that on the site. If it's good, uh, we may talk about it on the podcast. If it's even if it is, if Eric doesn't want to talk about it, maybe me and Brandon. That seems like a me and Brandon book that we'll have a special spotlight on Patreon. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, yeah. if you want to go and check out our Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. It's at Patreon.com/slash/WeirdScience, and you know, check out all this stuff. I, I can go on and on, Eric. So on much stuff. On. Check it all the out. The tales we could tell and, and do. do. But yeah, also, I, I did mention to you before as we're about to leave, I just want you to pee your pants. That's all I'm doing that's this what, for. exactly what you want. But uh, one of the things that I did want to point out that I said, I wonder if everybody who listens knows that we have the Pop Culture Podcast. And we did mention it earlier. But yeah, check out our Pop Culture Podcast, Weird Science. Uh, I was going to say DC. Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, you can hear me and Eric talk about things we know nothing about, right? That's every That's week. what it usually is. When I say Little Yachty, Eric has no idea what I'm talking about, and Not I barely all. do. I'm lucky I have kids. Yeah, that's why I know. Little Yachty was one of uh, Rafe's favorite uh, – Rafe, actually, Logan's like favorite rapper. No. You wouldn't like Big Yachty. You, you wouldn't like him at all. And you show up at the party like, hey, everybody's still listening to Run DMC? And then yeah. I'm there. I say, fuck yeah, I am. What's that's going what on? I We've got friends. Boom. 
do you think on the best songs ever, would you be upset if I did have a song, say, a king of rock and not walk this way? with Aerosmith because I while, think you can do both. while Walk This Way with Aerosmith is a huge song and a very big song of you know crossing over and getting two yeah. things. I hate that song. I hate I it so much. I, I really do. But there you go. Did you hate um, it at the time? But it's terribly yeah. overplayed. No, I, I didn't I hate it. I hated it at the time because I was more at that point into Run DMC than Aerosmith. And that's like, I'm telling you, it's just like when Licensed Ill by the Beastie Boys came out. All of a sudden, my little niche music, everybody oh, in Quakertown was all in. So I'm like, you know what? I like to just be by myself. And it just, I don't want to get involved with you people in the you know, Beastie Boys. Didn't want to get involved Beastie with you Boys, either. it was a, just a flood then. All of Quakertown, that's all anybody liked. I'm like, I like when I you saw the Foo Fighters before they were big. Yeah, and had a guy behind us while we were there at the electric factory. I think it, it maybe 500 people were there, yeah. if that. And we were there. We were right next to the stage, and a guy behind us. Every song would end, and it was after their second album, the uh, the Color and the Shape had just been. It just was released, so people like Everlong wasn't a big hit yet, and all this yeah. stuff. And uh, but uh, as this was going, a guy behind us just kept going. You're no Nirvana. Why are you <laughs> and, here, dude? And then Dave Grohl said, I know. And it was funny because he was like talking to people. It was crazy. Mini Driver was there at, at the bar. It was a wacky time, Eric. It was like a good time. It was. It was pretty cool. But yeah, and I'll tell you, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. That second Foo Fighters album is fucking, every song is goddamn great. But yeah. Now, and I haven't, uh, it gets me sad sometimes. I have not really bought a Foo Fighters album or even listened to anything. Well, I'm saying, for when's the last time you bought an album? It's been a while. I think the last album I bought was a Wilco album. I think it was Being There. Yeah, double right. That's the last one. But there you go. There's some music talk. But we are done. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Great week. Continue to keep it weird. Continue. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Episode number one of This Week, This Week in Superman History. I am your host, I am your host, I am your host, Lord Andy of the Land of Cleave. Now, I'd give a quick shout out to the pioneers of the Comic Book History Podcast, Chris and Richard, and Richard of Cosmic, and of course, my homeboys out in the Philly area ish, I guess, Jim and Eric, Jim and Eric, DC Weird Science Podcast Crew website podcast thing they do and of course uh the get fresh cook get fresh cool fresh eating so this week in uh 
this week in Superman history. Uh, I'll be discussing Action Comics number 450, released August 1975 at the cover price of 25 cents, which isn't too bad considering it was 36 pages. Uh, it was titled The Laugh Heard Round the World, and uh, you can see Superman on the cover mainly like a yellow background and some tumbling shit and people freaking out, but he's just kind of like doing the Bono thing, like arms spread out, and he's just kind of like, you know, straddling the front cover of this comic. He's just, and he's laughing, ha ha, ha 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 ha, ha 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 and circling. Like if you look up this cover, you'll see he's just straddling, the, he's just kind of humping you in the face, and he's he's laughing and circling, the laughing, ha 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 ha. And uh, while well, the art on the cover was by a Bob Oxner, which is probably the wrong way to say that, but he did the cover art, and it's uh, it's pretty 1975 too. I mean, but I love the action comic uh, you know, slogan at the time, the, the way that the words were written with a little line coming out of the A and stuff and the end shooting up like an erection. I like that stuff. And him just straddling it like that. Just need to look up the cover if you haven't seen it before. Uh, the script was by Carly Bates. Pencils by Kurt Swan. Inks by Tex by his den? By his den? By his den? Tex by his den? That's how you say it. Well, uh, it's a pretty interesting so far. I haven't actually gone into it with you folks yet, but uh, let's do that right now. Um, well, I forgot to even mention this, that uh, before we even got started, back in the day, um, Action Comics would feature other Action Plus stories. And uh, this particular um, issue had another Green Arrow and Black Canary story at the, uh, at the end of the... Uh, yeah, issue. So I just want to mention that I said it was 36 pages or whatnot, blah blah blah. But like, uh, yeah, there's also other stories. Back then it was Action Comics, not Superman Action Comics, but Action Comics, the line of superstars. I mean, you know, whatever, you could yell at me if you want. But this is an entire, very shattering, thrilling, the left heard around the world issue that I wanted to get into with. And so uh, Julius Schwartz was still the editor in place at this time when we talked about August 1975, volume 38, number 450 of Action Comics. Uh, like I told you before, story was by Carrie Bates, uh, art by Kurt Swan and Tex Resden, uh, editing by Julius Schwartz. Um, we open with another action-packed saga starring the one and only Superman. He's getting smacked like a little bitch by uh, something that looks like uh, it's covered in fleas, I'm not sure, but it's run for your lives. Not even Superman can save us from the Nevada, the Nevada monster. Alright, take a week in Las Vegas. Advocationing reporters Clark Kent and Lois Lane throw in a famous late night talk show host Johnny Nevada, mix it all up with a touch of the unexpected. That's right, you have the formula for the most bizarre menace ever to confront the man of steel and not be stopped only by. The laugh heard around the world. Gleaming like a neon jewel in the desolate Nevada desert stands Las Vegas, the most famous gambling and entertainment spot in the world. And in this panel, we see a jet 
kind of flying really low in a weird other jet, like kind of drone helicopter things shining its spotlight down. There was tanks moving in on the city up by the highway. So, that's kind of weird. All year round, a constantly changing array of star-studded names lying in the strip. From Dean Martin to Phyllis Diller, from Elvis Presley to Don Rickles during the particular week. Uh, and right now I just want to shout out to one of my favorite songs ever. It's uh, by Living Color. It's, it's entitled Elvis is Dead. And uh, fuck Elvis Presley, man. Fuck that asshole. I'm one to say it. I don't give a shit. I don't know if I'm cool with Johnny Nevada, though, but he's showing up right now on the billboard at the Starfire Casino Motel and Restaurant with the Piper Town Singers. So that's probably, like, a pretty expensive ticket. But here we have some guy talking to him in a hallway, and he's, like, got a rag. He's kind of coughing in a rag. By the nation's number one late-night talk show host, just can't go for a storm. It seems like he feels like it. You'll be mobbed when your fans spot you. Relax, Freddy. I want to walk in the cool night air. But it must be 95 degrees out there, Johnny. For Vegas, this time of year, 95 degrees is cool. Don't worry, I'll be back in time for the midnight chow. And that could be anything. That probably means the all-you-can-eat buffets that used to be at Las Vegas. But I play less uh, time than it takes to say... Here's Johnny. Oh, Mr. Nevada, I can't tell you how much your that means to me. You could try, Dal. Almost didn't recognize you. You look, uh, older in person than on TV. What the fuck? That's kind of fucked up to say to somebody, you know? Anyways, what a kick in the head. My facelift is only six months old and already it's starting to sag. A pox on that overpriced Beverly Hills plastic surgeon motherfucking cocksucking son of a bitch. Okay, well, I actually added the uh, cocksucking motherfucking son of a bitch part, but we just said it was a pox and the overpriced bear in the hills plastic surgeon. Yet, no even bright neon can light up in the dark corners to eliminate the blight of muggers. Quack! You get hit in the back of the head with a fucking rubber thing. You know those things you hit people in the back of the head with? Oh, E, you bagged ourselves a superstar. Johnny Nevada in person. Keep a sharp lookout. Make sure nobody's coming. I'm supposed to be describing these panels, but you know what the fuck's going on, man. Some people are jumping into a game giant about in a fucking alleyway of Las Vegas. Nevada must have lost his wad at the crap tables. And uh, last time I lost my wad on a crap table in a casino, I was arrested, and I don't want to talk about it. No, these showbiz big shots are we ever carry any bread around. We do not even got a credit card we could rip off. Hey. What you gonna do? Let Nevada know we've been here. I'm gonna stop my calling on this pretty puss. You see this dude's boot like about to hit him in the face. He goes, I'm first going up instead of down. How? Here's how, creep. Superman? Yeah, so Superman just like popped up out of nowhere, lifted him up. What the blazes is going on this trip? Here, here, have a fling for yourself. Something tells me it ain't gonna happen landing. Toro, Toro. Okay, so Superman like took his cape off. And now he's, he threw dude in the air. And like a really fast projection because he's like straight like a missile. And now he flew ahead of him. He took his cape off like uh, a bullfighter. And he's like, Toro, Toro. And he says, Hey, I ain't And as the action aces, stretchable cape absorbs the mugger's momentum and sends him hurtling back the way he came. My aim has to be perfect. A 21-degree trajectory will put him 
right on target. So just, like, grab the dude with the cape, slingshot him back, and his feet are just hitting his other dude in the back of the spine. Really painfully looking. Then, Superman is helping uh, Johnny Nevada to his feet now. And he says, oh, it's you, Superman. Superman, uh, I must be dreaming in 3D, in Technicolor. Isn't Las Vegas a couple of thousand miles away from your regular patrol? No time for questions and answers, Johnny. I've got to get you to a doctor. Superman of Las Vegas? Not surprising, considering whom an impatient Lois Lane is waiting for in the lobby of the Starfire ten minutes later. Oh, Lois, here I am. Clark Kent, when we agreed to visit Las Vegas on our vacations, I assumed we'd be together at least once in a while. Sorry, uh, I'm late, Lois, but... I'm still uh, not used to the West Coast time. Has Johnny gone on yet? From the applause, the Pipe Town singers are just taking their bows. Hope our table is still reserved. Mr. Kent, Mr. Kent. Approaches a guy in glasses and a mustache. I'm the hotel physician. Uh, the one treated Johnny's uh, Nevada's injuries. Injury? Better fill me in, doctor. I just got here. Wink, wink. He was mugged, struck on the head. It may be serious. Come, I'll show you. You're his friend. Maybe you can talk him out of doing his act tonight. Hold our table, Lois. I'll get back as soon as I can. Don't hurry on my account, Clark. And the, um, the bubble is not even a bubble around Lois's words. It's, it's like an ice-cold-looking frozen, <laughs> dripping with icicles on it, uh, a bubble. It's, it's, she's, she's pissed. Within moments. And now we find ourselves in the doctor's office, just Clark and the doc, and Clark says... We know that during a person's lifetime, only a small fraction of the brain's gray matter is ever used. For years, scientists have pondered over the billions of untapped brain cells in each of us. But what does all this have to do with Johnny? Everything, Mr. Kent. You see, the blow to your friend's head injured an unused portion of his brain. I'm afraid the injury jarred thousands of these unpredictable dormant cells in Mr. Nevada's cerebrum. And until I have a chance to run some more tests, there's no way of telling what the side effects may be or what he may suffer. The brain is still pretty much of a mystery, Mr. Kent, and the scientific world is only beginning to grasp its vast power, studying the phenomenon like ESP and telekinesis. Editor note. Editor note. I urge you to persuade him to return here immediately so I can determine the full extent of his injury. It'll be for his own good. His own safety. I'll do what I can, Doc. I'll do what I can, Doc. I'll do what I can, Doc. Now we go to now Johnny we go to Johnny Nevada in the satellite room of the Starfire Hotel. 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 Three days. So I fit him. <laughs> Please, don't everyone laugh at once. Already, if this is the way you're going to be, uh, may my regular camel and leave a present in your chip dip. <laughs> Uh, Vegas is great, isn't it? Uh, what a terrific location. Here we are, smack in the middle of the world's biggest sandbox, right? <laughs> the state of Nevada. Uh, Best of you to drop by, Clark. Did the doctor have anything important to say? Could be, Lois. Tell me, does Johnny look okay to you? Johnny always looks good to me. <laughs> you never suspect he just got slugged by a mother. Hmm. Maybe that's what the doctor's fears are unfounded. You know, last time I had found here at the Starfire, the founcers doused me with lethal syrup. <laughs> Took me in the, out in the middle of a howling sandstorm, and uh, so much of the desert stuck to me, I looked like a walking sandbar for weeks. <laughs> but even as Johnny finishes his punchline, a bizarre phenomenon is being spawned by his very words in the desert outside Las Vegas. I looked uh, 
like a walking sandbar for weeks. So please, folks, make me a hit this time. A phenomenon of desired description as it sifts through the air toward the city, living target as it's chosen for itself. And that's about it, folks. You've been a buffoon audience. Thanks for letting me lead you laughing. <laughs> Several rounds of applause later, backstage in Johnny Nevada's dressing room. Every time I try out a new act, my biggest fear is not getting enough laughs. It's all until I hear the ha-ha's and my mind is put at rest. I'm starting to feel strange, though. Out of my way. He's talking to Clark and Lois, who apparently got to go backstage and see him in his dressing room. So now he's running out of his dressing room. And Clark thinks to himself, uh-oh, looks like the doctor was right about Johnny's unconstable condition. What's coming over him? Lois says. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny screams and he's running out of the parking lot into the main lobby area of the Starfire Hotel and Casino that has the billboard right above him saying, The Hotel Casino Starfire starring Johnny Nevada. What's with Johnny Nevada? One bypasser says. And a group of uh, you know just bystanders staring at this weird scene. And we go back to the uh, changing room where Clark and Lois are. And Lois exclaims, This went wild. I never saw anything like it. I never saw anything like the monstrous scene I'm picking up with my X-ray vision. And yes, Clark Kent Superman is picking up something beyond the walls of the casino, that flying mass of sand coming right at Johnny. It's engulfing him, as though that gag about him being a walking sandbar coming true. Lois is up to me to do something to help poor Johnny. Clark Kent actually running out to help a crisis? What are you going to do? Uh, uh, I'm going to make a phone call. should have known that the most Mr. Meek could have only done one thing, make a phone call for help. Unless... Who might think about something I can never prove? And only a heartbeat later, after a cynical Lois turns away, one blast of my super cold breath will fog up this boost glass in case someone happens to be looking this way. And that's right, so Superman is actually in a phone booth, changing... Superman outfit, and now whoosh, he flies out. And uh, somewhere down the street, we got Johnny Nevada, and he's thinking to himself, kind of all on his lonesome, walking down the street. He goes, uh, I need another, I need another try at the tables, uh, pull myself out of this losing streak. I guess I'll have to hook my last three gold fillings for the cash. Holy, what the! And in front of Johnny, uh, shock Johnny, there's this big, sandy-looking, sandbar-walking human thing that he described earlier. And it yells, I'm cutting out of here! So uh, he cuts out of there. And right into the traffic. And then, whoosh! Superman grabs the car just in time and listens in classic Superman style right from underneath over the person who's about to get hit. Uh, very classic. Did you see it, Superman? That thing slipped out of the oil slick and moving so fast he's, he's gone already. And only a few blocks away, I expected something strange to happen to Johnny, but not this. He looks like he stepped out of a monster movie. Run, man, run! That sand thing can't even see where it's going! It said a guy who's being run over by the sand thing. Crash! Whatever unknown force transformed Johnny from certainly left him clumsy enough. And those phony teeth. But I'd better restrain him before he really hurts himself or someone else. Oof! Being knocked for a loop by a mud pie in the face! Yeah, that's right. So, uh, 
uh, Nevada Monster just kind of flung. It looks like a literal mud pie. He's got the actual pan for the pie there, and it hit Superman in the face, and now he's down on one knee, and he's like, that wet sand wrinkled dynamo out of control. Now he's kicking a fire engine open. What's he up to? There's no stopping that brute. Not even Superman can stand up to him. Hey, Krypton, I get it. I know what Johnny's trying to do. Everyone, listen to me. No matter what the monster does, I want you all to start laughing. Laugh it up. As loud as you can. Just keep on laughing. What is this? Superman a gag? Just start laughing now! <laughs> Sporadic and faint at first. Nervous tittering comes from the panic crowd. Sounds that gradually begin to resemble laughter. Louder, louder, and if your lives depended on it. <laughs> As the laugh grows in pitch, the monster suddenly takes sharp notice. Uh, he's coming for us. <laughs> it ain't funny. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's gonna, he's gonna die laughing. I'm gonna die laughing. <laughs> It's not working, Superman thinks to himself. Must be that so much energized sand is caked around Johnny's ears, he can hardly hear the laughs. This calls for something super special. Moments later, at a seismological station hundreds of miles away in Southern California... Look at this reading. Las Vegas seems all shook up. It's 7.7 .7 on the Richter scale, but it doesn't read like an earthquake. For miles around, the gambling capital city limits, animals scurry in panic, and the strange vibrations continue. And it's a rabbit and a, like a, a weird ferret-looking thing. And this is continued on the following page. Ha 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 ha! Now really loud laughs are coming out because Superman is laughing. Ha 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 And everyone's covering their ears like, fuck man, this dude's really laughing loud. And what almost unbearable, reverberating clamor, a startling transformation unfolds. And uh, Johnny Nevada is slowly being, his, his figure is starting to show up beneath all that sand of the Nevada monster. And uh, now he's just brushing off his hair like, oh shit, there's sand everywhere. And now I'm perfectly me in my bathrobe again. And uh, the super laugh doesn't stop until my throbbing head. You'll be okay now, Johnny. Sorry it took so long for me to realize those falls and clumsy moves you were making were nothing more than slapstick comedy routines, and the comedian's instincts tr could force me to try to make it laughs. But in my monster form, people kept running from me in fear. Alright, that's fucking bullshit. But anyways, as always, for the last 80 plus years, uh, Lois Lane just appears on the scene out of nowhere, and now they're all three talking, and she says, Like you said back scenes, Johnny. Your mind can't be at rest until you start hearing a laughing audience. Luckily, Superman figured out that's what it would take to calm your brain and return those dormant cells to normal. And his piercing super laugh did the rest. Man, wouldn't it be great if I could get Superman to sit in my audience and start the laughs rolling? The end. The end. Alright, well that was uh, Action Comics number 450 of August 1975. It, uh... I figure I should end every episode with a couple of quick um, notes or facts or ratings and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, that we have to remember first that this is pre-crisis Superman. So uh, I think the bullfighting move with his cape uh, slingshotting a guy and probably paralyzing his partner um, with his feet 
that and the, of course, the the epic solving of the issue, uh, is super laugh that just apparently shook off all the sand that was uh, trapping uh, Johnny Nevada because of some displaced uh, brain cells in this arugula. But you know, it's nineteen seventy-five; anything goes. And going with that, I have to say the art was uh, kind of generic, but also really fun. Um, it's one of my favorite eras in comic book art. is basically uh, mid seventies to mid eighties, um, and uh, so I, you know, I always give a couple points up for that because I, I'm I'm a, I'm a favor of that shit. But uh, but you know, the writing was was written assuming that people just aren't going to give a shit about plot. But you also have to remember at this point in time, nineteen seventy five, that. Uh, these action comics and basically every other uh, title at the time were written for every issue to be its own story. It didn't have to relate to anything else. There were no story arcs, really. Um, you're lucky to have a two-issue story arc. So I respect that, that they squeezed in what they could in what turned out not to be a 36-page issue because he had Black uh, Canary and Green Arrow in the back doing their shit, too, and a lot of ads. Uh, cool ads, some fun ads. But I'm going to have to give this shit... Uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I was going to go with 5.8, but realizing, like I said, that they had to fit all this shit into that short little issue with no relation to anything else in the future or past, I got to go with a 6.8. I'm going to go with 6.8. I'm going to raise it one full point. But, um, oh, and, uh, yeah, one last note, of course, uh, the Starfire Hotel and Casino. Um, I couldn't say that every time without thinking of everyone's favorite New Teen Titan, uh, but this was actually five years before uh, Starfire's uh, original appearance in 1980 with you know Wolfman and Perez and all the probably one of the best moments in DC Comics. But um, yeah, so that was uh, five years before that. So I would say um, go ahead and pick up some of Wolfman and Perez's uh, classic New Teen Titans uh, instead of. This issue of Action Comics number 450, which happens to be around $8.40, the going price. Um, you can probably get a trade back at a uh, secondhand bookstore of a better story. So that's the main drawback, I'd say. That's my main um, judgment. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope everyone had a good time. Uh, please uh, let me know. And if you guys like it, I'll do it again. If you don't, then this will never happen again. So, or will it? Because I don't give up. But maybe I should. And on that note, I leave you with all I leave you with all my wishes for truth, justice, and the American way.